Hey, all you fine and fancy people. Welcome back to the best goddamn comics podcast you've ever heard. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Werner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 117. 117? Is it 117? I believe so. Jesus Christ, this thing is getting long, and when is it going to end? Thought we were ending at episode one hundred. Wasn't that the whole thing that we were planning That's what on doing? I was shooting for. Hey, I know you are. So was I. But I guess we missed the mark, right? We just God didn't get idiots. it done. We gotta just think this through now and go with it, Eric. From now on, we're done. We never have to do this again, right? Are we done? All right. Well, That's it. Done. See you. And smell you later, losers. Smell oh. you later, losers. Did you say losers? <laughs> of Jesus Christ! You are taking it to the extreme, my friend, as you always do. Uh, welcome to the official, unofficial <laughs> podcast of WeirdScienceDCComics.com for the week of April first, two thousand seventeen. Eric, it is April Fool's Day, as they say in our neck of the woods. Right? They only say it in our neck of the woods. April and I hate Fools. those people who say it. Nobody else would even know what that means. The April Fools is a day that you wait. Actually, when I was a kid, I always took April Fools because when you're a little kid. Basically, my dad lied to me all the time, so yeah. every day I was an April Fool. But to me, April Fools always meant that you hid and jumped out at people and scared them. And See, the thing that was, I did, you, you know that little ho- like the little like hose you pull out next to the sink. You know, you pull that out to wash the yeah, dishes yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, and you I, tape that up and shit like I, that. I put right? a rubber band against it. That was my yeah. go-to move every year. See, that's pretty funny. That would be an April Fool's to me. I just like to, I would hide, you know, behind a door and somebody would come and I'd jump out with a knife and slice their throat and then I'd dance ah, in the April puddle Fools. of blood. <laughs> April Fool's! And then the police would come and I'd explain, listen, this was all an April Fool's. This was not real. I didn't really kill them, though they're Turns dead. April Fool's Day, the purge. It's April Fool's Day, and it's funny because they're like, it's July 20th, son. What what are you doing? I'm like, eh, April Fool's to you. Then I kill them. There's no witnesses. No witnesses to my April foolery. Uh, I hate April Fool's. I really do. I hate it so much. I can't stand it at all. It ruins the internet. It does. It, it, It just ruins news in general. I mean, I'm still looking to find that spaghetti tree. Eric, that's the one you always hear. You've heard about the spaghetti tree, right? The BBC, I guess, reported that. Uh, But yeah, I'm not a big April Fool's fan, and I end up staying away from news for April Fool's, which is going to show later on the podcast, uh, because there's no news tonight. I'm not going to go with it, and there really wasn't. There's WonderCons going on right now, Uh, but I think the main... Stuff from DC is going to come from their panel that's going to live stream tomorrow. So I'm not going to throw some oh, news out and not have the, all of it. So thing. I was telling Reggie earlier tonight where it's like, I woke up this morning. I know it's April Fool's Day. I know I can't trust a goddamn thing you read on the internet. Yeah. Twice today, I got fooled. I'm you like, got You're fooled. a fucking idiot. What is wrong with you? You fool know me once, on. shame on Eric. Fool me twice, shame on you. Right? Oh my God, I'm so angry at myself. What is? Oh, why am I a moron? I don't know. I, I asked myself that a lot. I even ended up telling Jess freaking about this news that I realized like uh, 45 minutes later. Hey, you know that news? I just realized I'm a fucking idiot. Don't don't yeah. listen to anything I say today. Yeah, I just I was actually busy most of the day anyway, so I didn't really see any of the April Fools. I did go into the Get Fresh Crew do Slack chat and said but we, that we would not be having a podcast this week. Ah, and gosh. I don't I don't think I fooled many people. No. Though uh, we kept away from doing a live thing because of that, but right 
right now, Eric, we are on live. We are on Mixler uh, right now live. Uh, I think that my April Fool's worked, much to my chagrin. Nobody's showing up, Eric. They, they think that it's bullshit. Yeah, but I, I said we weren't going to have a podcast. Now, in a behind the scenes, how the sausage is made, as they say, right. uh, we've recorded all the books already. We're, we're doing this intro and then the mail and stuff. Now, uh, I can tell you, I wish we didn't have this podcast because it is annuals week and it's a bunch of bullshit. I'm it telling really you, because is. we're doing this different, we already recorded the books. When I wrote this, the best goddamn comics podcast, yeah. I should have had except for this episode. Except for this episode because we're down. We didn't like any of Well, we liked a little bit of the normal books, but this Hannibal barbara nonsense is a bunch Second of nonsense half of the books part and, of this podcast all terrible and again uh, there's the other thing the elephant in the room is the uh potter madness uh contest that went on and ended this week and we did not win uh mom i'm sorry the podcast won and i know that a lot of people are tuning in to hear a lot of shade being thrown a lot of anger I really don't have it. Uh, there is a that. little. There's a little talk at the end, uh, but really, for the whole thing, I'm proud of everybody in the oh, yeah. Get Fresh crew and what they did and what Above they tried to do and everything. And yeah, the whole thing from the get go on everybody's side. I, nobody in this whole tournament can say like, "Oh, yeah, it's bullshit" because they che- everybody cheats. I, I don't care I don't what cheat. you say. I, even so, it doesn't matter because you knew that shit was going on, didn't stop it. So you're just like you know how am i gonna stop it you you get a hold of the people from the potter family thing and tell them even though i did no i didn't no see no you didn't you're just like what this is your type of people allowed the nazis to take over this is what happened you are people are the nazis oh well yeah my my family is german so thanks a lot thanks a lot for bringing that up eric you really (laughs) upset me now now i don't think i can go on april fools eric actually it's after midnight April Fools is over. Oh, it is. That's actually why I Yeah, that's why I actually wanted to go on live now because the April Fools joke is over, but yet the joke is on me, Eric, as life is. Life is the joke that's always on me every step of the way. Uh you want to hear where you can find us on the internet, Eric? You want to hear do. where you can find I us? I need to know this information. You need to know that, huh? I'm trying to get my notes here. Uh before I say that, Eric, I want to tell you we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, Batman Podcast Network, the Tangent Bound Network, and the Potter and Family, family of Twitter things of podcasts. Proud. Is, that, is that how you say it? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> I don't even have that written down. I just added that. But yeah, the Potter family thing is a great thing. I, I really enjoy it. I would the the guy who runs it was telling me some of the things they're gonna do next year for this Potter Madness tournament. First off, I said, please, I don't want to be involved. I, I no, really no, don't. No. It it was just a pain in the ass and it, it fucking it just ruined my month. Fucking, you know, worrying about shit and wanting to win and it brought out the worst in me as <laughs> as shit like this always does. <laughs> Uh, I'm telling you, when this came down to yesterday, uh, Friday, how many times did I tell you I was done? That's eh, me. Told me. I'm done with five this. Minutes. I'm done with this. And then I just walk away and I start yelling about stuff. And then I'm mad that I'm fucking on getting in arguments with people that I never would talk to in my life and never will again, probably. But yet, nope. for you know, two days, they were the enemy, Eric. The enemy. But now they're not. Now they're just another podcast, just like us, struggling to get an audience to accept us, Eric, and to listen to We're the words that nonsense? coming out of my mouth. These are the words coming out of my mouth, Eric. No, I, I don't. I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing? 
except sitting on the spaceship we call Earth Earth. Oh, God. <laughs> Living the charade of life that we all like to play. Aren't we all playing? Masks. Aren't we all playing a role in this production called life? Aren't we, Eric? I don't know. Until I, I the I final lead, curtain I I had falls. I thought I this role, and all of a sudden, my friggin' somebody else filled in for me. I'm like, That's I don't know what well, I'm yeah. To do here. You, you're you're too old now. You are now being pushed aside with that gray beard of yours. Nobody wants anything to do with you. You are no longer life's darling. You oh. are now life's leftover. Your life's cast away. There Why you are. You, are. To me? you are just you're just hoping for the director, who I like to think is God, looking at, would look up to you and say, you know what? <laughs> I have another role for you. The role of death is what they're waiting for, Eric. Uh, oh, it, you're at the stage of your life where you might star in On Golden Pond, Eric. You are over the hill. You're old. You're an old can, man. Can we move on, please? You can find us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. You can like what we do there. We're on Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC. And you can go to our award-winning Eric, we may not have won that contest, but that can't take away our award-winning website. That's what right. was the place that gave us that award? Feedspot. Feedspot. Feedspot gave us the award of one of the top comic book po- uh, websites. I almost said podcast, just for the website. Uh, we are one of the top on the planet, it said. That's right. It actually says that, too. I said, damn right. There's somebody that has a site right now in Germany that is pissed, Eric, because it didn't seem shit. like anybody but English-speaking people were involved. This is why the rest of the world hates us. <laughs> <laughs> Weird science, dccomics.com. Because we're English-speaking white men, Eric, we think we rule the world. That is not true, is it? No, not at all. No. I don't think anything about anything, really. Yeah, we're still up there. We are number 37 in the, on the planet. And of review sites, I think I looked, and we're like third or fourth, something like nice. that. That strict review sites. And I'll tell you, a lot of these other sites, they're fancy sites. We're, we're not fancy. We no. do not claim we don't throw airs, uh, Eric. We uh, don't put our nose up in the air. We are a site of the common man. I am tired, Eric, and I don't know what I'm talking about. You can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. You can send me anything you want. You can even say, listen, Jim, you pretentious prick. You do throw airs, and, and I, I'm going to slap you across the face with a white glove, you son of a bitch. And I'll that listen to that. all. Yeah, it does. That, that is a fancy way of saying shit is on. And uh, I'll probably write back. I had a guy uh, write to me. I wish I remembered his name. I'd like to look it up because he did call. And I, this would be a, a great segue into telling you that there was a problem on Podbean. If you at any point realized or said like, hey, Jim, I woke up and 80 fucking podcast episodes tried to download. <laughs> that was not us doing any sort of fucking nonsense. It really wasn't. Something happened at Podbean where Podbean had a problem. They were going from HTTP to HTTPS, Eric. Oh. You add that S in there, it caused a lot of problems. And it Apparently. did, uh, it did like, it got everybody going, uh, getting a lot of updates in the podcast and stuff like that. But I wish I remembered the fellow's name. He actually uh, emailed me. I'm looking through, too, and I can't find it. I feel bad now because he messaged me and said, hey, big fan, uh, 
but your your podcast feed did this and that, and I, I returned mail to them and said, hey, you know, thanks for telling us. I, I actually got a hold of Podbean. They said it's a problem on their end. I'm going to see what's going on. The guy's like, okay, thanks a lot, and basically should have said, P.S., please don't talk to me anymore. Jim, no, I don't no. really want to talk to you because it did seem that way, and I, I took the hint. I didn't even mind. I, you know, the guy didn't want to talk to me. But, yeah, he's probably, like, listening. He's like – the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> this fucking crazy ass bastard. But yeah, I I get the hint. Person who I I'm still desperately I'm I'm going through I'm paging through the emails here. I cannot find it. I feel really really bad. At some point I will figure it out and then I'll come back and tell him because I I did actually really did appreciate him telling me that Eric. But we're gonna move on with the podcast here because we have a rant and rave line where you can call in and tell us all the things that you did this week. Tell us if you didn't like a book, rant and rave about whatever you want. Uh, the number is six four one seven one five thirty nine hundred. You under extension four five two three two eight, followed by the pound sign. It's just that easy, folks. It's just that easy, folks. And we're gonna start with, if I can get to there, we're gonna start with Dancing Mike. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric, and hello, Mother. So, Mike. Anyway, before we get started, a big shout-out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Show tune inspired there. Hello, Fresco. This week, because it was annual weekage, it was Green Lantern Space Ghost Team-Up Annual Thingy Number 1. I'm going to start by saying the backup feature was complete and utter crap. I don't know what Reggie... I guess Reggie has a different taste than me. I thought it was trying to straddle the line between being adult but not too adult because we got to sell this to the kids and reimagining and characters I didn't care about really dark and stupid and I never want to see that again. Me either. The main story. Well, the art was really good. I can say that. The story was uh, paper thin of course, you had the usual trope with the heroes get mad at each other and beat each other up because they don't know each other. We've seen mm-hmm. that in comic mm-hmm. books approximately 3.8 billion times by this point. So, yeah, nothing much happened. Like I said, the art was really good. The story, nah, not much to go, not much going forward. They did a bait and switch in the description. The one thing I really wanted to see, Space Ghost has Green Lantern's power ring, Green Lantern has the power bands, and... That happened for all of about two panels where they're like, oh, wait, this sucks, let's switch back. So, like I said, I wasn't expecting much from this, uh, so I wasn't really that disappointed, but still would have liked to have seen something more. So, I give it, uh, yeah, whatever. It's there. I don't really want to see it again if they're not going to do a better job with those two characters I like. The only other thing I want to mention is um, when Green Lantern wanted to create something scary, he created a projection of Batman with his ring. Since James Tynion IV was writing this, I thought the Batman projection might get its ass kicked, but apparently that's safe for the type of <laughs> comics good. where Batman gets his ass kicked every two weeks by James Tynion IV. So, yeah, that was my only book this week. I dropped Batgirl quite a while ago because every month that book was annual leakage. Weakage. Annual leakage. Leakage. With Lester chips. Anal That's leakage. What happens, apparently. Yes. Let Jim it tell does. you about it. I never tried that. Anal them. leakage. So, I'm going to have a little bit of a discussion here of the new 52. Now, I'm not going to go off. I'm not going to be angry. Just my thoughts, observations about problems they might have had. Now, Jim, I admit, when I had gone off on the new 52 before, you mentioned that they 
started the New 52 because no one was buying DC books anymore. Well, by the end of the New 52 and the DCYU, no one was buying DC books anymore. Basically, the comic sales every month was... It was um, Batman was somewhere in the top ten, number so one, or somewhere in the top ten, and everything else in the top ten was Marvel every month. So, and that had been going on for quite a while. So yeah, they needed to redo some stuff, which is what brought Rebirth. Now Rebirth is trying to correct some of these problems, and it's just the things I think they did wrong with the New Fifty Two. Now, in the New 52, I think they tried to make a connected universe by drawing everyone's costumes the same with extraneous lines and even Robin in Batman Little uh, little Gotham. Actually, I'm sorry, Dam Damien's character mentioned mm -hmm. a strange universe where everyone has way too many lines on their costumes. So <laughs> even with that little meta commentary, they realized the same thing I did. They went to extraneous lines or us to get their costumes from the same designer. That isn't how you make a connected universe. You make a connected universe by having the characters interact with each other and have real relationships, which is something they were missing. Again, one of the reasons for a Rebirth. Hopefully they were working on that. And they seem to be doing well. Because you can't tell me that that Batman, while he had some interesting stories in the New 52, you can't tell me that he seemed to be having anything to do with any of the other characters besides that little team-up or that little incursion with the Justice League being Jokerized. That was about, oh, hell, he wasn't even connecting with the Batman characters that much, but that might have been the preferences of one certain writer that was writing Batman during that time. Anyway, so that was my one complaint. Another complaint around the uh, shared universe. Um, when you're sharing universe, another reason, another way not to do it is don't make everything so damn dark and gritty and depressing. For some reason, the New 52 seemed like it was Zack Snyder was directing DC comic books for about five years. I mean, yeah, Batman can be dark and depressing, even though Snyder took it a bit too dark at a lot of times, just my personal opinion. But, um, yeah, everything. I mean, Flash, Green Arrow, these guys, I mean, Blue Beetle, you don't make, everything doesn't need to be grrr, you need to have some fun with some of the comics, you know, be able to go read a comic and not come out wanting to slit your wrist and be depressed. Anyway. Yes. Um... And another thing, like I said, they did lose the hope and love. And the, the biggest thing, I think, is when they started the New 52s, I'm sorry, New 52, no balls. No balls whatsoever. <laughs> if you're going to reboot, you reboot every Mr. fucking Terrific. thing. It's just like, yeah, we're going to reboot. Oh, but wait, we want to sell that Killing Joke novel again and again. And those Green Lantern collections have brought us damn black snow. So Green Lantern and Batman, everything you saw before there happened. We kept that. And by, by the way, not only are we going to say everything happened, we're going to shove it into an arbitrary five-year timeline to make everything so fucked up with continuity. <laughs> so here we go. If it Dan DiDio and Batman, if it happened before, it's it. if it happened before, it, it happened. It happened. So wait, Barbara Gordon, did she go on to become a congressman? That, no, she, oh, because, oh, wait. So there was another Batgirl that was smaller, that was Stephanie Brown. She no. was a Robin, and then she was, oh, wait, no, that didn't. Okay, so Cassandra Kane, she was Batgirl. Because, no, oh, what, but you said, oh, oh, that part, oh, those parts <laughs> didn't happen. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
So you're seeing that everything that happened before happened except all this other stuff that didn't happen because you didn't want it to happen because you, but you said, but no, oh, oh you didn't because you didn't just want to start from the first. Yeah, and they could have, you could have started from the first. That's all I'm saying. You, could you imagine we start with a Batman with no Robin, which is how he started originally. And then you could build to something. We're going to introduce Robin. That could be great. I you, could, that. you know, have Batman do some stuff, have the other characters do stuff. But hey, Batman started out with no Robin. Guess what? At maybe the first year anniversary, that big September event or something, you introduce Robin. That yep. would be awesome. You could do that. The first Robin, then down the line. We wanted that book. You could like, introduce you know, the other the ones. Um, wanted something maybe make some kind of timeline that actually makes sense in the real world instead of shoving everything into that arbitrary five-year timeline, which causes all kinds of problems, is impossible to figure out, and is utter bullshit. Don't put timelines with definite dates and years in there. I agree. Hopefully they learned their lesson from that, and hopefully Rebirth will go around correcting some of this stuff because they can add some time in. I don't care if it's Mitzelplick, Batmite, Dr. Manhattan, whatever. Just correct some of the stuff. And like you said, Green Lantern, you could have still had the cores, the different cores. Go ahead and, and do that. Um, but introduce them organically. You don't have to, you know, you meet them along the way. You can correct any continuity errors that you had along the way. You can fix mistakes as you're going. Uh, also, you took away the Justice Society. Why don't you just punch me in the balls and shave my head while you're at it? <laughs> Damn. In that order. So, apparently they're going to bring those back. Um, I don't know why Monument Point has anything to do with that, because that was actually Justice League headquarters from the old days with Snapper Car. I guess it got taken to the, but the Justice League started in a brownstone in Gotham. That's where they originally operate a lot of times. I like Justice League. I'm not sorry, Justice Society. Um, but also, you could have done things like, speaking of fixing continuity errors, and I'm going off on a little bit of tangent here, Batgirl could have been actually been uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter again, just because they fucked it up in year one because Frank Miller didn't bother checking continuity before he wrote his story. You could have gone ahead and, you know, hey, Batgirl is... Uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter again. You don't have to have some kind of weird, but, he, but she you is. know, mom the same name, daughter adopted thing. It was, you know, that was just, you know, they could have corrected a lot of stuff. And maybe they can do that again. I don't know. I don't think they'll go back and correct some of this stuff because it's become kind of canonized and they don't want to, the, the things they don't want to touch and change compared to the things they don't mind changing. That's what really frustrates me the most about DC Comics. You could correct some of the bullshit so easily. But no, the other things, we're just going to, you know, change things that you know and love and leave the big mistakes, glaring mistakes and plot holes and things like that there out in the open. So like I said, um, hopefully Rebirth will go along fixing some of these uh, holes. And like I said, it looks like maybe the interest in Rebirth is waning a bit. Maybe the button will bring it back. And maybe DC won't suck as bad as it did during the end waning days of New 52 DC YOU, which is why, again, they need a rebirth. So, anyway, that's just kind of my observation of things they could have done if they had just had the balls to reboot the whole universe and just start from scratch. If you say it's going to be a reboot, we're rebooting, we're going back to number one, everything's going to be new. Except for Batman and Green Lantern, all this stuff happened because we would keep selling all those graphic novels. Yeah, if they had just gone back, scrapped the whole thing, started afresh, I think it could have worked out a lot better. But they didn't, and that's Dan DiDio for you. 
Anyway, that's my big, long, huge rant for this week. Uh, like I said, not really going off on it, just some observations. Don't want to sound angry because besides my book being kind of down this week, uh, pretty good week. Got to go out and have some beers with uh, the wife. Um, Ice Bears won on the road last night, so <laughs> next week I'll be going back to some games. Uh, reading some, some good comic books because we're done with the annual weekend yep. for this month for a few months. So, anyway, um, until next week, uh, spotlight out. Keep f getting that pop culture up in your ass or whatever it is Eric <laughs> says now. I'm just going to say, Who knows? you lost boys keep feeding your need for pop culture. Yes. I like that better. Yeah. Me too. Uh, spotlight out. Keep it weird. And see you in seven. See you in seven, Mike. But, yeah, uh, first off, I want to say that it was Ryan who emailed me about right. the uh, the deluge of podcasts so i apologize ryan that i didn't remember or couldn't find it at first but yeah i thank him for telling me that and uh hopefully that problem is fixed i know that when i went to do the new 52 review uh first episode where i just kind of went through the books and whatever and looked through some things i did see that when they decided to do the new 52 was actually like right in the middle of uh blackest night and brightest day Right. And that was something that I, there was something about that event that made them think that they should go with this new 52. This was part of a thing. And so I believe that that is number one why they kept the Green Lantern. There's a lot of other Green Lantern stuff that was involved, but they had just finished that. Uh, especially Brightest Day, right as the New 52 was hitting. And they didn't want to like just finish that big event and then just say nothing happened for that. I do believe right. that's why the Green Lantern stuff kind of remained. The Batman stuff was going to just because those were, like Mike said, they were all trades, the biggest stuff, the killing joke and all that. And yeah, it didn't make sense. It didn't jive completely. Um, but we're seeing that. Now, with that missing 10 years and all this stuff, and hopefully it does make sense, I don't think it all will be 100% oh, making no. sense anyway, and I don't think it's going to go back and make all the New 52 bet, whatever. I like the New 52. Uh, had a good time. Yeah, I, and yeah, maybe it was a little bit darker, but I'm telling you, now that Rebirth is now almost a year old, Eh, shit's kind of dark in that as well. I mean, the, the Superman Reborn, yeah, you had Mixoplick, but it wasn't a fucking laugh riot. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, a lot of these books are very dark. Uh, the stuff that Green Lanterns, the, the stuff that I actually was liking, it wasn't light and fun and, and, you know, and even that didn't even have legacy, really. You had two new Green Lanterns and I liked it. I just, it all comes down to what the creative teams are doing and the stories they're telling. And I, I know that Mike is not a a big Scott Snyder fan, and unfortunately, that's kind of him and Greg Capullo are kind of the face of the New 52. And the Batman book, you know, people look at that as one of the biggest books of the New 52. And like you really like the Justice League and stuff like that that we're going to talk about this week. But even that, we went back to do that and a little, you know, an aside that if you haven't listened to that podcast of us talking about the volume one, going back, we did have some issues with it. Uh, going back, and, and some of them are stuff that deals with them you know the stuff that they change them being younger and, and you know a little more dark but uh i like the new 52 i know that mike is is he's a hater haters gonna hate there mike <laughs> you, you son of a bitch but yeah the next uh rant and rave is from somebody who is near and dear to your heart eric 
Richard, Richard, wow. been here. And you thought I he was gone, didn't you? I was hoping. To go with my return to the podcast. He's Eric, got a song. Are you ready, Jim? I'm are ready. Are you ready, Eric? Are you no. ready, yes. Brandon? Yeah, Brandon. Richard, Richard said he's back on the show. He is back on the show. He is back. On the show. Who gave Mrs. Richard, Garrett the fucking Richard, line? Girls. Who gave her the number? Girls. How much do you love Richard Richardson? Not much. <laughs> ah, yes, that is Richard Richardson. How much do you love Richard Richardson? He asked that at the end of the song, Eric. What is your answer? I don't know. How do you, you know, how do you think about that kind of like quantity there? It's like, how much do you love Richard <laughs> How Richardson? much do you love getting a hot poker to the eye? Is that exactly. what you're saying? That's close like, to it. Yeah. Is there any love? And like, you have to really decide, is there actually love to how be given you, out there? How much do you love wrong turn coming up and talking to you? Not much. No. I like, I, but I love him talking to you. And <sighs> so I also like to hear your reaction to Richard Richardson. So there you go. It's like watching you in a car wreck, and that would be hilarious. You in a car wreck, Eric. Here is the next I'm one. Cry it is a lot. <laughs> it is Jolly Drill. So it's me, George Miller. <laughs> uh, it's Kathy Kay. It's Clovis the Cat from the movie Sleepwalkers, written by Stephen King. And we're all talking about, you know, the usual roommate stuff. Oh, you left your dishes in the sink last night. Damn right. Okay, whatever. They're soaking. Shut Ooh, up, you're a cat. Let it go. But, George, let's actually, instead of deflecting on me, let's talk about all the times that instead of, like, emptying the first tray of ice cubes when yeah. there's, like, three left, you Anybody actually do trays of ice cubes break open the second tray of ice cubes just to avoid the simple task of refilling the first tray you get the ice delivered and just sort of like pass that on to the rest of us and like that's not cool and i know we've been like it's been a non-stop party ever since we moved in been getting straight zooted every night couple of regular chiba hawks over here i don't know what that means and I know you directed Fury Road, but it's like, you gotta be a better roommate, buddy. <laughs> anyway, um, I didn't get any books this week except for Clean Room, uh, which I haven't picked up yet uh, from the local comic book store. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have any comics to read, although I finished <laughs> Flashpoint. You sounds depressed. And <laughs> that was the first time I ever read Flashpoint, and I really enjoyed it. That was good. And I listened to... Uh, Jim's dulcet tones. That's right. Uh, do a little play-by-play. Play. I have to say, very enjoyable uh, hour or so. I'm really excited for uh, the new 52 podcast moving forward. Although, I kind of like when it's just Jim. Why? I kind of like the Jim show. No! The Jim and Jim Werner show. That's a good show. It's not. I mean, maybe Dancing Mike is is right. Maybe he is. Maybe. Maybe we don't need no Eric Shea. All right. I see do. You never. I nah, do. We need oh. Eric. But uh, you, you know, just I hope ruined to do his more, day, Joe. Uh, God damn it. Solo episodes. April Fools. 
because um, I thought that was actually kind of cool. It was very intimate. It was like, uh, it was like almost. I like didn't have pants. Jim on. and I were like, you never have sharing were. like a very private moment. That's it was right. like just That's me right. and Jim, me and, and we were like hanging out, hanging like a couple out, of buds. I had my arm around you. Maybe my Token other hand. Token on some Doing something. I don't do that sort of Getting thing. Getting straight zooted. <laughs> <laughs> and just talking comics. Slaying comics. Just slaying them. Slaying them like I was slaying you. So just zipper. one more thing before I let you guys go. You know what it is. Let's get pumped. I know you're full of nicotine and caffeine, so True. let's hear it. Shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Doop doop. Well. <laughs> he might be on right, my cam now. Peace out. Peace out. Oh yeah, uh, Brian Hedges' Justice League is an abomination and should be canceled immediately. Um, what the fuck is DC doing? It's super embarrassing. You're See you later, guys. Peace. Ooh. A piece of shit. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks Drew. Uh, yeah, why do you read that next issue of Justice League? A little, little hint. Uh, thank you, Drew. And no, uh, I had to throw in a lot of clips from the Flashpoint movie, the Flashpoint Paradox uh, animated movie, because just me talking by myself, uh, first off, took forever. Because I don't know, if I'm talking to you, Eric, I can just talk. I had a lot of problems, and I threw those clips in because I was getting bored hearing myself. It's just like, uh, shut but, up, my shows are on. Yeah, but we're going to get uh, somebody uh, questioning why I put those later on in the mail, which is kind of funny. But uh, the next bit of Rant Rave is from Maddie D. <laughs> Are you Hello, hitching? Jim. Hello, Eric. What's up, Maddie? Maddie D here. I haven't called in in a while, so I thought I would call in and give you my love. Thank you. As you know, my childhood was rather difficult. And so anytime I hear Eric talking about him and his father, I can't help but think of the total sympathy I have towards you. Yes. And because of my own childhood craziness. So I want to say, buck up there, Eric. Everything right. will be better. Cool. And Jim, Eric, I really enjoy your podcast. Thank you. See you on the Slack chats, and I look forward to the next episode of the Weird Science DC Comics podcast. And to the rest of the Get Fresh crew Reggie, Chris, Dancing Mike, Brandon, Trevitt, Missy T, Frenny, and anyone else that I missed. They're all pissed (laughs) A whoop. Thank you, Maddie. A little somber rant and rave for you to deep within your soul. He I'm bucking said, up. I don't know what you're talking about. He also said, take that, Eric. I don't always have to record in my car. That's what he told <laughs> me. That's what he told me. He said that he was sick of hearing you bitch and moan. So I think he, he still was in his car and was just blaring the Hulk music and so we couldn't he hear the traffic. just blaring that for you. But here's the next rant and rave, Eric. Justice League of America sucks. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. That, there you go. I kind of agree with that. I was not so hip on that issue either. Uh, the next rant and rave is from Brett. Hey, Get Fresh crew. 
So I got a review for you. I'm going to review the because I know everyone's very interested in it, the Scooby-Doo team up um, 47 and 48 because they kind of go together as one whole story. Uh, but to review for you the Scooby-Doo team up, uh, Scooby-Doo's teaming up with Martian Manhunter. Oh, in I did this see that. Wonderful um, little. I like the Scooby-Doo issue. team up. Uh, so basically, it starts with the team. Um, confronting these guys as they normally do to try to uh, capture them. Um, and they normally stop it as they do, which they do in this situation. But it turns out that when they go to stop them, it turns out that they see Shaggy. Uh, but it's an extra Shaggy. So everyone's really uh -oh. confused because they end up seeing two Shaggies, and it turns uh -oh. out uh, one of them is actually What's going on? I see I'm seeing double And they're wondering shaggies. why the Martian Manhunter was right, in really disguise. And, of course, Shaggy and Scooby, really scared, they go and run off, um, as they would. As they um, would. But it turns out that um, the Martian Manhunter is there because he's in hiding. Um, he's in hiding from these two agents who are trying to track him down. One is called Agent D and Agent C, and they both wear and a black. lot of plaid. Ooh. So he's hiding from them, and it turns out that he implants, um, the, the Martian Manhunter implants some knowledge in Daphne's head to go find him later in and a somewhere toy else. store. So yes. once they get to the toy store, it turns out uh, they find John, who is disguised as a large stuffed teddy bear. Yeah. And um, John begins to tell them that um, some villain is trying to um, get all um, aliens um, from all over that are on world and trying to round them all up um, and get rid of them. And in the toy store, John is hiding um, some other wondrous um, aliens, such as Jim, spelled J-E-M-M, -M, never heard before, son of Saturn. Um, we also have Starfire and Starman, but they go into details suggesting that um, this isn't one of the first four iterations of Starman. This is a completely different Starman. Um, so, and some other one named Ultra, the multi-alien, uh, never heard of any of them other than Starfire, but they're all there, uh, hiding from them. So, um, basically they all kind of had to hide because they can't go undercover like John. Uh, so John was trying to, uh, figure it all out. But the point is, um, they end up seeing the broadcast of Martian Manhunter, uh, making a broadcast basically suggesting, um, that, uh, the Earthlings are powerless against us. Um, soon the world will be ours. So basically this fake Martian Manhunter is making a threat against all of them. And Agent C and D track the Scooby-Doo team down with Martian Manhunter. Um, but they uh, find a way to escape, of course, um, and they are cornered, taking us through to issue 47. So from issue 47, I wonder... How in the world they could possibly escape this wondrous um, agent C and D? So it leads us to the beginning of the last issue here, issue 48. They're all cornered, and they're stuck with agent C and D. And it turns out their guns are pointed at them, and um, all the aliens try to stop them. But for some reason, agent C and D have a force field that they can put up and block all the energy blasts from all the aliens. Yeah. So John uses Makes his sense, mind right? powers to kind of put them to sleep, and they steal the guns. And they look at the video recording of the fake John and basically realize uh, they get clues from that. Uh, Velma, obviously it was Velma, gets these wondrous clues basically saying, like, hey, there's some necklace 
that the John in this picture is uh, wearing, and there's a big building behind him. So they go and run off. All the aliens, as well as John and the Scooby-Doo team, all go find this building where it looks like the broadcast is coming from. And they work their way up to where the broadcast is, and they see this other Martian Manhunter sitting there. And it turns out they break in, and that Martian Manhunter tries to run away um, to escape. Uh, but he can't. He's trapped by not just John, the Martian Manhunter, and the Scooby-Doo team, but also the other um, aliens that were um, hiding out with John, um, the son of Saturn and Starfire. And the point is they break the necklace that was around his neck, and it turns out, uh, drum roll, it was Professor Hugo the whole time. Yes. Uh, crazy. We would have never thought that it was Professor Hugo that was dressed up in disguise. Huh? So anyway, they asked Professor Hugo why he would possibly do it, and he says, you always spoil my brilliant plans and lock me in prison, so I decided to turn the tables on you. And the other um, aliens were saying, well, why the rest of us? It doesn't make sense um, why you'd want to do that to all of us. And as soon as they say that, Agents C and D break down the door, and they say, step away from the aliens. And Velma tries to tell him, hey, 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 uh, you have the wrong person. You and Professor Hugo. And it turns out, uh, the broadcast was continuing, and the whole world saw everything. So Agent C&D knew that Professor Hugo was also behind it, so they were actually asking Professor Hugo to step away from the aliens. So turns out, um, you know, Fred being as he is saying yes, but there's something fishy about Agent C&D as well. So he goes to take the mask off, and it turns out Agent C&D were actually aliens as well. Ooh. They were aliens trying to help round up all of the other ones. man Smithers? So he could in turn help out as well. I know. Crazy, right? Never yes. would have expected that John really wasn't trying to take over the entire world. Well, you are now all caught up with the Scooby-Doo team-up, as I'm sure you all cared about. Um, the art was art, and the story was exactly what you would think from it. Uh, but I would say I enjoyed it more than Justice League. How about that? Hope you enjoyed. Yeah. See, I'm the, oh, the one thing I want to know from this entire story, was there a scene where Martian Manhunter, Shaggy, and Scooby all fucking chow down on cookies? That's the Probably. only thing I wanted to know. I, I bet you they would have. I like that team-up book. That It's actually fun. And if you have younger kids who uh, – basically, I don't know if kids know who Scooby-Doo is anymore. He's still pretty big. Um, yeah, but uh, my son Logan, he loves that book. He really does. Uh, he likes that. He liked the uh, the Tiny Titans, like all that stuff he's really yeah. into. So uh, that's good stuff. And we have one last rant. Ray Verick, it's, it's a shout-out to our man, Big Tony. Oh. Uh, yeah, hey, fellas, this is uh, Big Tony from Coney Island. Just from him to say, uh, you know, loving the show and all these comics and whatever. But I just wanted to say that you've been really making fools of yourself, mispronouncing uh, a certain dimensional imp's name, Mixoplick. It ain't Mixoplick, buddy. It's Mizia's Pitlick. And let me tell you why Mizzy that's important. Like if you. he ever came up on you and started messing with your whole whatever organization or what have you, you got to send him back to the fifth dimension. He ain't going back because you said quick pitsy Kim, okay? <laughs> so kill pitsy Zim. You understand? I did say that. So when you say the name, it's Ms. Yiz Pitlick. Four syllables. Stop making asses of yourself. You look like <laughs> morons out there. I love the show. I love you guys. But come on now. Already. Come on. Get with the program. Jesus. All right. 
Talk to you guys later. I bet you that I bet you Big Tony swims in his suit. Yeah. I bet you that he's like, his hey, fancy swimsuit. It's time to go swimming. Let me get on my suit. Hey, <laughs> listen. I learned that when you go to swimming, you go in style. Hey. My three-piece swimsuit, huh? I'm telling you, I'll still say Mixaport because I can't pronounce that other way. I don't There's even care. Yeah. Listen here. It's not Mixoplick. It's Mixoplicks. Hey, Did you, you know what I'm saying mic? here? What is it? I'm from Coney Island here. Not your fucking cute town. Hey. All right, Eric. That is the... <laughs> I, I, anytime I hear anything with Big Tony, I want to hear more about the Monopoly piece, the Puerto <laughs> Rican toothpick, and I'm not getting enough of this. I no, need to are. know... I need to know more about that, and I never get it. I'm going to sit here and, and beg for it every day. Hey, I, I want to know, did they pick the Puerto Rican toothpick as one of these new things? Hey! Big Tony there. Big We're going to go up now. and It's weird, too, because Big Tony sounds a lot like somebody else. I, I never can put my finger on it. I just it, can't put my finger on it. It always feels like it's on the tip of my tongue, but I can never it figure is. out who it's it is. A, it sounds like. Yeah, it, it, it always on the tip of my tongue, uh, that guy. But, yeah, yeah we're going to go off now. We do not have any news. I'm skipping the news tonight, so we're going to go right to the mail. It's mail with Jim. up there not much i am tired is what's up and uh i'm things are bound to get goofy because of the tiredness eric but we are in mail section number one uno as they say uh yes they do uh they say that down at the five and dime that i go to i go there and i say hey i'll have one coffee no 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 you have uno coffee i say okay whatever you say just give me that coffee there buddy I don't need your lip. You don't have to tell me how to live my life. What's that? With seven splendors. Yeah. No. No, I only drink it with two. There you go. What do you think of that? I actually made a effort to stop drinking shit with seven splendors. It's ridiculous because now I drink it with two and I'm like, boy, that's even a little sweet. I can't even imagine seven. But I'm sure eventually I'll go back to that seven Splenda and kill myself You're going to need a quick pick-me-up and you're like, I need that Splenda back. Mm." No, actually, uh, Wrong Turns Mom told me that I was allergic to Splenda, so I do not drink Splenda anymore. Wrong Uh, Turn MD, all right. Wrong Turn, uh, that would be a good TV show. He would be the opposite of House. (laughs) Shit would go wrong wrong it, it real in a weird way and he like they're like listen doctor we tried all we could he's in cardiac arrest what should we do what you gotta do is eat some watermelon and then you go in the airplane and then they do that and suddenly the person's cured there he is doctor, 
Doctor, what about medicine? <laughs> Medicine's medicines. <laughs> yeah. Doctor, I can't. Uh, he has no way to pay. He has no insurance. Money's is money's. Okay. I don't know what you mean by that. No. Therapies is therapies. There you go. <laughs> he could not say the word Wrong therapy. Wrong MD. They're like, well, what should he do when he's done? He's got to pay attention. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> to pay attention. I don't know. I ain't got no experience in this. You better. I you. I no experience in the tension. He's on the run. <laughs> He's on the run, and the most wanted, and I'll, the swasses I'll know, after. I'll, I'll him. know his last name. It's hard to announce. It's hard to announce that last name, and he's got the dogs and the swas after him. Thank you. Thank you. Wrong turn, MD. <laughs> no problem. Next time you pay attention and scene. There you go. It'd be great. That would be one of the best things. Doctor, he broke his leg. What should we do? What what you have to do, he's allergic to the color orange and he's gotta go because I can lift things. Oh you thank watch, you. You watch wrestling, he gets stronger. That's yeah, I like him because he's strong and I saw that movie, but it's too much talking. Oh, th- thank you. He's dead now. He, uh, well, t- money's is money's. That's, it always ends that with... Wah, wah, wah. And he just looks at the camera with the thumbs up. I don't even know if he know what that with is. This dopey-ass face. Do you ever, you ever have the honey mustard? Yeah, well, what are you talking about, uh, wrong turn, MD? That's what I mean. You I'm know what it. You know what I'm saying. I got on Facebook earlier today, and I was friends with him on Facebook. And then oh, yeah. he put up these two, like these bunch of like a video and two new pictures of him holding his niece now that was just born, and this dopiest fucking look on his face. And then I got a notification where you know Wrong Turn wants you to play like a uh, bowling king, and I'm like, I fucking told that motherfucker <laughs> the next time he does this, I'm defriending him, and I fucking did you, him you right did? there. I did. Friends I is friends. Eric. Heart. You, oh my, he might he might not be alive now. He the, the best is, though, here's a little scene, a little play acting for everyone that will explain exactly Eric and Wrong Turn's relationship at work. Hey, Eric, why are you a girl with your hat on when you got the colds? That, that's him. Uh, I know that you might have thought that was actually <laughs> you in this play. That was Wrong Turn. He just said that. And then you respond with this. What the fuck are you talking about, you fucking moron? And then he goes, you hear him, Jim? He's so funny. Classic (laughs) Eric. I'm like, yeah, classic Eric's. Like, what's good? He just called you a goddamn. And you will say, you can say to him, you're a fucking moron who has two fucking brain cells, you fucking idiot. And he'll just smile in a way. And then you'll go, what are you, retarded? Then he fuck. Then he gets upset. He hears no, that no. R word, and even then, now you've no, been I, calling I, him that. I, no, no, I pushed it to the fucking limits because he said that he's like, "I'll flip out." Oh yeah, how about this, retard? Yeah, and then he didn't yeah. do anything, and then I guess kept doing. It. I'm like, "What do you want from me here? You're going to tell and me?" And then he walks away, and then yeah. he says, "Like, I'm not going to get no angries anymore today." And then two seconds later, we see him walking by, screaming, uh, limping. That's he's always completely different. He's always pretending he's hurt. I don't know what's with him, but yes, this is the mail, Eric. And if wrong turn. Actually, could write. He might email us in, and the email address is wordsciencedcoms at gmail.com. <laughs> emails is the emails. 
And this is uh, the first email of the night. It's from Dalton. And Dalton says, hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and the Get Fresh crew. Do, do, do. Well, I was looking forward to this light week of comics as an opportunity to grab some back issues and whatnot. But my car decided to crap all over that with some power steering bullshit. $150 later, my comic book funds went out the window. And I left a shop with Titans Annual, JLA. And two issues of Superman Batman from 2006. It came out to be uh, $12, and even that was painful to fork up. Fucking yeah. car troubles. I didn't really have a problem not picking up the DC Hanna-Barbera crossovers, but I read the reviews on your site, and there were a couple I wish I had grabbed. Nope. Nope. No. No. Don't. Don't. Oh, well. And if he's saying that, it would have been the uh, Booster Gold Flintstones and Green Lantern Space Ghost, and I think those were bullshit, too. But, yeah, it's not uh, worth it. No, I'm sure my local shop, shameless plug for Collectors Inc. in Chico, California, will still Chico, have California. some next week. Chico and the Manor. I read That's Titan's I Annual, and I have to say I really enjoyed it. I was a little curious about the state of things post-Superman Reborn, and we really didn't get anything about it in the book. I ended up having to just tell myself that if they really have blended the new 52 and pre-Flashpoint continuities, then you can no longer say, this doesn't make sense because they established back blah blah issue. The way that I read it was that from this point forward, what we say happened in the past is now what our continuity will be. It gives the writers free reign to just use the version of history most convenient for their story. You're yep. grinding your teeth right now, aren't you? Eric? Getting so angry. Oh, yeah. Hopefully we get some better explanation about all this in some coming issues, but as far as an annual issue goes, I just had to let it go and not think about it and focus on the simplicity of the issues as one shot. I agree there. It's an annual. That yeah. They're not going to go too far into things. The Keys dialogue was a bit awkward at points, but when you have someone having a one-sided conversation with some mystery person, I'm not surprised the writing got a little bit wonky. My biggest beef with the issue was how much of raging bitch Wonder Woman seemed like, <laughs> and not just to Donna Troy. It's true. She was just being a bitch to everyone i'm not up to date with diana's books so maybe it made sense otherwise but i felt like it was just way too over the top it didn't make sense it didn't but she just they wanted to it just i don't know i really don't know she was just the skeptic of the group eric she did have a valid point in being cautious of everyone but even batman who agreed with her didn't come off as such an asshole to me and then she just kind of snapped out at the at it at the end and defended donna she was just all over the place do amazon's men straight i believe Jeez. they do other than those three things, I did generally have fun reading the issue. The dynamic between the Titans, the Justice League, and between the mentor-pupil relationships was really cool to see. I always loved seeing Barry and Wally together. When Aquaman uses aqua-telepathic powers to search for signs of life, and Wally makes a quip about there being no fish around, I laugh my ass off. Anyways, that is all I have to say this week. Overall, I enjoyed Titans, and for that, I feel confident in giving it a 7.5 to 8 out of 10. It had a couple flaws, but mostly just a fun, straightforward, short story. See you in seven, Dalton. There you go. Hey, Dalton. Yeah. And yeah, don't worry about those annuals. Just keep on going. Don't worry, Hanna-Barbera. Never the look next... back. No. The next one is Dancing Mike. Dancing Mike says, hello, Jim, Eric, and hello, Mother. What's up, Mike? First of all, I need to give shout-outs to Snooky Duke down in Kensington. Boop, boop. Yeah, right. MC Micro Penis, Gonorrhea Dave, Syphilis Steve, Sexy Johnny the Castle, Cattle Rustler. Hello! Cotton Virgins, Tommy Tourette's, shit, fuck. Male Robot, beep, bop, boop, and the Get Fresh Crew, beep, bop, boop, bop, boop. Worrisome Don Williams, and of course the Get Fresh Crew. And he says, insert dealer's choice 
of Whoop Whoops, Eric. I think that I am going to go full out classic. Get fresh crew. Boop, boop. Boom. Boom. Let me get back to my mail now. Uh, <laughs> he says, and all the poor retarded kids that listen to the Mom I'm Sorry podcast, all two of them. Ooh, shade. Just sending in a top six list this week. Why top six? Because there are six things, and I love them all dearly. So once again, here are the top six beers in Dancing Mike's refrigerator. All right. He has a problem. Eric. I know he does. In no particular order except number one. Also note that this list will likely be much smaller by the time the podcast actually airs. <laughs> it's zero. Number six, Yingling. You really need to see help. Yes, Yingling Light Lager. Still got a 16-ounce can left over from last week's tailgating before the Ice Bears game. Number five, Yingling Traditional Lager. Same as the Yingling Light. Got a 16-ounce can left. Kind of like an emergency backup for this alcohol-fueled nonsense machine. I I told him, actually, the Yingling is brewed right in our neck of the woods. right down. Yeah, and I think Yingling Light is bullshit. No, and actually, it's funny because a lot of people love Yingling. Never liked it. I never really did. It's it's, it's the beer I drink the most is, of in it's the our, It's our local beer. Oh, yeah. It really is. And I just, I'm not a big fan. Number four, Samuel Adams' White Christmas. And I'll tell you, I think that got finished tonight, Eric, because uh, he was talking about that. But got to finish these up before too long. But they are S-T-R-O-N-G. That spells strong. A good sitting around listening to two guys record on Mixler in the wee hours of the morning beer. Number three, Samuel Adams Boston Lager. Got to have the classics on hand, Eric. Don't I don't you? like all the hoppiness of it. Oh, you don't like the hoppiness, do no, you? No, I don't. Oh. Number two, Samuel Adams Fresh as Hells. You ever have that? No, I don't think I have. The new Sam Adams Seasonal. Haven't had one yet, but Mrs. Dancing Mike says it's good. You know, if she says it's good, well, then again, she married Mike, so I, I don't go with her taste. Number one, Victory Go- Golden Monkey. Victory I do like that. Golden Monkey. Had to go to the liquor store to get this one. Haven't had it since the October trip to Animal Kingdom. Came for the nonsense name, stayed for the good beer. <laughs> Part of hashtag drunken nonsense on the same trip where we learned that Steve Orlando is a Spaniard. And I used my superior omnipresent powers to gay bash someone I didn't know was gay. While not mentioning or showing anything at all related to sexuality or lifestyle. According to an overeager SJW at DC. Wasn't going to mention that, but I love how it always gets Jim riled up. And also love the fact that he stood up to those pricks who wanted to censor me. If I had done anything wrong, I would have deleted the tweet myself. But I did nothing wrong. That guy was being a dick. Jesus, Mike, you're, you're killing us. And Jim got to show us that he always has our backs. That's why the GFC will always win a fair competition as the best audience in all podcast them. And I don't think that's a word, but it is now. Thanks again for all what you guys do. And until next week, in the immortal words of Mae West, here we go. <clears throat> I'll try anything once, twice if I like it, three times to fill all my holes at once. Oh, yeah. uh, my actually, he, he makes up these Mae West quotes, and I actually went and looked up some of my favorite is, are you just here for inventory? Or are you here because I'm a whore? That's my favorite one. That was, That's a that was weird it. quote. It was in the movie uh, Three Holes in One, it was called. Uh, but thanks, Mike. And the next one is from Frenny. And Frenny says, hi, Jim, Eric, and Reggie. Hello, get fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. I'm slowly hi, getting back into the swing uh, after being up in San Francisco for my uncle's funeral. 
That sucks. I'm sorry. But I have been keeping up with reading and listening to the podcast. I was able to get through a lot of the podcast on my six-hour drive to San Francisco. My poor mom was my passenger. <laughs> I have to keep apologizing for the language. It's okay, Mom. They're really good guys. Just ignore the bad words. So I'm only a little behind about half of episode of 116, but that's because my stupid iTunes keeps getting stuck or something. It won't play. It keeps saying the episode is unavailable. It's driving me up the wall. This might have to do with this Podbean problem. I'm really getting sick of them. I'm really getting sick of them. Anyway, some comments, corrections, observations on some things I've been hearing over the last couple of weeks. First off, Eric, you sound like a mealy-mouthed son of a bitch. She Fair didn't enough. say that. That was me. First, I loved hearing Jim and Eric say in the spotlight for Superman 19 that I'm the biggest Superman fan they know. But then Jim keeps saying I love the new 52 Superman. That's what you said in the one email. What are you talking about? I know. This This actually got me sad when I read this. So I just want to clear, be clear. I really love post-crisis pre-Flashpoint Superman because that's when I started reading comics. And then I was out on comics for over a decade when I found out about the New 52. So I was on board with seeing where DC was going to go with that. I like New 52 Superman. Okay, the stories weren't the greatest. Honestly, I can't really say anything from that era stuck with me. They, they weren't great, except the final days and the Wonder Woman relationship, and Doom too, I guess. But I wasn't that into the Ramita stuff. Truth was just eh. Even Men of Tomorrow by Jeff Johns, who I usually love, just didn't really grab me. Uh, it was weird. Jeff Johns jumped on to Superman. He was with John Ramita Jr., and it seemed like they were. Uh, it was really pushed, and then something went wrong, and and he was yeah. off quick. It, it, it was just weird. didn't last enough. And you had that Ulysses nonsense. And when Rebirth happened and they just slipped the pre-Flashpoint Lois and Superman into the place after disposing of New 52 Soups and Lois. I just always had a bad feeling about that. It's like Eric Continuity Kid always says, come on, people, work with the toys you have in this sandbox instead That's of right. dragging and stuff others have already done because you can't fix the mess you made. So, yes, I absolutely agree that we need one Superman, and for that reason I'm willing to suspend judgment on the ending of Superman Reborn and see where this new status quo takes us, but I'm still not totally thrilled with how they got to this point and the way certain things were explained. I get now that Mixie Sixel Slick was just a device to fix the secret identity problem. He wasn't that bad. Uh, he wasn't the big bad of the story, and the fact that he had nothing to do with the fusion of the red and blue energies to make Superman whole, again, at least saves that story from being complete nonsense in my mind. It's funny. I bet you if you polled a lot of people, uh, who was the one that people think that Mixelplick is involved? Oh, yeah. I, I'm just going to say his name like that. I don't care. Mixie Sisselick. So now, everything that happened before and after Flashpoint still happened, and everyone remembers everything. In my mind, that would mean there shouldn't be any big sudden realization for anyone that anything has changed because it would all just be part of their collective memories. No one will be wondering what happened because they should just all know. I, I actually thought of this as well. Like, it would be something that it's just... It, it is. If me and you suddenly remember something, we have no idea that we didn't remember it before, and there you go. But I, well, I don't know. Except for that memory, I was a lot older then than I well, am Well, that's now. the only problem. That's the only thing that throws everything out of whack is that being younger. Uh, but yeah, unless it's like what happened to Barry in Flashpoint when his memories of the Flashpoint timeline started replacing his memories of the previous timeline. Who the hell knows? I did like the Titans annual, though. It's hard to know where answers are going to come from, but there seemed to be some stuff teased there. We agree. We said that as well. I missed the Donna Troy origin New 52, so I don't know what your continuity problems with that are. And what's happening in Flash? Should I be getting that? I stopped after Rogues Reloaded. And uh, Donna Troy, actually, we didn't have 
them any problems. It's no. just, it's the timing it's, is it, off. That's all that it is. It's, it's just the that timeline. we have not been given any real explanation from where we were in the Wonder Woman New 52 book to where we are now with the character. Yeah, yeah, because, and especially you know, with her being sense. part of the Titans makes no yeah. sense with what we had. But again, eh, they'll try to explain it with the missing years and all this sort of thing. But uh, Rogues Reloaded, uh, or actually Flash, she she read, she stopped after Rogues Reloaded. The, the big thing was last issue, uh, Reverse Flash Zoom uh, ended up kind of remembering Flashpoint. He he looks like he's getting out of his of out of Iron Heights. He kind of broke out, but uh, I would probably pick up the Flash only because the button story is going to be yeah. pretty big. So I would just grab it then. Uh, and if you really want to see uh, that cliffhanger, I'm sure you can even just look it up and see. That's the most important part of that. Uh, current do or die poll list: Superman, Action Comics, Super Sons, Titans, Teen Titans, Detective Comics. That's slightly over 25 if you go by cover price, but I'm getting Super Sons, Titans, and Teen Titans by subscription, so they're only $2.33 each. Hey, that works. I'm also currently getting Batman, Wonder Woman, and Trinity by subscription, but I didn't include them in the do-or-die list. I've got Detective on my pull list at Collector's Paradise and Winnetka. Throwback to old school dancing Mike Schilling for his shop, which I know can't remember the name of, and that was Eric. The Golden Age 1942. The Golden Age 1942. For some reason, I'm really into this Cassandra Kane shiva meeting and want to see what happens with that. So that's why I picked Detective over Batman for now. Thanks for keeping me entertained, guys. I'm still catching up on the pop culture podcast, though. See you in seven. Also, she had a follow-up question. I'm now... Just reading volume one of Tomasi's Batman and Robin. So even though the New 52 was five years in publication time, it wasn't really five years in fictional story time because Damien is 10 at the start of Batman oh, no. and Robin. Oh. Was that right at the start of the New 52 or later? And then he only turns 13 at the start of Rebirth. I'm telling you, Frenny, and that's the end of that email. Don't You'll kill yourself thinking yeah, of these things because it. go and read the Superman or Supergirl Rebirth. Uh, basically says the New 52 was a couple months. Yeah, uh, You can't even go with that anymore. That whole timing and things was wonky and shit like that. And yeah, Damien kind of aged three years. But even that, you, you can't even go by that. Uh, but Frenny ends the first male section. And Eric, it's time to go on to these great books that we had this week in the annuals week. They're probably the best books we're going to have the whole podcast. Yeah, well, yeah. The ones that we're going to go to first are the best of the podcast, if you ask me. But yeah, we're going to go to them right now. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love. The meat and the cheese that we crave.
can't wait for Jim's reviews there. Neither can I. He cannot wait for Jim's reviews. The problem is, sometimes they're your reviews, Eric. Sometimes. And for the first time in a long time, I get the first review of the night. You do. That does not happen very often, really. Since Rebirth, I don't think. (laughs) No, it does not happen. And it's not even because I am a pompous ass, which I am. It's just that uh, we kind of have a it's set just pattern. That Jim considers Batman it, a detective. No, that's the, the actually right. you were the one who started that precedent way, way back. You would always say <laughs> Batman's the biggest. Okay, and even when at that point, I believe you well, were I doing said that Batman. When I was reviewing Batman. That of was what I'm saying. That. But did we? St- I guess we did start then with you with Batman. So yeah. now it's coming, bitten you in the ass, and now <laughs> you get to hear me, and it, it goes well with Dancing Mike's song. Till tonight, I should have I should have started this with one of his Eric Shea uh, episode one hundred songs, like that, like this one, Eric. Segregation, Reggie. That's wait, not a song. Wait a minute, that's, that's a shame. Not a, wait, uh, this one. Who is laughing? Oh, I wait, hate them. what what happened? I just want everyone to know I still hate them. Uh, yes, maybe this weekend we're going to hear more about this, Eric. And the milestone comes out. Man, I hope so. <laughs> I hope the milestorm comes All out. All of a sudden, they take the milestone universe, combine it with the wild storm, is now the milestone. Wouldn't you like that? New shit coming out. Like, I was a prophet. Sliders. That is right, Jesus Eric. Christ. Sliders. I'm reaching back. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Eric. You stop laughing. Yeah. Oh, God. Eric, uh, what would you think if I told you right now we'll do Commandi first and you can't do your book first? That sounds awesome. Oh, that, thank you. That sounds you're, awesome. You're, um, all right, fine. You're up, baby. Go ahead. Actually, Eric, we're going to talk about JLA first. Uh, can you tell us what you know about the book? <laughs> I don't know. Well, you don't know anything. Oh, my God. But that's what I want, Jimmy boy. I know that's what it, right there is. Hey, Eric, why are you ordering all of these He-Man characters online? But that's what I want, Jimmy boy. Oh my goodness! When you just it got is what your I want. when what was the last one you just got? Well, right before we got no, on, well, I before just before today. Before what was oh. the one that came in uh, that you said was a little off? Oh, Man at Arms, his legs were a Man bit loose. I have to do some surgery on him. So, what would you give Man at Arms? Uh, zero to ten? A six point eight out of ten. Six point eight out of ten. It's actually honestly. not a bad score. Yeah, I. Uh, well, it came and had some chip paint. Uh, I think bit. that I would go with it. I would say this as I open it up. I'm like, all right, Man at Arms. This is terrible. That's what I would have said. I would have said that is <laughs> terrible. Uh, but then I'd say, you know what, Eric. Let's just play with it. Let's not worry about collecting. Let's play with it. I love that so much. I know you love it so much, Eric. I know you do. I don't do. think you need me for this anymore. But then I said, Eric, listen, uh, I'm hungry. Uh, what is your favorite appetizer? Sliders. Sliders? I, I like, like sliders, sliders, too. I do like some sliders. Uh, will your dad be going with us? No. 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 no, Eric. He won't. <laughs> but Eric, why? And it, is it because he's dead? And you say, <laughs> <laughs> you just laugh, Eric. You don't. I don't even know. It kind of sounds me. like a cry as well. Uh, it did a little. Cry. And I'm like, uh, you know what? My dad's dead too. Spoilers, man. Damn. Uh, I don't know that that's a spoiler. He's dead. This is not something that people don't know, right? No, right? I don't think so. Of course I am. Don't be silly. 
I, I'm I trying know. to think because it, has he been dead be. a year this month coming and up? I think or he's now been dead two years. Two I know years? it's weird though because we talked about it on the podcast. I thought the night he died because really? we're doing I, Evine Live. I thought I, he did die um, a while ago. That sounds awesome. It was <laughs> awesome, Eric. It really was. Yes, it was about two years ago now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the laugh. <laughs> Oh, uh, yes, Eric. How was my dad's life in general? How would you rate it? I gave it a 7 out of 10. A 7 out of 10? That man no. lived. There is no way. That man did not live. <laughs> I, I'm telling you. Uh, my one buddy that I used to work with, the 600-pound man that himself is dead, his dad was a 600-pound man as well. And after he, he died, after he died, uh, they went to a spiritual guide. And the spiritual guide said that his dad was on a journey. And when he was done the journey, uh, he would let Bob know. And first off, the guy never left the couch. So I don't know what this journey would have been. And at one point then, the electricity went out. They lost power. And he came in the next day to work and said that his dad had told him all was well. The spiritual journey is over because they lost power. And as you know, Eric... Ghosts always work through electricity, he told me. Well, and I said, well, I, I like what would happen pre-electricity? You look he, at his local paper, man run, a drunk driver runs in the pole and knocks out electricity. <laughs> all is well, yeah, Jim. That's what it was. That All is well. The spiritual journey is over as a man goes through the windshield drunk. <laughs> at least he only hit a, a pole. He did not hurt anybody else there. This is the book section of the podcast. This is why... Our podcast ends up being longer than it should because, Eric, you have diarrhea of the mouth. And I'd like to say that every time I talk to you, it might as well be Christmas morning, Eric, because I get the gift of gab from you. It's like a present that I open up once a week, if not six (laughs) times a week, for crying out loud. Have you been working on that bit all week? No, I have not. I just thought of that. I was talking uh, to my man Gareth Oliver earlier and Paulie P uh, from the City Geek Country Geek podcast, and they actually tweeted out. It's like, I can now see what happens when weird science goes 10 hours because once you start talking, it, shit just starts flowing. I said, yeah, we all have diarrhea of the mouth. And then, I, yeah. you know, the gift of gab I just came up with there right now. That was just off the that yeah, just the tip of my tongue it came out. I have my ear to the pulse of the streets, Eric, and I hear what people want. I hear what the common man wants. And what the common man wants right now is for us to shut our goddamn mouth and get on with these books, Eric. There will be spoilers uh coming up. Spoilers, man. That damn. is correct, Eric. Spoilers, man, damn. These books will be spoiled. There's not a lot of them. This is annuals week. Uh that usually means, you know, a little laid-back podcast. We kind of have a hours. little fun. We have a couple laughs, Eric. We, we cry. We laugh. Uh, but we also have the meat and cheese of the podcast, which are the books, though it, it's kind of a pick-and-choose kind of deal. We didn't know what we are going to talk about uh, this week. A lot of other podcasts that I talked about because I'm actually becoming a lot less mean and, uh, you, and isolated. I'm not as isolated as I used to be. And I'll tell you this Potter Madness uh, shit show that we went through this week actually kind of made me see things in a different light, Eric. Uh, I see things that maybe it's better to love than oh. to hate. And maybe it's better to play fair 
No, I won't even go that far. Fair I, play. I, I Come can't, on. I, cannot, I can't change. What What am I, Mr. Terrific? Damn right. Do I have that fucking, fucking jacket he has? I want that jacket. No, you don't. What does I it do say so. on it? Fair play. You just said it. Come on. Why would it say play on one side? If somebody just sees that. I said that, fair play. Yeah, but it, doesn't it say fair on one sleeve and play on the other? No, it goes fair play down the sleeve. To, on both? Yeah. I thought it said fair and play on nope. either sleeve. It says fair play on both. That's a stupid jacket. Oh that is God. a stupid jacket. I thought it was like when the guys have the fist and it's like, hate. Love. You know, you have both. I thought maybe he was, at one side you go at him, he's fair. The other side, he's play. Maybe they think he might we be part hard. of we kid play. And play. <laughs> they're, they're at the anvil dancing. <clears throat> now, let's get on with the book, Zach. I don't even know what I'm doing. It says terrific on the back of uh, it, too. I'm sure it does. It had that big T in the front. I swear to God, it said fair on one sleeve and play on the other. No, it's fair play down kid both Kid and play. That's the jacket I want. And actually, when I see Mr. Terrific's jacket, you know what I think of? Who wore a jacket that I think of that is very similar to the Mr. Terrific jacket? I have no idea what he's talking about. Salt and Pepper. That's oh, who I you think know what? of. You're right. I swear to God that Salt and Pepper might be part of his gang, and then and they hit out and they they fucking push it. Aaron. You got to push, push it. But you got to push they, it fair. You push it. No, you you push it real good. It's what oh, you do. Right. I, you know what would you, Eric? Would push you it, push play, it? Play, would play. you push it real good? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez, I could probably do this without you and just this, and then you're drunk and talk. Hey, Eric. Um, let me think there. Uh, hey, right, how does that feel uh, when you talk about Mister Terrific? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I love that. I love, but Mr. Terrific, he is a man of color. Um, what do you think about uh, not having a lot of black heroes in today's comic? Why can't we have some goddamn black heroes in the regular universe? Why they have to do their own thing? Uh, why can't they do their own thing? That was, Damn, I, I, so I don't drunk. know, Eric. I, it seems to be an editorial decision uh, from higher up. DC keep I know it's down. fucking nonsense. It is fucking nonsense. Segregation, Reggie. Yes, segregation, Reggie. Eric, what's the first book we're talking about? Oh, I was just about to take a drink. I thought you were going to go. No, over were you? No, minutes. I'm done. I'm done ranting and a raving. Go you on. Good? You ready? I'm so ranting and I'm so raving. Eric. <laughs> you go on. <laughs> Justice League of America number three, written by Steve Orlando with art by Diogenes Neves, Roy Jose, Mark Deering, Hi-Fi, and Clayton Cowles. The JLA form an alliance with some freedom fighters of Kravia to help them get their country back since we saw in the previous issue that the JLA could not enter the foreign country. Yeah, that shit doesn't last very long because the team split up to take out the individual extremists while Batman, Vixen, and the freedom fighter lead- leader, Bogda, go to the capital to take on Lord Havoc himself. Yeah, uh, this this book, uh, it's a shame. You know what's a shame, Eric? It's not a good issue. And, and the shame of it is this is like the only main book coming out this week so yep. this would be a great it's weird the timing anyway because it is you know it's issue three so it's not a jumping on point it's just a shame that this book wasn't better being the one rebirth title really going uh, at its normal schedule here uh because it was not that good it really was like get that some good. people to back it up and say you know yeah, what? I'm like some people, a shot I'm, I'm telling you you go to the store the comic book store and you see oh my god f- what's this banana splits <laughs> what the f- 
fuck? And, and instead of not just getting this, maybe this would have been an opportunity for somebody to grab the first three issues. I, you know, not even the rebirth or whatever, but maybe they, they did grab this. And this, this series has not gotten off to a great start. It really hasn't. It, it's down to me. But we have, we have said all along, it, it kind of is something that is what we said earlier. But because of that, I should just say, <laughs> I'm having problems right now. Uh, the first six issues of most of these Rebirth things, oh, the had, rebirth arc they, about, they were yeah. never, that first Rebirth Rebirth arc has had some issues. The problem is now that we're really invested in 19 issues of the other books, you kind of tend to forget about that when a new series starts. But this should be, I don't know, this should be more of a slam dunk than what well, it is. I, I even put in my review where this has been a very rough start to the series. But it I'm is. really hoping like the rest of the books, they're like, you know, when they first started, the first arc is, yeah. you know, a rebirth, like freaking, you know, arc, which it, that's what we call it. The next time it'll yes. find its footing and it'll start taking now, off where we want to go. Now, the weird thing about this is, is now that that we have had that though uh i'm even i just off the bat i'm trying to think of one that i thought was rough and then got better would be green lanterns yeah and green lanterns you had that you had a lot of that bickering that whole first arc was a lot of bickering a lot of uh you know anxiety from jessica and things but the problem is after that went from there at least we were getting character moments we we're not really getting much of that here uh, I think that it's focusing a lot uh, too much on Lord Havoc and what he's up to, and we're not really like Lobo. What do you get with Lobo and the team in these three issues? How is the team? Re- he is just there spouting off, and then kind of disappears. Uh, he is like I'm talking. Maybe we'll get this after this first. Yeah, arc is no, but that, the problem is most of these issues and all the series it seemed that first arc was when they did lay the groundwork of the characters at least to go on detective comics that was what that whole first arc was was them sitting there trying to train with kate saying they're ready batman and him no no they're not ready and this and you'd get Clayface. we learned a lot of things we're not learning anything about the team here we're gonna go I, six issues and i'm just saying like you know when i think about it, i think of green lanterns when we had the freaking red planet yes. thing going on where it was all the emerald sight out of nowhere fuck and like, you, you know, had that at the end, but even that before that, though, stuff. at and least we had, Nightwing. yeah, but e- at least then we had where they were, tro- they were fighting to be a team. They were, they were arguing, they, oh, Jessica didn't think that she should be doing this or she wasn't, uh, but we got, and then it paid off at the end when all of a sudden they became the team up until like when they were making the cookies, but there was, the groundwork was laid in what we thought was a shitty art because not, th- uh, there's no groundwork here is what I'm saying. I don't know anything more about Vixen than I did at Winter Rebirth issue. We're three issues in. I know nothing about her more. Black Canary, they want to make her this pretty much second in command. I don't really get that. The Ray... All he's been doing is going right. He's doing nothing. And and freaking Ryan Choi, we're getting nothing of the. I would have sooner had them doing things where at least you're getting a little bit. And in this issue, they completely seem, Steve Orlando completely seems to just disregard this whole powder keg of a team when we really didn't have anything to get us there. Yeah. I just I think it's really off. And like you said, maybe it just needs a better villain. Maybe when this arc is over, That's he can all get, get for, down. Really. It's just, like I said, the thing that worries me the most, though, is even the ones that we thought, even with the Red Lantern arc in uh, Green Lanterns, you were still getting a lot of Jessica and... Uh, 
and uh, what uh, Simon. You were getting a lot of them, and, and they're bickering and things, and so later the groundwork was laid. I, I don't get much here. I, I really don't, but it's in Kravia, and the, the thing about it is it's even worse that you had an idea of what you wanted this issue to be and what you wanted the story, and you were very uh, into the idea that it's a thing where superheroes can't go and overstep the boundaries of politics. And not and only that, that, it seems neat. like, you know, like Steve Orlando's trying to tell us something about America itself, because here yeah. we have a team that has America in the title invading a country that doesn't want them there, and where can you stand politically on yeah. this thing that could cause a goddamn war? And I thought, you yeah. know what? It, that's kind of an interesting idea. You have to have the team in my mind that, you know, work in the shadows and the outside of the country and actually get the people to do it and just lead them to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we start this issue, it seems like we're going to get that because the JLA show up at a freaking, you know, a basement where a bunch of people are rallying together. Getting oh, their yeah, that's the underground. It's a, it's the Kratvia underground yeah. here uh, where they're there, you know, planning things. They got the weapons on the table. It's pretty like the generic scene of that. Uh, and, yeah, you think that that's what's going to go. But the problem I have uh, mainly is later on Lord Havoc pretty much explains, listen – uh, he goes around and he goes to all the leaders of the nation surrounding Kravia and says to them, listen, on, on my world and my you know, reality, you were a great general that joined with us. And he's trying to make this huge nation. The problem is this is not something that you, is done in a, a vacuum. The shit that is going on right now, what he's doing, not even just the JLA and Batman – People are going to get involved. The U.N. is going to have something to say about a guy suddenly making six nations into a huge superpower nation. This stuff wouldn't just happen like this. And they make it happen. It's fine. But then they completely disregard the whole thing that was set up that you wanted to see of Batman and the JLA team. Like you said, the whole – almost like a, a – Steve Orlando giving a little essay about how America tries to go and runs everything. You know, bounds, yeah. yeah, you thought that. And yeah, that could have been a very heavy handed story as well. Uh, but we like that. That's what happened in, you know, the Trinity War when uh, Batman uh, or Superman and Wonder Woman were together the and they just yeah. went into conduct to save things. Like they thought that was the way to do it, but that they were told by the government, listen, that's why the JLA was made in, in the New 52 to look because they were too powerful. What is if they have a kid and all, all this crazy stuff, but they were overstepping their bounds. Even like and, in um, you know the final days of Superman when they went to go to China and the yeah. Great Ten were there to stop. Yeah, them. they this said is, you're not this supposed is to our be country. Here. You can't yeah. be just coming in here. Yeah, all and it is like you said, you wanted it. I said, you know, it's okay. I like that as well. Uh, you wanted it more, but it is an interesting thing to have. You know, a discussion. What happens when something happens in a nation that the U.S. can't just go in, and they are representing pretty much the U.S. whether they like it or not yeah uh and they just you know go Even in but here, <laughs> yeah and and the weird thing is is they still try to make it like that because they go down and they there's that underground the one lady's talking uh bagna and she's there they're there and that's when she's like huh all the you know we're gonna keep going they're all arguing like listen they they take care of lord havoc's getting everyone who steps out of bounds and he won't let anybody speak out and she says all the more reason and never stop speaking and then that's when batman and the jla comes and black canary says question what if you could make an example out of them and she just it goes from there and she's like oh super beings right you know all this stuff they're going with 
It's just the dialogue is so weird and disjointed, and I don't understand all of yeah, it. Yeah, it's rough at times. It's so weird at this point because they're they're there in this underground. They show up, and they're like, listen, we, we're not going to fight Lord Havoc ourselves. This is the JLA team speaking of this Bogna. We want to help you. We want to do things without masks. We want to do this sort of thing. But she even says at the one point, I took it like out of nowhere. She just says, I took a new name. Bagna Budasheva. It's meant to inspire, to remind people there's still a future. Why does that name do that? I looked it up. I thought maybe this was something where there was an old character, that maybe there was a uh, a hero that had this. But I couldn't find anything. All I could find was her, and it just n- didn't make sense. All of this, and then Ray seems to take off his mask, you know. At, but I didn't even get—I didn't even understand that at first. And I'm like, okay, I get it. And that's where Vixen says, "Hey, listen, we're not just super superheroes in masks. We want to help. We're here without masks." And then this Bogna's like, "What about him?" Pointing to Batman, and then she's like, Psh, "That is his face." And I'm, what, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, retarded. She's she's retarded. She doesn't realize that's a mask. That's, it just what really? That's and then you have Lobo. This These is what I'm savages. Don't believe anything. Yeah, yeah. This is and this is what I said about Lobo. Lobo's there to in the background. He's drinking. You know, he actually in this scene. In the background of when she's saying, like, hey, you know, what about him? He reminds me of how they play off Aquaman in that Justice League trail. I'm telling you, that's because Jason Momoa looks exactly like yeah, Lobo. Yeah, that, I'm telling you right there. I'm like, when did Aquaman show up? Because he does – it does look just like that when he I'm comes in. You, that you one's on him. Jason Momoa's face yeah, like white like that and give him the – he already he looks exactly great. like Lobo. I remember years much. and years ago. You want to chase Momoa as Lobo, but it's she's one of the just only I want in life. Lobo's <laughs> just there, yes, and he's he just they're talking, everything's fine. He goes, "Look, lady, Havoc's got a tracker almost as good as the main man. If we can find you, the extremists will too." And I'm like, "Why is he there? Is he just there to push scenes on? You know what I mean?" Well, I'm thinking what? to myself, he's got a tracker almost as good as the main man. Like, what is this tracker? What are you tracking on them? Is it like some satellite that you can see that there was a heat detection here? Like, what are you talking about with a tracker for these people? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Later on, they they yell uh, when one of the extremists go and when uh, – what's his name? Tracer. Yeah. It's almost like I think he means him. I'm I saying think Tracer, so. he can smell out shit. I'm like, I don't understand like this whole tracker bit. It's just like, you know, it's like I just think he means like Tracker say, almost like Aragorn. He's Strider. Okay. He's the tracker. I, see, but when it's I off. Heard tracker, I'm like, okay, it's a, some kind yeah, of it's almost, that they were able- No, that's what I thought. I, at first I'm like, is there like does he see something beeping under a table or something? Why doesn't he get rid of this tracker? But I think he means I do that think makes he sense. means I do like that. I understand tracer. the meaning of tracker and, or yeah, because it's not the th- way I, I think, took it when I read yeah, it. Though. I didn't either, because you didn't know. And the problem is the biggest problem I think in this whole arc, not only do we not know our team of JLA that well. I don't know the extremists at the all. Extremists, you don't know anything about them, and that's the worst part, is that where we did, they decide they're going to help them, right? Yeah. And the way to help them, you know, Bogda comes out like, well, if you guys are superhumans, I need you to take out the other superhumans yeah, so yeah. I can get the havoc because I have to be the one to do it to yeah. show the people that, you know, yeah, basically, the people that rose to up. Me, to me, it's basically like, listen, you guys do the groundwork. You kick ass. But at the last second, the people have to see me because you get the idea. She's going to rise yeah. and be the next, you know, leader of the land. But she has to be seen. It, it, she doesn't and need I think, to. That's, 
that's the worst part, though, because that leads us away from the whole cliffhanger, yeah. which I really liked in the previous issue where the JLA were kicked out of Kravia. Yeah. Now they're entering Kravia and all over Kravia to take out the individual and extremists. It, yeah. And it's funny and to really, me. You continue yes. to really get nothing out of these and, characters. And what's I the worst of Dream it? Dream Slayer is the biggest one. Dream Slayer is cool. But yeah, the worst, the worst, like you're saying, they go... And yeah, they're going to fight these other... It's superhumans against superhumans. It doesn't matter because Kravia has let them in. We saw before it. I think it was Deathbat in the first, uh, the last issue yeah. where they were about to kill her. No, no, no. She's a, you know, she's now part of Kravia Nation. You can't do that. It, that's completely disregarded here. Where they, they almost even spell it out like... Whatever superheroes do stays in superhero land, uh, but I have like, to be you know, the one going, to do the last part. Going against the whole thing, you know, the, like the idea of Lord Havoc going to the surrounding countries and kind of taking over yeah. and making this gigantic Kravia nation. Besides for the whole UN, you know, wondering what's going on with this whole thing. At this point, Lord Havoc can go to the UN and declare fucking war on America because yeah, they're he could. country. I- I'm telling you, there'd be a little more things going on when nations suddenly just decide to go with this alien from a different fucking dimension, you know, a different timeline or whatever, different multiverse. Yeah, yeah. And Earth just eight. yeah, just freaking willy nilly goes. Yep, we're gonna do this. We're we're a nation now. And then and then you just on top of that, you have this Lord Havoc just yelling out how this is just. Just a stepping stone to take over the well, world. I, I love it too because we get periodic jump-ins where he's going to visit other leaders of other yeah. nations, and it's essentially he. Go, each one time you see it, join me or else. Yeah. The end. Yep. The end. And, and it gives him a little like, hey, in my in my on my Earth, you were this great guy who went along with us. Okay. And I join me, become strong again. Ah, there we are. Hey, Slo- I like Slovakia. It's like he's talking a yeah. fucking wrong turn. Yeah. Really. Cosnia, I like Zandia. Yeah, like, hey, on another world and in another time, you were great. Okay, I'm with you. Then he goes, the next one, you were part of Allied Kravia, a powerful union. Where here, your nations were cut apart, divided. The spoils of war kept small, kept weak. I'm like, what are you talking about? But yeah, as they go, uh, they are fighting the extremists, and you see the first one. And uh, I'll say it now before we end: the art in this is incredible. It I is love so the art good. This yeah, it's my so favorite good. issue of art that we've gotten so far, and I hope the uh, Diogenes Nevis continues yeah, as the I main artist chill. on this book because that's when you see where Tracer attacks the people. The people are running. They're yelling, "Don't stop!" Run. Tracer will kill us and again how long has it been because these people seem to know all these guys and everything and, and you have uh, Tracer's pretty much Wolverine he, he busts in to a uh, you know like a, I don't know if it's a big giant I, what would it be a hangar I don't a factory I kind of warehouse or looks something. like a warehouse whatever it is and he goes in and he's like hey you think I can't detect you I can smell a scent down to one cell that's before night vision. I was what is he talking about? But that's yeah, we when know, we know some of Tracer's powers. Yeah, now. It yeah, doesn't really and then, matter and then you know, there's include the yeah. series a little bit. Yeah, and then there's awesome. Lobo. Lobo's like, good. You know, I know you can, and it's awesome. That panel of Lobo is the best panel that it's I've so seen good. in a while. It is so, just, not even just the art, but the coloring and everything is so good. Uh, but then you see Death Bat, who seems going up to be, against Brute. 
Yeah, going against the, uh, the own person because Brute basically says, hey, listen, they it was decided that weakness, there's no authority in weakness. The problem is is that he, she was saved, and now it, it's nonsense. It's All it is, that, you know, she failed against the JLA yeah. in the previous issue, so now Brute has been taken, like, you're sent to kill her, yes. and then she just kills Brute, bam, yeah, and, and then basically, Adam and Killer Frost show up. Yeah, and basically for this, it seems like a numbers game, and Brute, maybe the problem is they think Brute might have been too powerful. I, that's what I was thinking this whole time. Like, why did we have to get rid of Brute here? Yeah. Like, you know, was there some kind of thing? Like, did we have too many members here, or was yeah. Brute too powerful? Or was Brute got, too powerful? All we got in this is Brute. He doesn't need to, like, you know, yell. Raise his I'm voice like, or that's yell. That's all we got. He doesn't need to raise his voice. I think that's no, what we had in yeah, the pre- like yeah. two issues ago. That's and I'm like, it. That's it. Yeah. Brute. Brute's dead. Deathbat kill because Deathbat says uh, she doesn't have to, and it is a she, right? Because at yes. points in this, it does look like a she has some boobies, and then at other points, it looks like a dude. But I guess a bat face will do that. It's like Bat Boy, uh, but yeah, she's there and she shoots fire at him, and he's like, "Don't fight! Your fire can't break my skin." And then all she said, "Doesn't have to." Infernal fire is liquid; it absorbs through the skin from yeah, the didn't outside you know that, in. Dummy? Yeah, I'm like, oh, and it's then he blows fire. up. He just blows up. And then that's when Deathback goes and is like, it's all about the power. We gave it to Havoc. We can take it. And then, wait, what are you scratching at? Chiroptera? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I, and that's where you see Adam and uh, uh, Killer Frost jump out there, you know, get bigger. Power? Fear isn't power, Deathback. I'm like, we're a little past that pronouncement. You can't have something like I'm like, you know what, Eric? I'd like a sandwich. We should go downtown, though, and watch a movie. And by the way, I have to go, sandwiches? <laughs> it's it's too late. It's dialogue. No, the, the, the way the whole it's, dialogue for Deathbed, the all, Adam and Killer Frost, yeah, is the worst It's in all off. Issue. Everything, the timing and the, the back and forth of the dialogue is just completely off. It, it seems like, I don't know, it, it almost reminds me... It's worse than Keith Giffen. Keith Giffen likes to have that extra fucking shit at the end to make it seem what he thinks is natural dialogue. Yeah, like this natural just, uh, banter. Yeah, this just has weird things that seem like didn't weren't supposed to be there at one point or a panel was supposed to be before another. But again, Steve Orlando, I think his biggest problem that I've always had with him is not just that I think the dialogue is always ridiculous because it's not always ridiculous. It's just... People say things in his books as if nobody's listening. You just have people yelling stuff out into the wind with the other person not even listening and yelling back other things, and it just it never goes well with me. But yeah, and the other part of this, the other part of this whole scene that I don't like, it seems that Death Bat knows way too much about Killer Frost because yeah. as soon as the Adam and Killer Frost show up, she's all like, "Yeah, your teammates looking at you like you're a goddamn time bomb." Like, yeah, why would she? Like, how would they know that? How would he, how would Death Bat know this? I don't know how you can even tell. Yeah, what the hell and really, if you want to say anything, the last time they met in the last issue, that's when Death Bat was yelling for three fucking pages, and the whole team was bored i don't know where they were she was getting this intel but even that you, you have an issue throughout this whole this whole issue where the team seem to know everything about each other and maybe batman has some intel but they just came from earth 8 they just said that the multiverse had oh it had a weak membrane so we jumped here i don't know where they're getting this intel and know each other by first name on a first name basis they you know out of nowhere they just yell even the whole thing with uh, lobo knowing that 
uh, Tracer is this, and he's on the run. He's going to track. Why would he know? And maybe Lobo would be the only one who may have the possibility of knowing. I, I just it's weird. Everybody That's knows. That's for me. I know. And like you said, Deathbat seems to know everything. And the main thing that could, you know, kind of put the screws into Killer Frost. Yeah. The one thing that she's worried about that people know. The one thing that she wants to try to combat and wants to go against. The only against. thing we've really actually dealt with with yes. this team. Yes. And she knows it. And it's just nonsense. But yeah, then you move on and you got, what's his That's name? It. I'm telling Gorgon. you, these, these, yeah, Gorgon. And Gorgon's going and he's going. People are hiding from him. And he's, oh, I see you. And go, it's, it's fine. But that's there, there when Black Canary just shows up. Scenes. Yeah, I'm Black sorry, Canary just, just shows up. Another of the team going to yeah. fight off one of the extremists, Black Canary against Gorgon. And then we go on to Dream Slayer, who's just stopping people in time because he's kind of bored. He doesn't want to yeah. fight. And, he, you know, he's with yeah, and I don't think – I think that of anybody, he is not there to hurt people. He's, he's doing – he's joined in with Lord Havoc because it was the thing to do. Uh, but then he goes into some crazy shit when the Ray shows up and starts talking. Now he's talking. He's, he's a man of rules, Eric. He likes rules. He was part of the military, but then that was changed, and magic I, means no rules, and things I, I, went. I, I guess Dream Slayer is the big part of this book because I, this is the only yeah. character we actually delve into to see yeah. any kind of backstory. But it only takes place on one page, so it's very, yeah. it's very rushed. Yeah, yeah, and even that he because Ray shows up and he wants to stop, but he sees he sees right away. Listen, all the people that that ha, you know the rest of your team. They're really going and just destroying things and killing people and trying to, like, you know, make an oppressive deal. Dream Slayer's just there in his frozen time. He's not hurting these people. He's not doing this. And he's and he even says to Ray, uh, you're here to fight, I guess. And the Ray's like, you know what? What's going on? You know, you're not hurting people. Why not? And he, that's when he says, you know, I, I just kind of joined because I needed something to do. Yeah. Uh, but I'm the most powerful of the extremists. He needed order in his life. And he says, even at the point, it's almost like you get the idea that this is very new to him. He hasn't been this this hero for, or villain for that long because he even says, I'm the most powerful of us. I'm more powerful than Lord Havoc, and it scares me. So I think that this – I think he's going to kind of be redeemed. I don't know because then Ray's like, oh, you know what? Uh we don't need to fight. Like to have yeah, he puts up his hands. We don't He's need like, to do this. Yeah, we don't need to fight. So you have them just hanging out, I guess, for the, because then you go back into the Capitol, and that's where Batman, Vixen, fucking, what is her name? Bogna. <laughs> that's an inspiring name. They're, know, they're fighting that. it out, and it just continues on still where they're just fighting. There's nothing going on, really. You know what I mean? Just nothing. Tell me about what goes on. We, we were talking before we got on with this, like like weird dialogue. We're just trying to pinpoint some things. And I rem- remembered as we were talking here, the one thing that really struck me is uh, they're going to the Capitol. Batman's like, Capitol's still a long way out. Remember our plan. Vixen says, be careful, Bogda. No one touches me. Yeah. What? What? What do you mean? Yeah. No one, be careful, Bogda. No one no touches me. No one touches me? me? I, I, what do you mean? What happened? It's, it's almost like she's like, it, it, to me, it's funny. And, and really, no one touches her. She's got her knee in a guy's fucking face right there. He's kind of touching her, you know, foot to goddamn or knee to face style. But it's weird. Like, is she? I don't even know. I don't know. Because then she says, I haven't forgotten. 
I'm like, yeah. okay, is there a and part of the plan that we don't know that is not yeah. revealed in this issue? No one touches me. And then she says, we don't have to work in the streets. We could transmit her right into the throne room. And that's where she says, Bogness says, no, you could vix him. But if we're going to unseat Havoc permanently, I must be seen in the fight. I get it. And, that makes and sense. then she's yeah. like, then I'm sticking with you. Uh, what? No one and touches then, yeah, me. And then uh, there's some people you get a little bit. There's only a couple little things where I kind of get the the political deal that I don't mind because then the people are yelling to Bognam Vixen, hey, Havoc protects us. You're ruining it. If you cared about it, you'd stop fighting. And she yells, we didn't choose Havoc. Every second he rules is an attack on all of us. You should you you saying I should stop. And yeah, they just did. They want you to stop. And she says, I'm saying enough. Kravians have all uh, stopped already. And I'm like, what? what is going on? <laughs> it's, it's okay. And then you go, you, you're going to see, you see uh, freaking Lobo putting his cigar out in uh, Tracer's, Tracer's face. You see freaking Black Canary hitting Gorgon with a canary cry, of course. And they just, they're the Batman and Vixen and Borgner just making their way to the the capital when they get there there's lord Havoc. he's sitting on his throne he's fucking electric shit all over and you know he says i don't need anybody else i'm here no, i'm powerful no matter, enough no matter what you think you're surrounded because all the countries around us are now mine yeah, so no yeah, matter what I, you like do, i said it doesn't all of a, matter all of a sudden it's a one two three four five six maybe seven i think six nation fucking army here yeah or, or nation uh, six nation nation, Eric. This is not going to fly with just just this happening. And it's not. It makes it seem like you said that Lord Havoc. Like, how long are Batman and them in that underground tavern? Are they drinking there for a year? Because he really went around and got these people, you know, just to agree completely. And there's no dissent in any of these countries. It's so cut and dry and black and white that it's laughable. It really is that everybody in these are going to join in. Uh, but they did, and he says that, and he's like, you know what? Uh, you and your local mascot fight for a border that no longer exists. And he's going to say, and he says, I'm going to take this, and then I'm going to take the world. And that's where Batman then seems to maybe bust through the window. Is that yeah, what he does? He, he throws a goddamn... You know, <laughs> this is a little... Uh, see, it's really yeah, fast. It's almost this like is a little fast. Yeah. Because he busts in, throws a missile, hits the back of Lord Havoc, knocking a shield off his back, and then he's fast enough to run to grab that shield in front of him. Yeah, and that's where we end. You know, he just holding the fucking shield of the Mr. Liberty Shield. Put it on yeah, the he's, he's got the shield, and then he says, "You know, that's when we're the most dangerous." Meaning, we're, we're you surrounded. know surrounded, yeah. and that's about it's. It's very of the. I love the art. This last bit and the cliffhanger a little quick and a little confusing, but you get I the agree. idea of what happens. He does have the shield, uh, but yeah, that's where we leave. And he's like, "That's when we're most dangerous." And I guess they're gonna fight Lord Havoc. I get the idea that Dream Slayer and uh, Ray are gonna show up. And there's only one reason and one reason only that they have said where Dream Slayer says, "You know what? I'm more powerful than Lord Havoc." There's only one reason for that for him to show up and. Stop him. Or and the then, actions of the JLA here start a world war. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. But what did you give it? I love the art in this issue. Some of the dialogue was hokey, and I did, yeah. it did not go where I wanted to because, you know, we just kind of omit everything we learned at the end of last issue, and the JLA yeah. just invade this country anyway. Yeah. But I still gave it a 6.3 out of 10. I still, like, you know, I want the JLA to be good because I need a good Justice League book. Yeah. Yeah, I and give it a 6. It's not happening right now, but 6.3 no. out of 10 is what I gave. Yeah, I'd give it a 6 and I agree with you. The problem like it's funny that they said like, "Hey, listen, uh 
We're going to take, like, even have Batman dress up like some fucking, you know, Kravian. You know what I mean? Don't go out full-out you know, Batman that, in this. Give that Russian look that we had in, like, you know, um, yeah. the Red Sun. Yeah, do that. Do something like that because I, I know the concept of this is to, hey, the JLA is not really doing this. They're helping the people. But unfortunately, as this stands, that, that Bogna is a rebel. She is not in the, you know, she's not in the lead of this nation. So what the JLA is doing is helping a rebellion, and it makes a it even worse. A terrorist, Jim. Yeah, basically, that's, you know, a freedom fighter to one is a terrorist to another. But that's at this right. point, she's kind of a terrorist. And they even call her out. Listen, Lord Havoc's protecting us. Stop this nonsense. So the, most of the people that we see aren't for her as well, uh, though we know... She must be doing the right thing because Batman is doing it with her. But yeah, it's kind, it's to kind get of weird them. if you think about it. You know, if you actually like, we talk about the whole one man's freedom fighters and other yeah, man's yeah. terrorists. If you think about it, Lex Luthor, you know, in his evil form, not the one we like, you know, the yeah. good version of him right now. You know, he is fighting against an alien he sees as a threat that could yeah. like take but over he's all of humanity. As a villain. And he, he's looked at as a villain. I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's the same goddamn thing. Yeah, this mind. is the same kind of thing. And I really do think that Batman running through the streets during this goddamn rebellion is just, it shouldn't be. You sh- he should have at least been a little bit. And that would have been a good thing where they're like, what about him? That like, is his face. But then the next he has a babushka on, put the I'm cowl on. Have, have, like, like have a bunch of them. Even yeah. send low and because he is you know an alien you can get away with that in my mind but yeah. have the majority of the heroes even the, the known heroes like vixen no. black canary and batman stay behind to coordinate all the attacks from outside the country yep. and then you have the ray turn invisible you have freaking you know uh uh the yeah, have them, and well, down and here's like the that. thing have we already had the ray thing yeah and we already had the ray do uh kind of like a um saving people why i would have shown a little of that too as they're going through and they're fighting the extremists have the ray going around and and helping kids that uh, you know their parents might be hurt or getting people you never see that either like i said it's so transparent not even that it's cut and dry like i said it earlier everything is like it's so hokey to me and not thought out very well. It's I'm just, you, okay, I, I, I here's Lord Havoc. They're going to fight. We're going to deal with that. But there's nothing that gives me substance that makes me think this means anything. Like, I understand that the whole idea of, you know, like mortals to inspire mortals for the yeah. whole Justice League of America premise, because here you have, you know, the power to the people pretty much. But you're not doing that because there's a lot of politics involved that you yeah. have to circumvent to do this, and now you're going to cause a lot more problems and the, in the and long the, run. Yeah, and the issue to me, it's power to the person because yeah. it's really Bogna. There's nothing else really that they're doing. They're just – they don't even know her. They just went down in a fucking tavern, and she was there and said she had a new name to inspire people. Yeah, they, they went in the Bogna's basement. They checked the attic full of bodies. She's a serial I guess, killer. Yeah, now. I'm saying. Who knows? Maybe that's the whole thing. When she says she changed her name, it's a it was a weird line. Maybe we're gonna find out she, she's somebody that we do know already, and she's not really that what, great what a person herself. Oh, they called me Lady Death. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm a Lady Death Strike. Oh, You're gonna get sued. <laughs> they, they call me Miss Murder. <laughs> yeah. I know. They call me China White, Eric. China White. Oh, well, actually, she's like, oh, uh, you you don't recognize me? It, it was Harper Rowe. <laughs> she looks a little like her, a little older yeah, version like of Harper. Harper Rowe in the Batman Beyond universe, I could see her looking like that. Yeah, yeah. That'd be funny. They're like, what was your old name? Oh, wh- what was my old name? Uh, Miss Nuclear Strike. <laughs> fucking idiots. <laughs> Miss uh, fucking, I don't know. Goddamn, uh, yeah, what was I going to call uh, 
what's it called? Uh, racial cleanser, they called Je- me. I, my name was Jenny Genocide. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I couldn't think of it. They're like, oh, that doesn't sound that good. That isn't inspiring. I'm glad you changed your name. But yeah, uh, we're going to move on because I, I'm telling you, I I had hopes for this book. I didn't have high hopes. I'm not the biggest Steve Orlando fan. Some people out there are. Uh, I'm not. So when I go into a Steve Orlando book, I do go in, uh, you know, a little caution. And the Midnighter Apollo series that he just finished, the miniseries, I loved. I really yeah, I, did. I had a great time with that series. Um, this I'm not – and this is at the Supergirl. Actually, this reminds me a lot of Supergirl. It really does where shit's just thrown at you. Uh, yeah. And you're supposed to just go with everything at face value and not think of the, the, one, the, the whole one thing. The difference, though, for some reason, when I read bub- uh, like Supergirl, it really comes off really bubblegum to me. Whatever, it does, you know? but like, I'm uh, saying like this stuff with this fight and Kratvia and this nation really uh, is not well thought out like what we were talking about in Supergirl where they had the Ar- Argo City as the monument. You oh know what gosh. I mean? Yeah. It, everything is for these big moments, but nothing's seems to be well thought out and this whole thing with lord havoc taking over or at least asking these people to join and they seem to join by the snap of a finger uh just seems a little too quick and uh, yeah. again i don't know when this happens because that they go from one point to the next the, the just league of america it seems as if not even a day, a day. You know, they are in the morning and by night they are on the attack, but yet he has gotten all these nations to join each other in that quick a time. Seems like nonsense. But, Hologrammed over. Join me or else. Yeah, Bam, yeah it's I done. get on that, but one. it's just, I mean, really, though, to, really, these guys are just like, yep, I'm in. Boom, press a button and everybody's with them. So, well, I didn't we'll like see. being leader anyway. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> in Krafia, government rules you. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they would. But yeah, we'll move on to the next book. Titans Annual Number One, written by Dan Abnett with art by Minkyu Jung, Ad- Adriano Lucas, and Carlos M. Manguel. Flash, Wally West, Batman, Nightwing, Aquaman, Garth, Wonder Woman, and Donna Troy have been transported to an unknown location where their trust and mental strength is tested by the villain known as The Key, who wants to use their superhuman mental energy to open a doorway for some unknown being so they can enter our world. Thankfully, the friendship of the Titans and the determination of the Justice League put a stop to his plan before it can be fulfilled. Yes. Who who do you think that might be? Do you have any guesses who the I, key I, is trying to open this portal for? I'm telling you, the freaking this is the idea. I think everybody's going to think it's some kind of like Doctor Manhattan bullshit yeah. here. I don't no. think that, but I have no other like. Well, here's I, the thing: it's it. kind of pushing that it's going to be uh, a continuing villain in the Titans book. To me, it's like something's going to come down the line with this. Right. Uh, I have no idea who it is. It seems to be, and and it's weird too because this key. Uh, the villain in this, he's trying to open this portal, and it's like at points it seems like he wants to open it with maybe anger. He wants to. It's really odd. Like it, it goes all I'm over the you, place. The, the whole idea behind it, though, is like the one. The one thing I kept seeing over and over again. So this, this is what I actually stuck myself with: the secret superhuman mental energy. So the yeah. secrets that people keep within themselves, if that's let out, that lets out a mental energy that he can collect and use the power to open these doorways that so he wants weird. to open. I, to and me, it's such I a just, convoluted yeah. fucking nonsense. But it, way it's so weird because you, you're getting. Basically, the Justice League and the Titans together—the ones that are the ones that the, the have a protege. Uh, yeah, one. the ones that have a mentor protege type deal uh, going on here. But it's weird because not all of them have secrets, and how would they know? I know that they say it. Even Dick Grayson even says, "Hey, we all have secrets." Whatever. It's just an odd way to set it up, and it's such a. 
it's just kind of nothing out there. It's a, they're it's they're a lot in a place that we don't know. You, it's, we it's don't, a, you're you're yeah. in a singular place that stretches yeah. three miles long with no doors and everything looks the same. Yeah, and so there's have, cells. There, and it, you, it's you just, just have this going on nonstop. Yeah. And then the freaking these heroes talking back and forth with very odd dialogue from here and there. But even with that aspect – there are things to take away that I really like about well, this. Well, there's some things. Some things actually tie up, like the end of the new 52 a little, uh, with uh, Wonder Woman and Donna Troy a bit. Yeah. I, the one thing, though, I don't know why I thought they were on, like, a ship, like <laughs> a freighter. I don't know if it was just the way the art was uh, with the backgrounds or something. I'm like, oh, they're on a freighter. And then when Aquaman says, oh, I, I can't detect sea life. But it's just, I don't know. There's a lot of nothing to this. But, yeah, it's okay. I I'm telling you, freaking. It seems like the flashes. They go off three or four goddamn yeah, times yeah. to tell everybody that there's nothing around. Yeah, like it just and, keeps going on. It's weird too because yeah, they around. they start off first, and it starts with uh, Garth actually yelling, "Hey, is anybody here?" And I like that they start yelling at him, like, "Man, you got to yell!" He he doesn't know anybody's there. Oh, I agree. <laughs> He's just now, yelling right uh, off the bat with that aspect with us starting with Garth yelling. I want to say that there are subtle little things in this. Like I could be reading this completely wrong, but. I believe there are subtle little things to go with what we just dealt with with Superman Reborn and what it means for the rest of the superheroes that are connected to yeah. Superman, you know, with the world change. Because to my knowledge right now, I don't believe we've called Garth Tempest this entire rebirth. Yeah, and that was his pre-Flashpoint name. Here's the problem is I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you can really go with this just because it's an annual. But yeah, uh, you have – Garth yell and Barry and Wally show up and they're like they then they're not together they're they're there and like Barry shows up and is like Tempest Wally and well like, oh Flash you how are you here and they're trying to figure out why or how they're here and you get the idea that they were all teleported to this whatever it is this is yeah. the problem of talking it, about it whatever it is it looks like uh, I like though that every door looks like Stargate yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, so they're there, but this is as as more Even and more the chevrons on the side. Yeah, of it. yeah. More of the heroes show up because then you have Aquaman show up, and when he shows up, he's like, "Hey," and Garth's like, "My lord." And it was weird because he's like, "Hey, <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm gonna take charge." Do that again. We, Do that again. My, my lord. lord, he says. <laughs> and uh, we said we're in the middle of both of us rereading the uh, New yeah, 52, just the Just League Volume 1, that we're going to do the, the New 52 review podcast on this weekend. And Aquaman showing up here feels a lot like that Aquaman showing it up. And again, like it. And if you're going to say something, maybe that's on purpose. Maybe a lot of this is on purpose because they are remembering. I, I don't know. I, I can't say, but you're right with Tempest. That's That is a little odd. I'm for saying, Barry I could be wrong. That. As far as I know, though, from reading you know, Titans Hunt yeah. and the Titans book, I don't remember them ever calling him and again, Tempest. And yet. again, if you want to go even deeper, if you really want to think that they're up to something, it is kind of a smart way to have Barry do that because Barry, number one, was touched by Wally. Like we said, had he right. got the, the touch too much from the Wally. They much. were hugging it out. Uh, you know. And he is a speedster, so he's connected to the speed force. So maybe, maybe it's just something that Dan Emmett just threw in there. Uh, who knows? Even with that, you know, even going back, just because I don't know if I'm reaching too far here, just because I just went back and read yeah, the freaking, yeah. you know, Justice League Origins, but the characters themselves are acting like we already said Aquaman yes. came in and talked yeah. about how he should be the leader, which he was his first thing he said when he met the rest of the Justice yeah. League in yep. that first series. Yeah, he but did. Like everybody is acting like you know, like the, the lack of trust that they all had for one it's another weird. when they first yeah. got together. It's like that again. 
Exactly. And it's like that, but especially And Barry's the only Jesus one who Christ. wants to work along with anybody. Yeah, Barry like and Wally. It's funny. One. And it's funny because Barry and Wally both are the really, really good guys here. I, even Dick Grayson is, but he's more, you know, hanging with Batman or whatever. Uh, Wally and Barry are just nice guys. They they want everybody to get along. But, yeah, Wonder Woman's the worst. Wonder Woman doesn't trust anyone. Well, tell me, uh, like, from what we're dealing with with the lies right now, you know, we, for some reason, we're just going to start doing the fucking New 52 review podcast here with all the connections yeah. and scenes that we yeah, have here. It, it does. Wonder Woman is back to just, you know, drawing her sword and yeah. wanting to attack without yep. anything else because it's really off. She, she is, is actually confronted by Donna this. Troy and she does not believe like she doesn't want to believe. She doesn't know if she should no. believe, but she doesn't know if Donna's real or not. Well, and, and she has but, her guard up. And it's so weird because they've all been teleported here. They all show up and they're and all of them. Uh, well, especially it starts with Wonder Woman, but it's like, you may not be you. And I'm like, I would not get that right away. I'd be, I want to just get out of there. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. work together. And it's kind of like, oh, and even Dick Grayson thinks, oh, so whoever has trapped us here, they want us to see if we work together. I'm like, I, I don't get it. Why would you bring heroes like this to work together? And like you said, it is something he is going by. And this is the key going by the psychic energy, uh, that, that might be from secrets it might be just emotions that are led by that it's, it's very it's very ambiguous this yeah. this whole thing basically just to throw them all together to show to me also that the titans are friends uh they have a friendship and a bond like that yeah and, and which justice, the justice league, league does not have at all like, no you know, and it, going back to that new it 52. almost yeah they and did like not that, want to be a team. And it almost seems to me like a cynical thing. You know, you have the you don't see any of the Titans say to each other, Hey, you know what, Wally, you might not be Wally, but the Justice League and I think it is like a cynical older team. They've been through the ringer, they they don't trust anybody. See, and it shows I, I'm here. You, I can kind of go with that, but it also seems like the younger versions coming through where they don't have this connection that they should have by well, this yeah, point of being a team together. Weird. Yes, they're not friends, but they have a camaraderie and a trust for yeah, one another. Yeah, they say a camaraderie and a trust and a you know, they res- and a respect for each other. But exactly. it's weird because if I was saying anything, if I was the Titans, I'd be I you know, say I'm Wally, I'd be like to, right. to Dick like these guys don't like each other i'm I'm not sure that this is them it just it really came off weird and if you really wanted to twist and turn it around i would have thought that would have been a pretty cool way to have at the end that the justice league itself wasn't real real because that's what happens in this book throughout the book then that wonder woman thinks everybody is fucking fake but her but then all of a sudden, these replicants of big villains and things do start showing up and fighting and them. So then you're e- like, okay, I'm, I'm this, led to... Bl- this part here makes me think that is something to do with the whole Superman Reborn arc. Because the first villain that comes out of nowhere to take on the Titans and the Justice League members Mattel. here is the old pre-Flashpoint Metal, which yeah, is my the favorite Metal. So Mattel, I saw, like, and it's funny too. And it's funny too because it's the old version, yet they all recognize it right away. Exactly. And But it's weird because you'd never get that full, like we're, we're jumping to conclusions. But I do like to jump to well, those no, conclusions no, we, we that are, this from, is. From what we are giving here, we are not jumping to conclusions yeah. because continuity-wise, it would not make sense for them to know this metallic. I know, but it's weird People because People do fuck up continuity, did. but still. Yeah, I just wonder. I'm just wondering why they didn't – why Dan Abnett didn't have one point where he says like – Wait a minute, that's Metallo, and somebody like, why do I, you know, that's not the Metallo that we know, but I, why do I know him, or something like, when, like that? Because there's people issue, who jumped on Rebirth have no idea oh, that this is a pre-Flashpoint Metallo. 
See, the thing is, when I was reading this, I, you know, just getting off of Reborn like we were last week, you know, wondering what the world's going to look like now, what people are going to remember, what they're not going to remember. Going into this issue, in my mind, it's like, it's not Dan Abnett's story to tell, but he was allowed to do stuff to show that things yeah. are different, but he had to it's be coy with it and couldn't dispel well, it Well, he had to be coy especially because it's an end. That's how I And not it. a lot of people pick – Not everybody who gets the book doesn't necessarily get the annuals and things like that. And usually uh, – I'll give Dan Abnett credit. Usually annuals are, hey, let's uh, have Superman We're and so, Dick Grayson yeah. talk about dreams. You know, shit like that. <laughs> you, you get nothing. And yeah, this might mean more as we – go on but you do have the proteges and the you know the mentors and the proteges all get together and it's funny because wally and barry uh when you get there like you said uncle man shows up and says hey i'm the king and i'm gonna run this thing dick grayson shows up hey guys what's going on we should do this and like no 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 i'm the leader i'm a king but they end up saying to for the flashes to go and check the perimeter and they go you know take your protege and off barry and wally go and, and barry has to say hey by the way you know, he shouldn't have called you that. You're not my protege. But they, they kind of blow say, that protégé off. Protege wasn't even that big a deal to me. It's when Batman said, hey, take Well, that's the boy. next one. I'm it's like, weird because then Batman boy. shows up. Batman shows up. Uh, he might as well have been smoking like a badass I, outside exactly that door. And, yeah, and that's where Wonder Woman says, hey, listen, we're all, we're all here, but I don't know what's going on. And I don't trust any of you as being your normal people. Like you said, sword drawn, which is yeah. very not like what we have with Wonder Woman recently. Uh, more like a volume one of the new 52 wonder exactly, woman who's, in my mind. you know for draw what, the sword what first and ask is later doing with the character he's really revamping yeah. what we got right away from the new and it, 52 and it's and weird i'll give dan abnett credit though because she doesn't say like these could all be lies like every oh, other God, like a I brian hitch would have said that seven times this that probably must dropped be a lie me a point on my this is a lie they would have just kept going with it uh, but yeah, when she says that, I don't even trust all of you. Batman smoking like a badass outside the door, like this yeah. is the first thing that anybody said. Intelligent again, kind of a, a dick thing to say. Uh, but it's funny because then he says, "Hey, Flash, you and your boy go check the perimeter." They just did. <laughs> they just got back from doing that. He calls him his boy. I was ready for him to start fucking kicking him in the fucking teeth. Is this your boy, Eric? Boom, he's going. But yeah, as that they, they go off, and and again, Barry stops. And this is good because this is almost like we we've had this conversation pretty much with Barry and Wally before. But I like it here again just to remind people that Barry does not consider – you know, obviously Wally's not Kid Flash anymore. No. He just considers him another Flash. I know it drives you nuts. I know that you want Wally to have a name at least other uh, well, than just thing. Flash. It's weird to me because I do but I don't because growing up, you know, like the, the Flash I was reading yeah. growing up was Wally West. He was my Flash. And, you know, like I don't want – like if he got a new name and I didn't like it, it would probably kill me. Yeah. I had a hot pursuit. Uh, I, don't I like to. They stop when he says it, and he's like, "Hey, sorry, the Justice League aren't really used to you and the Titans being grown up." And Wally goes, "Nah, forget it." This is the craziest panel. How he says it, eh, forget it's, about it's, it. Like you know, even these things we have here, like you know, when Aquaman's talking about, you know, who can we trust? Like you know, I don't yeah. know about this Wally West. Two months ago, nobody knew who he was. He came out of nowhere. How do we know we can trust yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself. Well, you know, what does what do all of our characters know? Say Superman Reborn aside. Well, and that's what you're saying. Because- like, 
that's you know, weird like, because that points out that they don't really know him. So okay, that's but a they, big they thing. They know of him. You no, know, they know like, of him. But you know, you would think you know, Barry would have told him too. Exactly. When they're with that's these the thing. They, do they still not have any memory of yeah. him to that degree? Yeah, it doesn't and, you know, seem like they do. And that, also, that's on a top big of thing. that, you know, it doesn't seem like any of the Justice League heroes are calling out the fact that, hey, what do you like? Why are you guys a team, the Titans? Yeah, because yeah. you know, up until Titans Hunt. We never knew that no, it would be a team or the Teen Titans it. back in the day because, yeah. you know, and leaving that series and even going into the Titan series that we're reading now, it's still really unclear if, you know, people know that these yeah. guys work together or like because their memories were wiped. We thought to ourselves during re- reading Titans Hunt, you know, was that just them? How come Batman's never brought up to like, hey, mm-hmm. how come you don't hang out with them kids anymore? You used to, yeah, what are you yeah. talking about, Batman? Like, there are so many questions that's left unanswered that I don't know really what to think going and into again, this book. What you do people said, know? Yeah. What don't they you know? You said earlier that, you know, the big, big picture story, Dan Abnett, you know, it may not be his story to tell. Right. That that missing years, though, is. That kind exactly. of is his story. So I right. think that you're going to get that. Again, you're not going to get it in an annual, but maybe this is the start I of it, that. I, I think an annual would be the perfect place to get a goddamn story. I, I'm telling you, I don't think it is. I don't think it is only because a lot of people don't buy annuals. There are people who – there were people struggling this week to decide what to buy you you have a huge now again you you push it as that then you're gonna up the sales of this annual but a lot of people annuals week they tune out they're done like jla come in comes out it's funny too i remember being a kid and i never bought annuals because they're more expensive they usually don't mean much but exactly uh it would be cool if it did mean more but it does this does tie up some loose ends but yeah while barry and wally are saying you know hey listen you're the flash as much as me you do get introduced to the villain or one of the villains because we never find out who the no, other we don't know who that mysterious old, like other uh, dimensional being yeah. is it's just and it's the key, the key that we're dealing with yeah and i'm like okay the key and he's there and it's funny because he has 19 senses and, and that's funny the last time i remember i thought it, i thought he only had 10 because of the psychochemicals yeah. back in the day yeah. but and like, the uh, psychochemicals and yeah this weird. is a back in the day this is a callback that's how i yeah. was just gonna say this is an older villain that you would know yeah he now has but he says he has 19 senses Senses and counting, Eric. I don't know exactly. what these nine he's, he oh, he's gained. He's always trying to gain more of this, uh, the senses because he wants to unlock his mind using this yeah. mental energy. Yep. You know, it is going to give him power to go to other di- dimensions and hopefully unlock his mind more. He has the sense and to make you feel. That's one of America. I, I, I think, wish that he I would spell it. Uh, I think that's the 49th stage of. Uh, of, that's uh, the forty. No, that's uh, yeah, yeah. That might be fiftieth stage of gonorrhea. That having the sense to feel. Uh, but yeah, he's there and he's talking to somebody off panel. You know, an other dimensional bit, whatever it might be. It's but he's trying. Jim. He's trying to bring him back. Who what he is? Day it's funny though because as you said that it's really pointing like you would think somebody might think it's something really big. And the thing that Dan Abnett does, I don't know if this is another thing that he's playing around with. Really comes off the key. Really comes off as Mr. Oz, the way he's there with the monitors oh, yeah. and just sitting there, and even how he's talking. Yes, he's talking to somebody else who who is out and about, but just the way he talks to me even sounds a bit in my mind like Mr. Oz when he'd sit yeah, there. I can Clark, see that. Come on, Clark, you got to do this and all that. But yeah, he's trying to free this with this mentor now, pupil relationship and it's complex and intimate he says and the another, symmetry another and- thing with the key and stuff like that though it could also be me reading too much in the ship but you know usually when we have a callback to an old character like this we have a reintroduction to the character like its first appearance yeah. 
Here the key has fought both the Titans and the Justice League and lost yeah. in the past. So it is a old villain returning to fight these villains, but we've yeah. never seen them before in this continuity. Yeah, so it, yeah. like, maybe that's another one of those connections I'm talking it about. Might be, yeah. Maybe it find. is. Maybe this has got – and it's – again, it's subtle connections because it's not coming out at the end and saying like this is this or somebody, oh, I remember you. But you do end up getting a big deal. You have Dick Grayson and Batman. They're kind of talking strategies and things like that. They, they really – Dick Grayson and Batman in this are not really important. You know, they're no, there. They're kind of the, – the most important thing of this is to me was at the beginning with Barry and Wally kind of going flat. You know, you're still a Flash. Also, you know, hey, you're not my protege, that sort of thing. But the biggest thing is Wonder Woman and Donna Troy. Oh, definitely. And, and that is actually the thing that almost and not only sets that this in, thing not free only that as in well. my mind, just the friendship of the Titans and how it's stronger oh, yeah. than what the Justice League have because yeah. – at one point, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm jumping the gun here, but the next thing that happens is uh, the key sends out some replicas of the parademons, yeah. a squad yeah. of parademons to fight the Justice League and when they're and the Titans. And when they're all done, Batman takes the headgear off one of the parademons and recalibrates it to yeah. see, you know, who is human and who's not. And he points out that Donna Troy is not human. She, you know, is obviously a threat to them. And Wonder Woman has to come out and tell everybody this is a secret of hers that yes. she's kept from Donna. Donna yep. is actually made of clay. She's made of clay. And she is not human. You know, she and was she created, was made to be a weapon to destroy Wonder Woman. Which, which works in the New 52 yes, continuity it works as well. Right. And this is but the thing the about us. fucks up. It does. But I'm telling you. I don't mind it as much because this is something that we have been pissed off oh, about yeah. all the time. Yes, the timeline and where this would fall and not fall does not make sense. No. But it really does at least attempt to answer. I We said in uh, Sam it. Humphreys with uh, Volthoom, he tried to do a bunch of things and it really – kind of fell apart if you did read the new 52 green lanterns thing he's trying to do something and everything with the continuity fell apart this actually does fix a couple problems that we've had with donna troy even though the timeline is a little wonky yeah but i don't mind does because, not make sense for her no, to be a titan back in the day and then you know be and, here and because she was created within a, a yes. year in my mind and yes. became a villain and then became the god like the fate of the gods, she replaced yep. the three fates in, like, in the Wonder Woman story in the New 52, which I don't think we're using continuity anymore. I think no, I, I don't aspect. think. This is the problem. This is the where you have a lot of problem with the Wonder Woman book, with the things that Greg Ruck is doing with this quote-unquote lies and things right. like that. It's almost like why we had a problem with Mixoplick in this uh, Superman Reborn. All he has to do is snap a finger and say that say, was a nope. lie. Say, nope. nope, that didn't happen, this and that. So you aren't sure what's going on, but at least they're addressing something because and we I said Donna that. Troy was made to attack and kill Wonder Woman in the New 52 at the end of it. And it wasn't like the greatest repl- run either. Replace her on Themyscira yeah. as yeah. the queen, you know? And it's like, and I'm sorry, Meredith Fitch's run was like the harshest goddamn run yeah, of the Wonder Woman series. It wasn't good. And it didn't end well. It didn't start well. And it didn't have a, a good middle in my mind. But, you know, once we got Donna Troy into Titan's Hunt and, you know, we had these new aspects, I was really eager to explore. We never really got the chance to figure out how all this yeah. worked. But her yeah. character since Titans began is fucking a thousand times better than it was. And I'm interested yeah. in the character again, thankfully. Yeah, I am too. And when Wonder Woman breaks, you know, tells everybody why she's not a threat, why she's not human, she's made of clay and all these reasons, Donna cannot accept it. She breaks down and starts no, crying, yeah. and it's the friendship of the Titans which allow yeah. them to, like, calm her down yeah. and stop that Yeah, because when she is upset, energy yes, when she's upset, state. the mental energy of her being upset is what 
the, is what Key wanted. This is that, going it was to free. So strong that Lilith and the, yeah. like, you know, the rest of the Titans yeah, in the Justice yep. League who are trying to find them, that she picks up on the psychic energy of this and allows them to pinpoint where they and, are. So and there was a pretty a good moment. Energy. Yeah, there was a pretty good moment even before when they were trying to decide, like, okay, uh, we're stuck here. We don't know where they are. And I think it might have been Garth who says, listen, I can't even get a hold of, of Lilith. I can't even get yeah. her uh, telepathically. And Batman says, how, how do you, why do you even think she's looking for you? And it kind of was, that was like the first step of like, Cyborg is, oh, may not be looking for like, him because these, the Justice League wouldn't you guys be concerned. Think got what we got. Yeah. yeah, the Justice League wouldn't be concerned if, if Superman disappeared for two days. Uh, but the Titans, they would. They're friends. You know, they they really the are friends. Hour. That's for meetings and fucking going over the goddamn business. Yeah, yeah. and day, also know, for Cyborg to have somewhere to sit together. and look at monitors because that's Stop all Cyborg that. does. And it's funny no, because all in this. to sit in Star Labs now. I'm telling you, in this, it seems like he was up there He's looking at monitors. He really was. That's all he does. It makes me laugh so much but yeah uh i do like though at this point when earlier when metallo does attack and it is a replica of metallo yeah. they do figure it out batman's there to it's funny because they anybody can say anything but when batman says it it's true uh when that happens uh they all work together. I mean, I'm talking Titans and Justice League work together as a team and do well. But another part that we actually glanced or glossed over that I don't think we we should is at the point earlier where they're trying to figure out, you know, hey, are we real? Is that person real? Is that person? Dick Grayson brings up, he's like, I, I think that they're trying to fuck with us because Wonder Woman doesn't ever lasso. And it's the weirdest thing that Wonder Woman didn't you know, realize. I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say something earlier and then I got off on yeah, something I, else. Yeah, I got off track too. I don't know if that's ever addressed. Like, does she ever get her lasso back I, by the I, end I of this issue? I don't know, but it's Because it's we don't weird. know where it's at. Yeah, where would it be? And why? I, I understand. Here's the thing. Wonder Woman has her lasso. What Dan Abnett is doing is taking that out of the equation so he can work this issue. That's all it is, because if she had the lasso, she would just put it around Dick Grayson. Yep, that's Dick Grayson. Batman, yep, Yep. that's Batman. They don't want that, and obviously the person who's dealing with, you know, the key, he doesn't want it either. Uh, But it's weird that she never notices it. You know what I mean? That's a big thing for her, and she wouldn't have it there. The perfect, Jim. The perfect. The perfect. But yeah, they do team up together to beat Metallo, but that's when, after that, like you said, Wonder Woman is there. And Donna Troy, the whole time, just wants acceptance from Wonder Woman, just wants her to be nice, and she's yeah, because, not. I'm saying, because well, technically they do have the mentor-protege type thing, but they've never really no. had that the way yeah. that other characters have. Like, and, you know, this is the clay clone of Wonder Woman, yeah, who, yep. you know, it's kind of her sister – and, you know, she is not – she's never had this acceptance. No. Like she was – you know, she was built to be this weapon, and the way they're reworking the freaking timeline here, you know, she was on Themyscira and trained to be, you know, a decent Amazon and stuff like that. Yeah, but they, they ended up that Wonder Woman has her. never really trusted no. her. And I do like it that you get that now where maybe she will go on. I don't know if you'll even get anything from this because they're obviously they're not in the same books anyway. Uh, but maybe they'll have some crossover where they do. Maybe trust down the each line we'll a get a more. Donna Troy book, Wonder Girl. Maybe, but uh, I'd read in it. the would you read that? Would you review that one for? I me? definitely would. Would you? That's good. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> you have this, and even Don, Donna Jim's Troy. Donna Troy is even uh, saying, like, look, there's Garth and Aquaman. Garth is pretty much bowing to Aquaman. It's such a, you know, a formal relationship they have, a king and a subject. Uh, it's still better than the shit that we have. This is oh, bullshit. Yeah. And finally, and it's weird because it's almost like 
Dan Abnett wants you to be like uh, Donna Troy is the one who's a sad sack or whatever. I'm just like, boy, Wonder Woman is being a she's bitch fucking harsh, her. yeah. Yeah, she's being really harsh. And finally, she just spits it out and says it. In the meantime, you go to Titan's Tower, and that's where when Donna Troy gets so upset, and it's after the parademons, the phony parademons do attack, uh, Batman does take the goggles off of the one, it recalibrates them to look, and, and realizes that there's only, you know, there's one less human here, or one less person. And that's when Wonder Woman says, listen, Donna isn't organic like you think, and she, she's actually made up of clay and shows this, and it's great. It's a great moment with the Titans because they, they don't care. They, no, it's still it's just Donna. Donna Troy. They don't care. She's very upset, and it, I, I think that that was a pretty cool moment to show that the Titans are great, and like you said, all of a sudden Lilith can sense that through all the shielding that was done, all this stuff to keep this team or these two teams away from everything else. Uh, but they realize then where this power is coming from because there's a power surge from this. This is where Key is getting all this yeah, power. Yeah, Donna's having an emotional breakdown. Batman's just pointing the goggles in different yeah, directions. He's just looking every direction. Yeah. He is cold as he ice, that fuck. man. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. And he's going, he's he doesn't looking. he give a fuck because yeah, he's it's good because, conclusion. Yeah. That's what happens, and he, he goes right there. They bust into Key's, you know, control Lots room at the okay, same yeah. point as Cyborg Boom Tubes, the rest of the team that was out and about, you know, Simon Baz, Jessica Cruz, Omen, uh, and Arsenal's there as well. And, and Reborn Superman. Superman. Yeah, and Reborn Superman, and he comes in. I oh, like fuck, saying that, that, Reborn Superman. Uh, I, we're going to have to call him that for no, a little not, bit. No, God damn it, because I, I just realized I said that. I'm like, no, yeah. we just got away from that. We no, but at least Superman. here's it. In the same – in one week after – in an annual, it's good to point out that it, this isn't pre-Flashpoint. This it, this is the new Reborn Superman. I kind of like the ring of that. But as this is going on, he's like, oh, shit, because everybody's there. And it's funny, too, because he looks at Superman. Superman's there, and he, whoop, 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 whoop. he jumps through a portal door as Superman tries to grab him. And it's great. Uh, Brandon actually messaged me and said, this is uh, Skip to My Lou Part 2 from when Bane was running in Batman and Robin Eternal. He's running away. Uh, But yeah, basically that ends it. It's funny because... I don't know. I guess they boom tube out. I'm surprised that... I'm seriously... I'm surprised that Key wouldn't have made this boom tube proof. He's he's proofed it for everything else, but boom tubes get in. Uh, We don't know if Wonder Woman gets the lasso or where she would have gotten it back. I I don't know. Only thing I can think of, because I I was only thinking about the lasso when we were talking here, like, where did that go? But no, the only thing I could really say is that, you know, he teleported away without the lasso. So it's wherever she was. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, too. I'm looking to see if she has it, but they never show her. Like hip, really yeah, full body, yeah. That. So yeah, you you don't know, but yeah, she she has the perfect Aaron. Uh, but yeah, they're at Titan's Tower. There is uh, Batman and Nightwing to kind of you know tie things up. They're talking it's an odd about line, though. It's because like uh, Batman starts saying, you know, uh, suggestion is he was operating at someone's behest, and like yeah. I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah, I know. I know, it's like, weird. He's like, I'm looking into it. I'm like, well, what are you looking, looking into? into what it? Did you be- find out about this? Hopefully before they boom tube down, there's all those computers. I guess maybe they would have disappeared. 
I don't know. I don't know. A big, there's a lot of computers there, and he just goes and, and goes out that door like a trans-dimensional oh, door. Even before he says, when Key's sitting there, he's talking to himself, and he says, you know, when they're talking about his origin, and he does say that he is somebody who can go through multiverses. You know, you get the whole deal. They yeah. do spell it out, and they do. Dan Abnett does make it seem really big and i i don't think that that's fully the case i'm trying that's to get the thing back is, to we, t- exactly we talk what we says. talk about things like that you know like you have this idea that something that can travel through the multiverse different dimensions yeah. and all this good shit that's a big threat in your mind but you know when i hear that now all i think of prophecy and how fucking bullshit yeah. that multiplicity yeah, story really. was I'm like, and he's you know, as he's saying it means does, nothing to me anymore yeah he says that's when i first recognized the potential power locked up in super minds Power so profound, it actually allowed me to access new universes, and out there, that's where I heard you calling. And you see a door opening, there's the uh, key there and all that. So basically, yeah, it it is. It seems bigger than maybe it is. I don't know. We're going to see. Uh, they don't, yeah, they don't let that. you in on any kind of clues no. of who it could no, be in my that's, mind. No, that's the thing. In general, I did like this issue, but the problem is... They're, it, they're so ambiguous with everything that happened. Like, there's not even a, like, hey, we better go back and check that place. We gotta, they just, it seems like freaking key, woo, 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 out the door, and then let's go home and talk. You know what I mean? And, and everybody's, the, you know, sitting there even and, the and going talking home and it talking up. things because we, you know, the whole issue is about that mentor protege aspect. Yeah. And in my mind, you know, for the most part, everybody's whole, like, you know, trust about their, like, you know, the other version of them. It's yeah. kind of like you're know, taken down a notch, except for Wonder Woman and Donna, who by the end of yeah. this issue, it is stronger than it's ever been. It seems yeah. because Wonder Woman does seem generally concerned about Donna, yes. and now that she knows the truth yep. about herself. And even Batman says to Dick, "Hey, you know, look after Troy. Troy yeah. won't even say Donna. He's like, that's what we do." And I actually, it's again, just, you want to you want to jump to conclusions? Issue, it's like, come, like you, you yeah. got to look at that guy after the fact. Like, you don't trust me. You piece I like of it shit. too. I like how Batman's there and you look, and and Dick's just leaning on that fucking pole there, like uh, the the railing, like a badass, like he's fucking cool as ice as well. You know, I know it doesn't uh, make sense for the whole, uh, you know, Justice League Titans thing. I kind of do wish that we also had Green Arrow and Arsenal. Yeah, I do too. I, I do as well. I would have liked that. Fuck it. Get Hal down there. He he just shows up. Yeah, get them all. But uh, yeah. what I did really like, again, you want to jump to some conclusions or whatever? I really like Barry talking to Superman uh, at uh, near the end where it almost looks like Barry's like, come on, you know what? Tell me about what happened. Like, I'm telling you, they both have their arms kind of around each other, and Barry looks like he's asking a question, and Superman looks like he's, you know, yeah, I'll talk about it. And I really, really, and there's like, Roy just, hitting on Jessica. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, really. I like uh, Barry's kind of like, so what's this mean between you and Wonder Woman now? <laughs> Are you an item? But <laughs> yeah, I, I actually thing? really like that, and that's where Wonder Woman ends. Wonder Woman's like, listen, I'm sorry. Uh, I, you know, from keeping the truth and I was trying to protect you and she goes and she does that. And I really do like that. But then it ends with the key, uh, trying to plead his case to whoever he was talking. He's like, I, you know, I only had enough power to escape to get back here. I'm sorry. It was enough to free you. I'm sorry. And he's like, no. And the door slams. And then it says, who's the menace behind the door? Unlock the truth as Titans continues. And yeah, to me, I'm like, okay, that could be huge. That this can be the key to 
what happened in those 10 years, why they were doing this. You know, this is more than, say, Mr. Twister to me. Right. But who knows? We don't Even know. Even Mr. Twister just seems so lackluster by the end. That's like, what I don't I'm know saying. What any of that meant. Like, yeah. Does this go, you know, this whole door opening, because we did have. What happened fucking, if it's Mr. Twister? No, the thing is, we did have the guy who was controlling Mr. Twister that we never got to yeah. see, really. Yeah. So this could be that aspect that, we, you know, we're getting back to that story, and Key was trying to unlock the door to let him into this world, yep. like Mr. Twister was with his goddamn bone organ. Yeah, I'm looking. I just was thinking, I wonder if there is somebody that I can look up that has door in his name. Like, we're not even, like, it's so easy to figure out that it's, it's the doorway. Else. It's the door. I don't, I don't have anything. So we'll see. No. And, and it's, it's again, it's a, an annual we get done. And it's not like I'm like begging to have somebody tell me what it is. It's cool. And I did yeah. like this issue. I just, I thought that some of the dialogue was a little heavy-handed. No, I so didn't did I. like the the wraparound story. Really and this, the wraparound story in general was just a little too vague. Uh, it was not, it was vague and also seemed very just like you know they really had to work to get a fucking yeah. oversized page count for this. Just yeah. you know, a bunch yeah. of people standing around and yeah, especially when over and over again when Metallo shows up, it's yeah. like page you know each panel is just one punch and things like that and it's weird like i said it's very vague to me and i don't often like issues where the situation only seems to be set up to get exactly what you got you know what i mean there's really no surprises here especially if you read the new 52 you know about donna troy so the big reveal or the big surprise really not that much of a surprise i I don't Uh, know because the thing is the the takeaway i had from this i really enjoyed because i hate when things are vague too and i feel like a big dummy by the end but I found myself actually getting excited trying to put the fucking pieces of this puzzle together, see if there is actually something to this brand new world after Reborn. If, like, you know, things have been unlocked, people remember more. There's these, like, all this whole other history that we don't really know just because the pre Flashpoint and New 52 are now combined for, you know, certain p- people. I don't even mm-hmm. know what that means, but. Looking at all these aspects, I did get excited reading this. I was like, ooh, what does this mean? And I started thinking about things. But So by the end of it, I was kind of excited, even though the whole wraparound story wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm with you. But what did you give it? I gave it a 7.5 out of 10, and I loved the art in this issue. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the art as well. I'd probably go 7 uh, and go from there, but uh, I liked it. But again, it's an annual. We'll see if it means anything or if it doesn't or what happens uh, down the line. But can you solve it before they do? I, I don't know why that's can on the cover. It doesn't mean anything. solve it before they what am I do? I don't know. You see this like, you know what? We're going to play the Riddler now. Can you solve it? And I'm like, can before they do. What do you mean before they this. do? They've already written this for fucking months. And obviously, Eric, we are talking about the Commandi Challenge number three. Can you solve it before they do? Because it's annual week. And like I said, uh, actually, against what I said about the JLA, this book, it's fine coming out in annual week. You know what I mean? This is is fine. And I don't really think The only reason I complain is because I'm not a fan of Command. I know. Well, I don't think that many people people are reading this. Or people who say Command D, and that makes more sense as a name. I don't like saying Command D. I don't think many people are reading this, and I think less are going to be talking about it on their podcast. So either that is one of those that we should take the hint and follow suit, or is this where we we carve our niche? We've always done that. We make it our own, Eric. Chapter 3 of Commodity Challenge, can you solve it before they do? Who are they? The the writers. 
The writers there. And you're going to solve the mystery of how they can go from a cliffhanger of the last issue and then get uh, – just if you're listening and you don't know what the hell we're talking about, the Commodity Challenge is a 12-issue series that is put out to honor Jack Kirby, the king. Jack Kirby, as Reggie often calls him. Eric throws shade at him. But – uh, each issue ends with a cliffhanger, and the next issue, the next writer, each issue is by a different writer. The next writer goes, picks up from that cliffhanger, and takes it, goes with the story until they themselves like leave with a crazy on, cliffhanger. One of the early days of the internet. Yes, this is like when you would write those internet, you know, I write a chapter, it goes to you. Yeah. Uh, my cliffhanger would be Kamandi getting his head chopped off. Game over. This is like <laughs> when we would that play, one. you motherfuckers would play tag at work like your goddamn children. And you'd run up, everybody's tagging each other and running around, <laughs> whoop, 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 going away. And then they tag me, game over, Eric. <laughs> there you go. There's your I cliffhanger. Just, this tag thing, ends. The whole thing, though, can you solve it before they do? You know what that means to me? It's like, okay, this is 12 issues. Jim, pick a uh, number between 1 and 12. Yeah. No, here's what no, it no, is. No, pick it's, it. Pick it. Uh, four. Nope. No, that's, that's <laughs> my whole curious. thing is it's like, can you win a Potter Madness tournament where everybody's cheating? No, you can't because they're just going to keep cheating, Eric. It, 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 this is the same. If Can I solve what? Solve what they're going to write like you said three months ago? What, what the fuck is there a – like, oh, I solved it, Eric. Uh, Jimmy Palmiotti's going to write an issue. It's there not you like go. trying to decipher what fucking wrong turn is saying. You can't figure this shit out. Yeah, really. Yeah, that's what it, we should have. We should start a new. It's called the wrong turn challenge. Can you solve it before they do? We'll have wrong turn say something without giving any sort of background, whatever. And everybody has to try to solve what the fuck he's talking about and because be the he makes thing no in the world sense. Because you know, when we were coaching him to say, you know, you're listening to the Weird Science oh DC God. Comics podcast, it was, you know, Wired, Comcast, fucking, I don't even oh, know what yeah. the hell he said. Yeah. Um, if we coach him to say something and record it, that'll be a fun game. Andrew, Figure out Andrew had his kids say, you know, he's get fresh crew, whoop, whoop. They were doing it perfectly. It's such a great deal that I love. And all I kept thinking of was there's Andrew with his kids. We we have a grown man with, with a kid himself that can't even say weird. I sit there. Weird. Wired. Don. Weird. Sandwich. Weird. Wired. Weird. Garbage. Weird. It's just, oh my God. I can't drink Monster. I'm allergic. Told you that he comes in. He comes in the one day and comes and says, hey, this guy, this was where you could solve wrong turn. This would be, can you solve it before he does? Because he comes in and says to me and you, hey, uh, this kid I went to school with, my buddy from school he ended up he killed somebody and then he's on the run he's in the most wanted he killed somebody and, and injured everyone else yeah, he killed somebody injured everyone else and he's on the most wanted he's on the run and he don't and he, it's because he, he don't have a million dollars because he can't pay the money yeah he can't pay actually he's like he can't pay because he don't have a thousand monies so we're like, what? what no, no. Fuck? At one point, it was a million money. Well, it started at a thousand. Then it went to a million monies. And we were like, what the fuck is he talking about? So we're trying, you know, like anybody, like, what's your friend's name? What is going on? What's your friend's name? I don't know. It's your friend and you don't know what? We, me and him went to school together. Okay? We're getting there. Okay. But you don't know his name. No. Okay. What was he doing? Oh, he was driving. He's driving and he's doing drugs and heroin. 
Okay, what was he? How how do they know this? He's on the run, and he he's getting tired of being on the run, so he's going to turn himself in. He's on the most wanted, and the SWAT. What did he call the SWAT team? Well, first it was the SWAT team. Then it became then it was the SWAT team. Yeah, the SWAT team, and then the SWAT team, and then he can't pay attention, and then something else he said, but uh, but this guy also, didn't he say, like, the dogs were after him at one point? But oh, yeah, he didn't they, had the, say, they had the canines. Yeah, the and canines the and the SWAT team are after him. We found out then, so then we're like, what's, we want to know the story. We had to break this code right down to the fucking yes, nitty-gritty. Yeah, so we're we trying to, to figure this is the challenge on. we're figuring out, and he goes home at break, because well, he lives like, across the... Today. we got to yeah. figure this mystery out. Oh, yeah, this was basically the the world's retarded detectives me and you <laughs> on the case so we send him home he's going home we're like find out what's going on because he also said uh i had to get it off my facebooks because my my girl said he's bad well, yeah, so i'm like he had, okay he had, to, he had to unfriend this person off his facebooks because yes. his girl so it's not on his it's not on his storyline anymore it's no it's on not on his storyline story now but here's the thing storyline of of all this going on i agree with this girl I I hate saying his girl, but I, he I don't says because it because she didn't freaking unfriend him. Yeah, well, that's the other point though. He he says uh, the his girl says for him not to. I agree. If this is a guy who's on the most wanted list, he's on the run. You don't need to have him on your Facebook. You don't nope. need to be involved. I said to Brian, fucking get it off there. Fuck it. This is nonsense. But I do want to find out what's going on. In the meantime, I do get a hold of somebody who is a detective in these sort of things, my <laughs> wife. My wife will search into this more than us. So I send her the vague details Regular of what we were given. she is. Yeah, we were getting the vague details. So he goes home, and he comes back, and he says, yeah, I got his name. His name's he's got He's got a picture and yeah, a first a name picture. because the last name is too yeah, he says it's it's Rick, right? It's something no, it's like that. Joey. Joey. Uh, uh, here's the, here it is. It's Joey. I didn't go to school with him. I don't know him. Uh, my my girl went to school with him. I'm, where is this story? Like, you, how did you think you went to school with this guy before? He's I I don't know the last name. It's hard to it's hard to announce. Yeah, it's hard to announce. Said. It's hard to announce. So we're like, okay, what did it ended up being? Because I found out what it was. It was like John or Jones, something it, like it that. Was, it was Joey something like Jones. that. I don't, I, I don't want to put the name out there. I do know what no, it is. It is it not a hard something. name to pronounce. But yeah, no. This would be like Werner is eight times harder to pronounce oh, yeah. than what this name was. He just forgot. He doesn't have, In the meantime, my wife sends me the story. She figures it out as well. And then I'm like, yeah, it, it's him. And we look. This story was basically this guy got in a hit and run. Then went to he tried to escape that one and then hit another car head on and is now in the hospital in critical condition and may not live. He's not on the run, Eric. He, he can't ain't almost run. wanted. He they didn't even walk away. Yeah, the swass was not after him. And the whole thing is this only happened like two days prior to what he's telling us. There's no millions monies. Oh my he God. this he is the worst. He's like one of those things where they have like, yeah, find out that uh, you know, uh, eyewitnesses are not reliable. You get him involved, oh, Jesus no. his, Christ! His entire his entire brain and thinking process is just no. whispered down the lane, right yeah, inside of his fucking head. Yeah, down the lane. He goes to you and says, "Hey, hey, Eric, I watched that movie, The Batman's," and you're like, "Batman v Superman?" Yeah, that one, The Batman's. And then he'll walk away and legitimately come back. 30 seconds later and say, yeah, you know what I got to watch tonight? That movie with the Batmans? You're like, you just told me that you watch it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I forgot. 
what are you talking about? Then he's like, get out of here. Or go. I, I liked that movie. That movie was really good. But you just told me that there was too much talking in it. Yeah, there was too much talking. Why does Batman die at the end? No, no, that's God. Superman, you God. fucking retard. Get out of here. I'll kill you. Commandy number three, Eric. Can you solve it before they do? Goddamn wrong term. I'm so angry, I'm shaking. <laughs> I, we gotta get him here to read us his goddamn take on these things. Now I'm saying all this, and I don't know what I did with my notes for this, Eric. Well, so, but uh, until you find your notes, I'll yes, tell you. He tell me a little. Back, he actually came back from break yesterday. I was sitting on this one freaking uh, table, and I was reading this uh, Nightwing trade from the freaking 90s. And he's yeah. looking at it as I'm reading because I'm not paying any attention to him. He's just standing there fucking chewing in my goddamn ear. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, Like he does. Yeah, so... uh you just got to read these little things here. I'm like, yes, there's a dialogue balloons. You got to read those. And then some narration boxes, dialogue boxes, whatever. You got to read those. I'm like, that's it. I didn't know about any of these things until you and Jimmy told me about them. You mean comic books? <laughs> you mean yeah. words? <laughs> we had, the, we had these people uh, visiting the plant uh, this week because they, for like uh things about like cleanliness and things that uh, with some stuff so all shit anybody who's working in any place like this that has like a clean room or whatever most of the time these clean rooms are legitimate clean rooms i i can't say ours is Uh, but when these people are coming to see that they end up putting signs up out of nowhere you'll see these crazy signs that go up and the one said no food or beverage beyond this point. And there's Ron Turner. He goes, hey, Jimmy, you see the sign? He ain't going to watch it. I'm like, what? What do you mean? What? He's, he's going and he's putting his finger at each word. And he's like, do not go in p- point of beverage. What he would not fuck? say beverage. He would yeah, say it drink was something or like soda. drink. It was because he was trying to remember what somebody said and make me think he could read. And I felt bad. No dice. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, no child left behind, indeed. Like, Jesus Christ. And he goes, you know what that means? That means they ain't going to listen. I'm like, what, what is what? What are you talking about? No, that means you're not allowed to take food and beverage past there. What? I don't understand. He's like, I go back there. I drink my drink. I like, know that's what. Uh, I'm going to choke God. you. God damn you. And I, you go in the bathroom. I go in the bathroom the one point. And I'm like, what's fucking, what is this, a meeting in the ladies' room? You and him are standing there talking in the bathroom. I go in, and then he's fucking chirping. And I've had enough. The commodity challenge number three, Eric. This is why the uh, the annuals week is a good week for us to just kick back, Eric, and talk about wrong turn. Everybody has the wrong turn. I did say it before. You said it yep. as well. And we had found out from the Get Fresh crew do, 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 do. That, that is that is the case. Even though Brandon talks about this lady who meows, she ain't got nothing on wrong turn. No. I'm telling you. Meowing is just one fucking facet of the enigma that is wrong turn. He I have is plotted fucking out nuts. things that I should not talk about on air about wrong turn because yes. of how much he's annoyed oh, me. She, I'm telling you, I, I have a lark with wrong turn. Wrong turn comes out. You are so angry with him, and all I do is fuel it. I just sit in the back and fuel it, and then I love it because he always touches you, and you you hate it. So my big plan lately is anytime he's there and I walk up to you, I put my arm on on your shoulder so that he thinks that that's proper, that he can touch you. That's all I'm doing. I did it like seven times this week that every time you guys are talking, I walk over and I put my arm around you. I rub your arm. Uh, and I'm, yeah, oh, do you know how many best. times a day I have to go to the bathroom and wash my fucking hands? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, you sit there and you, basically wrong turn says to you, this is a typical conversation. Hey, Eric, I don't understand why you got these numbers here. And you go, because you're a fucking moron. And he laughs. He goes, hey, you hear him, Jimmy? He, he make him fun. <laughs> He's not, he means it. Get out I'm of here. You, even worse than all the touching and shit like that, this week was probably the worst where I had this big package. I, I needed you, and I needed him to yeah, help me lift yeah. this thing up on top of this deal. And I finally wrangle his fucking dopey ass over there, and I said, okay, this is very heavy. You're probably not going to be able to lift it. We might not have to do something else. I yeah. wanted. He was talking a lot of shit how strong he oh, was. He was I really talking wanted, tons of shit. I wanted shit. to see him struggle is what I wanted, but yes. we're getting to it. And right as we're about to go do it, he goes and sneezes and lifts his shirt up and yeah. fucking actually sneezes right there all over his shirt. Like, all over his no, shirt. No, you get the fuck away And you away say, get me? the fuck away. And I said, Brian, yeah, I actually said his name. Wrong turn. Go, go wash your hands. And you said it. And he did. Oh. He went and washed his hands. In the meantime, this thing was probably, I don't know, 400 pounds, it seemed. It was heavy. Yeah. And we had to lift it up. The problem is, I said, it, this was almost like a deadlift type thing where you have the initial lift. And then you got to go the second level. Yeah, yeah. Second level was a bitch. And this thing was huge. And we, we were struggling. So he comes back. Oh, hey, girls, what you weak here? And we're like, why don't you go? Because we did pick it up. We had it yeah. up. We just couldn't get it all the way up. I'm a small man there. But uh, he comes back talking shit. This kid is probably 24, right? Yeah, I think he's 24. Just looking at him, he looks like he has some strength. Well, it's uh, retard know, strength. Retard, but it, that didn't come through because you he went to lift it. It didn't budge. He couldn't even no. get it off the goddamn fucking table and yelling at him. And he's like, I didn't want to do it because I thought you were going to drop it and then I'd be blamed. <laughs> and then um, you know what the motherfucker does? He just left to go wash his hands because I flipped out. He yep. comes back and we're getting ready to do it again now. And he fucking picks his goddamn nose. Yeah, and then I blew nose. the fuck up again. Get the fuck out of here. I was yelling. I am done with you. I was telling him to touch you and stuff. And oh, my he, God. He I would have fucking killed him. He bailed. Commodity Challenge number three. <laughs> Written by Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Amanda Connor, Paul Mounts, and Clem Robbins. See, this is why we have the... the uh, timestamps so if yeah, you're if you're listening now and wondering if if you really just go to the somebody out there only wants to hear the commodity challenge uh number three but if you have gone here Sorry. from a timestamp and somehow enjoy wrong turn talk and rewind a little you'll get a little maybe too much the commodity challenge continues and while this issue has great art and a little social commentary mixed in there also gets a little sexy. To me, Not sexy it's the enough. first one to start showing the strain of this challenge aspect. Between picking up the pieces of the last issue and heading towards another crazy cliffhanger for the next one, uh, there isn't a whole lot of time to develop any sort of meaningful story. Still, I liked it enough for what it was, a little diversion amongst my normal books. And it and starts I'll, out. I'll, I'll tell you right off the bat, too, because I remember like I kind of abstained last time when you and Reggie were talking about this. I yeah. paged through and like, chimed in here and there, but I didn't really read last issue. When we got to the end, you're like, oh, Eric's not going to like this. And it is that you know cartoony Harley Quinn style we saw that was going to yeah, be for yeah, this yeah. issue. Yeah, I and liked it. While reading this, though, I found myself really yeah. enjoying the style. Uh, I was shocked of... because I did say, I said I did not like the way the art style was. No. I didn't think it, it – fit the last art i forget who it was i really did like it but i actually think i like this more of all of them once i sat and read it uh Kamandi looks a little like a little uh, Prince Adam-esque yeah, deal, and I, I'm telling you, I love Amanda Connor's art normally, so it did shock me when I saw that preview and thought, boy, I don't like anything of this. 
she would do a kick-ass fucking He-Man book or even a Thundar or something like that because it really does come off as yeah, like a – I'd say a Thundar more in my it, mind. It, it comes off to me as like a Saturday morning cartoon-type art, and I really did like it. But it starts off where the last issue ended up with Manhunter showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> Again, because you have to have a crazy cliffhanger. The crazy cliffhanger was Kamandi ending up where you saw like the man's uh, preserve, the human preserve that he was going to go into and the manhunter showed up nobody escapes the manhunters and he said oh nobody escapes i'm gonna and he fell off the cliff so i'm like i open it up and there's no manhunters out where are they this is no man escapes except Kamandi, who's falling off and as he's falling you do kind of see a little of that preserve but obviously jimmy palmiotti well, didn't want obviously any parts nothing's of happening that. with that human preserve they're no, left there that's what i'm saying they they uh they seem because this was where only Kamandi escapes he was, the manhunters. Yeah, he was well he was looking over this this cliff into the preserve and saying, oh, that's that. The manhunter showed up. He falls, but he doesn't fall in the preserve. That's never mentioned. He falls onto what is like an ecosystem that has developed from a tanker, and I think that's cool. I really it do think cool it's concept. cool, though I don't know how mountains got on it, Eric. Mountains are a little over the top, but I do like like a forest or something. But there's mountains. What the fuck are there mountains for? But he goes, as he's falling, he hits his head even, and these bat people, and he says, giant bats? With helmets? Okay. They grab him, and he they end up dropping him because he's trying to fight off, and then he falls again, hits his head, and passes out. And he wakes up. He's in this tanker. Uh, in the meantime, a goddamn fly comes up. This is the – how can, uh, can you solve it? How the fuck are you going to solve anything? <laughs> a fly comes up and talks to him, and it's weird because this fly is like he's on Kamandi's side here. But then later, all the other bugs are kind yeah, of Yeah, this is the spies. only fly that's all about humans, yeah, it seems like. Yeah, and he's like, danger, kid. Don't forget. Got to get going. Because he's like, listen, you're going to be in trouble. Don't listen to them. What they're going to tell you is wrong. And you're like, okay, whatever the case may be. I just, but he's like, it's, it's weird, too, because we have this fly that is talking to Kamandi. And we'll see yeah. more of them as the issue progresses. But And I understand. I watched The Lion Kid. I, King, I know the circle of life. If I was yeah. these flies, I would not be hanging around because there's an aardvark man who just keeps eating yeah. them. Yeah, he just keeps eating them through the whole thing like an anteater type deal. He's just going to town. and But in the meantime, all of a sudden the pod's here and you get this thing where a person is born, Vila. And uh, not Bob Vila, Eric. And it might even be Vila. I don't know what it is. But she comes out and she's basically a sex slave. She's like, yep. I'm here for you. Oh, uh, you not know, only the sex slave. Me. I'm telling you, this is like David well, Lee Roth to worse. say the greatest date is when, the, you know, like, you know, you finish with her and she turns into a six pack and a fucking yeah, pizza. Yeah, that's what happened. And happens. like, because the whole thing of these people, they're sex slaves, maybe. You know, I don't know if the animals go and that they're way. They're basically Mostly, slaves. But yeah, yeah. They're slaves that you also But you can eat. also eat them because they regenerate. So the thing is, you can eat their. Say you eat this girl's arm because you're hungry, yeah. it will regenerate. But in the meantime, while you wait to regenerate, you fuck it. Now, that's what you get. You have a sex doll that just keeps regenerating. And it's just, it's really weird. Uh, to me, it came off like, like you wanted it more sexy. I was just like, what are you getting at with this? And the whole issue to me is this concept of, you know, who, 
why are people slaves and why are they the you know why and is the ruling not, class the ruling class? I don't even know what they class? are. They're not even exactly That's people what I mean. because they're That's born out of this green goo and they have yeah. a green tint to their skin and it looks like you know they actually have vines and yeah, stuff creating like to clothes me, around they're them. They're grown out of a vat. You know what I mean? They and, are soiling green people. Yeah, they are soiling green people. In the meantime, they're also like uh, self uh, replicating amoeba type things because you can they can they regenerate arms. Yeah, and go things green, like man. That. I get you. But in the meantime, like I said. The, the whole thing Jimmy Palmiotti seems to want to do is like a little social commentary of why people are in charge and who's the slaves and why is this and that. You just don't – it's just – to me, it, it's a little too heavy to try to force into this book and you don't have enough time to go because like you said, you don't know anything about these no, people anyway. My, my takeaway from the book is religion is terrible and don't eat people. Yeah, yeah because these people end up being the god watchers, which is kind of funny uh, that they have that with what we have in Wonder Woman. Uh, in Wonder Woman, where we had the God Watch Protocol, so that's just a bad timing sort of deal. I don't think it's anything of it. But uh, you go, hey, maybe this is the advanced deal in the Commandis time. But no, they're they're these anthropomorphic. You know, there's a uh, a turtle that's the lead. There's you have the, the Antarctic. He, yeah, yeah, he is the leader. You have a frog. You know, all these things. These flies are also there. Uh, it's fucking Wonderland, is what it is. Yeah, it is. And you see, they're on this tanker, and they've been waiting to get a sign from the gods. And Kamandi falling, the golden-haired Kamandi, is the sign that they should get going. In the meantime, they're going to have a, a festival, and that's where you also see these uh, giant bats that save Kamandi. They're slaves. They're there as slaves. And then you have this. We go to the, I'm telling you, we go to the festival, and all of a sudden it becomes the green inferno where the yeah. fucking people are this there, and the animals just dig in. I'm like, oh my yeah. god. Yeah, they're digging. It's funny, because Kamandi even has a thing like, boy, I'm so hungry I could eat a horse, and he doesn't Ooh. say it fully because there's animals there. Yeah. Uh, but yet they're digging into these made-up people, and the, they're it really. It's not like, hey, pass me an elbow. It's like goddamn fucking the savagery that happens at this festival. I mean, they go nuts on these things. And Kamani's up and he says to this feel like, "What's going on? Oh my god!" And she's like, "No, no, that's what we're here for. Uh, we regenerate, so don't worry. We're a regenerating thing. That's where the God Watchers food and slaves and whatever." Maybe. Baby, it doesn't have to be this way. You shouldn't yeah, have yeah. to be that. And know, he basically have you ever heard the whole time, like freedom. yeah, Kamandi, and he even says to the leaders, like, "Why? Where's their freedom? Oh, we don't let them learn words like that." But in the meantime, they explain why Free they Don? think. Yeah, and they had a sign. This is why they think Kamandi's part of the gods. Is they had a sign? It was a picture that fell. It was a picture of Kamandi and his parents, and that was the. And they even say, "Look, he's aged since this picture, but we knew it was you." And come on, can I have this? Yeah, it's yours. You're here. We're ready to go. Uh, but yeah, this whole prophecy seems to be going. In the meantime, you have this fly and all these bees. They're fucking, you know, eavesdropping on things. They think that Kamandi is not happy. He's telling the slave wrong shit. And they show up to stop this. But in the meantime, they can't because they get attacked by the actual bat people. The, the whole <laughs> tribe so of the bat people. Up. Yeah, the tribe of the bat people show up to, to you know, these people have been fighting. You get the idea. They've been fighting. The two bats that had saved Kamandi earlier even said, we're always They're at slaves, war. Yeah. We were slaves. But also say, listen, these bat people, our people will not take us back. We're tainted. So you get this whole thing. And they just fight. 
and they're fighting it out. Kamandi's kind of kicking some guys away, but it's just, again, you, you don't have any investment in any of this. The whole thing is you get this big bat fight, and the two bat slaves get away with Kamandi and his goddamn yeah. plant sex slave, and they yeah. decide, we got to go over there. I don't know if that's a good idea because that's where the Jaguar people live. Well, yeah, we got to yeah. try because we got shit here. And then they get captured again. Yeah, and they get captured. They they sit there. They land. And that's funny, too, because Kamandi, Jimmy Palmiotti has to set things up for the next person. This is what's uh, – I lost my backpack again. So we're going to – I'm sure that it's just going to show up at some point. But, yeah, that's gone. And they're like, hey, this is quite beautiful. And the one bat lady's like – Take care, though. It's as dangerous as it is beautiful. Like, oh, shit. The shit's going to go real. I'm and like you say, the Jaguars come out. It's a goddamn horror show throughout this fucking yeah, issue, though, because they get captured and Kamani's knocked out. And when he comes to, the two bad people are, like, being <laughs> again, honest, the two a But spit. again, this, you, it's so funny to me because it is almost like you, you have, Jimmy, you have the whole concept that they have to end with these crazy cliffhangers. But along the way, we keep getting these little things of, like, Okay, nobody's going to want to deal with these bad people. So we'll just have them cooked. And they are. They're on spits cooked. They're like, okay, the James Tynan, I think, is the next uh, And it author. doesn't seem like they're – I'm like – in my mind, they, like they'd be this way to be eaten, like, you know, kind of like yeah, we had with yeah, the people before. No. They're just on fire. They're burned yeah, alive. Yeah, I don't know. There is a there is them. Uh, the one leopard or jaguar does have a head on a plate. Maybe they are eating. I don't know, or maybe it's a sacrifice, a ritual sacrifice. Cajun but it's funny. Style bat. It's like Jimmy Palmiotti talked to James Tyne. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you a fucked up cliffhanger, but you have any use for these bat people with helmets? No, no, I really don't like that. Okay." I'll, okay. I'll hook you. I'll, I'll I got make, it. I'll okay, throw I'll you look, I'll get rid of this and I'll turn the whole story into King Kong. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw you solid because what happens at the end is uh, Kamani's there. He's tied up. They end up coming. These Jaguars prepare him for dinner. It's to serve Kamandi, Eric. But uh, it, it's weird to look. No, we're we're gonna make you beautiful, and they just put fucking like leopard fucking you know paint on him Jaguar. with his woman. In the meantime, we didn't even mention when the bats were attacking them in that big battle. The one had grabbed this this freaking slave oh, God, girl, and yes, and Kamandi had to bite her arm off to save her. And then when they land, she goes, "Did I taste good?" Oh God! <laughs> oh yes, uh, but yeah, they're they're tied up. They're there, and they're wondering what's going on. A lot of shit's moving in the forest, and it ends up being the King Kong version of the Jaguar showing up, and is so big that actually has two tanks as necklaces. It, it's and almost a like jet. that. Yeah, and a jet. That is like the uh, the giant animal version of the vw uh fucking beastie boys battalion you have fucking a jet and two goddamn fucking yeah, so you know we, we paid up commodity we put him on the fence and a giant jaguar shows up and commodity has now become fey Yeah, even as like nuclear missiles as a goddamn bracelet <laughs> oh it's so goofy but yeah and then it says continued next issue and good luck but yeah we'll go we'll move on it, it's just i uh i'm saying this whole issue that we'll probably end up talking about this but show. reggie reggie actually really likes this series i don't know what he thinks of this issue but he has really enjoyed it and i kind of do I, at points i enjoy it just for its goofiness somehow you. this one was a little bit more off to me but i did love the art i i ended up giving it a seven out of ten only because i didn't get angry at, at you talk about horror show i'm going through it it has this cartoony art at one point when the bats attack they get that turtle fucking leader and rip they his rip fucking his head, head off, off. And he's screaming no as his fucking head is <laughs> away from uh, his, his head's neck. off uh, he ain't coming back from that 
Um, but yeah, what what would you give it? I'm telling you, like the the first issue, I did read I, uh, fully, and I did enjoy just because I thought they were doing a good job to try to make it the commodity universe that we, you know, yeah. everybody knows and shit like that. Well, remember the that, first one had two stories. It was the only one that did. Right. It had Keith Giffen and Dan DiDio started, and I think it was Dan Abn that picked it up from there. And but, that was to me because it was the start. That was definitely the more universe. Commandi deal. You know what I and mean? That even, was pretty saying, authentic. Even last issue had We've a bit gone of a departure, far from it, but for though. the most part, it was still in line with that whole universe yeah. in my mind. This yep. one is a complete departure from anything yeah. I think resembling oh, yeah. Commandi. And this is where I said, talking, this is why people. I was saying at the beginning, I think the challenge aspect has fucked it already. You, yeah. you get these weird cliffhangers, you're ending up in a, a spot where it doesn't really feel like Commandi anymore. It really doesn't. Uh, like you said, the last issue was the issue where they had the atomic bomb. Yeah. Uh, he was yelling, and when it opened up the gorilla pit, that really did seem like a commandy issue. This did not, but I, no, I don't know. I, I like it. Was, I like the it was a horror show, though. It was, you know, it, it was a goddamn horror no, show, it and was. it's its own thing. It was fine. It was just, it was an odd issue, but I still, I think I'd give it a six point five out okay. of ten. Yeah, yeah. I can't recommend it to anybody. No. I, I said in my review, if you have you, you enjoyed the last two issues. Go for it because you'll yeah. like this. If if you're gonna want to hey. jump on it, I can't. Even, I'm telling you, I I would really have to sit down with somebody and talk with what they actually like to ever even say this book's for you. This is. It reminds me so much of that coming of the Superman, that right. Neil Adams book, where I had a lot of fun with it. I could never recommend it to anybody because somebody may think that it was the greatest recommendation I've ever made. Somebody might come and slice my fucking throat for recommending it. You can never tell. But we're gonna move on. From from here. It's man with panic. Hallelujah, it's man with panic. Oh yeah, it's man with panic. Hallelujah, it's man with panic. Oh yeah, it's man with panic. Hallelujah, it's man with panic. Oh yeah, let's hear what you had to say. We don't need no humor. Eric, we don't need no Jim Werner. I'm out. <laughs> I am out. That's why I play that, so I can leave. Now, here you go, Eric. I don't send you any bit of the mail, nope. uh, but somehow you're going to have to make do. All right. Mail section number two. boo First email is from Maddie D. He says, hello, gents and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop, motherfucker. So, I'll make this as BVD as possible, and Eric, that means brief. Oh, thank you. So, I voice my opinion about how much I don't like Steve Orlando. Oh, really? <laughs> there, there are two things on this podcast that are a given. It's that Travis thinks that Batgirl used to be good, and Maddie D hates Steve Orlando, and maybe that, yeah, maybe Mike that Dancing Snyder. Mike hates you. Right and uh -huh. yeah, Dancing Mike also hates uh, Harper Row. So yeah. Dancing Mike is his own continuity all to himself. Eric, he he is a man filled with love, also filled with hate. It kind of evens out in the middle and leaves you with just a struggling alcoholic. That's what that's what you end up with there. Hell, the only one 
who has mentioned more about his dislike of a particular writer is Dancing Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike. Doop, doop. But I was actually surprised by JLA issue number three. No fucking bad dialogue. However, there wasn't anything super outstanding about it either. Each member of the JLA takes on a member of the extremists. They fight for a few panels, but we don't get any payoffs. Heck, half of them appear as though they will talk the bad guy into surrendering. Then the issue ends with Batman and Vixen running Dr. Doom. Uh, I mean, whatever the fuck that guy's name is. Lord Havoc. It is Lord Havoc. Hold on. Gotta grab a swig of my beer. Okay, where was I? Oh, yes. So I have a feeling that Batman is going to have three-page fight with Havoc next issue, and then the rest of the JLA will show up with the extremists, and they will all fight Havoc in some sort of kumbaya, we see the error of our ways type of issue. Honestly, I will tell you now. I, I will tell you now. I, I am going to be done with JLA after issue four. I don't buy the physical copies of these books, but if I did, I would use them as toilet paper. Eric, this has become such a disappointment. Nothing has captivated me on this book, which is sad because I like Lobo back in the day. If you like Lobo back in the day, do you think he would like that Harley's little black? I'm book sure he week? would. Yeah, if I you're a Lobo like... fan, I think you can get behind yeah. it. Damn you, Steve Orlando. Why can't you write a better story? Well, guys, that's it. Uh, Matty D, hey, someone beer me. I need to erase this crap from my brain. And then he continues with another email that just says, I hate him so much. Flames, 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 flames on the side of my face. Flames, breathing, breathing. There you go. That is Matty D. Thank you, Matty D. Matty D. Next email is from Hakeem. He says, hello, Eric, Jim, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. First of all, thank you so much, Jim, for deciding to make that new 52 podcast. This was exactly what I needed to help better understand how this DCU came to be. I decided to watch Flashpoint Paradox, the animated movie, and even went out and got Justice League War to keep up with the new podcast. So I'm really looking forward to the next episode. After I watched the movie and read the Justice League War trade, I do have a few questions and comments in regards to how it all connects to Rebirth. And it's funny, I watched the uh, Justice League War today. And I watched it with my youngest son, and we're watching it. I'm, I'm trying to – it's actually funny because I just read uh, probably three times through the Just League origin right. trade, the volume one trade that we're going to talk about. So I kept pointing out to him like, oh, in the book, that Shazam, that it's Aquaman in the right. book or whatever. And all Logan kept saying is that sucks because he's the best part. <laughs> he loves Shazam in that. And there's even points I'm like, yeah, I kind of like Shazam too. Even though when it came out and they announced it was going to be Shazam instead of Aquaman, I kind of got irritated by it. But uh, got really yeah, irritated. it's its own thing. It's its own thing. So I'll go with it. Uh, even we said uh, Flashpoint Paradox. Even I went and watched that uh, last week, and I had a lot of clips in there as well in the the, uh, the podcast episode I did. And the one thing I couldn't do was, and me and you talked about it, that in the actual movie, the Flashpoint Paradox, when Thomas Wayne kills reverse flash he actually in the movie shoots him yeah. not runs him through with a sword and i actually prefer the gunshot more just because well. of how it's such a again it's a juxtaposition of what we're used to with batman i thought it was really cool uh but killed them all the same but here are hakeem's issues or questions when the new 52 begins does barry have any recollection as to what he did and if not can you explain how he gave bruce that letter from thomas if he didn't remember he messed with the timeline we see the letter in the rebirth special in fact it was referenced by wally when he showed up at the back cave so care to fill me in on that i think the majority of his memories are kind of taken away but i think he knows he did something and he brought this letter back for bruce you it's know, weird, the though. The, the problem is, is yeah, you, if you say that 
it's weird. Like when he came back, he jumped into his body that was already in the new 52 going. Uh, then it makes more sense to me. And then maybe stuff because obviously it can't be at the very beginning. Maybe it's during the missing year. I, I don't know because he knows Bruce then. He comes back, goes right to give him oh, the letter. It's, it's in that five years later kind of thing. It's not right at yeah. the beginning of the New 52 yeah, kind of thing. So the 10 years have already been taken out yeah, as he it's, comes back. It's weird to have that where that's where that happens. You know what I mean? He puts the timeline back together. He wakes up at his desk at where he's working and, you know, and then he goes and takes the letter right to Batman and it just, it's weird. I don't I'm telling you, it makes my head hurt thinking about this. This has come up a bunch of times. Uh, I've talked to a bunch of people about it. Uh, uh, got Chris from the uh, DC Squadcast and me were talking about this on Twitter, uh, direct messaging with each other, and I couldn't come up with real explanation that makes tons of sense. And me and you talked about it. And again, you kind of nothing really can be nothing fits in great. You know what yeah. I mean? You can kind of guess or go where you're going with it but yeah it doesn't make much sense but that's a shame too it's a shame eric but yeah even the letter what's weird is too because barry coming with the letter and him giving it to batman that's a solid memory then and what and what so here's the thing whether or not you say to me or anybody like oh you know while barry's there because barry says to bruce then hey i still remember things from this other timeline and bruce says you know what treat it as a gift well everything that bruce says then he has to remember you're not he can't forget talking to barry about that barry should remember at least talking to bruce about that so i hope that when the because of reverse flash saying you know hey you know thomas wayne killed me in flashpoint which is weird for him to even call it flashpoint too i thought that was a little off uh because why would they have named that as a specific thing. That's even, just so everybody knows what's talking. Know, There's no I reason know. for it just, reverse it, flash. It throws, yeah, it throws me off when they do that. That happened in Justice League when uh, Molly said, hey, yeah. I even saw you in Flashpoint. I'm like, why would they put a name to that? It's just the regular deal. Um, but I hope that they address it immediately in this button story. And I know that a lot of people, you know, oh, the button, it's all about Watchmen, all about Watchmen. I think it's now with what happened at the end of Flash, it's also going to be more to me about this. That's what it's and like. blue and and what they remember and what they don't remember and we'll see it'd be fucked up if we find out these 10 years even when they do remember that the watchmen were in the universe already who knows what they're gonna say but he goes on then side note jim uh, oh wait wait yeah he says side note jim i didn't yet finish the second new 52 episode you had so if you get into detail on episode two just skip the question no i i didn't go into that because it makes my head hurt hmm. and also i uh if you do like the idea of uh flashpoint or whatever and you, you I went directly from the main story trade. There are a lot of tie-ins as well. And Reggie actually made the outline for me for it and listed all of the tie-ins. I didn't want to confuse people because there are so many. But yeah, even that that has some cool things too if you wanted to check that out. But uh, a second. In Justice League War, Hal calls up Barry to help him and Batman restrain Superman. He mentions that he and Barry took on Gorilla Grodd at one point. Has this story ever been explored in the new 52? Because that freaking sounds like an awesome showdown. No, no. it wasn't. That was just a throw. And I, we said when we go and do this, we actually haven't recorded it yet. We're recording it tomorrow. Uh, but obviously when this goes up, that will already be up. Uh, there are a lot of wink, wink, and nod, nods, and nudge, nudges that uh, 
that Jeff Johns puts in. And I think that what he was going with with that sort of thing, almost like a Star Wars uh, type thing where they talk about Star Wars was so great because it was already a universe that, you know, you didn't just go in and it seemed like something was happening just starting. Everything had some history and stuff to it. That's that's all he was doing with. But it does sound pretty cool. Uh, Number three, something that bothers me. In Just League War, we see Wonder Woman as this confident, adventurous, sword-happy warrior. Now this is supposedly around the same time as the year one arc that Greg Ruck is writing now, and he's he's completely right on that. It really is. I could be wrong here. Please correct me if it isn't. We're complaining about this the whole. Yeah, we were talking about this all week about this. Uh, But don't you notice a huge difference between the Diana in Just League War and the one in Ruck is year one series? Yes, Yes. she seems a tad. How should we say? timid in Rucka's story compared to what we saw more. And yeah, I said to you right away before you even went back to read it, I said, the big thing, the big line that you take away really from that whole trait of Wonder Woman is the line when they say she goes into battle with her sword drawn smiling. Like yeah. she has a smile on her face when, and it doesn't lead up. And she this seems is where, bloodthirsty right yeah. off the bat for fucking And this Justice is League. the problem. This is the big problem that I have not with the Justice League trade or and it's Greg Rucka because all he has to say is, "Yep, that was a lie. Yeah, nah, she she really wasn't like that or whatever." And it doesn't make sense as opposed to everybody else. Uh, the thing is, though, Wonder Woman, yeah, Wonder Woman's bloodthirsty and everybody's afraid of her. Fucking Aquaman is kick ass, Eric. So <laughs> right good. And it's go. funny too because you had that book, and then it was Jeff Johns also writing the Aquaman. So I really do think that he's writing that with like knowing what people are going to get and how much they were going to love that Aquaman. But uh, they are younger and brasher. We have a lot when we talk about it. I won't say too many things that we're going to talk about. Me and you both had a lot of problems with Superman. Yeah. But uh, just a quick comment on this point. As much as I like Simon and Jessica, the team is a lot more dynamic and fun with Hal being the Green Lantern on the Just League roster. What do you guys think? I, agree. I like Hal. Yeah. I, we never really got is, a lot of Hal Jordan being on the Just League book because, really, you know, yeah. we, we had that five year gap that we felt like I think we picked back up with like the regular timeline of the rest of the books mm-hmm. after issue 12 or at issue 12. And that's not a lot of issues to feature, you know, how Jordan has the green line of the no. Justice League. After that, he was gone. Yeah, he was gone. And uh, that's the thing. To me, this this uh, trade and then the next six issues, like you said, that's all you're going to get. So, yeah, you, the New 52 was really – it did not have Hal as a, a Justice Leaguer for very long. And it, I like it. I do so like do I. it, but I'll never find just an opinion, but the Superman-Wonder Woman relationship that is teased in Justice League War made a lot more sense than the Batman-Wonder Woman relationship many people claim is what's supposed to be. To me, women like Selina Kyle or Talia seem to be a better fit for Bruce Wayne's personality rather than an Amazonian princess, but that's just me. That's it for this week. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the Titans and Batgirl annuals. And yeah, I... I really liked Superman Wonder Woman. A lot of people didn't, but I did like that book. I liked the whole idea, and I liked the fact that when they were writing it, when Tomasi started and, and was doing it, I liked that Wonder Woman wore the pants in the relationship, too. She kind of <laughs> was telling Superman what to do, and I, I, I did like it. That's what Jimmy yeah. Boy likes. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I like, Jimmy Boy. I, I do like uh, Batman with Selena, though. I do like that. Talia, yeah. 
she she's just using them for a sperm error. Yeah, who, the next, like every girl I know. Yeah, yeah. The next email is from Brandon, actually the last of the segment. He says, sup, fellas, news and notes. Wrong turn in the allergic to oranges saga. There's some grumpy old bitch at my work, different from the new Meowers, who's the young crazy bitch that swears she's allergic to oranges. And so allergic that the smell can set her off. Bullshit. I'm convinced she doesn't like the smell of oranges, so makes a big deal about it to ruin it for everyone else who enjoys them. She says, yes, she's one of those people. While I have little actual scientific proof to back this theory up, during my teaching experiences, oranges were something that has never uh, broached as a no-no in the classroom, like peanut-related products and the other related things small groups of people demonized to ruin for the masses, which in turn the bosses would then make us sit in endless meetings over yearly. Anyway, long story short... This is why I wear headphones all day at work. That is uh, the nonsense I deal with. I have to overhear people discussing what I am not, uh, what I am, and am not allowed to eat around these psychos. That's and yeah, the the freaking wrong turns girlfriend or girl. She's allergic to the color orange. She yeah, can't anything orange. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. I don't even yeah, know if you can say orange around her. Yeah, I don't think you can. You better not. She'll die, he told me. He told me if she sees the color orange, she will die. And then he went back on it, but that's what he said. God damn it, Jim, I heard the Scott Norwood jab last week. Every time I hear that name, I flash back to being nine years old and truly learning for the first time what disappointment was. This coming from a young man from a broken home. And yet football is what officially broke me in my heart for the first time. In other news, I know I have issues, and I lack any sort of real human emotions. I'm going to mention Frank Reich in one of my reviews this week on the site so that uh, Brandon knows what I'm talking about. He has a smile on his face right now, and that might make up for the Scott Norwood. Uh, what do you think of that, Eric? You like that? Sure. little Frank I, I, Reich. I, have no I also, idea. in the same review, mentioned Jamarcus Russell. It's a, a review that I'm just throwing names out there. Next part of his email, he says, Mom, I'm sorry, what can I say? These are some comic book-hating, cousin-banging motherfuckers. In all honesty, kudos to them. Who knew they were capable of achieving a level of cheating on par with any North Korean election in recent memory? If they could have figured out a way, they would have changed all the votes you guys are getting over to their side and then swore up and down. What? Who? Me? Yeah, you. Cheating bitches. Reason two, these dudes suck. Uh, one of them thought he was a Twitter tough guy, the one with season one Seinfeld George Costanza hairdo. He was the one who had chirped back and had a go-to line, which was something in different variations to everyone. Dude, you like sports. Ha ha. What a goddamn tool. I hope someone beats him down with Eric's bathroom cabinet dildo. Eric doesn't want that dildo there. You can do whatever you want with that. Eric was telling me this week that his hairline was not receding at all. It was not, not receding. I don't it's know. It's luxurious. That hairline's retreating faster than a Frenchman in war. Eric, Dude, I had one just, other yeah, note. That's why you wear a hat all day. <laughs> Mine's fine. I'm an older man, too. Fine. I had one other note that got me all fired up this week about George Clooney and fatherhood, but I'd rather rant about, oh yeah, I barely read any current titles dropped this week. However, I did grab a couple. JL of A. What the fuck am I reading about? God damn it, Steve Orlando. Are you telling me Batman's solution is someone taking over multiple countries in Eastern Europe, I guess, over the course of 24 hours is to let the citizens fight the coming up battle? Then this goddamn shield comes from the clouds to end the issue with no appearance since Rebirth Art Seeds. I don't know what I'm reading, but it's not a story I'll keep following much longer. The Spaniard has struck again. 
<laughs> Don't go with that. Titans. Although I didn't hate this issue, it was literally a whole bunch of nothing, but did bring a skip to my loo number two. It, whoop, 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 whoop. It's like a gift that keeps on giving once a year. You never know when uh, it'll pop up, but it will. Keep your eyes open. Uh, slow week next week for me, too, so I might indulge in some hated comic material. All-Star Batman and Robin, pray for me. And he says, I beam your 3660. And we're going to go off to the Marvel Minute, which I believe is both X-Men Prime number one, right? Right. I think. And Exo Manowar. They're going to do a double shot because we don't have a lot of books. And they, I'm telling you, they tried to they tried to cheat and get that Exo Manowar last yeah, week. And, and nobody went with it, so they're going to throw it in this week. Well, yeah, we're going to go off to them and see what they have to say about it. All right, how we doing, Weird Science? This is Brandon and Trevitt coming at you guys with this week's Marvel Minute. As suggested by you, uh, we're going to be covering X-Men Prime uh, number one. So how we doing this week, Trevitt? Pretty good. Pretty good. All right. Well, we got, we got a hell of a team to get through here. Uh, we got a little blurb. Uh, we'll talk about what books this sets up, and then, and then we'll spit the bit about uh, what happened within the pages of X-Men Prime number one here, uh, which is written by Mark Guggenheim, Greg Pock, and Cullen Bunn. Uh, we got art by Ken Lashley, Irburn Robertson, Leonard Kirk, and Guillermo Ortego, and then color artists of Mary Howell, Frank Diamarda, and Michael Garland. Uh, so our blurb here is, finally the X-Men are returning to Earth, learning a valuable lesson while they were away. You should always try to talk things out first, especially before trying to destroy a giant inhuman-related cloud uh, in life. So let's see if life for the X-Men has improved any at all in the Marvel line rebirth for the crew uh, in X-Men Prime number one. Uh, so basically this bad boy, this, this rebirth-type issue for Marvel sets up X-Men Blue, X-Men Gold, uh, the Weapon X series, and then... Later books coming down the line of Generation X, Jean Grey, Cable, and Iceman. Uh, Iceman. Iceman. Yeah. Ice uh, Man. But this book doesn't really set up that second batch of books too much at all, uh, if you no. ask me. It really just sets up that those first three, Blue, Gold, and Weapon X. Not at all, actually, with the exception of um, the nod. It was like a nod to Generation X when she runs into Jubilee. Like, that's it, because Jubilee yeah. is going to be the head, like, the main figure in uh, Generation X. But that's all, like a nod. Yeah, hey, yeah it was like, like hey, literally Jubilee. one page. <laughs> I can't believe Jubilee's mom. End scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that part, because I have a few questions about uh, Jubilee and her child. But uh, anyway, uh, as we get into this story here, we open the book, uh, and we immediately see Kitty Pride in, in a ballet uniform. Um, and her giving probably some uh, inner monologue to us, basically letting letting us know her mindset, uh, which is that she's finished with Star-Lord. They're not dating anymore. She's done with the team up with the Guardians, uh, and she's back on Earth basically looking for a purpose, kind of. Uh, we, we turn that first page, 
and we and we get a probably my favorite page of the issue, which is a Storm basically coming through the window and and introducing reintroducing herself to Kitty. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It looked great too. Yeah, that, that that's what I said. It's my favorite favorite looking page of the uh, the issue by far. Um, anyway, uh, those two old friends they end up going to you know a bar slash cafe, uh, sitting down to a drink and kind of catching up with one another. And uh, Storm kind of fills her in on everything that's happened, basically through IVX, uh, the the previous series that led into this. And, um, you know, gives her the rundown of the cloud situation and and basically drops a bombshell, lets Kitty know she's she's going to probably be leaving. Well, not probably. She wants to leave the X-Men because she feels like she's, she's let them down. And that's funny, right? Because um, back to, uh, like, she's explaining to Kitty what went on during IVX, but Kitty was hanging around with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they've been stranded since Civil War, so she she, she must know what, like, she didn't get involved, like, isn't that kind of odd? Yeah, she, well, I, they even don't even really mention that the Guardians were fucking stranded here at all, they just, they essentially say I was in space and, and kind of, like, ignored the problem, you know, yeah. they don't even, they don't even bring that up, um, and then that's, like, the first of a few, just, like, issues with this book of like kind of just ignoring recent events and resetting the stage uh, for, for where they really want everybody to be. Uh, so, you know, I guess you could give or take uh, that for what it is. Yeah. But they choose the parts that they want to keep. Like, yeah. And, and it's a little, little weird. They just don't even mention. Yeah. It's a little weird. <clears throat> uh, anyway, we, we end that conversation kind of on a, a mini cliffhanger, which we'll pick up later, but, because Storm mentions again that she wants to leave the X-Men and, and Kitty is kind of give, gives her the shocked face. And then uh, we're jumping into events with Lady Get Deathstrike here um, and, and some <clears throat> setup for the upcoming Weapon X book, which she'll be featured in. Um, so, so she's coming over on a ship, basically coming back to America, uh, <sighs> smuggling, hitting, hiding herself, uh, amongst a group of people being smuggled over because uh, she can't get in through legal means, obviously. Because she's on metal. <laughs> uh, and these people are a bunch of scumbags. Not the people smuggle being smuggled over, but the people doing the smuggling. Um, they they like smack kind of a, a little teenage looking ish girl. Yeah, I, I got the feeling that they were going in for some rape right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy comes in and grabs this little girl and he's like uh some of you haven't paid up yet which i'm figuring like he's gonna make them pay by uh you know yeah i think they days. haven't paid their 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 cost or their due for being smuggled so he's gonna take it through other means and that that pisses lady Deathstrike off and she lashes out killing a bunch of scumbags <laughs> It's a funny moment for this to happen too. Like they go from Madripoor to uh, what New York City, and they're almost New York City. It was probably like a week or two weeks long trip and boat. And he just now, like some of someone's got raped before this. You just know it. That's not funny, but yeah, like yeah, this is the point. She's fed up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, like rape number eighteen is enough. I'm gonna that's kill enough. everybody now. This guy's dead um, now. I watched him rape too many women. <laughs> Yeah. And anyway, the, the last time I remember seeing Lady Deathstrike, it was in uh, an Old Man Logan story 
So I don't know if she's like coming to America straight from that story. Have I missed any other story she's been featured in? No, Have I've seen read her in every, anything else. I haven't seen her in anything else. And Old Man Logan's probably the only title that I've, I've not caught up on. So uh, okay, yeah. Well, that's the le- that's the last time yeah. I've seen her. So I guess she's coming back from. Uh, see, I don't remember if that Old Man Logan story was in the present or not because that story keeps going all over the place, and I'm a little confused right now. All right, so it jumps through like time and stuff. Yeah, it, well, lately it has been. Um, but where, what, where, where were they last? Because I have no clue where she came from at all. <laughs> Logan was in Japan, uh, and and he arrived to Japan and saw basically like um, you know something from his time that he was trying to stop from happening, and Lady Deathstrike was over there too. Ended up helping him out. Basically, my point of mentioning all that is she's essentially become like an anti-hero as of late. Uh, she's not really a straight out villain anymore. You know, um, she's, she's kind of taken Emma's spot on, on the X-Men team. Um, as far as like being associated with them, since Emma's kind of gone full villain again, yeah, yeah, Lady yeah. Deathstrike has kind of replaced, uh, even though it wasn't vacant very long, uh, she's not kind of been acting lately as, uh, you know, kind of more anti-hero than straight-up villain. That's cool, though. She's a cool character, you know. Yeah, I don't hate her. She's, you know, one of the, the reasons. As we move on and turn the page here, oh, we're jumping all over the place. I'm not really following the notes. Uh, but, but you know, after she kills all the scumbags on the boat, she jumps off. Um, she she gets ashore to America, and there's, like, some, some Hillary Clinton-looking lady in a white pantsuit uh, standing there waiting for Lady Deathstrike. Um, they they exchange a few words, and Lady Deathstrike basically looks like she flat out kills her. She stabs her through the chest, and That's then pretty dope too. She just goes right through yeah. the water. <laughs> See, I don't know who this chick is. I think it's personally Mystique. No, I don't either. I saw Mystique. Um, where the hell did? No, never mind. I was reading a different book from a different time period, and I'm, I'm melding that memory into current stories. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, any, anyway, I think that this unnamed lady, it could be somebody I'm not familiar with in a book I haven't read, but I haven't but seen she, her lately. She healed quick. You know? Yeah, like, well, that, I think Mystique has a healing factor. Am I not? Am I wrong? I don't know. Maybe she does. That would make sense, just like the whole nature of her powers. I don't think she ages at all, actually. So she she would have to have some kind of regenerative capability. Yeah. Um, really... I don't I, I'm not really I don't like Mystique a lot, so I don't really pay much attention to her. When she shows up, she she's I don't know. Whatever. Let let's <laughs> we're so scattered here today. This is so random. My brain's just like going everywhere, and I think that's mostly because that, that's the way this issue is set up. It just jumps around oh, yeah. and Anyway, Lady Deathstrike celebrating the death of this random lady we think is Mystique <laughs> that looks like Hillary Clinton in a white pantsuit. She does uh, celebrate it too. Ends up getting hit in hit with a missile that comes out of nowhere, and as this lady gets up off the ground, you know she obviously is up has some sort of mutant power or healing factor, and she basically they're kidnapping Lady Deathstrike who's unconscious from this missile strike. And taking her off somewhere, essentially setting up the Weapon X book. I think this might be the best part 
of this issue because it's really interesting. It makes me want to know what's going on and excited for more. And the art is really clean and sharp. You know, like the lines yeah. are, are great. Yeah, uh, th this is the Greg Pak portion of things, I think, if you ask me. Uh, I agree. It does probably the best job of giving you a direction of kind of where that book is headed. And um, I don't know, the characters, they kind of spotlight at the end, you know, even though goddamn Old Man Logan's in every fucking X-Men book coming out. <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of like the most random and cool. The coolest looking team full of wild cards. You know, you don't know what's going to really happen. No, it's an awesome you know, team. It, it doesn't look like it'll be a paint-by-numbers X-Men book. And, and you know, personally, it's after reading this and then finishing this story, that's the book out of the three coming out right away, Blue, Gold, and Weapon X, that I'm most interested in going forward. Yeah, same for the most part. I, I'm, I'm a little interested in um, friggin' Jean Grey and... Uh... Well, Jean Grey and Cable. I'm a little interested in Cable too. Yeah, those are the solos. Um, you know, back back into this story, we end the Lady Deathstrike fiasco, uh, which was actually pretty interesting. I don't want to make it sound like it was a bad thing. Um, that was cool. And I, but, I like uh, the character, these character designs at the end of like the whole yeah. entire Weapon X team. That was dope. Um, you know, when we move on from there, though, we we join back up with Storm and Kitty who arrive in X-Haven, which is the X-Mansion in Limbo. Um, and, and basically this section of the book is Kitty becoming reacquainted with her old teammates and, and her old exes like Colossus. Um, and yeah, then this is where it slows back down and gets a little boring, you know? Yeah, it uh, does. It's kind of a bummer coming out of that cool Weapon X stuff. I know. And then this is the other problem here I have with this section is you know, not necessarily her going through getting reacquainted with everybody, but nobody's supposed to be here right now. Like at the end of Extraordinary X-Men 20, they zapped everybody out of X-Haven and the only people left were like the original group of X-Men that the uh, Extraordinary books followed. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, they got like random kids running around the mansion and shit still that. This book is should be taking place after all the other X-Men series have ended, and it's not following like any of those plot threads kind of and how those books ended. You know what I'm saying? Did I say that um, right? <laughs> I I didn't I never read all new X-Men, so I can't speak for that book. But um Extraordinary X-Men, you know, that ended just like with Storm at the mansion. It was like a basic like it was kind of flat. It, it, it ended. Flat. It ended with the baseball game. But my my point of yeah, the baseball that game. little rant was nice little that that moment. entire issue revolved around them getting all the kids that they had out of fucking X Haven. That everybody was teleported out of there. Did they and clear out? I thought everybody came back. No, they oh, cleared they everybody out of there. And there's everybody wandering around here, even including kids and shit. At this point in time, uh, I, I thought I remember them coming. Like she. They had them away, and then they that's came. That's why back. they. That's why they played the baseball game at the end. They were the only ones left there. Oh, that's right. Like to old do that. Like old times. Yeah, like just celebrating being together again. I don't know. I, I never was too like crazy over that book. Like when like when I read it, it, it it's never anything that I I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like Lemire just seemed kind of like middle of the road on that. Just I know. I'm just it. saying, like this this X Men Prime book doesn't like the conti the continuity in it just doesn't pick up from where we've left off in the other books. It, it, it no, basically is, 
establishing its own points it wants to. This is uh, after the events. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. It, it's a weird. This that that this book's weird. So basically, anyway. after Extraordinary X Men, they get all their students back, and to Earth, like they're not in limbo. There should be nobody in limbo right now, and, and everybody's and, in limbo throughout the. Season. Yeah, limbo. and they all settle in like they're gonna be there for a while now, and and then Storm decides, well, I'm gonna leave. Let me go like get Kitty out of the blue. And see if she wants to take my job here, even though no one here has seen her in a long time. So, like, <laughs> uh, the, the, yeah, this book just makes no sense. From what any, everything I've read, all the goddamn X Men books, I've read Death of X, I've read IVX, I've read Extraordinary uh, X Men. You know, I haven't paid attention to the young kids, uh, but I heard that book ended on a shit show. Um, but yeah, what I'm saying, this book is supposed to be. Wrapping up all those threads that they just finished in those books that wrapped up and then showing you what it leads to. And I don't think it does a good job of either of those two things it's trying to bridge. Uh, because as we go through, you know, Kitty's, again, Kitty's walking through the mansion, running into different people that That's shouldn't be in the goddamn Jubilee. mansion. Yeah, yeah, she runs into like, Jubilee. Why did they little leave everybody? You know, it's just, it's just dumb. Um, Little kids playing basketball outside. Mutants I've never seen before in any of the X Men books, like any of the issues I've read. You know, they're just like random kids, like nobody of significance. Yeah, the, it's then she goes to the danger room, which is like a, a big, large portion of the ending of this book, and it's a, it's another stupid issue I ha have problems <laughs> with because these are well, we don't know right away, but the kids are basically fighting in the danger room, all the young X-Men, the original five or whatever you want to call them. And uh, Kitty ends up running into the control room seeing that they don't have a spotter. So she's all, you know, pissed off that they're they're basically being reckless. Uh, they're and all that's, going on about what they're going to be doing next, like who's going to be leading and nonsense like that. Like all the setup. This is all the setup for X-Men Blue, even though like, Oof, yeah, it's not yeah, that but, great. Well, here's the problem is that these are, we find out these are all holograms. So they've been yeah, having an important. ongoing running conversation <laughs> with dialogue that they don't know what, how it's going or where it ends. And this has all been a computer program. Like, yeah, I think we what, find out. That's, well, that's I think what they did shit. was they, they did a session, like a long session in the, the danger room and then put it on repeat. So anybody who walked in at any time was like, oh, who's in here? And they would see them doing what they were doing. Maybe they wouldn't stay the whole time and walk out, like hoping yeah. that nobody would try to like ask them a question or interact. And they, they also left the entire conversation for them to listen to over and over again to, to provide them hints of where they're going. Yeah. It's just a very stupid way to set up. I'm, the the all-new X-Men are not in the building. They have been stuck away. And... This is a computer program basically uh, monologuing to anybody who walks in the room to telling them that. And it just keeps looping. Gene's yeah. <laughs> taken over. They don't they want to find their own place in the world, basically. They don't feel like they belong at the at the, the school. And somehow, some way, uh between this and the first issue of X-Men Blue, Magneto is going to be leading this team. So yeah. I, I don't know how that's gonna happen. Because like the what what we saw Magneto leave off on, and in between that and X Men Blue, and he wasn't even mentioned in Prime. It's just I don't know. Yeah, don't know it's, about that. like they didn't do a good job of setting up that premise. You know what I'm saying? No, like no. the way to get you interested in that book would be to set up that Magneto is either like 
going to deal with these kids or recruit these kids. Like that premise that what, what they showed you in this book doesn't, uh, you know, make it any different from what they were doing in the previous all new X-Men book. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 It just makes it look like the kids are going off on their goddamn own again. That's what they've been doing for the last fucking year anyway. The only difference is there'll be no Kitty Pride like there was in the original all-new X-Men book, and there'll be no Laura like there was in the original one and the last one. So it'll just be the Time Displaced Teamed. That's it, led by Magneto. So like they're going to try to make it like a self-contained X-Men story, which is weird. Like X-Men uh, away from the X-Men on their own. You know, and then the 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 last part I had a problem with in this scene was they basically fuck up uh, established continuity by stating that these kids are not from the same timeline oh, yeah. as as the current team of X Men, which is uh, something that they made perfectly clear in Battle of the Atom uh, when young Cyclops was dying, old Cyclops was going all. Uh, he was disappearing back to the future style um, until the healer, the mutant healer came over and, and basically fixed young Cyclops to, to keep old Cyclops around. Elixir, you know? right? It was Elixir. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they're basically going back on, you know, a story that's not even two years old. Uh, <laughs> and I think they're going to probably explain it away as, oh, Secret Wars happened, you know, so... It fucked up and the timelines. I don't, I don't know. Well, I think this is an this is a new universe from scratch, right? Because after Secret Wars, everybody died, and and they start. It was ba this is basically like the new Fifty Two for Marvel. Kind of, but yeah. not really, because they haven't said that. Because they blend. It's they didn't say it. Called well, a different Earth because the the Earth that died prior to Secret Wars that exploded, yeah. but they that was reformed that, right? was Earth Six One Six. Like. They, and then Secret Wars ended, and and Reed created Earth again, and it's it's supposedly called Earth Prime. So it's but, but nothing has changed. All the continuity. <laughs> all, yeah, they're all the same. Me, yeah. There was nothing that that. But they're all new, and and certain things are different. Like Miles is in this universe and has been in this universe. So that whole thing from well, Spider-Man never the only happened. Difference. The only difference yeah. is that there's ultimate. The ultimate universe was collapsed into the regular universe, which changed the ultimate universes. Uh, basically, it changed the ultimate universe. It didn't change the 616 The 616, universe. yeah, yeah. So that, that's, well, the only way it did was because the alternate people are there now and their histories are apart. Yeah, so but other than that, the 616 is the same. Yeah, they're using kind of like, you know, the ultimate universe trick on new universe characters, which is stupid. Yeah. Um, well, we wrap, we wrap this up. Uh, with Kitty approaching Magic, and and they have a final talk, which basically convinces her and leads to Kitty to say that you know she's going to stick around, but only under the stipulation that Storm remains. Like she won't let Storm do what she stated she's going to do in the beginning of the issue, which is leave the team. Which kind of you know, so, be a member. Yeah, it, re it resolves the problem brought up in the beginning of this book. Um, and then we get a glimpse of uh, our cliffhangers. We get a glimpse of the new school and where it's going to be located, which is Central Park, Central New York City. <laughs> That's illegal, That's right? Like, <laughs> they must have got all the permits they needed from the... Uh, <laughs> 
you know, those, those environmental agencies, the government fucking is deregulating now that they, they probably don't care about where things are put anymore. So, <laughs> so they allowed the X-Men to build a new school in Central Park and ruin the only good thing the city has going for it. Maybe you know what? this felt like to me, like the Mark Guggenheim parts, like it just felt like it did feel kind of like a, like a CW TV show, like even the end of it, like it felt such like that, like. Because, you know, that's what he is. He's a TV guy. It just seems like a corny ending to a TV show. Like, oh, happy, happy. Like, we're all going to live in Central Park together now. And Kitty's home to save everybody. Ugh. Yeah. So uh, that that's the end of this issue is, you know, a, a giant setup uh, for the books coming out um, with with a bunch of, I don't know if you want to call them heirs or not. Uh, but that's what I feel like they are. But I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, no, they are. The writers just took what they wanted and, and you know, if there was a detail that didn't fit into what they wanted to do, they just like let it let it in the wind, you know, they didn't give a shit. Um the the final thing I wanted to mention, like Jubilee used to be a vampire and she was a vampire uh even in a few issues uh published a month ago in Old Man Logan. Um so I don't know what the fuck's going on with Jubilee's vampire disease she has uh i didn't know that she was a vampire so they they didn't help you out determine any of that uh you know she was an old man logan then do you know why she has a kid like i have no clue why she has a kid yeah her her having a kid was in um it was just a book titled x-men of a team of all women Mm. Uh, it was it was published during the bendis run uh i stayed away from that yeah, but that's where like you can find out all about that Jubilee stuff that went down that that book. Um, anyway, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, you guys know how we do things. We tell you to buy it, to borrow it, or to forget it all together. Uh, Travit man, you can go first this weekend. What'd you think? All right, it's a borrow. Like um, I kind of like there were a lot of parts of it that I liked, but uh, overall. You know, I had a lot of errors, and it was just inconsistent. I think maybe because it was done by a few different writers, and, and not all of their visions were the same. I, I liked the art for the most part. Ken Lashley did a pretty good job. He had like this like this kind of 90s style, it looked like, especially with the coloring and how it kind of looked a little like, weird and, and glossy at times. And uh, I liked the Weapon X art. I, I don't know who did that, but that was pretty great. But yeah, this this is a borrow. It's I just want to get to the X books that are coming out. I, I don't even kind of think this was necessary. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you there. Uh, it wasn't really necessary. I mean, here here's before I I go off on a rant and and kind of rail on things a little bit. I'm gonna say like I like the characters that they've chosen to spotlight. You know, I I like the yeah. You know, I like the Kitty Pride and the classic X-Men. You know, um, I like that they separate the the kids from the past and they get them out of the goddamn books. That if you want to follow the kids, like here's the book the kids are in. And if you don't want to deal with them, you don't have to deal with them. I like that because I can't stand the kids from the past being in the present. The more um, I read it, the more I didn't. Like, I liked it a little at first, and then when I read it the second time, I liked it even less. And then when I was, like, looking at pages and reading them, I was like, oh, you know what? It's not as great as I first thought it was. Yeah. Like, like I'm so tired of, of the kids from the past being in the present. They need to get rid of them. That's a stupid Bendis idea that has gone on for, for way too long. 
I just want um, regular Cyclops back. Like, just bring him back and Wolverine and, like, you know, I just... Yeah, we'll see what happens with all that. Uh, you know, so this issue, aside from the characters they're spotlighting, was just kind of boring to me. It was very obviously set up heavy. But a, a boring comic book is a crime that shouldn't be committed for four ninety nine. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got you got to give me something to keep me interested besides uh, three pages uh, that really kind of grabbed my attention for the Weapon X book coming out. Um, yeah, I'm really interested in that. You know, other than that, I'm going to pass on blue and gold just because this didn't really grab my attention. There's, there's rumors of, a another Marvel reboot coming in the, the very near future. So I don't understand. Reboot. Yeah. I don't understand the goddamn point of, of rebooting the X-Men only to then reboot the entire universe in, in a few months, because then they're going to reboot the X-Men again. So I'm having a hard well, time. Do you, do you think they're going to do that? Or, yeah, or you I, think that'll just stay the same? Gonna no, they're going to do that. They claim it's uh, not because they can get like, two number one issues. They claim that, that's why like, they're going to do it. It's going to be what like DC did, like a meat and potatoes relaunch. That's not like uh, like a start over, but like you know, kind of like what Rebirth did. They take the stories and they just move forth with them, but in a totally different direction. And that's also what All New All Different was, and it didn't happen. So you know, I don't <laughs> believe anything they they fucking say right now, dude. I don't. I don't like, believe. They, and and th at this point, you know, I've been following Marvel for too long to to fall for any sort of marketing hype. You know, I'm not like I'm not going to buy the new event. I'm not going to buy this quote unquote new X Men stuff, with the exception of the Weapon X book right now, because all it feels like is an X Men event to me that will then lead into another goddamn books. reboot in <laughs> yeah. months. You know, so I'm just. That's where I'm at, and to be honest with you, I really kind of thought this was a borrow before I talked about it with you, and now I would just rather forget it altogether because this book was boring. I fell asleep twice while reading it, and I liked <laughs> three pages of the comic book story. I loved, I loved the art all the way through. You know, Everyone art-wise did a great job, but I like Greg Pak's story in this book, and I, I don't like the great. other two. That's it. That That's great. where Greg I'm at. Greg was the best part. He was the best you know. part of the whole entire thing. So um, maybe that's why they're double shipping because by the time this meat and potatoes relaunch happens, we will have twelve issues of X Men Blue, X Men yeah. Gold because they're double shipping all the way down. So yeah, and they're also getting sucked into fucking Secret Empire, which I have no interest in. You know, so that they need to I drop that know. price if they're going to be double shipping. Like I know it's a five dollar first issue and four dollars afterwards, but even four dollars double shipping four dollars like that's balls, dude. Balls. Yeah. 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 So the they're also double shipping all these books. So so you have that to look forward to, and oh, there's no price on. drop. So you know, come on, Marvel, get your shit together. We like yeah. your books and we like your characters. We want to like what you do, but I you don't don't make it easy. Your characters are ingrained in my DNA. I was raised on you by like my older my older brother. Like I was raised on these characters, and it it just hurts. <laughs> like, yeah. Not, they're not doing personally. a good job. I got yeah. a bunch of idiots running things lately. Uh, anyway, that's it for us this week, guys. Uh, we will have our poll up for next week, up tomorrow. I uh, usually put it up uh, somewhere between 7 and 9 p.m. when I'm doing the DJ uh, stuff on Mixler for Juice and Jams Mondays. Um, if you're looking for us or you have a suggestion, you want to see it on the poll, you can always find us on Twitter. Uh, I'm at bmer. 3660. Where can they find you at, uh, Trevitt? 
I'm on Twitter at Afronaddict and on Instagram at Travitz Comics. All right. So, again, you're looking for us. You got any suggestions you want to see on the poll um, or you want to wait till it's up and you want to vote, that's where you'll find it. Um, in the meantime, we will talk to you guys next week. Party is over on this end. Uh, we're out. That is. That is Reggie. Oh, oh Ghost, yeah. Ghost. Yeah. Are you there, Mrs. Garrett? How you doing? I'm fine, Reggie. Oh, How are you? You don't have sound you fine. Seen... You sound very animated. Have you seen two? I'm, I'm not certain. I'm not certain if Mrs. Garrett is dead or not, but if she is, she's back, baby. Oh, she's back. Oh, Ooh. Reggie, have you seen Tootie and Blair? Blair, dead, right? Have you seen Blair's cousin Jerry? She's not drunk. (laughs) She actually has CP. (laughs) Don't you talk about me. (laughs) Where's Blair? Where's Blair? Blair, Blair. Ah, uh, yes. She was, <laughs> she was hysterical because we uh, were laughing. Oh, yeah. She, she was so funny. Every jo- <laughs> You know that uh, we have discussed this on the podcast before. She actually quit. She quit the show because she got so goddamn sick and tired of every episode she was on being a very special episode about her having <laughs> CP that she's like, fuck this. I'm out. And, you know, so then her career took off. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Girls! <laughs> Non-stop on Jerry, whatever the hell over uh, you, you see what happens? Uh, annual week comes about, and first off, I go through a wave of emotions during annual week. First, I want to kill myself. Then I want to kill myself, and then I want to fucking kill myself. But it leads to a podcast that we could kind of joke around and do a little Mrs. Garrett. I think the last time we had an annual week, Reggie, I think me and you did it together. Uh, Eric was out and about. He had to go do oh, yeah. something. Look at that shit. I was out and about. I, I do believe that town. happened. And I believe that that week we had maybe the same amount of books that we do, maybe a little less because these it Hanna-Barbera like things. And it was still 10 hours. That's what I was going to get to. Uh, if, if, I have, if, if I have my druthers, this isn't going to be 10 hours tonight because – 
We're gonna we're gonna start with your books, Reggie, and really the rest of the books for the rest of the night are gonna be us. It's gonna be the three of us talking. Uh, because first off, Eric went through a wave of emotions this week as well. His emotions were, I'm not gonna fucking talk these Hanna Barbera books. Then he wasn't gonna talk the Hanna Barbera books, and then we kind of forced him into talking the Hanna Barbera books. I'm so angry books. right now. I'm telling you, yeah. I love talking about DC Comics. I love everything about these superheroes, the world they encompass. You add this fucking nonsense with cartoon characters I don't give a shit about. I, I want to kill somebody. This now, is not something – this is not what I signed up for. Yes. I said <laughs> we have not had a week off since the second week of the podcast. We have not had a week off. We really probably should have taken this week Oh, my off. God. This is the one week that we probably could have just fucking no said, hey, the, see you. you guys furious? This is, we got to get the mic in front of your see faces. See you right at away. 14. That's yeah. what I'd say. Girls! <laughs> I know my kids are fucking yelling downstairs. I'm being too loud, you know. They they don't know the, the fine piece of ass that was Mrs. Carrot. Oh, yeah. uh, but the the first two books that we're going to talk about in this little section, I think the rest of the sections are just going to have two books. Uh, this section actually, they're more legit. Once we get yeah. past these two books, then we get into the bullshit. Uh, because I'm telling you now, guys, if you haven't gone out and bought the Hanna-Barbera books and are waiting for us to tell you if they're worth oh, getting, yeah, don't, don't, get don't. Don't. No. This nonsense has to end. you you got to stand tall. <laughs> don't you, buy you Just wait thing. it out until Warner Brothers Nobody and DC acquires the filmation even, rights, and then we well, can have yeah. a proper tie. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, even so, while we go and, – and really, you had that first wave of Hanna-Barbera books. You had Future Quest. You had Scooby-Doo, All and those bullshit. are fine. You know, no, I know not. you don't think they're bullshit, but at least they're doing their thing. You know what I mean? You have Scooby. They change it. Scooby yeah, Apocalypse. Yeah. At whatever. Least they're not but it's trying still, to fuck around in the DC universe. It's still you know, doing it's your like, thing. Well, yeah, with this, with trying the weird thing about these. Now I'm doing this, and we're not even going to talk about them for you know quite a bit. But going into these, I came out of these books with the DC and the Hanna Barbera. I didn't get anything from either. Yeah, I mean, nope. if I'm a Flintstones fan uh, or a Booster Gold fan, I want to kill two people. Then uh, it just it was nonsense. So you're but, saying you're not happy about Jabba Joe's being introduced to the Aquaman comic? You know, I you like know, that. That, that. Do that, please. Do that. Do a little curly. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? Have Aquaman outrageous. See, there you go. I already got more laughs out of that than have the Harlem Globetrotters against the Justice League or something. I don't know. Fucking Frankenstein Jr., agent of shade. I said that on Twitter. Give me something. I'd myself. I'd be okay with that, yeah. Yeah. Captain Caveman and Captain Captain Adam. Ooh, and, the captain. Captain Carrot. Yeah, let's yeah. do all of them. Come on, have that. just have yeah. Fuck it. I'll put I Captain care. America in there. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, and uh, I said I don't know crazy. about you. <laughs> Come on. I didn't even fucking know that the banana splits were Hanna Barbera. I thought threw me off. I looked yeah, I don't into know. it, and they were they were Sid and Marty Croft, but it was like licensed by Hanna yeah. Barbera. All right, see that now everything makes sense. I'm like, this is a Sid and Marty Croft joke. We were talking about yeah. it all week. We had no idea what was yeah. going on. No, I knew that that's what it was. That's what it, it confused story, me though. Where is the uh, the Adam meets Doctor Shrinker? Where's Damn that, right. Reggie? That's what I want. Or what did you this say, Eric, thing? with the uh, Land of the Lost? Oh fuck! Was Land of the Lost and Booster Gold, or is it Land it, of the Lost and fucking something? Uh, Something yeah, else. Man, get some slee stacks in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, Especially the, yeah. the smart slee stack. Yeah. Superman in Lidsville. 
Superman and Lidsville. <laughs> I just how about Charles Damian Wayne and Chaka from Land of the Lost? How about that one? Chaka, me Chaka. I don't. God damn! I wish Chaka I could remember what I said like. with Land of the Lost because I yeah, did it was like pretty it. Good it was. Too. Yeah, it was. How about Swamp Thing and HR Puffin stuff? How about Land, that? Land of the Lost and Vandal Savage. That's what Maybe, it was. Yeah. That's what, what that? it was. Yeah, that's what you said, Vandal Savage. I'll just go with it. I, but I think that's what you said. It's fucking nonsense. It was nonsense. a long time but ago. I don't we're going to go into the, uh, your first two books, Reggie, that aren't nonsense. We have one that's a legit annual and another that's a book that I thought was long gone. <laughs> it yeah, seems to pop up. Even These... last week you were like, you got that. I was like, yeah, we'll see about that, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and even the the point where I read this and realized I didn't read the last issue. I don't even think we talked about the last issue on the podcast, though. It, it seems like we should have. we did. We, we did. Remember. Actually, this issue picks up from two. Okay. Harley because Bell, I don't remember it, Superman's it, it, it balls. And that's when it happened, Two, which yeah, was like remember. last September or something. Yeah. So I'm not too shocked. Nonsense. It doesn't matter. You know, it, it was. we'll get to that when we get to yeah, it. Yeah, well, let, let's anything. start off with your first book. That Of all of these in the next bunch of books, this one is kind of the most legitimate of the remainders, but yeah. go with it. This one had its problems, but it's all yeah. right. Batgirl yeah. Annual number 1, written by Hope Larson, Vida Ayala, art by Enaki Miranda, Eva de la Cruz, Eleonora Carlini, Matt Lopez. Can't seem to get my mind off of me. And nothing in Burnside comes for free. Now that I've returned, I should have learned. The produce in National City is so much better. When you looked at me, I should have ditched. But who could have known you'd be such a bitch? Your stupid pout, I could have done without. And breaking into Cadmus wasn't really that difficult. One week without you, the attitude (laughs) remains. Two weeks without you, and there's still red hair in my shower drain. Vacation chasing after villains. Vacation, let them get away. Vacation spent it looking at my phone. Vacation chasing after villains. Vacation, let them get away. Vacation should have just stayed at home. That's it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm starting to get the idea of uh, when I think it's going to end, and we still have two more verses. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> yes. Lots to say. Lots to lots to unpack here. You know what I mean? And this is a wonderful, dense vacation. story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I wish this was a staycation. Uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> this is basically a Supergirl Batgirl team up. And uh, Eric, again, Eric, you know, you and I, we were both, uh, you know, we, we wanted to be fans of the world's finest in New Fifty Two. Damn right. Remember? Never quite, never quite brought us there, but we loved the concept of it. I didn't stop buying the goddamn series. I'll tell you that because I'm like, next think, issue, it's got to get I, good. I think I, I think I might have crapped out, but close to the end. Like I, I was only a few issues left. I was like, enough already, you know. And I don't think I actually caught the the return back to Earth too. But you know, when I saw it, I mean, this is essentially the same type of thing, you know. And I oh, was yeah. hoping, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all for that. That'd be awesome to have a ladies' world's finest. Is something we wanted to get, and we didn't get it, did we? No, no, no we didn't. No. 
<laughs> they call this the world's finest. That's, I'm telling you, the worst part title. about this is, too, it's like you, you can say that this isn't exactly the freaking Supergirl that we've gotten in the Supergirl series now, because I don't like that series, but it's not the New 52 one that we knew. And if we had the New 52 Batgirl before Burnside and the New 52 Supergirl, it could have been more, like more fun in my mind. Yeah, the yeah. writing would still be terrible, but... Yeah. It would have been better in my mind because I don't like where Batgirl or Supergirl are right now as characters, and I just don't like seeing. Now we got them together. Like, this, this, it's like combining shit and shit. You got a fucking it shit is. sandwich. Ooh. Yeah, as I do like the art in this. Shit, right? I, I like, like Anaki Miranda's smoke. art. I, oh, I like oh, her, oh. and I I love her to be on the Supergirl book. Uh, but yeah, other than that, this too. And I mean, I think this is the uh, a pretty good representation of the rebirth. Supergirl. It's just yeah. I don't really like the Rebirth Supergirl. And Batgirl, again, is just, I don't know. She She's just very shallow and... She's so and, narcissistic all the yeah, time, you know? It's yeah, she really you. is. She really <laughs> is. And, and even that, I mean, it, it's not even fun like an annual should be. It, half the time in this story, I was just gritting my teeth and getting angry. Uh, but yeah, it but starts what, what off. What we got here, what we got in this issue is two complete stories. These are two, obviously, two inventory yeah, stories. Yeah. They either couldn't fit into the publishing scale, whatever it was. You know, especially the second story when we get to it is from like oh, you know, it's it, yeah. it, the flashback yeah. from like you know uh, pre current continuity. Yeah, it says so, takes place before know, Batgirl number one. So these yeah, are it, these are like you know must read for, the, almost, for anyone that's a fan of either character. You could you could blow by this if you really wanted to. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm telling you that that first the second story really seemed to me like something that was like uh you know hey write a little treatment up and we'll see if you got what it takes it yeah. really seemed like something odd but even the the first story that starts off the deal like i said i really like the art in the first story but it starts off with batgirl has gone to national city uh chasing red spur and he's doing some crazy environmental destruction and, and things like that. Well, out of yeah. nowhere, looks like he's super- setting up a weather vane. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing is, he's not—he's actually shutting down a weather vane. It's environmental, like monitoring equipment. He's just cutting the and goddamn wires. Yeah, okay, no one's says, monitoring this environment. Yeah, and she, uh, who knows what the hell's going on? But yeah, she goes there, and Supergirl shows up, snatches the poor guy's hat. The guy has a hat on because he fucking—he's bald. And she just puts it on, and also, they completely you never now... touch another man's hat. Yeah, That's a good, no. Rule. Don't ever touch a man's hat, look, folks. Look at that guy's knife. I don't even think Crocodile Dundee would say I that's not a knife. While he's standing there with this knife, Batgirl and Supergirl are just talking about nothing to each other and fucking, you know, hey, I'm a big fan of your work there, Beck. There's the guy there. And then he just, as they're going... Uh, he just leaves. He jumps off the building, and they, Supergirl says, hey, you want me to stop him? Because he's got, like, a, a fucking... Parachute. He's like parachute the, yeah, yeah, he's a parachute. He almost looks like Fan Man. He, he jumps <laughs> off. He's off he goes. Supergirl's like, hey, you want me to stop him? She can easily stop him and take him in, and Batgirl says, nah, I put a tracker on him. We'll deal with him tomorrow. Yeah. And this continues what we've been pissed off about with every book recently is that it almost – why have a villain if you're going to do this and make it not mean anything by just going, eh, he's not that important. Yeah, I traveled all the way to National City to get yeah. him, and now that I could have him, eh, we'll deal with him tomorrow. Also, and how, goes, when does a hero – that's not what a yeah, hero does. This I don't guy, understand. I saw the guy's knife. He might go and start slicing throats. Like yeah, I, I actually – late tonight yeah. oh, we'll get him later yeah <laughs> i actually i actually hope 
that he goes and kills a family so that Batgirl can't sleep at night for the rest of her fucking life. Maybe she'll learn. This is – I'm telling you, this this whole issue keeps bringing up things that really remind me of last week's Batman Beyond where the, the bat signal goes off and uh, – eh, Somebody else will deal with that. It's like, what are up with these heroes recently? Well, I'm you, you're talking about, you know, Red Spur going off and maybe killing somebody. The fact of the matter is because Supergirl intervened and they go off and do something else. I'm pretty sure that nobody said anything to anybody about this environmental equipment no. getting fucked up. No, they, it's they just didn't fucked fix. up because yeah. they just go. And and this is the thing where Batgirl's there. She's on her phone, you know, doing her things, making, throwing shade at people of National City. You know, uh, that those fancy National I mean, she, City she, people. She busts out her phone immediately. Immediately. You know what yeah. I mean? what immediately. What yep. asshole, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. She's on the already tweeting just like, oh, I got to hang out with Supergirl. Yeah, oh, you know, Jesus Christ. Well, then the, the other thing that... The, the best then, then Supergirl goes from that and says, hey, I need your help. I'm glad you're here. I, I could use your help breaking into Cadmus, a, bla- a Cadmus black site lab with Wayne Tech security. And as they're saying this, and again, Batgirl's just on her phone. She's not even paying attention. Uh, we find out that somebody in that uh, facility has psychically gotten a hold of Kara and can speak Kryptonian. The oh, issue that I have with this then, Supergirl becomes a bitch because then Batgirl says at one point, hey – Maybe we should go and talk to Batman about this. Oh, no, no, no. He'll – fucking nonsense. Yeah, it's, he'll, he'll, he'll take it over it and make it himself. And the thing yeah. is, at the end of the day, maybe he should take it over and yeah. like, take credit for the whole thing That's because what, what you're saying. doing is fucked up. Yeah. Oh, he'll take he'll take it over. What What are you talking about? Uh, but they go in the – we're going through these quick tonight. I'm telling you, if you, if you think that we're going <laughs> to fucking sit and, and enjoy these books, I didn't enjoy shit because you go to Cadmus then and they're going to break in. You have this guy who's a prisoner who what, – what is his name? Frost Turn? <laughs> uh, yeah, Frost Turn. <laughs> cold snap? That's what it was. Cold snap? Uh, no, wasn't it Frost Zone or something like it's, this? It's just terrible. It's just yeah. awful. Can you tell me about it, Reg? I, I can't even fucking. Get well, it anyway, my head. so they got to break into Cadmus, and the reason Kara really wants Batgirl to do it is because she feels like if she gets caught breaking in as a alien, it'll be a political, you know, problem. Yeah, but they break want to get in trouble with Cameron Chase. Yeah, Cameron Chase is there. Too. They're breaking in together anyway. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. what is she? Well, if they get caught, what is she going to be like? It was Batgirl's idea. Oh like, yeah. What the oh, hell? she's Fuck she's going to throw her under the fucking bus. She's right. And they're right there together the whole time. It's it's the most ridiculous, yeah. like contrived nonsense. Yeah. To put them together. They go through. Turns out that in Cadmus, they've been experimenting on all kinds of people with yeah, latent including powers, including kids. But you don't really. And, and get... you're right. It, it was Frostpoint. It's Frost Frostpoint. Point. Yeah. Okay. I, I do it something like this. Uh, they 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 come across a guy who's gotten loose, who is one of the superpowered fellows, and he's got basically what looks like uh, similar to Killer Frost powers, uh, or maybe one of the yeah. frosty people. He yeah, he, he seems just... to make ice crystals, but I think he's actually lowering everyone's heat point. I don't think yeah, he's shooting me, even his own. To me, my yeah. whole thing is is that when he gets emotional, he reacts by – it's like a, a defense to me that when he gets upset like that, his body goes uh, – almost like shuts himself down. He goes into this defense that creates a frost uh, barrier through and so like he, you said, so he's got lowers everybody's deal. my wife? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, yes. that's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what happens. 
happens. Uh, not, not only that, but it seems also that you know his consciousness kind of goes back and forth. Well, that's what I mean. Itself is more yeah. of an like its own personality that that's takes over. That's what I mean. I, it, it's almost like he, mode, like you're saying. Yeah, he shuts down completely, and this is like a defense mode. You don't get much with it, but you almost get the idea he's not a bad guy. He's not I'll a guy tell you that one thing though. He's fucking dangerous, and should yeah, not be he let is. Out well, couple. here's the thing though. Uh, they stop him and and kind of subdue him because of Alice. Oh yeah, I know Alice. <sighs> like, what the fuck is you know, going aluminum on? Aluminum and ice. He's doing aluminum this, and, and, ice, and Supergirl says, and yeah, Supergirl yells, Batgirl, what do we do?" She yells, "Alice!" That what she is doing is taking longer than yeah. her explaining the exactly what she's going to do. Like save the day. Uh. Yeah, because she, <laughs> that, this guy, he's everything's freezing around them. Batgirl, what should we do? She yells, Alice. Supergirl goes, who is Alice? Then she says, when I say the word, use your heat vision. Okay, but how will this? And she never says Alice. <laughs> it's the worst. She never says it then. She just says, do it now. She never said it. And then that's when she's like, oh, Alice, aluminum powder and ice. It's rocket propellant. And then Supergirl goes, genius, I want to hit somebody. I was so <laughs> angry at this point. Like, what are you throwing on this page? And, again, you have Frostpoint. Yeah, just go on. I'm so fucking irritated. So anyway, we, so we have so many books to talk like, about. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I almost killed everybody. They're like, yeah. that's cool, bro. Why don't you just hop on? Carol give you a piggyback ride. No problem. It's no big deal. He's cool with that. They head over to the P-Wing, which is like <laughs> the evil well, prison. Why does he need a piggyback ride? Well, well, piggyback he's very ride. tired now, yeah, Eric. It, was I a like lot, the... it took a lot out of him. Before well, not that. O- not only that, it's like also, when, they come to, when they come to the cell of the person the Supergirl's looking for, Supergirl hands him to Batgirl, who yeah. carries him like a no, baby I, bag. Here's the uh, thing that I don't understand, though. <laughs> if I had the option... <laughs> Of walking under get my own power or getting a piggyback I'd ride. From if I had money, fuck the rickshaw. I'd make somebody give me piggybacks. My <laughs> feet would never it, fucking touch a, the ground in a again. Supergirl costume, obviously. That's yeah. the way I'd want to do it. You know? I'm telling you, I want to have money. I want to have feet no longer touching the ground money. That's what I want. Everybody <laughs> has to give me a piggyback ride or hold me like a baby. I'll never fucking touch planet Earth again. I'd love it. But yeah, at one point I love too because this frost point he comes to comes to he kind of explains. Oh, I didn't remember. I hope I didn't hurt anybody. Whatever. So they're looking for this gal that again psychically got a hold of Supergirl, which we didn't even say earlier. Uh, when Supergirl just, explains it to no, I'm saying when Supergirl oh. explains it to Batgirl and says, "Oh, this person psychically, oh, the old psychically fucking." <laughs> The old psychic uh, memory deal. What? A, it's so nonsense. But he gets up, and everything is so forced to to end up where it goes. They say, "Hey, uh, some Gale contacted Supergirl. Have you ever heard of him? It's not like they let us socialize, but she lives in the P wing." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. How do you know this? If he they don't let you socialize, they how don't do you socialize, know? Socialize, but they put out a a telephone book every year. <laughs> so actually, they book. have a yeah. a, a, a <laughs> fucking chart with everybody's yeah. there. And oh, you mean uh, fucking you know that Alice or Gail or whatever Gail? <laughs> uh, she's uh, extension twelve. So stupid, but they go and That's find her. six five thousand. Yeah, they go and find her, and Supergirl's gonna you know try to get the the. The fucking she's in a cell. She's gonna rip the cell door off, and then it just blows off from this Gale who speaks Kryptonian, but has to get to the goddamn fucking what's it called, the Phantom Zone, because no, she he thinks can fix Kryptonian. Her. What's that? Yeah. 
She thinks crypto. She, she doesn't well, yeah, speak it. She, she, she puts her thoughts in the Supergirl, and Supergirl yeah. hears it as yeah, crypto. It's just ridiculous. But she has to get in the Phantom Zone. That's why she gets a hold and of it does. Of uh, you know, Somehow. Supergirl, yep. and then she goes into the Phantom Zone, and By sucking that's some about power it. out of Supergirl yeah. or something. Obviously, or connecting with her in some way. Yeah. And uh, then Batgirl carries her out, keeps saying that. Supergirl shouldn't puke in her hair, yeah. but she does. It, it, it's like it's, there's like five times they mention puking. I know they love it. Yeah, don't puke, puke in my hair. Funny. Supergirl, she doesn't want Supergirl to puke on her hair. Then she doesn't want her to puke on Batgirl's hair. It's all going back and forth with this puking. Yeah, and then they go up and they're in the Mojave Desert. Oh, to say goodbyes. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's to a, nap up. It's they talk about nonsense. they gotta go. It's gonna it's gonna continue apparently in Supergirl number nine. Yeah, and then back that's up what number it says. 10, and so. I'll tell you, I'm already pissed because Supergirl seemed to be where we were gonna continue on with things with uh, Saturn Girl and everybody when they heard this. Oh, Supergirl Batgirl gonna team up because of a mysterious prisoner. You had to think, okay, we're finally gonna get to something with Saturn Girl. This is Not gonna be cool. Think, but it's gonna set it up. Hope. Yeah, and it's going to set it up. This is just awful. It, it, this story. Oh, what about what about in Batgirl? Where are they going to tack this shit in? You know, to I mean, Batgirl's been. This is the third issue with her and Ethan Cobblepot. She just met yeah. Oswald Cobblepot at the end of the last issue. So what? How much of this is going to work it into the next issue of Batgirl? Frostpoint Nothing is going to become part of her goddamn coding class. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay. we well, that's the first story. Then we move into the second story that takes place before Batgirl number one. I like, too, it's like, these events take place before Batgirl number one with an exclamation point, as if I fucking care. It's like, <laughs> what? What the fuck is going on? Because I saw her packing to go off to goddamn Asia. I don't know when this fucking happened. Yeah, but I thought you, the same goddamn thing when yeah. I started reading. Like, what are I'm you like, we saw here? her have a party to go pack and leave the next day. Well, what did this happen in the middle of the night? Tell us about I it, think, Reggie. I think way that, earlier. Oh, it's uh, uh, yeah, Batgirl. Yeah, it's way earlier. Batgirl and her best friend Alicia, who used to live with her, now that now she's got her own like wife or whatever. And yeah, yeah, chill. But uh, this is back when they were still living together, and Alicia and Batgirl or Babs would have a yearly BFF day where they'd go hang out. But Batgirl's it's kind the of friendversary. Yeah, there you go. God you know, damn do you, it, Eric. Eric, do a friendversary? We do. Every day. I don't like anybody who has a friendversary. Every day is a friendversary when you're around America's sweetheart. (laughs) How can you help yourself? I come in with party favors every day. Oh, yeah, party favors. Party favors, I mean cocaine. Yeah, yeah, cocaine and and fucking meth. That's his party favors. Nice. I got some teeth. Yeah, yeah. I just so uh, anyway, Alicia. They want to do a, a friendversary, and you know, Batgirl's been kind of busy being Batgirl, and but she's willing to do it. But uh, gets called away in the middle of dinner. Also, I mean, the, so the big hook of this thing on the cover is that Riot Black is back. Yeah, Riot but Black. It figures almost not into the story. You know, no. I mean, it could have been anything. It could have been anything and anybody. It's a totally. I mean, this story really is a. Whatever a kind of a, an aside day in the life one off of Batgirl kind of situation because yeah. what happens is she and Alicia go out to dinner and then Batgirl gets called away. They're like, "All oh, right, Blacks, uh, act it up. You got to go do something." And she's she's like begs to cut the date short. And Alicia's like, "No, I'm not letting you out of my sight. I'm going with you." Yeah. So she has to kind of go after. Uh, Riot Black, while also hiding her Batgirl identity from Alicia the whole time, uh, and and I like that concept a lot personally like the idea of it of her like yeah. that's a classic you know, trope having, of yeah, any sort to, of you know, you know like hide her double life yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and 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 having to hide it out in the open exactly it would have been a lot of silly she would have had to put the red boot in on with alicia and then put the blue one on when she goes yeah. to fight right like we know how it works <laughs> yeah. uh 
Classic. But they, they, there were a lot of wasted opportunities, a lot of fucking nonsense that I didn't really give a shit about. Like I say, they went really deep into this thing with Riot Black when really he was a total placeholder. And I bet the story was supposed to happen during all that. And it's so yeah. weird, too, because this whole thing with Alicia just really cements what we had the last issue of Batgirl, where she's a terrible friend to Alicia. She, yeah, she is. And she has she's always terrible. been. But yep. the whole thing, while reading this backup, the whole thing I thought besides for, oh, my God, why do we have to deal with this goddamn Burnside Batgirl shit again, was... What if Manchester Black and Riot Black got together? What would that story be called? Ooh. Meet the Blacks? Meet the Blacks, Eric. Manchester yes. Riot, eh? Hello, Manchester Rolf. Riot. They'll combine. I like your tattoo, but look at this Union Jack I got on my chest. <laughs> Why don't you take a dump on it, Riot Black? There you go. There you go. Meet oh, the Blacks. Oh, goody. Eh? Meet the Meet blacks. Meet the blacks. Ah, just what else is there to say? That's all I, I had. That's and, all I got. It does. It, it is that. It, it could a, be that funny. Yeah. Alicia, it could be the fun. A couple but, of punches in and that's it. Yeah, it's not even fun. It could be the fun no. of you know the whole deal of you know going back and forth. If she changes in the background, fights a little riot black, then has to un- you know change back to talk to Alicia. But it, it, all it ends up with is Batgirl and Alicia beating the shit out of Riot Black. And yeah. you know like, why? Really? Because he was too concerned with them making out in front of him so yeah. he could video with his goddamn yeah, cybernetic guy. Yeah, at one point guy. he's like yelling about tits and it just... Also, I said to Reggie, I sent him a note, if I had a goddamn nickel for every time GBG was said in this book, oh I'd be God. a fuck... Then I wouldn't have to ever touch planet Earth again. I'd be a rich man <laughs> because it's just over and over. I was like, God Damn it, just stop with this. Also, the babe. Babe and GBG, I, I've had enough. But yeah, when people every- call each other babe, their relationship is ending. You know, that, yeah, you ever, you ever notice that? that? It's yeah. pretty much the, the last thing. I hope before. that's true no, because my, I never say that, so that means mine's going to last forever. Well, that's what I'm right, glad. Right. I'm glad that you say that, Reggie, because that's what my wife calls the cats. Come here, babe. I'm like, thank God. Now I can go and take it out to the well in the backyard. <laughs> Fucking drown those bitches. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to really say about this except uh. it was not good. And you said it was a placeholder. Uh, there's even a part I, I I thought, I don't know if you cringe, but I cringe when they're like, hey, GBG, where'd you learn those kung fu moves? You getting private lessons from Jackie Chan? I know <laughs> you racist piece of shit. Also, that's also like how how old the references. That's almost I like know. when you talk about fucking Britney Spears. Well, yeah, really. They did, they, they did say it was before Batgirl number one. They didn't tell you that it was. Wow. <laughs> they didn't tell you that uh, in between they were heading off to a Tiffany concert. <laughs> she was playing at the local mall. Yeah, it's just nonsense. It, it really was bad. Yeah, was that an episode of Saved by the Bell? I, what's that? Maybe. Maybe. Again, yeah. well, like she that. did say that when Alicia was coming over, she did say, get over here. We're going to party like it's 1999. She meant it. She meant it. Yeah, there are a lot of strange references in this yeah, now that you mention it. There are some really odd, like like Reggie said, it does happen before Batgirl number one. <laughs> 20 years nonsense. before, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Fucking this, Debbie this Gibson also, shows up. Jesus you know, Christ. I did I did think the art in the first story, Anaki Miranda, was yeah. especially But in the second story, I have no problem with it. It's fine. It's Eleanor okay. Carlini. I, yeah, I, it's I'm, okay. I'm, it's not bad. I love yeah. the art in the first. I'm telling you, yeah, it, it's, I it's, would it love to better. have her on the uh, 
the, on the uh, Supergirl book. That'd be awesome. That that Supergirl in the first story. I, I even like the way the uh, Batgirl is kind of like a combo of the Burnside look, but it's a little more realistic. Uh, yeah. But I thought Supergirl looked incredible in that in that first story. I thought and it was I, really good. You know, you talked earlier about how you know in Batman Beyond last week, how you know the the bat signal goes on and you're yeah. upset. Oh, I have an issue too. It. Yeah. So at the end of this, when fucking they beat Riot Black and they decide, you know what, we're going to finish our friend anniversary. Yeah. Let's go over here. And she takes her to the top of the GCPD and has her turn on the bat yeah. signal just so the they can look signal. at it for no this reason. I'm like, yeah. what the like, fuck are you doing? I Bruce is in the middle. And be like, yeah. That's not a fucking yeah. toy, Here's girls, the thing. You know? Batman's in the middle of saving somebody. It's yeah. like, holy shit, this must be really important. Leaves that to go and find Batgirl and Alicia on the rooftop. And yes, should slap both of them. And Batman yeah. will. He does not. He doesn't mind slapping a woman around. I've seen this him punch Harper Row in the like face. It's like a fire alarm, you know what I no. mean? Like, you don't just do it for no reason. No, this is like the ultimate yelling fire in a movie theater in Gotham. Yeah. You can't fuck around. And she's like, huh, oh, you know, my dad might kill me for this. Why, is, why does Alicia even want this? You know what I mean? No, why would really that be her things. thing? Yeah, it's it's funny because I think she does it just to distract Alicia because she doesn't want to talk to her anymore. Hey, yeah. and then she says, "Happy friendiversary, babe." <laughs> and look at Alicia, "Happy friendiversary, GBG." Ay ay ay. You see that? When I'm that so happens, angry. It's almost over. So angry. Uh, what did you give it, Reggie? Overall, I thought it was pretty mediocre. First story was better than the second, but really too much money for the whole thing. But it was a bunch of useless stories or a couple of useless stories. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay. I, I would give it a 5.1. The only thing that stops it from a fuck you five to me uh, is the art. I thought the art was good. These stories are nonsense. They're not worth any. They're not worth the paper it's printed on, the stories itself. But the art's okay. I, I really like the art in the first story. And like you said, Eleanor Carlini's art in the second is fine. It's uh, fine. It's just that the stories are nonsense. What would you give it there? 5.5 out of 10. I don't okay. care about Batgirl or Supergirl anymore. Now we have them together. The art was okay, but the stories are nonsense. It, it's, yeah. And I was very just angry at the end to the point where I should have lowered my score, but I'm not going to. Well, because we're going back to Burnside and dealing with this fucking nonsense just to show how bad of a friend yeah. Barbara is. And just like, God damn it, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Remember? Yeah. Hey, Travis, you're right. Batgirl used to be good. What happened to all yeah, that? Yeah, what happened? And the, the thing is, I always think back. When we first started reading uh, DC stuff, me and Eric in the New 52, they had that Flash – I think it was the Flash annual that it was Flash and Green, uh, well, green was, Lantern yeah, together. Great annual. And uh, that was a great – because it was fun. It didn't mean much, but it was fun. This having Supergirl and Batgirl together, just have fun with it. You don't have to tie it in even to any of the books. Just have a yeah. fun little romp. You have two really cool uh, heroes, kind of the same age. They were going a little that Batgirl was a little old. They were really pushing that, I thought, in that first story. Uh, but you could have had fun, and, and it wasn't. It wasn't and fun idea at all. Of fun was them laying, you know, staring at the stars in Mojave Desert, talking about how, you know, Batgirl hacked Supergirl's film because she knew the password is Krypton. You should yeah. try Heat Vision with like, you know, the three instead yeah. of an E. Yeah, and that's the they fun. spell this out. I'm like, is, did they actually say yeah. the letters individually and the numbers? I'm like, I know. I and hate the, you the so best is much. with that. They're joking around when they let two villains just go. 
<laughs> the ones in the Phantom Zone, supposedly, but they don't look into it. They just go and look Red under Spurs, the stars and, you know, Red Spurs out time. killing people. And then maybe he ran back to – yeah, he went to Gotham because she did follow him from there. He went back to Gotham. They, Batman may have stopped him, but I'll just go – even though the timeline doesn't match up, then Batgirl hits the, the fucking signal and fucking Red Spurs killing everyone. It just <laughs> but let's, let's go off to the next book, which, Reggie, you're going to have to talk a lot about because uh, – I'm telling you, I got so bored with this book. Too. Oh, poor book. Well, yeah. it so is only long for no reason. Yeah. It, is, it was. It is, it you're right. It is went on inordinately and on. long. Well, I'll tell you why it's long. It's because it's five dollars. Yeah, the cost. <laughs> That's all it was. The only all reason that it was this many pages be to say, "Hey, this is four ninety nine. That's it." It might have been a good regular issue, possibly of Harley, Maybe. but yeah, they uh, it got a little oh. padded out in. Harley's Little Black Book, number six, written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, art by Simon Beisley and Paul Mounts. My name is Lobo. I live up in outer space. I'm a fragging bounty hunter. Yes, I think you probably know my face. If you hear something late in the evening, some kind of thumping and high-pitched screaming... Just don't ask me who I fucked. Just don't ask me who I fucked. Just don't ask me who I fucked. I think it's because she's pasty. I hate to sound so cloying. I think it's because her butt's tasty. Even though her voice is so annoying. We only did the deed once your honor. We kept getting interrupted by monsters. Just don't ask me who I fucked. Just don't ask me who I fucked. Just don't ask me who I fucked. Yes. Thank that you, was Lobo. That, that was, was Lobo's that was, uh, point of view. Yes, that was all. That was only uh, the only time you'll ever hear Susanna Vega uh, freaking with Lobo lyrics. I think probably <laughs> uh, yeah. is Tom's Diner coming up at any point. <laughs> Can we please have that? Can we? We were fragging in the space. Oh, that'd be so good. Uh, I want to hear that. Harley's Little Black Book. Here we go. Uh, this yep. is a book that every time it shows up, we're shocked. And then I, I read it, and I'm, I'm shocked uh, after reading I mean, it I'm as not, well. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to – this thing is, is 40 pages. You know, I'm not trying to gloss over it, but there's really no point in no. going through this blow by no. blow. This is the most contrived shit in the world. Harley Quinn winds up on, a, on like a bounty hunter's prison ship. Lobo blows it up. They escape. They're about to fuck. A monster shows up. A couple times. They run away. Yeah, then they're, they're about, about to, to fuck, fuck again. Another monster a shows snake up. shows <laughs> up, but not the snake in Lobo's pants. And then the God they go it. there. Then they but they fucking meet I Lobo's like, like, like this bounty like 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 uh you know uh, the bounty hunting ship being a fist. Yeah, yeah you know, a with, with a with a with a skeleton giving a middle finger at the front. I thought that was a little cute. Some of the some of the sexual innuendo jokes okay. were. I wouldn't call them subtle, but they were okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were getting yeah. silly with it. Plus, Harley is, and actually, Lobo also 
are naked almost the whole time. They're nude yeah. almost the whole time. You know, so uh, they are, I mean, legitimately, this is not, uh, you know, pulling any punches. They're about to fuck a couple times, and yeah. they don't make any bones about it. And then ah. they find, yeah, <laughs> then they find uh, Lobo's ex-girlfriend, who used was the pilot on that slave ship, uh, the bounty mm-hmm. hunter ship, and she's there. She has attracted the attention of more bounty hunters that are coming down. Harley yeah, ends up blowing pirates. her fucking head off, and uh, then they fight these space pirates that Lobo has history with and they almost fuck. yeah they almost fuck again and then end up back on Coney Island and they're back there in Coney everything is great I love this monster one of the monsters they fight through that big hand monster with the mouth in the yeah. middle of it yeah. that yeah. was I a cool looking thing even the snake can... monster I like only thing I can say about this issue is this is how I'm working into my continuity with this is that this is how Lobo winds up on Gets Earth on the JLA. Just... yeah that's he, what like... I thought Fucking, I was like, saying, okay. no, he yeah. comes here on Earth and then somehow was locked in a prison for fucking how many years? He was part of the first goddamn yeah. Suicide Squad and then was locked away until Just League versus Suicide Squad. It that might not make sense. That's what I'm going with, though. It's the only you, reason I, I know that make Eric myself said, care about this goddamn story. Eric had said he doesn't <laughs> like the art. The art, to me, reminds me a lot of a – it is over-sexualized, but it reminds me a lot of like a Mad or a Cracked magazine a bit, uh, just a yeah. little more colored. Well, uh, I'm you, or I, even I like, like the old stuff in, in Playboy Stuff like heavy that. Metal. Looks like, yeah, or heavy metal. It's that kind that, of look. Though. And I, I, I don't like mind it. the way Lobo looks. I just don't yeah. like the way Harley looks. Well, Harley I, looks I most said, fucked up. Especially, I think especially some of the in panels, a couple of panels, she looks real yeah, bad. I think some of the panels are a little too busy as well, uh, especially with the colors and things like that. Things get a bit confusing. But oh, it's very funny at times. I mean, this is one of the big Lobo artists of the 90s. They would have yeah. been Keith Giffen, Sam Keith, and then Simon Bisley. So that's... Yeah. That's what that is. It's a throwback to that shit, you know. But yeah, uh, and really, if that if that might be the only draw, that if you yeah. were a fan of his art before, because the story goes nowhere, it does nothing. This book doesn't do anything anyway. It, the it's, story goes somewhere. It goes in a circle three times. Yeah, yeah. That's where circle. it goes. And a it sexual circle it goes Island. in, and yeah, Lobo acts like Lobo. Harley acts like Harley, and, and, and I'm telling you, I want to know what people thought when the pages started coming in for this because they definitely had to add this little fucking, you know, this little guy with a flag for a head to yeah, cover like, certain parts. Yeah, because, because they were showing I guess they ass cheeks to the wall with yeah. everything. You well, know, they were like, showing ass cheeks, and it looked like they see... didn't want to show crack. And well, I'm saying though, where where the giant snake starts to eat Lobo and his legs are only dangling out, I'm sure you would see full wang balls and ass right there. Yeah, I think that I think this guy who who's the guy who drew it, Reggie? Simon Bisley. Okay, I think he drew it and he doesn't give a fuck. And, and he one drew it the way he push. wanted to and said, hey, they can cover the fucking way they want to, but I'm going to do it, and did it. But, yeah, you, you don't get much of a story here. Uh, you get some gore, you get some TNA, and away we go. And like we said, they end up at the end on uh, in Coney Island, where everybody's a freak anyway, they basically say. And Lobo looks, you know, sexy and goes off on his own. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like he's going to go fuck a bunch of ladies is what it looked yeah. like to me, but... That's about it. Anything else to say about it? I mean, this might be our quickest review of any uh, book ever, but stay tuned because this might be what you get for the rest of the podcast. And yeah, uh, we'll call quick it a one night. for a forty pager. Uh, yeah. I didn't hate it like you guys. I got. I got to be honest. I thought that the the team up of Lobi, Lobo Lobi, Lobo Lobi. And, and that's my that's what I call them when we're hanging. Mm-hmm. Hey Lobi. Uh, hey Lobi. Hey, my B. Uh, you know Lobo and Harley. It was a matchup that I hadn't really thought of before, but when I saw it, I was like, actually, that makes yeah. damn a lot of sense, and not yeah. just because they're both, you know, white-skinned uh, whiteies, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but uh, 
Honky it, it actually made sense. I thought some of their patter was pretty funny. I did okay. like the highly sexualized bullshit, you know, because I am a, it just a horny, lasts too horrible, long. dirty bastard. Way it is too long. It's this too long. This should have been, been if this had been one page twenty story. page issue. Yeah. I think we would have all yeah would have been good. You can have you it tighten it up with the jokes and just have twenty pages and then have uh, a backup to get the price. Have some other you know funny little story, fifteen page story or whatever. Uh, this just went on forever. I was so bored. But what did you give it, Reggie? In the end, I did give it an 8 out of 10, which Whoa. probably was... Oh! Uh, girls! 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 I'd give it a 6. I, I like the art a little more than Eric, but boy, it just drug on. If you like Lobo and Harley and you just have to have this, I'm not going to stop you. But if you're looking to find a fun book uh, that you can just enjoy after one reading, I, I could never see reading this months. again. I would say that for sure. Just absolutely not worth five dollars. No, this and what do you? Would you much. ever go back to this issue to read it again? No, right? No, that's no. so. I'll go with the, what did I say? Five, uh, six? Six. six. I, might, yeah. I, I almost went down to a five. Five. Panel, What's that? I'm telling you. Go ahead, Eric. No, no I'm fine. saying I was telling you, freaking. Uh, the only thing I really enjoyed about this issue it was way too long for starters, but. The whole heavy metal aspect of it, because here we have an outer space sex romp, and the only thing that's missing is rock and roll. And I really like, kind of like that whole feel of it. It went on way too long, though, because I'm telling you, I like the sexual innuendo. I like the nudity and all that fun shit, because it really, I'm telling you, it really just reminds me of heavy metal. And I yeah. can get behind that. The story itself, though, is just over, over the top in the fact that it does the same thing over and over and over again. And I was just so bored by the end. And because of that, and, you know, the way I didn't like Harley's look, so... 5.8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we're going to go off now for some mail, and then we get to come back and talk a little Hanna-Barbera, guys. So stay Whee! tuned. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. See you in seven. So when I'm talking to my wife and shaming people who are lame, I always mention Some people like to hear the news Some people love all the reviews The thing that I look forward to It's mail, it's mail, it's mail Mail with Jim Mail with Jim All the nonsense we think of Stories of the things we do Everything that we send in We love that Ah, yes, I love that one. 
I so love that one, Eric. We were singing it this week, me and you together. <laughs> we were debating because for some reason we kept messing up the the verse about throwing shade and or lame. I mean, talking about who's lame, and we were trying to figure it out. Uh, but this is mail section number three. I'm getting real tired, Eric. I'm getting real tired. My eyelids are getting heavy. It's getting heavy, my friend. Heavy. I'm a, I'm gonna go take a nap. I'm gonna take a nap right now. Uh, that's stage fifty-five. Holy gonorrhea is getting your eyelids heavy during the mail section number three. It's very, very specific. Very specific part of the gonorrhea. You never know when it's going to come up. Just if you avoid a mail section number three, you never get in the gonorrhea. You never get it. Or at least, All right, you know, back. stage yeah. 55 of gonorrhea. No, that's when you, you actually get herpes. That You yeah. just don't get gonorrhea. Uh, we're going to start mail section number three with Alex M. And Alex M says, Sup, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Bop, boop. Yeah, this is going to be a short one. So I went ahead and picked up Booster Gold Flintstones. Well, it was kind of a disappointment. I really have enjoyed the Flintstones book, and I believe it to be one of the best series put out by DC. Fortunately, this comic suffers from the one weakness that that book has, and that is to lose focus on the main premise and spend too much time sprinkling funny observations of life through the characters that inhabit the world. Maybe this has – maybe if this had been shortened, this would have been a comic that would have deserved an 8 like Reggie gave it. However, I felt this sat at 6.5. And as far as the backup, well, let's just say I am no hurry to read the Jetsons comic coming <laughs> – wait a minute, I have to set this up, Eric – coming in the near future. There you go. He wanted me to put that, so I had I like that. Word, yes. Uh Oh, I also had the unfortunate chance to pick up an indie series from Image called Underwinter by Mr. DC Dark himself, Ray Fox. And this is something that Repairman Jack read and reviewed, and I think Jeremy also read, and boy, it's tough. Well, they should have said partly written, drawn, and colored by Ray Fox, because this book lacked all of those three things. I read this without knowing what I was getting into and finished with my soul feeling emptier. After that, I looked up the score. I was going to say, people reviewed this crazy. After that, I looked up the score and saw some 10s, 9s, and 8s until I got to the bottom of the comic book roundup page. And what do I see? A 3 from where? You know it. Weird Science DC <laughs> Comics. I just want to thank Repairman Jack for his on the mark review personally i would have given this a fuck me for for getting it <laughs> fuck me for that's actually pretty good a fuck me for uh yeah it's it's weird you Might you look at that. these reviews and i'm telling you there's like three tens four not and at the bottom and i i just I, this is what gets me it sucks because you have, and Repairman Jack is not faking anything. He's not no. trying. What would getting clicks get him? I'm the one cashing in the clicks, sir. But really, he's just rating it the way he sees it. I think he's right on with it. Uh, but you imagine that people look and they're like, oh my God, this must be so good. Oh, this weird science. What a bunch of fucking nonsense. Those guys are fucking haters. And I hope the people who say that go and get this book and realize that it's no 10. And say, you know what? That repairman Jack, he's on to something here. Exactly. And hopefully that's that's how that's where you don't get fans get putting these tens out there and just throwing them out willy nilly. You may get Ray Fox happy. Ray Fox is gonna forget you the next day. You know what I'm Tell saying? Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, really. He stopped talking to us. He really did. <laughs> Around the time of Batman and Robin Eternal, he yeah. fucking ditched our ass. Uh I'm I'm sorry. He doesn't he he's 
He's had some down issues, Eric. I don't know what I was going to say. I was going to get really mean, but I like him. Uh, we have even said that we wanted him to have a book again, uh, but there's he does seem to be Mr. DC Dark, and there really isn't a lot of dark books. But I'm telling you, this book, this is the book. Remember when I said there was a book that Repairman Jack – I don't even know if I told you Repairman Jack was uh, reviewing it, but I was talking about a book, and I said it looks like a four-year-old drew it, and right. that's this book. It really – Oh, yeah. It's a, maybe a stylistic choice. It just looks horrible. It looks terrible. And if you like it, I, I don't know what's going on, actually, if you like it. But, yeah, yeah three out of ten. I, I'll solidarity. I'm with it. Now, now, I'm sorry we couldn't win the contest on Friday. Uh, we tried, but I think when it comes down to it, a couple of dozen made the difference. Hopefully, you'll don't, you don't mind the cover. He made the cover that we did. Might uh, made a reference to this week's results. So you have to look for that. But it's all in good fun, which, by the way, makes it my 21st cover. Holy balls. Nice. I'm going to start ga- a gallery soon, the Weird Science Fun Time Gallery. I'd like that. But anyways. So would I. Here, uh, here, here for another annuals week and keep on keeping it weird. And that's I, I kind of wish so the cover reflected us winning like prematurely. That would have been great. It's fucking do, <laughs> Dewey wins. It's me. It's holding, exactly. All of it's a them holding it up. Weird Science wins. Two of them were Alex had made two of them, and all of yeah. a sudden, this one that does like where we win, that gets sent yeah. over to Africa. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, it goes to Africa so they can wear the goddamn fucking you know, <laughs> the the Atlanta Falcons uh, Super Bowl winning shirt. Uh, the next mail is from Brett. Brett says, "What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? I only got one thing to say, and you know what he's gonna say if I can find the goddamn sound, Eric. Here it is, and he always says this. Hello, motherfucker. You know what I need? I need this. Look at all those that is." awesome and uh josh sent me a thing i don't know if you saw it it's a girl just as cute as the chickens girl who sees an old water heater and thinks it's a robot but I it, did not see it's this. hard to grab the it's hard to grab the the sound bite because it's the whole thing it's the cutest thing ever she goes up to it and she's like hi robot and then she hugs it and then goes i love you robot and then walks away it's so <laughs> cute i i love little kids and not the way dancing yeah, Mike does yeah. not not that way or never that way uh this week's Killer Bee discussion is something near and dear to my heart. Time travel. I love it. I think I just felt Jim's eyes roll from Quakertown, and that's not me. Eric's the time travel uh, guy because Eric needs No, I think you're rolls. rolling your eyes because you don't like it. No, I don't mind time travel. I'm saying you're the one who you might like some time travel stuff. You always have issues with any sort of time travel. Only when thing. they fuck it up. Yeah, and you always think they fuck it up. I don't care. I like time travel. You give me some Bill and Ted, I'm in. I also bring it up. Anyway, I thought Eric would at least like the discussion since it sounded like he enjoys time travel stories and movies as well. Yeah. You'll see. He's got issues. I also bring it up with the connection to the Just League story currently, Captain Adam, and who knows what's going on with the entire Rebirth storyline, too. Time travel seems to be in comics pretty often. So you're starting down that road. He's not going to like it. He's already had issues with these things. By the end of this, I would love to see which time travel paradox fits you guys as well as your opinions and beliefs. Let me know which ones make the most sense to you personally. Which paradox you enjoy watching the most in Meteor Comics. Which one you may even believe in if time travel was, is, will be possible. 
telling you, you're going to see. I don't think there's one that you think is 100% right on. You, I know you don't think that. You, you always have some fucking problem. Feel free, get fresh crew, to hit me up with your thoughts anytime past, present, or future on Slack. Let's start by assuming time travel is possible. Time travel topic number one, the grandfather paradox. The grandfather paradox stems from the idea that if you were to go back in time and murder your grandfather, would this prevent you from ever being born, thus erasing your existence from the timeline? The way I see it in my mind, when that happens, you, like when you initially time travel back, you are now a man out of time and cannot yep. be affected by what happens going I from agree. there on. If you were able to kill your grandfather, then you were obviously born. But by committing the act of murder upon your grandfather, you were preventing yourself from being formed. Famous examples of this idea would be in Back to the Future. Marty was only able to travel back in time because he exists in the present. But if he erases himself from the timeline, then how would he have been born to time travel in the first place? Question one. So do you think you can erase yourself from existence by traveling in time? No. Well, no. actually, yes. By traveling back in time and killing your grandfather, if you go back to the present, you will not be – you will not have been born. You are still there because you are a man outside of time at that point. Yeah. I'm already I'm already done with this. Maybe I was rolling my eyes. <laughs> exactly. This. No, it wasn't – it's not the – here's the thing. You, you mentioned back to the future. I'm all for. It's just fucking nonsense talk. It, it's, it doesn't – it's not real. Topic two. Next up is the predestination paradox. This paradox stems from the idea that a past event motivates you to time travel back in time, only to discover your presence in the past is directly linked to the event that made you want to time travel in the first place. Confused, I have examples later to hopefully clear it up. The paradoxical element comes from the fact that in your attempt to prevent an event, you are actually causing this event and are therefore destined to repeat it over and over again. The primary example of this predestination paradox is the film Terminator. For those young ones that don't remember or have never watched it, John Connor is the leader in a war against the machines and they are near victory. However, the machines know that they are about to lose and send a Terminator back to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, John's mother, before John is conceived. In retaliation, John sends back his best soldier, Kyle Reese, to protect Sarah. After traveling back to 1984, Kyle falls in love with Sarah and after all, a night of passion Sarah becomes pregnant with John. If Kyle Reese had not been sent back through time by John, then John would never exist. It's a contradictory story that should make no sense at all, yet it does. In other words, any attempt to stop something from happening in the past will simply lead to the cause itself. Instead of stopping it, this paradox suggests that things are always destined to turn out the same way and that whatever has happened must happen. Some could argue that the Terminator is a bootstrap paradox as well. This is what we get for you fucking liking this shit. Question two, where were you always supposed to go back in time? Basically, do you believe in fate and to a degree time is a circle? Eric. No. Okay, there we go. Time always moves forward. You can be like, you know, in instances like that, certain people who are doing this will be trapped in a circle, but time will move on past them with everybody else who is not time traveling. John Connor was always supposed to send Kyle Reese back in time it was meant to be. Do you believe in fate and predestiny? No. Okay. Topic three, bootstrap paradox. Here's an example of the bootstrap paradox. George Lucas traveling back in time and giving himself the scripts of the Star Wars movie, which he then goes on to direct and gain great fame for. This would create a bootstrap paradox involving information as the scripts have no true point of creation or origin. This has occurred in Bill and Ted as well, and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, a very small bootstrap paradox, but the only only way to call Rufus Rufus because they hear themselves call him that, he never actually gives his own name. 
Question three, in your opinion, can a bootstrap paradox even exist? Can something come from nothing like the Star Wars scripts? That's his theory, by the way. I, I'm, I'm thinking about this here. Can something come from nothing? Yes. Yes, it can. Yes, yes it, it can. can. That's what Boom. you say. <sighs> Topic four, next one. The let's kill Hitler paradox. The killing Hitler paradox erases your own reason for going back in time to kill him in the first place. Can I I'm telling you, all of these are actually like he's just recapping stuff he's we've already talked about in different terms. So this goes back to the other paradox, the first paradox we dealt with. You are a man outside of time. It does not matter because you have gone back and killed Hitler. That was your intention. You go back. Well, are different. because of that now, then I'm going to – oh, jeez. I just had a problem. <laughs> I just hit some. Wait a minute. Uh, because of what you're saying then, I now can read these as a robot killing hitler would have far-reaching consequences for everyone in the world even if only for the fact you studied him in school the paradox Uh itself arrives from the idea that if you are successful then there would be no reason to time travel in the first place if you killed hitler then none of his actions would trickle down through history and cause you to make that attempt but you're you're just saying like you did not alter history you have created a parallel timeline i didn't say the robot did Question four, would the trickle-down effect of killing Hitler erase you from existence or keep you stuck out of time? Do you exist as an anomaly or should you just disappear without memories of the events? Would history rewrite over you? Are you done? What's the answer? The answer is you continue. There may be another you by the time you get back, but it's a parallel timeline that you never existed in to begin with. You have changed time. Your timeline is now gone. You are still there because you're a man outside of time. You may or may not have a double depending on how the timeline has been altered. Okay. Follow-up questions. Furthermore, furthermore, some follow-up que- follow questions. Furthermore, some follow-up questions. Question five, take Back to the Future, for example. Did Doc actually die early on in the film, or had Marty previously warned him about the consequences 30 years earlier? Yes. If not, was this the first time in the space-time continuum that Marty time-traveled? Yes. In my opinion, we assume so in the movie because certain elements of his life were vastly altered when he returned the, to the, the present. The thing is, you can't you can't go by Back to the Future because each time the freaking movie did, like each time it had a sequel, it changed the way time yeah, travel worked. Up. This was due to the see. There we go. He, he started. It, it took you a while. This was due to the change in the timeline. While Marty was in the past, obviously there is always the possibility of interpretation in time travel movies. Question six. Give me your top five time travel movies, but classify them more like franchises. For example, lump all Terminators together as one, all Back to the Futures, etc. I, I, I don't have a full list. Here's his. Five, Groundhog's Day. Four, Time Traveler's Wife. Three, Hot Tub Time Machine. Two, Terminators movies. And one, Back to the Futures. There you go. My favorite time travel movie is the uh, the Lake House. Oh, really? <laughs> I never saw that. I, I, I leave you and with not, my own personal. It's not really a time travel movie. That is, it's uh, nah, it's uh, more really sending information Please, through don't, time. Don't start. All you're going to do is fuel more fire. I leave you with my own personal time travel theory to debunk. Feel free to steal it like those dirty bitches stole Marzok munchies from me and made it that nasty ass fucking crave. Yeah, actually, yeah, how about I do this time travel story? I go back and slap him in his fucking face when he even mentioned that goddamn Marzox munchies, and then we wouldn't have Crave or this goddamn shit. 
My personal theory, if time travel is possible as soon as you jump, whether you go into the future or past, it's now a new timeline. You can never go back to your original timeline. This is the only way to possibly avoid a paradox. If I jump 30 years in the future, I left the present and thus was never there for those 30 years. So yeah. anything I would have done in those 30 years would be different than if I was there. Thus, it's not the actual future that should have happened. Same goes for going to the past. If I go 30 years in the past, I now alter the past just by being there and change the future uh, that I was a part part of even the smallest thing you do therefore every time you jump you create an alternate timeline thus by time traveling once you will never go back to your original time ever you may go back into a similar one but maybe small things may have changed because it's technically a different timeline you are a part of you ever read something and you don't even know what the words are yeah yeah it's late it is late can i time travel back i hope so <laughs> time travel time back travel about, forward. i want to time travel back about two and a half years and I want to slap my goddamn self when I said, you know what we should do? Have a podcast. Don't even get me started on my multiverse theory. <laughs> okay. That's for another time. I love Brett, but man, you're killing me with this. You and, you and Eric need to get together at some diner and talk about this. I, 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 was, I wasn't rolling my eyes at the beginning. I am rolling them now. They're rolling in the back of my head as if somebody just gave me a goddamn lobotomy. I need Crave right now. If I had a bowl of Crave, Eric, fucking love. You there? I, I'm here. I don't know what you want from me with this whole Crave and going back and killing crave. yourself and whatnot. Hope your brains didn't explode. And I hope it was a fun discussion for anyone listening. I don't think so. Killer be out. God, I'm, I'm about to kill myself. But yeah, again, I love Brett. Uh, it, this that fucking nonsense about time travel is killing me. I like time travel movies. Uh, I like, you know why? Because I don't think them. I, I don't think them out too much. I know you do, but yeah. even so, you still like all of the Back to the Future movies, right? Oh, yeah, I love them. And you like Bill and Ted, right? I love it. Yeah. They, they may have some fucking nonsense involved with the time travel. I just go with it. I'm here for the entertainment. Give me my popcorn and my candy, and I'm not going to complain. That's now, it's, now again, soda pop? You don't need anything to drink with that? Uh, no, because if I drink soda pop during the movie, then I'm going to end up having to pee, and then I'm going to miss the movie. So what I do then popcorn is so salty. I sit there with the popcorn. I, I dump the popcorn on the floor, and then I piss into the popcorn. Uh, I don't do that. I don't drink anything. I don't. My sons do. Uh, luckily, now they're old enough because that's one thing that kills me while watching a movie <laughs> is getting up. and. I mean, you're paying to see this goddamn movie and then you miss 20 minutes. And I'm not one who's going to come back and what happened? Who's that? God damn yeah, 20 minutes you go, you know, you got to rub one out. I don't have a lot of free time or, or fucking, you know, privacy at home. You got to do what you got to do there. Makes sense. I got you. Ah, oh, Brett, you you just time traveled my ass 15 minutes into the future. Uh, Andy says, what's up? So what's you up, guys Andy? have a website? Oh, my huh. God. I learn something new every week. Don't know if you all noticed, but in an effort to lighten up your mail load and help preserve the seductive vocal cords of sexy Johnny. Hello. I've only been writing the show every other week. I did notice. However, I've been handing out the rent and rave number to random homeless people on the streets of Cleveland. <laughs> if that explains anything, 
That explains a lot. Good call on the Super Sun's recommendation. Both my daughters and I have been enjoying it, and I've added it to my pull list. It's awesome, but go figure. The week after I job Batman, they debut the whole button thing. Guess I won't be doing laundry next week after all. No, just do it in the shower. <laughs> the big news, of course, and I'm confident you insiders already know, but I read in the comic shop news that a new JSA is in the works. And mm-hmm. you know what that means. Power Girl, Eric. So he says, I, I don't know that means Power Girl because it doesn't make any goddamn hey, sense. Hey, listen, the JSA in the works, I need some concrete info, and it better come tomorrow. Uh, while you, When you go to listen to this, they better have announced something at WonderCon about a JSA book, and I would think that it would come Sunday if they're going so to because this quote-unquote in the works, I've heard this quote-unquote in the works for a while, uh, or at least I hope that's what that means. Can you all call up your buddy Jeff and find out for sure jeff don't talk to us no he doesn't i said uh this week scott snyder does we talked to scott snyder uh and i said wouldn't it be cool if jeff johns talked to us as well and you're like he he don't like us mr hollywood mr hollywood you know for someone who doesn't like the dc animated universe you sure as fuck sampled a ton of it for your new 52 special (laughs) which i enjoyed by the way and this is what i was talking about earlier when i said about the new 52 and the samples and stuff like that now i think that andy gets a little bit of uh uh, false info there me and eric eric you here me and you couple i I like to call you my significant other uh, we I like, like the we like the DC animated universe. We don't like the recent DC animated universe as much. And uh, to me, I liked Flashpoint Paradox a lot. And that was still when I yeah, think that it was, was that was the last one that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I'm After that, you, it all went down. Justice League War was okay. I did watch that today. Like I said, with with Logan, and it it was okay. Uh, but it wasn't as good. Like me and you, uh, Under the Red Hood, freaking Doom, that, all dude. those we love. I mean, love. And uh, so it's not the DC Animated Universe we don't – yeah. We just don't like the newer things. I'm telling you, up until – what was that one with the Suicide Squad, the Arkham one? Oh, the Arkham one. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. That was rough. That's the one that I think when I really was like, nope, I'm out. Uh, These are not as good anymore. Even the the Killing Joke deal and stuff like that. I did not like that one. It seemed off. I don't know. The, the you Dark, like the Dark Returns Knight was one, all right. right. Yeah, yeah, you like that. That was okay. Uh, but even like the the uh, Year One and the stuff like that, we really like. Yeah, but it's just once the we newer get past stuff. Flashpoint, though, shit just goes downhill. Yeah, from there. yeah, yeah. Flashpoint, I watched. I had a really good time watching that too. And and again, it's it has nothing to do with things change because they do that a lot. They change oh, yeah. it up, and you have to do it sometimes. Uh, it's just the the animation I think has taken well, a dive. I, I'm trying to think what it is that. now. Like it's like Batman, Bad Blood with Damien, yeah. and then the other one with uh, Batwoman and Batwing. I can't remember what the hell the name is off the top of my head right now. Yeah, Didn't I care for that. Either. I yeah. haven't even watched uh, what is it Justice League versus Teen Titans yet. But uh, but you like Gods and Monsters. You you Gods and Monsters that. was all right. Yeah, that yeah, was actually pretty that. decent. It was something though. I it was not you know a yeah, part of the universe. You know, it was yeah. something that I could just take for what it was. Yeah, and not you, think too but much you about enjoyed it. it enough. I yeah. still have your copy of it too. I, <laughs> I forgot all about day. it. I still haven't even watched it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, we like the older stuff. We love though, loved uh, it a lot. But yeah, he says uh, he did enjoy the new Fifty Two special. Well. With all that controversy and over-negative reactions going around with the whole Mizzy Slicklicks, 
shit, I figured it'd be a perfect time to share with you, da-da-da, another edition of Amazing Andy's Amazing Tradebacks for your amazement. At 48 pages, I'm not sure if it really qualifies as a trade, uh, but hopefully you see where I'm going with this. This week I recommend to the Get Wet Food, Meow Meow, Alan Moore's 1987 Superman, Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. Uh, written by everyone's favorite crazy Brit and main art by Kurt Swan and some dude named George Perez. This book covers the final days of Superman. No, not those final days of Superman. The other final days of Superman. So Superman ends up fighting off his major foes in a final showdown at the Fortress of Solitude, including Brainiac, Lex Luthor, Bizarro, Metallo, Legion of Supervillains, etc., etc. But after the smoke clears, Big Blue realizes someone else is behind all of it. I won't give it away, but he wears a derby hat and is from the Fifth Dimension. Well, in the end, Superman breaks his golden rule and as a result goes into hiding with a new alias. He ends up marrying Lois and they have a son named Jonathan. You know, for 30 years ago, this all sounds really fucking familiar. Just saying, you can pick up this quick and fun read for under 10 bucks and I recommend it to any Superman fan. Anyways, I love you guys. Eat shit and die. And I'll see you on the flip side, smoochy woochy. Lord Andy at the land of Cleve. P.S. Tell Dancing Mike I've had his It's Raining Men rendition which is it's mail with Jim <laughs> rendition stuck in my head all fucking week but I don't mind it only makes me laugh out loud like an idiot every time I catch myself singing it under my breath yeah and, uh, the uh the Superman, uh, what is it? Uh, whatever happened to the whatever man tomorrow? The man they actually tomorrow. have it at the library as well, and I, I don't know, but they may even have it on the Hoopla app because uh, they do nice. have a lot of the stuff that they have. But I do want to play something for Andy here. This is for him if I can find it, just so that he can th- uh, do it along. Here. It's Yes. I, I do love that. That that might be his overall. That's his free bird, right? The it's mail with you. <laughs> that is Dancing Mike's free bird. Uh, he is actually right now listening in the Mixler chat. I do hope that he thinks that that is his free bird or maybe his dream on. And he did. Oh, and Mike actually says in the chat, it's assault on Arkham is the one that we were talking about that I thought was uh, pretty bad. But yeah, yes, that really is really sexy too. Yeah, sexy, crazy, whack, funky, or crazy, sexy, cool that was. Uh, but yeah, we're going to go back to some more books, and uh, I, I can only imagine what we're going to say about those, Eric. Ugh. So close, no matter how far, views come straight from the heart. For Trust in Warner's words Cause Jim's reviews matter Jim never opens himself this way To his wife or his family Let's not forget Eric Shane his reviews matter Trust I seek and I find in him Twelve hours a week we get jammed Open mind for a fuck you find Cause Jim's reviews matter Yeah! 
Yes, we are back. And we are back now with reviews that with matter. With shit. With reviews that matter. What's wrong with Reggie? Are you okay there, Reggie? Are you that okay, song, buddy? That song is so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and so oh, true. That's what I love. So the truth true. of it is so true that you don't share your feelings with your family. That's true. No, that is very. Yeah, true. That's not what he says. He does not what? say that. He says I don't share my views with my family. Family. <laughs> my family. Uh, does he mean the East Coast family of ABC BBD? Uh, East yes. Coast family. East Coast family. ABC BBD. <laughs> the East Coast family. Freaking it's out. All was, hey, segregation, Red J. Segregation, Red J. What was the um another uh, another bad creation? Was ABC right? Mm-hmm. That was the ABC. And, yeah. That was the children. That was the kids. Yeah, yeah. I liked uh, another bad creation. I think they had a song like "I'll, I'll Kill You on the the." playground wasn't that the yeah, one no. i'll slice your throat on the playground it was no, called it was there was at the playground yeah, that's no. what it was called that's, that's what, what it was called yeah, yeah it was similar <laughs> very similar we're gonna play some jackson i'm gonna fucking kill you wasn't that a line in that song <laughs> i remember it i remember it was funny because that was uh when boys to men i really liked them at first i, I did am. and uh at the motown philly at the end when they had that if you remember in the video when they did that part everybody had like like this fucking like uh, a pose off at the end. I really liked it. I liked it. You call like those b-boy poses. Call those b-boy poses. All right. Yeah, they were all b-boy poses, and I liked correct. it. And if you remember, it was almost like a photograph come to life with b-boy poses, and I thought that mm-hmm. was fucking awesome. Was awesome, it? I tell you. These Poison. books aren't awesome. Po- I'd rather Poison. talk about ABC. Poison. Poison, 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 poison. Yeah. You know, I've learned a lot of things in life, but I also, I really have lived my life with never trust a big booty and a smile. That's right. Oh, yeah. You can't trust Can't trust that. But you know what else you can't trust? These goddamn fucking books. I guess we have to talk about them. These are the Hanna-Barbera DC fucking, you know, crossovers, whatever you want to call them. Uh, when they were announced, I, I remember thinking, boy, these sound like such a great idea. Uh, and when actually, they were announced, Eric says nobody. Said, I'm out. Yeah. A lot of people said, uh, I hear other podcasts, and they were all excited about these. They couldn't wait. I thought it was nonsense right away. But at least you had it in an annual. So, yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. But you can have some fun. I'll tell you, we're going to start talking about these. That's the thing they lack the most to me. Every one of them is fun. I don't think – and Reggie, you'll you'll argue that that Suicide Squad banana splits with some fun. That may have been the most fun of them all because the rest yeah. of the stuff, I don't know what they were getting at. I really don't. It is don't. pretty dreary, yeah. Yeah, and we're going to start with Eric's book, uh, which is Adam Strange and Future Quest. Go with it, Eric. Adam Strange Future Quest Annual Number One, written by Mark Andreco, Jeff Parker, and Dan DiDio, with art by Steve Lieber, Veronica Gandini, Dave Lamphere, Phil Winslade, Chris Chuckery, and Nick J. Knapp. At the end of the death of Hawkman, we saw Adam Strange Zeta beamed away, and here we find out that he was brought to the world of Johnny Quest into a place outside of time known as the Lost Valley, where dinosaurs roam free and fear agents are on the hunt for our heroes. Well, that seems like fun. Adam Strange spends the issue having no idea who he is, and when he finally remembers, he goes home, and we have no closure to the death of Hawkman series. Segregation, Reggie! Yeah, I, <laughs> that's the problem. This one actually does have a lead-in. 
Yeah, that's what's so weird. It's like, and then like the rest of them don't. You know, no, it's the only no. reason I was going to <laughs> yeah. read this. They and got review re- it because... they got Eric into it by that, but yet you don't get anything. If you're gonna lead in from a miniseries that nobody read, at least give those couple people Eric, you know, and the three other people that actually read that series and enjoyed it. Give them some sort of closure. Give them I, something it's... with it. That's the thing, though, because, you know, I read Jody's top five list where he has been reading Future Quest, and he says he gets a lot more out of this than I do because he has read that series. I do not read Future Quest. I don't give a fuck about Johnny Quest. I'm only in this and only reviewed this for Adam Strange, and you don't get anything with that. Seriously, I think Jody's fucking, you know, pulling shit out of his ass. That that might be worth mentioning, though, is that for this and for uh, the Flintstones one, it's the current dc yeah, comics current, versions yes. of those you know comics those, yeah. those properties or whatever you know yes and but i don't know what jody could have gotten out of this i, I really don't because there's not uh, these books have this problem especially like this and the flintstones one that has a current series i mm. i think you get you, you get two properties and you get nothing from both you you really don't it, it shit just goes on uh for no reason. I, I don't know. What what else do you get from this? Uh, well, I'm tell us you, about it a little, Eric. I will tell I, you all about it because our okay. series starts with, with Adam Strange being Zeta Beam to the Lost Valley and the Quest universe where he is found by Todd, a boy who's searching for his parents inside the Lost Valley, and the Neanderthal, Ugg. And I have no idea who these characters are because I have not watched Johnny Quest in the past 25 years and I don't give a fuck about them. But anyway... <laughs> Todd, he goes and he contacts Dr. Quest and says, hey, we got a vortex problem over here, Kahid. Why don't you come over here and help us out? Dr. Quest's like, you know what, boy? I'm on this. So he brings the whole family along. I think these guys are from a cartoon called Dino Boy. Yeah, they are from Dino Boy. Oh, are they? Yeah, this is – that's the problem is the the issue that you have with the Future Quest book is Is that that it is seven properties all in there. The Herculoids are in here and – yeah, some of these were just thrown in. That's why it was called Future Quest. You have the Herculoids. You have all these these things thrown in, which confuses people even more. And again, uh, I before you go on, Eric, this is the problem with this book that they did lead in. You are you're a fan of Adam Strange and Hawkman that miniseries, and you jump in here. They do nothing to ease you into this world at all. No, a- at and I'm, all. Total, I'm totally confused because I, like I said, I wrote, read Jody's top five, where he's talking about you know vortexes being a problem in the series of future quest that's fine and now we have the zeta beam which in my mind should be something completely different than the vortexes that allow people into the lost valley and out of the lost valley and the thing is you know todd sees us he knows what a vortex looks like but he sees adam strange zeta beam then and says it's the same goddamn thing so i don't know if they're saying that zeta beam technology and vortex maybe it is maybe they do i think todd's just full of shit yeah, I just uh, – who Girl. knows? Uh, but yeah, he just wants to get out. He's stuck in the valley. He can't go out. He even says at points they've come to rescue him, and they take him out of the valley, and it just zaps him to another part of the yeah, valley. there's something wrong with Todd where he cannot leave the Lost Valley, and he doesn't want to either because his yeah, parents are lost Yeah, that's the point of it too to is he doesn't want to leave anyway because his parents are lost in there. So it's, it's just it's just nonsense. It really is. But yeah, this whole Zeta Beam and the, the – uh, these vortexes, vortexes all yeah. it is really is a way to explain why the dino boy shit is in the future quest you know and universe we, here we see these vortexes which i'm guessing is a mainstay of this book and it looks nothing like a zeta beam i've ever seen but they're saying it's the same goddamn yeah. thing and i'm calling I th- bullshit I, I actually don't even think they think it's that much of it i think they're going with this might be a way to kind of go yeah. now it, it a does piece of shit i, I think you. their instruments pick it up and they think that it's one of these vortexes i well, just think the thing, that it's dr quest's instruments don't even pick it up 
It's yeah, all I'm about saying, like, Todd's If worth. we were sitting here and there was a black hole and then there was a – these people wouldn't know the difference between a Zeta beam and something else. They're, that's what they see and they're trying to go with it. Uh, but, yeah, it's just – it's complete and utter nonsense, well, really. Well, while all this is going on, the Quest family, they show up to fucking find Adam Strange. He has no idea who he is or why he's in the strange no. astronaut garb or what it can do, anything like that. And while this is all going on, we have some fear agents that are also trapped in the Lost Valley, and they want to use Adam Strange to open a vortex so they can finally escape. So now the hunt is on. The fear agents are hunting down the Quest family and Adam Strange so they can try to get a vortex open. And it's just a fucking long, drawn-out bit of nonsense where Adam starts remembering things, bits and pieces here and there, but nothing except for what we've already read in The Death of Hawkman. Like little flashes. You get nothing. Yeah, nothing. I was so angry. And then Birdman shows up, which jogs his memory because of Hawkman, and, but it comes to nothing. And then they open up a, a Zeta Beam love deal. Man, they yeah, end Birdman's a Zeta fun. Beam and I, I, end up like, with the Herculoids. That's the thing is that there's <laughs> like a, the a bit of too. there's a bit of alien material left over from where Adam Strange Zeta beamed in, and this allows him to get back to his universe. He just needs to ch- like Birdman needs to use his solar powers to charge up this freaking alien material so the Zeta Beam can come and find him. And before that, though. The freaking fear agents show up. We're going first. And they go and they end up in the world of the Herculoids. And then Adam Strange does the shit proper. And Zeta beams back home to find Alana and maybe find out, you know, yeah. what's going on with the death of Hawkman and Despero and all this good shit that we want to know, but never and get to see get it. Here, like, we and we'll never, we'll never get it. I don't think we'll ever get it because I just, there he goes. He goes off. Yeah. Dino boy waving goodbye to the future quest people. And that's it. And it's just, it's nonsense. It really is nonsense. And like, I'm telling you, at the one point, if, though, when they're, when they're running through the jungle, I'm like, you know, Haji uses his snake-charming powers yeah, to calm down charming. this gigantic fucking snake, and then Adam Strange runs in, sees a giant snake, and blows its fucking face off. I thought <laughs> Haji would be a little bit more upset about nah, this, but no, he doesn't, care. he doesn't give a fuck about the snakes. He can just charm the pants off him. He's a snake-charmer, not a snake-lover. <laughs> you don't need to love something to charm the pants off of I'm it. I'm telling I'll you, tell I you. got done... I got done reading this book, though. I was already depressed because, you know, I was in this only for Adam Strange. and then But yeah. I was given more Future Quest, Johnny Quest stuff, which I don't remember. I was never a huge fan as a kid. After reading this, I hate Hanna-Barbera. And then I had to read your guys' books. And even after that, well, I hate Hanna-Barbera so goddamn Even that, so we go much. and we have Top Cat. Oh, God, fuck uh, We me. have a Top <laughs> Cat backup. <laughs> it's me. Top Cat with Batman and uh, Selina. And it's just, it's just nonsense. It's just Top nonsense of you getting... Cat. Yeah, you get, you know, Top Cat's fucking origin here about being a guy who can talk his way out of anything. And also this uh, dark matter type deal that opens doors. And it's just nonsense. It really is nonsense. And uh, Top Cat's in the freaking DC universe. Uh, Batman wants to help him. He said, no way. Catwoman wants to help him. He said, no way. He has to go and do his Top Cat thing, apparently. And that's where we end it. And I'm like, I don't remember you, Top Cat. No, and Top Cat just does story. say no, it I says actually, at the I end not remember it at all. To be continued in Top Cat. Hmm, yeah, now that's, you can get real cozy with Top Cat. I'm telling you, these people, you. everybody here. He's going to uh, cross over with fucking if Mother Top Panic Cat's and continuing, Top and we're going to have, have uh, the Jetsons coming out, and we're going to have uh, Snagglepuss. You ain't going to hear shit about those on this podcast. Uh, this, is, <laughs> this is killing us that we have to talk about these for these this annuals week, and only because I actually asked people in the Get Fresh crew doop, doop, doop. if they were reading these, and a lot of people said, yeah, they were looking forward to these. That's the only reason we're talking about him because i don't like any one of them and yeah that's enough for fucking that one what did you give it there saying the art wasn't bad and uh because of that it's mainly my score i'm saying and 
I'm telling you, I think I went a little high with this for my anger because I thought it was yeah. just my personal feelings because of how angry I was. I said, you know, maybe I was being a little bit biased. I went a little bit higher because maybe people who like Future Quest will get something more out of this issue than I did. So I gave it a 5.1, just nice. trying to, you know, make sense of the whole thing because this is, you know, it's a it's maybe a 2.5 to me just for what I read this issue for yeah, and didn't get yeah. anything out of it. Well, but I, I went a little bit higher than my own personal feelings because I am biased on the matter. Well, I don't have to be biased, and I don't have to have a written review where people will think, oh, my God, he really liked it, because I give it a fuck you five. They made it so that it looked like you were going to get some answers from the Hawkman uh, Adam Strange book, the Death of Hawkman book, which didn't give you answers in the first place. So it led to this nonsense. You got shit. Uh, again, I'm not reading the Future Quest book. I know a little bit more about it, I think, than you, Eric. I think I've read two sure issues. Uh, yeah, but even I so, I, read the first I, I thought it was yeah. nonsense. I thought it was I think complete I gave up and utter through. garbage. The Top Cat thing at the end. Uh, actually, if, if to be quite honest, I think a lot of these books, I preferred the backup more than the actual story because I could get through it in three seconds and forget about it. <laughs> like, I'll forget about everything here. Uh, I think this was complete and utter nonsense. Fuck you, five. Reggie, you even think of it a score because you said you, you should actually have. Didn't. Shouldn't you? Shouldn't you get a um, sound effect for "fuck you" five? We something should like an, an explosion or a uh, siren or uh, something like that. Uh, an you think explosion, like that? Uh, just something James like Brown. New Jersey Guido. Uh, hey, fuck uh, you, man. Hey, hey, you what you there. think you talking about? Wow, that was. <laughs> I'm trying to look. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find. How about this one? This is terrible. Is that a good one? This is no, terrible. That is terrible. Oh, sh- uh, how about this? This is, hey, Eric, what did you think about Top Cat? I love that so much. Oh, God. You just said you didn't like it, Eric. You... That sounds awesome. Gee, see, he you liked... already played this game this week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, hey, I'll what are you stuff. doing there with your, with your books? Is that a good one? Is that Does that sound like a guy from Brooklyn, Reggie? Hey, what's yeah. going on me, with your, your sandwich? Maybe it's a little bit from Russian from both you. <laughs> what hey, are you Hulk doing man, there? What are you doing over Hello, here? Hello, love. What's wow. you doing? How's that? that? <laughs> what, well, Reggie, you want to give it a score? Yeah, I'm going to give it a 5.5 just to just to Ooh. be different. I, I actually, I won't, I won't fake the funk. I, I found the story so boring, I couldn't even get through it after three times. However, you found it, it boring. I like, Did I like you? the artwork. I, li- I like, you know, like Eric said, I like the artwork in the in the front. It's I think okay. the back is a little bit rough looking. Yeah, but it is. It's, it's not breaking my heart. Let's go to Manhattan. Not How's worth five one? bucks. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the I next one. What I about all these books. None yeah, of these I agree. Bear books are worth five fucking dollars. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. But we're going to move on to the next book, which is Booster Gold, Flintstones number one. Uh, I think I'm doing the blurb, Reggie. Do you have a song for this, or do you or do you have a song? Booster, meet the booster. <laughs> He's the cooster booster rooster dude. Booster, 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 skeets. Booster Gold Flintstones number one, written by Mark Russell, art by Rick Leonardi, Scott Hanna, Steve Bucciolato, and Dave Sharp. Booster Gold goes back in time to fix a problem that he starts by going back in time. We get to see Booster and Fred Flintstone kind of team up and get a little Bill and Ted time-traveling shenanigans. Then we get a backup that sets up the upcoming Jetsons book by giving us Rosie's not-so-fun origin story. (laughs) Boom. There you go. Uh, Are we done talking about it? This one actually is a little more – it's not as offensive 
to me as some of these, but it's still not good. It, it just these things just don't need to exist is the biggest problem with me. They're not. And again, this one, Booster Gold and the Flintstones should be fun, especially Booster. Booster should yeah. be just fucking hilarious and fun. And you get the and, bit and if, of remember of all the Hanna Barbera books. I you know I, yeah, I, I you, know that, you uh, I know Jody it. likes Future Quest, but I thought Flintstones was the best. Yes. It's the one that became more than I thought it was. Like oh, it yeah, kind definitely. of developed into into something more interesting. I still I did stop reading it after six, but it it was a worthwhile comic. Yeah. So this had a chance. But but to be honest, the story presented here, which is basically like a prophet comes to you know save Bedrock and Booster yes. squashes it. This this could have been a, a normal you know ish, issue of that Flintstone series, yeah. and Booster is just shoehorned in here like yeah, it's Booster's you know, just shoehorned no in. And, reason. It's like ridiculous. And you agree that the Flintstones book, which Mark Russell writes this and yeah. he writes the Flintstones book, is a clever book. It's some satire. Yeah, it's, it's you right. know. This is not. This isn't clever at all. Like you said, boosters kind of shoot on in. They could have had this prophet show up and some guys just beat the crap out of them and whatever. A meteor hit him, a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Or a dinosaur just comes and eats him. But it, you sure. get Booster Gold going back in time to the Flintstones universe and to stop what was an invasion in his time. But when he goes back, he actually causes it because this prophet had gone there. And, you know, you get the whole thing. Oh, I'm going to bring, you know, love and peace and erections that last four hours and, and this is going to be great. Booster shows up, squashes him, cuts him in half and this is what ends up later on causing this invasion. In the meantime, you have Booster uh, you know, getting money from Alfred so that he could get the interest. You know, stupid shit like that. It's yeah. just, And the whole thing is him trying to impress a woman on a date uh, it's just not that fun. It really isn't. Uh, one of the big things is a uh, booster goes back to the Flintstones times he's, he's stuck. You get a little back to the future type, uh, almost like back to the future three. I think that Dylan actually said it in his review. It is a lot like back to the future three. When they go back to the, uh, old West here, you're in prehistoric times and boosters trying to get the energy to, uh, fuel his deal to get back in, in time. And uh, they go, and even the, like the humor of him calling up other time travelers and having each of them have their problems, it, yeah. it, it's just not that fun. It, wasn't it that really funny, isn't that fun. And you just go, I, I really don't have much more to say about it. I really don't. Uh, you have this satire that kind of goes with uh, religion and how you know how wars are started based on religion and people doing their own thing and, and trying to you know a war that's going to start because people want to have war but the problem is it's not as good a satire as usually is in the Flintstones book that satire yep. is as very... a matter of fact they already did the religious yeah, satire it's yeah. it was it was pretty and clever it was all right <laughs> yes that's what I'm saying it's clear I'm not going to say that Mark Russell's satire in the Flintstones is subtle but it's no. very clever and and yep. it wraps around and makes sense and it's it's a weird deal because it does make sense in the world of the Flintstones in his book that he's writing this is just it almost seems like you said that he had a story about, you know, a satire on religion and how that was. This was a throwaway story that didn't work out, but we'll use it here. Uh, of all these, it just – the quality just isn't there. And, and it's it's a shame because it is Mark Russell writing it. And it just – it's nonsense. They go back, yeah. you know, Booster has tons of money because he borrowed $10 from Alfred and he put it in his bank account. Again, I said that's like the back to the future type deal for me. Uh, but yeah, it just ends with him on this date with this woman again and her wanting to sue Tinder. 
There you go. The case closed. I don't. What else is there to say about it? You have anything else to add? I would say that you know, if you are a fan of the of the Flintstones comic, there are a lot of the trappings, like their weird Carl Sagan guy, and and yeah. you know some of the other characters that would be familiar from Rock? that series. I don't yeah. know what they call him in this actually, but he has some name like, like Carl Sagan tight or something. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's it's really nothing to go right home about, no. frankly. And and I, and this did, I think, when I saw it at at first glance, I was like, this story has some potential because they're both yeah. funny. I mean, yeah. Mr. Girl's a funny character. Yes. Flintstones is a pretty funny book. Put them together, you know, nothing really funny happens. And you do get you do get the you know booster who's all consumed with himself and being you know i want to look like the hero and i'm going to do this but it doesn't go anywhere with it and he's just there in a book that's supposed to be this you know crossover with either you don't get much of fred you don't get much of booster Uh, it's just shit going on then the backup actually sets up the jetsons book that jimmy palmiani and amanda connor are going to go and it that actually really upset me and not like a fuck this it upset me because I like the Jetsons. I really, really like the Jetsons. And thinking that Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti are going to be doing that book, I really had hopes for it. Uh, and this wasn't backup, Amanda Connor going to be drawing this. Did I, I imagine don't know. that? I don't I was know. She, I guess I hoped she would. I, I don't yeah. love the art in this. It's too. Why it's so like? I don't know. Gritty. It's realistic and creepy. Yeah. yeah. It's and it it's not a fun story. This it's the origin of Rosie the robot, and you get this futuristic story where. Uh, uh, Judy goes to visit her grandmother. Her grandmother calls her in because she's going to turn herself into a robot. She's like 124 years old, I think she says somewhere around there, yeah. and says, "Okay, there's this young. new. Yeah, there's this. Yeah, so she looks like hell. And it, it's hey, there's this new process that will turn me into a robot. It ends up being Rosie. Uh, but even that, like you go through this, Judy looks okay. Like I'm going through it, and Judy looks okay. And the weird thing about it is. They are really making it along the lines of the art of the Flintstones. And I do think that that's going to cross over at one point. We're going to get that whole thing where the Flintstones are this, you know, land that's below them, even though they spell out this flood. Uh, But I think they're making the art similar, and I don't like it. You go and see George and uh, Judy, they uh, they don't look like – or Judy looks okay. Like I said, it's – what's her name? Uh, Astro looks ridiculous. Uh, Jane. Uh, Jane, yeah. They don't Jane, look, his wife. They, they, yeah, Jane is. They don't. I mean, look I mean, like, when when the Flintstones book first came out, I didn't. I hated the art. The first, yeah. issue. I didn't hate it, but I was really. I, I did get more comfortable with it, which I guess. I mean, it's not like it's not like it's drawn like these. They're out of proportion, or there's something wrong with the. No. We don't know what's happening, but uh, something about this just seems a little like. I don't know, too realistic, kind of freaking yeah, me I out. Yeah, George, I you don't even... His hair is least, ridiculous. I'm telling you, at least you say, hey, look at this Flintstone. Here's Flintstone, uh, Fred and Barney. And I'd be like, okay, that's Fred and Barney. It's a little yeah. different than I'm used to. It's not I, as cartoony, whatever. They don't look human, though. They, do, they are still yeah. cartoonish. Like yes, you show you know, me whereas... Jane and George here. I wouldn't be able to tell you who they are. If you just yeah. had a thing with them, Elroy, again, he looks kind of, you know, like Elroy. But even that, I'm like, what He just looks like a little boy. Is... That's all. It looks like yeah, a little yeah. boy. Like, you're right. It, it's 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 losing all of the identifiers that let yeah. us know how which character is which. Yeah. And then uh, you, you, let me I, ask you something, Jim. What's that? If this story was changed so that it was your mother was on her deathbed. I pulled she the had, plug. And she had her personality distilled yeah. into a robot. In a robot. And, then, and then that robot got tossed into a fucking car compactor. Yeah. Would, would I you fucking like pressed the button. 
I'd ten press the ten, button. What would you say? Ten out of ten on the story? Ten out of ten. Yeah, it would be great. I'm telling you. Yeah, I I would fucking be so furious. Uh, George, I think, is getting the call. And he's like, oh, my God, Judy's with my mom. Oh, no, we better go because he's worried because finally he's going to get rid of this bitch. And now she's a robot. He can't get rid of her. She's now going to live forever. He wants to get rid of this fucking Rosie. But there she is. But it's just not fun. And this is to, of the one backup. This is the one that I was like, okay, we're going to have the Jetsons book. I, I really think that that could be some fun with Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti. And this is such nonsense that I am no longer looking forward to that book. And I think that I don't like it. And if this is the art style, I'm out. I'm completely out. And I just didn't like it. Uh, what did? What would you give it, Reggie? You go first. Um. You know, I, I didn't hate the backstory. I mean, I have the same problems with the backstory as you, but it was so short. I And I do think it's reasonably clever to, like, give Rosie some kind of a more of a personality than just the Jetsons, you know. Oh, yeah, there, Mr. Yeah. Jetson. You know what I mean? I There's don't something know. I'd, I'd laugh at that. I, wanna, but I, I can't I hated, wait to see I Mr. Spacely. I guess I had a lot of I had a lot of uh, high. I had higher hopes for the first story yeah. and completely let me down. It just was not funny or interesting. I'm going to give this a 5.5 out of 10. And I'm going to continue with my trend. I give this a fuck you five. I, I can't stand these books. They're just, they don't, <laughs> that, that they don't be, need yeah. to be freaking – here, wait. I'll, I'll find it here. Here we go. Uh, we could go with I give this a fuck you five. Hello, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> I yes. give this a fuck you five. Watch your profanity. <laughs> I will watch my profanity. I give this a fuck you five. Hello, weird science. Yes. yes Thanks. you, Dan. Uh, Eric, are you going to rate this, or are you just going to pass I'm it? Done. I'm, really I'm taking it. a powder on this one, just because <laughs> I, we, we started this podcast out, and I realized I forgot to read this issue, yeah, you which is really fucked up. Yeah. And you know what? After hearing you guys talk about it, I'm happy as fuck that I did. Yeah, I know that we're going to get some people mad tonight, because some people probably really enjoyed these books. I just I them. didn't enjoy them. I did not think that they were necessary. I think that they were just a cheap money grab, that they just threw these together. None of them seem really well thought out or done. I really don't think so but we're going to go off to the next mail section and then we'll be back with the other two books hey if you would read my mail Jim want to tell my words would tell but if they tried to read it we'd hear an epic fail when you reach the point where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. The hero will be Jim Eric. His voice I'm doesn't waiting. take a break. Every, every time you play that song, you immediately fuck up the goddamn mail. Uh, I, I laugh. I just love when, when that happens, though. I love the whole, if Eric reads it, it's going to be an epic fail. And then you bring that up, uh, and then you start reading, and you fuck something uh, up. So yes, that's nope, karma right nothing's there. Nothing's getting fucked up here. We're at mail section number 10. I mean four. Yeah. Oh. Who would oh, know? Oh, no. What happened? Mail section number four. We're going to start with Taylor. 
Taylor says, hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, this last week was spring break, so it was nice to get almost kind of caught up. I wonder if he went to Fort Lauderdale. What's the kids still break? go there. Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I'm finishing up episode 114. I've been digging the Superman Reborn arc, although I agree I was hoping for something better than Mixie being the Clark Kent. I also love the I Am Bane story, the Detective Comics story, and Nightwing. So basically, Taylor's telling us he loves everything. (laughs) Also, hearing you guys talk about the Green Arrow story with Speedy uh, had me decided to go grab that and start reading Green Arrow again. That's cool. Whitney. What is Whitney doing, Eric? What isn't Whitney doing? <laughs> Whitney is finally caught up, too. So we decided to give our $25 pull list. For Whitney, it would be, here's Whitney's. You say if you agree with Whitney's, if you disagree, you're going to have to deal with me, Eric. Wonder uh, Woman, uh, right? Detective Comics, okay. Nightwing, Flash. There it is. goes to $24. It's funny because it's a, a cumulative uh, deal. And I'm like, Wonder Woman, $6. Okay, so Detective Comics, $12. $12 Detective Comics, what's going on? I didn't realize. <laughs> I, see, there you go. I that, fucked up again. That's that's an all right pull list. It's not my yeah. pull list, but, you know, it's, it's an okay. all right one. You're, you're getting your good thing. Nightwing a little off there, but it's Whitney. Hey, yeah, Nightwing it, has been getting better. Whitney does what Whitney wants. It's Whitney follows her heart, and her heart says Nightwing. And again, and you have Nightwing says, and Flash. Look at Dick Grayson's ass. Yeah, yeah. And I also think, though, she also must love uh, heroes that are good guys because Flash and Nightwing. So here is Taylor's list. Right. I'm looking at it beforehand. I have to say, I, I hate to throw shade at, at Whitney. Taylor's got a pretty fucking solid clad list. Listen to this right. one. Detective Comics. Not your right. favorite, but Detective Comics. No. Nightwing. I could understand it, though. Okay, Nightwing. Okay. Right. He he wants to have something to talk to Whitney about while they're eating now, dinner. In my mind, they both get the same book, so they don't have to spend as much money. Well, I don't know. Whitney does not share. Eric. She, <laughs> she's nice, but she has problems with that. Uh, Super Sons. New Good. Superman. Teen Titans. Good. That's, that's, that's a fucking awesome like list that. right yeah, there. I like but, that be, list. but because of that, you're missing some of the core characters in my mind. It's the biggest problem with the $25 pull list. It makes you think. It makes you have to have sacrifices. But yeah. you're missing out I would on take a lot Nightwing of cool stuff out. There. I would take Nightwing out. You have New Superman where that is your wild card book that you're yeah. throwing in there just for yourself. Uh, I would take Nightwing off. When Whitney's at work, you read Whitney's copy, exactly. and I would, pro- I would probably get uh, Action Comics there. Whitney. I'd get Action Comics. Well, I might. Yeah. I kind of want to put in Hal Jordan the Green Lantern Corps in my new one. I don't know I why. I don't know. Uh, here's I know the it's thing. rough, but I need to Neither have Neither of them Corps. have a Green Lantern book, so I don't yeah. think either are fans. Oh, yeah, they're not so, fans, obviously. Yeah. So we all decided – we also decided to do another list where since we both read the books, we combine our $25 to make a $50 pull list. So <laughs> I got to read ahead, Eric. Uh, Detective <laughs> Comics, Nightwing, Wonder Woman, Flash, Super Sons, New Superman, Teen Titans, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps – and Batman, oh, that's pretty good. That is that a is pretty good. good one. You still don't have a Superman book. I would probably, again... Action Comics. Yeah, you'd have to... I, I hate to do it, but... I'm telling you, though. I guess after... you can't take... I guess you could. You get $2 left. You take New Superman out, which I love New Superman, but it's just not important. It is so, like, so, isolated from everything else. Yeah, you else. know what I mean? Because I... Obviously, they both love Nightwing, so we can't take that out. But that would be the book that I would remove for Action Comics. That's a pretty good that's list. That's weird, though. But after the, like, uh, now that Re- uh, Reborn is finished, 
I might have to wait and like do a wait and see approach this because Action Comics was my big book for, of Superman leading up to all this stuff going on because I had the most mystery. Now that we're done with all this, I might find myself going back to Superman with the type of stories that I could finally tell again because yeah. it was on a holding pattern until that was it over. It was. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. He then says, what is your guy's current poll list? And if you guys decide to Everything. share books, what would be your $50 pull list? Listen, I ain't sharing shit with Eric Shea. No. So I ain't sharing shit with Jim because my, he'll ruin My it. pull list would probably be Detective. I'm trying to look. I'm trying to match it up because I don't have the stats here. But yeah, I would I go, I'd go Detective, Batman, Super Sons, and uh, Teen Titans. And then I think I might have one more. I'm not doing the stats of my head because of that $3.99 that it's going to end up being um, than Action Comics. So there. If that's close to being – can I – give me a break. But that would probably be my list. Do you have any ideas? Because I'm with you. I like the Green Lantern stuff. Uh, not enough important things are happening right now for me to actually – take up a spot on my list for either of them if i had to pick though i have changed from green lanterns to hal jordan uh what would you oh, yeah, go with too. yours what would i would yours? probably i tell you i don't have, i don't have the numbers here math ain't my strong suit but no action comics was. batman teen titans <laughs> okay super sons you like that I'm- I'm gonna throw Titans on there. Ooh, oh, fuck! I'm, yeah, you know, you like I'm throwing Teen. Ti- I'm throwing ti- uh, Titans it. on instead of Teen Titans. Action- fuck it! I'm getting rid of all the Titans. <laughs> no, I'm no. Um, I'm getting rid of Teen Titans. Okay. God damn it! I like that. I book, like dude. Teen Titans, action- but it doesn't seem that important. Right action now. Batman, How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps. Fuck Red Hood. Um. Ooh, I forgot Red Hood myself. It's getting Red tough. Red Hood and Super Sons. Actually, I'm I'm gonna take Red Hood off of mine for the moment. Uh, again, it's kind of to me, it's kind of just stalled out. So right. we'll see how it goes. But uh, thank you, Taylor and Whitney. We're gonna move on to Brett, and Brett has another email, Eric. He is now he's done talking about time travel. Uh, he I think he wants to know thank stuff God. about you. Yeah, it always ends up. I have to read them. So as I'm reading, it basically these are emails to you. Because I'm so busy reading them, I can't even get involved. So here we go. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? I only have one thing to say. He says that, but he's had seven things to say, Eric. But the one thing I... God damn it, I'm trying to find it. The one thing to say is always... Hello, motherfucker. Hello, motherfucker. The guy is drunk. That is right. He is drunk, Eric. This is how Yeah, this is what I have to say. I just want, I'm just, Brett, I'm turning you around now, dance party groups. Dance party, get fresh. Proof, doop, doop. There we go. Now you gotta wait until I hit the sound effect, and it keeps going. Fan Theory 241. Uh, please read all uh, before discussing, he says. Uh, we don't read things ahead of time, so I'm sorry. Uh, we do not do that, right? No. <laughs> the song 8675309 is a song from 1981 by Tommy Two Tone. He was singing about a girl named Jenny, and he does say, Jenny, Jenny. I got your number. Who can I turn to? My theory now begins here. Jenny grows up and has a family and has her first kid in 1988, names her Stacy in 2003. The song Stacy's Mom, which I fucking hate more than I hate my mother. <laughs> Uh, the like mom they're talking about is fucking Jenny. She grows up and becomes a MILF, Eric. That's what he says. He wants to discuss that. I hate that song I don't want to so discuss that. goddamn much. I hate it. I hate that song. Next on the docket, in your professional opinion, could a lightsaber cut through adamantium? Do you think that that is the case? Yes. I think it could. I do think it can. Okay, now he goes on to something for a pop culture. He says – 
You mentioned in the Pop Culture Podcast that you can't find any reviews from Siskel and Ebert. Here's why. They're dead, Eric. (laughs) Hey, hey, Brett, that's the joke. That was the joke. We're well aware of that. Now, he goes on to say Siskel died in 2010. Ebert died in 2013. You are way off there. Siskel died in 1999. He died of, I believe, brain cancer. And that sounds he went right. Down. But yes, I was growing up, I was a big fan of At the Movies, the big joke when Siskel died, which, you know, when people die of brain cancer, you, you have jokes. The big yeah. joke is Ebert was supposed to be the one that would have went earlier. That's what uh, everybody saw happen. Like, well, how long is Ebert going to live? Well, and in fact, Ebert at the point had surgeries and had so many problems that he couldn't talk anymore. He was so fucked up, but he, he would still type his reviews out as well uh, until he died in 2013. So uh, that was a shame, but I'm a huge fan of them. But yes, Siskel and Ebert really? are you know, both I, did, I really thought he still did Ebert and Roper. or is it Roper? No, no, it was them Roper at the movies or whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I thought he was still doing, doing that. that right up until no, he died. No, no, I believe, in fact, I would think that he got, either he had like throat cancer and they removed his thing. He had some real fucked oh, up fucked shit up, happen yeah. on, but he was still uh, writing the reviews. I always hated looking at his fucking face. I loved him. I, I no, really no, did. I loved the whole thing. Look, I couldn't like, wait for that show to come on. go off on a fucking rant and you see that turkey neck fucking jiggling Yeah, he would go like, turkey neck. He would go turkey neck, but yeah, we're, we're aware they were dead. That was my joke when I kept saying yeah. it too. Uh, it was me digging into Eric because we, we do know they're dead. But uh, Titan's <laughs> annual, uh, number one, so I assume Garth now has fucking laser beams attached to his fucking head. Am I to no. assume that now? Twice we see these laser that, beams, this that, issue and one before. Power. Yes, it is. That is part of his power. Is Donna made of clay? I want the truth, damn it. No more lies, but seriously, is that what Wonder Woman said true? And that is true. Who is the key, and how would I have known him? Key was a villain back before, like pre Flashpoint. He was, uh, you know, went up against a lot of, like, the Justice League a bunch of times. He's a legacy villain. He's a legacy villain. And lastly, oh no. Who was the key talking to at the end? Was it? I don't fucking care. Stop with the questions. We have enough questions dangled out there. I want answers now. I can handle the truth. I'm a big boy. I do not shit my pants. Damn right. Kill it, be out. And yeah, uh, again, that was just thrown out there. Who yeah. knows? Who knows who he's talking to? I think that he's talking to Owlman, Eric. Oh, yeah. He's talking, no, he's, he's talking to Grid. That's who he's talking to, Grid. Kill it, be out, and that is the Talking end. Talking to Alfred. Yeah, Earth Alfred, three. Earth 3, Alfred the Outsider. But that is the end of mail section number four. We're going to go to some books and uh, enjoy those. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and Listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea Ah, yes, we're back. I don't think I've heard uh, that one before. Uh, that's you. that's one we play occasionally, but it does make me laugh at the end. <laughs> it goes through that whole thing, and then, eh, don't want to hear X Shay. But yeah, you I'm, know what? Sometimes I'm I think doing we, the arm worm this whole time. Yeah, sometimes I, I think go- books are good, bad, or sometimes they're just okay. Just okay. That's There's other times that they infuriate me, and that's what <laughs> is going to continue tonight. I I I don't know. I actually was worried that I was going to be the most, you know 
upset about these books, but I, I think we're all you know solidarity, solidarity. But uh, this first one that we're going to do in this section is actually the one that I got the pleasure to review, and that is Suicide Squad: Banana Splits Number One, written by Tony Bedard. Art by Ben Caldwell, Mark Morales, and Jeremy Lawson. I'd like to tell you, uh, Eric, this one is great because you know what we have now? We have a little bit of a duet between okay. two between two sexy guys. Here we go. <laughs> we all know that animals are disgusting wherever you go. They should piss on everything. We learn to puke. Learn to hold your breath while they stink up the room. I'll be drowning them soon. Animals and humanity mix together like ketchup and banana cream. Don't want to see them on my squad. How I'm it's an affront to God. God. Ah, yes, Reggie. Yeah. There it is. It is we an affront the, to God. Jesus it Christ. definitely is an affront to God. You're going to get the album, Eric? You're going to get that? You're going to get Jim, that? Jim, what have I told you about playing with Reggie? Here's the thing <laughs> is, Damn when Reggie, I, uh, the, only, the only thing I had a problem with with that is that I wanted to continue so that we could go, you know, banana splits, sue squat. <laughs> Just keep going with that. I love that part of that song. I, I, I yeah, it's so funny, thing. too. I went to work yesterday, and I said, I had told Eric before, me and you're going to do duet for the banana split suicide squad and i wake up and you you sent me a message and i go to to work and i said yeah i'm guessing that along the day when the day goes i will get a message from reggie that will be ebony and ivory to this thing and you had already tipped your hat i said yeah, that to I, eric I, early morning, i already sent you lyrics from ebony yes. and ivory because that's what was popping in my brain man yes. you know, I was just, yeah yeah well i said to inspired. eric Probably at like 8.30. Yeah, I think Reggie's going to send me some bits of uh, Ebony and Ivory for the Banana Split Suicide Squad. And you did. And, and then I was by happy. noon, you said it. Well, you sent the thing over for like, you know, him to do his bit. I'm like, you know what? While these motherfuckers do this, I'm going to do a goddamn song to uh, Summer Lovin'. That's and right. I started, and then I gave up immediately. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. Uh, I thought we were going to do something to Summer Lovin'. Banana splits, a blast from the past. Banana splits, I wish it wouldn't last. See, it would have been great. The problem is, Eric, could we have counted on you to come in and do the tell me more, tell me more part? Tell me right, more, on, tell me more. Why do I have to read this book? No, no, tell me more. Good. Tell me more. Tell you me know, more. Put on a little, little Brooklyn uh, on that. Yes. Yeah, here we go. We, we have more of these books. Uh, I, I did have another bit of a write-up besides our song. I'm going to read it anyway because that's about all I want to say about this book. The Banana Split show up in L.A. with a few days to thrill. But after ah. the police forget that all animals are created equal, the band is sent to Bell Rev, where they learn prison rules, save the Suicide Squad, and come up with a harder edge to their music. I thought this annual was offensive nonsense, and I never want to read anything like it again. Oh, yeah, I like the Snagglepuss backup. There you go. There's my write-up. Uh, Reggie, 
you weren't as offended as I was. Uh, I was actually offended because, number one, they, they pretty much throw shade on NWA throughout. Now, you could say it's an homage. I think it's nonsense. You have the cover that's basically the Straight Outta Compton cover, and it threw me off just in general right there. And then it goes, you have the banana splits. They're heading to the Whiskey-A-Go-Go for a show. Well, you know, mm. with their bubblegum pop. And a, they're swerving a bit. I, I didn't get that. Uh, I think that the police saw them. I think that they are treating them as if they are African-Americans. And I think it's awful. And I think that even at the no, point where I, I they're like, they were like, hey, we're animal Americans. On? There's a dog driving their well, car. And here's the a thing. That's the problem. The- <laughs> this is my major problem with this issue is that the banana splits are part of the DC universe. They didn't get there through a portal. Nope. They didn't wake up. They didn't get their head hit. They're here. They are in the universe, and these they get pulled over by cops. Gosh, they even have and, a license and registration. Yeah, the cops don't even seem to think that it's anything. Yeah, they're like, oh, they must be mutant lab animals, but you don't just think that. They're driving cars. Uh, they go to grab... Uh, license and registration out and they think they have a gun and they open fire and that's when the the splits say oh my god why are they doing this we're animal americans i'm like this is fucking stupid it's and over that's the top when you realize that the ap uh, the lapd cannot shoot for shit because yeah really and they can't shoot like, but again and also of course it has to be the LAPD. It's just, to me, this is overly offensive. You also have a lot of, you know, at the end they even use the word lit. I think that it's supposed to try to get, oh, I'm going to talk. Tony Bedard wants to talk hip to the kids. It's it's nonsense. Also, well, uh, here's the problem. Is, Tony Bedard is from the streets. So. Yeah, he is from the streets. Uh, you know, I don't know talk. what street, but he's from some street. <laughs> the other reason, or the one thing I think that is completely where you see the focus of this book is not where it should be they describe the suicide squad you have placards describing the characters of the suicide yeah. squad yet you don't have that for the banana splits what the fuck what's going on no i was gonna i was gonna quiz eric i was gonna quiz eric and say name them he won't be able to and they no. don't do enough for for you to ever get to know like tony bedard goes into this almost making it seem like the obscure property is the suicide the squad same, yeah, exactly everyone not knows the banana the, splits, uh, banana splits. I, like, i'll be honest i actually forgot about snoky the elephant and i yeah, kind of like yeah, I, I, I remembered here i was like all oh, right right i, yeah, wanna, yeah, I, I just want to know why the dog he's the keyboardist list. he's the keyboardist snorky i like the yeah. banana splits i said in my review though the problem is there's only one good thing about the Banana Splits. There has only ever been one good thing, and that's the theme song. That's all it is. The Banana Splits were never anything that you could have even a half-hour show. They were more of an intro and outro type thing of them yeah, running around and, 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 and fucking mm-hmm. songs playing. They, there's no substance to them, and it's weird to have a whole issue with them with the Suicide Squad. And I, I just thought it was ridiculous because they go, they get pulled over for, for swerve. They go to get a license. The LAPD open fires. The next thing you know, they call in the fucking Amanda Waller's guys, and they get sent to Bell Rev. They didn't do anything. There is nothing that they did. They are now got their fucking instruments destroyed. They're fucking, yeah, but that does not get you sent to Bell Rev. 
it's just there's no premise no, around this whole thing. No, you don't because they are part of this universe. They were going – somebody hired them to play at the Whiskey of Go-Go, so they are normal citizens in this universe. If you had them fucking go through a portal and all of a sudden they ended up here and then it'd be like, oh my god, you know, they're fucking mutant animals or whatever, it doesn't make sense here. They're going to a gig. The, and, yeah. and to the point but where technically there are fans that are going to go see them and everything. that's what like, i'm saying but i've already established them as like a legitimate yes there are you know, legitimate people, people things, in this universe and that's yeah. what i'm saying and also to the point where uh, you know i i'm not saying the lapd should know who they are but they are known they are going to play a show there are people who think they are normal that's what threw me off completely uh it's just all thrown in to just for nonsense because while this is going on the fucking suicide squad again as always is having problem in in a, a fucking you know a job they're going to do a mission rick flag has been captured uh Amanda Waller needs somebody to throw out there to go rescue them that are off the books because she's afraid. And it's weird even. I said to Eric when I was reading this earlier this week, she seems very concerned for her Suicide Squad team more than she usually does because yeah. she's like, oh, they're going to you know blow the brain bombs. I don't want that. I got to get some people off the books because even Rick Flagg says, hey, you know, sh- send Enchantress. Somebody send them. No, no, no. I can't do that or the authorities will figure it out. And they, no. When does she care about that but in the I meantime so the fucking suicide uh, or the banana splits are in bell rev they're going they're learning prison rules uh the one guy says you know animals you you people stick to your own kind i'm like what and then they sit down and they say hey we play bubblegum pop and they laugh at them and there you go and then the next thing you know off they go to save the suicide squad it's a bunch of nonsense it really is but i have to admit after reading, because I had only read this one, you know, this was the one mm. I reviewed. Now, after reading all the rest, this might be the most fun of all of them. It's just nonsense. They they go in the Suicide it's Squad's there. It's super goofy and like it yeah, is goofy. If, if, if you try to explain why this is happening, you're never you're always well. And again, lose. that's it's, why it's, it's I have to because I was reviewing shit. it. I had to yeah. review it, so I, you know, I thought more about it and things like that. But they go Harley and Snorky kind of uh, have a bond going and things like that. But in the meantime, they're going where there's a robot factory with mini skirt wearing robots, and they have to stop that. It's all nonsense. Well, how do you it's like just, your robots. Yeah, it's just goofy nonsense. But uh, they end up blowing up the the factory and, and going back. And then at the end, the uh, banana splits decide that they have street cred now that they've done time. I think Snorky might have gotten a teardrop tattoo uh, under his eye, maybe. And they're they start. Wearing, they're all wearing count, you know, jailhouse uh, orange and uh, yeah, yeah. looking very thugged out. Yeah, they're just they're thugged out. Straight from NW, like straight and out of Bell yeah, Rev. Yeah, they're going straight out of Bell Rev. And... Goals, get rich or suicide, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and the, the worst piece. part is, too, is that now they're not at the Whiskey of Go-Go. That looks like they're playing the Forum. They're oh, huge. Yeah. Uh it just, to me, it seemed very racist to me <laughs> that then they're like, hey, we, we did hard time. Now we got street cred. Fuck this bubblegum pop. We're now going to do rap. And uh, yeah, there they are straight on a bell ref. And I just thought it was nonsense. It, I really thought it was nonsense. Uh, That's why Amanda I, Waller's reaction at the end, she looks at it like, you know, like, you white people, please. Yeah, she, really? she knows, yeah. She's like, maybe animals, but you're white. Yeah, white people. Play- yeah, it's just weird. It, it just was odd. But yeah, then we have a backup uh, with Snagglepuss. This is why we're. This is really why we're here, Jim. Let's hear your Snagglepuss. 
Heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I'm going here even. See, I have a. I told Eric that's one of my good ones. I have a pretty good snaggle. Yeah, I love that. One. Yeah, I have not brought out the snagglepuss in a while. And I said in my review of this backup, I actually really liked the backup. I thought that the dialogue was very good. There's not much to it. Uh, but, but, but I, I didn't dark. mind it. I liked the dialogue. He says, heaven to Murgatroyd. Heaven to Murgatroyd. I like the artwork, too. I yeah, mean, the it, artwork's it, really good. It's crazy, but I like it. Yeah. It's Howard Porter. I always like Howard Porter's mm-hmm. artwork. And, I mean, I may actually check out the Snaggle Post book. I don't think I'm going to stick with oh, it or anything. You may check it out, even. Uh, <laughs> I might check it out, even. But yeah, in the meantime, you get a little Snagglepuss uh, backup that ends up uh, turning into a show that might uh, be an envy to Great White because it it fucking burns down the theater and kills everyone inside because it's like a play on, you know, what people think is funny or whatever because the theater catches on fire. Snagglepuss goes, we got to get out of here even. But uh, they don't. They die. There you go. (laughs) He's telling the story. And it flags. <laughs> He's such an asshole. I love him. He is. Uh, I actually do like Snagglepuss. I, if you remember way back, Craig uh, had emailed us and said that I sounded like Snagglepuss, my normal fucking voice. It was a mix. Uh, it was, it was a mix. And Droopy yeah. Dog. And yeah. Droopy Dog. But it's still, Snagglepuss was involved, and I was so mad. Uh, but yeah. That's when you went to go look up the voice, and that's when we found out you do a great Snagglepuss. Yes, so it, was, it was all my... came out. It was all working. it was. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he's sitting there talking. He's like, like I said, people. <laughs> now you're going to go. Now I'm trying to read dialogue. But yeah, it's it's okay. You get Snagglepuss. And they, they have come out and said the whole big thing that people seem to cling to uh, was that Snagglepuss is a gay character in this. Uh, this sure. does not push that. Not? It, well, it doesn't push it. So, you know, I did see some reviews like, and it's great to have this gay character and this outed cat. I, I didn't even go with that because it's he's just Snagglepuss. You know well, what I well, mean? Maybe maybe for once we'll have a gay character that isn't just fucking talking about how they're gay all the Yeah, time. that's you what know, I'm saying. Gonna, like, you don't need like to, we're to see push him it out. In, like, you know, in a relationship with a dude later, and it'll yeah. be natural it won't be like fucking something you know that we knew had to happen you know yeah i you know that and i i actually kind of got a little offended when i saw those reviews pointing that out uh just because there was no reason to point out like there's no reason to really dwell on it in the story i think that i like snagglepuss i i'm not like i don't sit there and watch a lot of snagglepuss cartoons but when i see him he he gives me a smile on my face i i like him enough but yeah uh, a laugh even i get a laugh even I read this issue, and as you're going on, I'm like, I have nothing to contribute to this yeah. whole goddamn thing. Eric doesn't I, have I anything to say, even. I, <laughs> heavens to Murgatroyd, Eric. I, I care so little about everything that's going on with this goddamn Hanna-Barbera it's shit. It's because like, he's gay, isn't it? Maybe. He crosses his legs at the end, even. All right. I've had enough. <laughs> I forget. Does anybody remember that dog's name? I cannot fucking think of it. That dog. I remember, I remember his existence in the in the cartoon. I don't remember. Yeah, his I don't name. remember. That. I don't know his name even. Everything with even. That's the that's the uh, trigger word there for that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm telling you, the dialogue's very well written in that. Yeah, it's a little boring. It's a little dull, like you said. But as opposed to the Jetsons deal. 
Uh, this actually makes me think that maybe the book will be decent enough. I'll see. I, I just, I don't know. Well, we'll yeah. see. But uh, I didn't like the regular story, though, like I said. After reading the others, I thought maybe it is a little more fun. Uh, but if you're – here's the thing. I'm just going to say, if you're a fan of the Banana Split, I don't care what you think. Anybody who says they're a fan of the Banana Splits is bullshit. There's yeah. no, there's nothing there to be a fan of. You there's can say, not oh, more I'm than a... half an hour's worth of like banana splits footage ever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like as far as all like, it actual, was like, was you'd whoops. have the, you know, the banana splits, at the beginning of a show with the song, yeah. but then it would go to another thing. There was not any it substance to it. Whenever they'd come back, they'd they'd be in, like they would do a little introduction yes. sometimes, come in for a little stupid thing, and then there would be the close. I was talking to Eric because I didn't know if Eric really watched a lot of Banana Splits, and I said to him, "If you're a if you're not old enough to have watched the Banana Splits, basically they really to me uh, aped it in uh, what's it called." Uh, Austin Powers, when they had those in, it, those little between scenes with the band playing, oh, with right, Austin right, Powers yeah. playing that, that pretty like much that. was what you got with the Banana Splits. I liked it too. Matthew Sweet was in that band. I'm a big fan. So was oh, Susanna Hoffs. Susanna Hoffs even. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I would, I would, I, I wouldn't just would. I gave this a five point nine. I did like the art in the backup a lot, and the art in the regular deal was okay. It just was not my cup terrible. of tea. Yeah, just whatever. But what would you give it, Reggie? Well, I liked it better than you did. I thought it, you know, had all the same feelings that it was a goof that Suicide Squad story and had no real like reality to it. But I thought parts of it were funny. Basically, I would give it a cute. And uh, the backup, I like the art a lot, and I was really looking forward to you doing your snaggle impersonation. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. All right. What would you give it, Eric? Fuck you, 5. Fuck Buffoon. you, 5. All right. Get ready for that score, because I think I might give the next book that. And, oh, Reggie, it's one of yours it? even. It is one of mine even over here. It's <laughs> Green Lantern Space Ghost <laughs> Annual number one. Even. Written by James Tiny and Fourth and Christopher Sabela. Howard Chaikin. Art by Ariel Olivetti. Howard Chaikin. And Will Quintana. Will Quintana. Oh, <laughs> my glove. Hal Jordan. You need to learn respect, my boy, my son. And (laughs) I've been dead for so long. And death can suck so much. Oh, was I ever alive? My power glove. My power glove. God damn, my glove is cool. See you in seven, everyone. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Only oh, <laughs> how it feels flying free through the vast universe. 
And only Space Ghost knows who he was when he lived. Maybe he was just a jerk. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. There you go. Thank you, Rich. <laughs> Uh, I hope I hope that the song's longer than what we're going to talk about because I uh, this issue probably was the one I was looking most forward to. I thought it was going to be the best. I like James Tyna. I like uh, you know the previews that I saw the art for. I thought were cool and Space Ghost and uh, you know. Freaking Hal Jordan seemed like a match made in heaven. I don't know what happened along the way because this is nonsense. And James Tynan completely fucks up with half the shit going on here. And it's just fucking ridiculous. Well, you know, and what's funny now, now knowing that uh, Adam Strange comes out of Hawkman, that actually does tie into some continuity, annoys me that this one now, like before I was okay. With yeah, just how Jordan being being totally whatever d- detached from any Green Lantern. Yeah, company. yeah, yeah. But because but of Adam, that, if Adam Strange is is going to be connected to the fucking death of Hawkman, then this should also be connected. Yeah. Well, so I'm not even, and even connecting, oh. fuck that, whatever connecting, it's the point where during this, Hal gets his ring taken from him and still yep. is in his costume, it doesn't affect anything, and then well, Space the Ghost puts it on. I know, yeah. but it's still ridiculous, it's just no, no, ridiculous. It has been like that, but in recent continuity, when you lose yeah. your ring, you lose your costume. You lose your costume. Yeah. can't use it, but, I, but no. like, like, like I say, it, I, I had looked at this like... This is just like, you know, yeah. typical pastiche. How, how well, here's the thing. Do- you can but say that and you can go with it and that's fine. Make it fun. This isn't fun. Like, this it's- is like when we had the He-Man Thundercats. You want to see them fight. You want to do this. If if He-Man gets a fucking lion sword, whatever, that, that's fun. Sort of this, omens. Yeah, and this, though, when Space Ghost gets the ring and Hal gets the, the bracelet, whatever the fuck it is, it's the fucking nonsense. It doesn't – it's not fun. It, you know, even you to the point really where – what? what? <laughs> Please tell I, me. I wanted Hal Jordan to be a guest on Space Ghost Coast to Coast. That would have been fine. The only bit of Space Ghost I enjoyed watching. Yeah, and that's <laughs> I. I have an issue uh, where I, Reggie, you're a Space Ghost fan, right? Sure. I am not. I never was. Facebook's Coast to Coast. I'm. I'm not even including that because I was I a fan that. of that as well. Yeah. Um, the regular Space Ghost, I thought that, to me, they made Space Ghost coast-to-coast because Space Ghost itself was so horrible that it was, it was funny sort of to dull. make it. It was, it was very dull. But, and, but uh, it, but I think Space Ghost used to be paired with, um, that was the Herculoids. No? Yeah, was yeah, the, yep. I believe so. so. That, that's probably that probably helped me to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. Well, really here's the thing, though. To me, I thought, you know what? I never really liked Space Ghost. I it actually was pretty boring to me. But adding Hal Jordan into it, that seems like it might be fun. And when you go in, all of a sudden, Larflees is there. I'm like, okay, we're we're getting somewhere. This is going to be some fun times. I mean, it, it even at points started to veer towards the Star Trek Green Lantern book that I actually really enjoy and mm. even the star uh the ha- uh, green lantern planet of the apes stuff like you those are fun you you add these things but you never get enough of either properties in this to make it anything special it, it yeah. really isn't uh you, just tell us about it reggie because you you reviewed it but i just i no, was reading I this and was just bored I, I, again for another unbelievably contrived reason 
you know, Hal Jordan goes to the edge of space to find that. Uh, at first, I got the impression that Larflees was fighting space ghosts, but it seems like he's yeah, just so sort of there. I. Yeah. And he's fighting, and he's fighting Hal, and then space ghost shows up, then Zorax throws a bunch of bugs at them, they land on a planet, yeah. and this planet is very isolationist. Yeah. Um, and, and it's kind of a stupid, too, where, like, Hal and space ghosts are, like, we have to free them from ISO. We have to show them that they're, you know, there's a universe out there. You're fucking up the Why? prime directive, man. Fuck Why? off. Why? Yeah, Why you are don't you have to. Them anything? I mean, I, just fucking leave. <laughs> like, also, here's the thing with me. You have this isolationist planet that is armed to the teeth. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's so weird to be that armed like that and and deny that there's anything out there i know that's that you true. can say well what this is what the <laughs> yes I, you can say well the government knows and no this seems like these people like you would have these guys in this army like what are we doing like, yeah, really. why do we have all these ships and these weapons when we're saying we're the only ones out there and it's just to me it's just ridiculous uh but yeah go on I, eventually a headache of- even Eventually, dicking around, they hook up with uh, the girl. Can't remember her name now. That's actually there was actually a girl and a boy in Space Ghost, and this is just the girl part. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. Oh, oh, okay. My wife is out there handling my cat. Uh, <laughs> looked out the window, wondering yes. what the hell was going on. Akila, uh, um, it doesn't really matter. She's hanging out with with a big robot uh, monkey. Yeah. They hook up with a guy that actually brought them there in the first place. He had like a distress signal, and he yep. has built a spaceship, and that's like illegal, you know, because you're not supposed to try to leave. The yeah. planet, and they're like, we got to help this guy leave the planet for reasons that we don't know. We're not going to really explain why. It's almost uh, just because he's a scientist and he wants to see it, and that's what ends I mean, up happening. Because I, they I, just... I just don't think that that's co- that's correct behavior. You know, when uh, yeah. traveling through the universe, <laughs> if a planet wants to be, you know what I mean? There are a lot of planets. Uh, it seems fucked up if they want to be isolated. That's why Star Trek had the Prime Directive. Exactly. You don't fuck yeah. with on like uh, like planets that don't have warp technology. But again, yet. you go down there, and this guy is like, I know there. Star, like, it's almost as if also that the, the people on this planet have never looked up in the sky because at night you would think that they see things and like, oh, I yeah. see a moon. Maybe that's something or whatever because this guy, he, he ends up almost dying or he is dying and he's like, I just want to see up there. And they take him up there. But, yeah, it's just nonsense because and then, the moment that has the most potential for anything interesting, which is when Hal and Space Ghost get their weapons back, the ring weapons, and the gauntlet. Yeah, and they, and they, they, and they, they are using each other's weapons. Yeah. And this was a moment where something funny, interesting could have happened. Space Ghost could have whipped up a Scooby Doo. Oh or yeah, it would have like been that. funny. Who knows what? That uh, it, it, they didn't do it, and it lasts like a page. It's not even yeah. a full page. It lasts a page. It, Space Ghost. Normal. Yeah, Space Ghost is upset because it makes his arm hurt, and Hal's pissed because uh, of anything. Why yeah. at this point? Do you want to deal with the ring losing energy? This is supposed to be fun. Leave that. If you're going to do all this other nonsense, leave that aside. Have, like you said, have Space Ghost fucking make a Herculoid. Have him do something crazy with this. Instead, he makes a space shark. Hal says, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't use up all the energy. Gets it in his piss. He even says, you're going to use up all the juice. No, this this is supposed to be fun. You've already yeah. thrown rules out the fucking window, and now you're going to deal with the percentage of energy in the ring? That's the only thing that would be fun here, and it's not. It, it just isn't fun. <sighs> I have Go a question, on. though. Go if on. Space, who was Space Ghost in life? Who was Man, Space Ghost? Man, shut your goddamn mouth. I don't Who know. was Space Ghost in life, Eric? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. No. He's the goddamn uh, cartoon. 
How is how did he? When, why is he a ghost? Does that make any? How can you be a ghost without having lived? Because he turns invisible. He looks uh-huh. like Patrick Warburton with that ass fucking yeah. chin going. I think that's yeah, who he, he was. Be. Or he could be Bruce Campbell. Maybe he's Bruce. He Campbell. could be Bruce Campbell. Dead. He could be. And this is in the future. How but dare you? Don't ever dead. say anything like that about but Bruce, then Campbell. Bruce Campbell's ghost from the future came back to the present. Yes. Yes. I, is, I agree. You, right off the bat, this issue made me angry because, you know, they're essentially saying like they'd have this convoluted way of saying, you know, how Jordan got they got a distress signal about this weapon being on this planet that how yeah, Jordan needs to check out. But it's out in the unknown charters of space, which somehow mean a different dimension because we have to get the Space Ghost universe, but it doesn't make sense going to out in our universe, going to another universe. No, and Lars Fleas is there. Yeah, I'm saying that doesn't make any sense. So essentially, think, you're saying we go to Uncharted Space, yeah. and there's Space Ghost is in the DC universe. Yes, yes. Fucking yeah. bullshit. Or with yeah. the banana splits, they're all in there. They all are. And yeah, you get the whole thing too, is where, you know, Space Ghost and Hal Jordan, they're kind of the same kind of things, and yet they, it takes them half an issue to even get that point. And yeah, Hal thinks that Space Ghost is the weapon. It's just nonsense. It really is. Yeah, I didn't even give a shit about that. And then the best to me is that when this, uh, when this scientist ends up, he gets mortally, you know, he's wounded, he's going to die, he knows he's going to die. He says, take me up to space so I can see, you know, what's going on there. I want to see if I was right. They take him up. He's all happy. He's like, this is better than I ever could have imagined. Now I can die. They let him float out like Spock. They fucking push him out. But then they go back to the planet, and this planet that has been isolated for what you would imagine millennia, just fucking decide to... uh, take this girl and say, okay, you know what? We will stop this. She can lead us now. They would have yeah. killed her immediately and went right back well, to what they were fucking doing. Kind of chaos. I mean, basically yes. everything you've known, you know, it's just been stood on its ear. You thought that you were the only life forms in the galaxy. Yep. And now here's the proof that's of all. I mean, yeah, they burn them like witches. That's they why would our kill government him. keeps UFOs away from us. That's right. And they would have they would have killed both of them, and that girl would have had her head taken off. The minute I hear there's really aliens made contact, I'm heading right the fuck over to Quaker Town. I'm knocking over the chip beef factory. Fuck yeah. yeah I, and we'll fucking right eat. Church just giving it the finger. The minute I hear that, <laughs> I'm going to fucking break into our goddamn snack machine at work, and I'm going to eat me a whatchamacallit on them. On that machine. <laughs> I'm not going to pay for shit anymore. Like, there's aliens? I ain't paying for candy. Aliens? Fuck that. Fuck that. <laughs> I, and, yeah, you, you have this end with this girl then growing up, and she's like, hey, everything worked out. And then it says at the end, just the beginning. I'm like, please, stop yeah, this it. This I don't need much more of, you know. Uh, no. I mean, you know, she has a helmet with space ghosts and, yeah, and the, the green symbol lantern. on it. And I guess it's that's fun. her thing is now she's like a they're, – they're all into space exploration. Uh, I know that you don't feel the same way I do, Jim, but looking at it now, even I think this art is phenomenal. I don't I really like do. it. You know, we, we get a version that's a little bit low res, so some of the backgrounds yeah, look no, a little I don't. Chunky. I don't like it. To me, it's I like those it. hokey things where uh, people have either put like real life pictures onto comic book backgrounds or vice versa, and I don't like it. You have like photorealistic, uh, what appears to be the way they're going with it. I, I don't think it works well. Everything to me looks like it's color form. It looks like Space Ghost and Howard just placed I, on I these backgrounds, that some parts. and I mean, that's where I don't like it. Outline on yeah, I never look. really like that. Know something you might be hundred percent. Right, that might be exactly how they were placed there. Is to it be just cut seems out another image to me. and 
place. But yeah, but, you, you like it. I mean, I'll say one thing about Jim. Better than you can do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. Sure, Maybe I'll, I'll start. I'm going to try right now. I'm going to make some stick I, figures. I, I, always, I love that as a benchmark for quality. It's like better, yeah, better yeah, than really. I can do. Yeah, really. Seriously. If, 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 if somebody's if getting paid. Be better than I can do, then yeah, yeah, yeah. a four-year-old down the street to do this shit. Seriously. Uh, I am the worst. <laughs> but yeah. I know what I likes. <laughs> I don't know. I used to say that on reviews when we first started because I had nothing to say about art. I knows what's my eyes likes and my eyes likes this. But yeah, I, I was just thrown off. I'm not saying it's bad. It just threw me off. And like I said, some of the times the characters just look like they're placed on top of backgrounds yeah, and it threw me off a bit. You're right, yeah, well, but... uh, at the end then, then we get what may be to me, I don't know about you, uh, the worst backup that we got on all of these, because I don't know what the hell's got. It's it's rough and ready, and it looks like it, you know. I don't know what we, that is. It's, it's I what did you think of this? I remember these characters, although I think it, I may have never seen them, but I, I seem yeah. to recall them. I remember like, them. I kind of remember them. Uh, the problem with this is, is that it really deals with a subject matter that I should love. This is like old time radio, yeah, uh, all this stuff, comedy, and the comedy stuff, teams. Yeah. The Martin and Lewis is even mentioned, and Abbott and Costello, and the, I, but it just was nonsense. I just, I, I just don't know why this had to be. I, I don't know. Uh, can you explain? explain where I, think, I, I think where this went wrong is, um, you know, usually we complain that stories are too. Open that they put yeah. a lot of filler. In them. Yeah, I think this one actually could have used a couple of more pages to, to let yeah. it breathe a little bit. Yeah, uh, they, they he jams a lot in. Howard Chaikin is known to do these kind of like uh, you know noir or fifties style. It is stories, it's, yeah. and, and 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 I think the concept behind it, although not exactly full of like you know life or you know excitement, is all yeah. right. It's it's how Rough and Ready got together. They moved through other comic teams that all have very silly si- similar type of names that have like, yeah. Uh, you know, double meanings to them. Rough and sex was one of them. Yeah, rough and sex. Uh, willing, willing and able comedy. You know, there, there's a couple of ones, yep. and eventually the rough and ready get together. This is like the match made in whatever the hell uh, in some comedy club. Purgatory. I don't. Know. Yeah, See, it's, uh, it's but hell. it's it's, it's just not. It's hell. <laughs> you know, and I, I like Howard Chaykin's art, and I think it's okay here. I don't. This isn't. This wouldn't rock it to my favorite of his shit. It looks good. I'll give it yeah. that. You know, it's, but I, it yeah, uh, looks okay. And I don't give a fuck about him. It's no. It's, it's yeah, and you have it's you know you have these like 1950s comedy club type yeah. uh, jokes that I you know it's the whole thing. Why did the guy stare at the orange juice because it said to concentrate? You know shit like that. That all it, I'm telling you that sort of thing always makes me chuckle. Uh, yeah. But yeah, with this, well, I know it's, you pulled out your dad jokes list and you were like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm right now. <laughs> yeah, but it just this is just I I didn't get why you even had this, but I I can't see that nowadays anybody reading this and like really getting a laugh out of it anyway, because uh, I barely got a chuckle. Uh, but what did you give this total issue, Reggie? Well, you know I did go a little high. Definitely the artwork on that first part got me. I was really impressed by it, and I still am very impressed by it. However, in hindsight, going back over it, I was too high on the score. I gave it an eight out of ten. I'm going to revise that though live on this podcast. Live a seven. seven? Out of 10. Okay, yeah. I give it a fuck you five. I, I, I'm telling you, I just burp, I've had enough. I've had enough. Burp, burp, burp. What would you give it, Aaron? Fuck you five. Yes, burp, yes. Burp. It's a, this whole week's a fuck you five, really. Pretty right? much. Right. I'm well, you, once I got done Titans Annual and JLA, I was done. Yeah, yeah. I, I was too, but we we are going to go off now. Uh, 
to uh, you have a uh, young animal segment, right, Reggie? We do have a young yes, animal. Yes, we do. Segment, we're going to go off to that. Of news from young yes. animal. Yep, we're going to go off to that. Then we'll be back. This is a lineup coming up here. You have to pay attention now. We're going to go to your young animal segment. Then we're going to go to our last mail section. Then we're going to have uh, Vermilion. Josh Vermilion has a review of the monstrous book by Image. So we're going to do all of that. And oh, then man. we'll be then we'll be back to finish up the podcast we'll with one book. Yeah, while. we'll take a nap. And well, I will. I'm going to go. Uh, I don't know. I'm going to go make a sandwich and <laughs> think about how much I want to kill Rough and Ready. Uh, but yeah, and then we'll be back to talk Dark Knight 3 Master Race for the last book of the podcast. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see young one? Darling with a young one. A young one. Shouldn't be afraid. Welcome back to the Young Animal segment on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast. This week we have no comic books to talk about. Well, actually, we have a lot of comic books to talk about, but none to go through and read. Uh, so we've decided to do uh, what we do during these lull weeks for Young Animal and do a year in comic books. Uh, we've done this a bunch of times now, going through much of the 90s. Didn't we do... Uh, one a year in the 2000s, we did 2011. We did 2011. Yeah, and we yep. even did right up to the new 52. But this time, we decided to do a kind of cross promotional thing with our with our own <laughs> podcast. Uh, hopefully, you guys aren't too put off by it, but we think that you'll find this interesting. And if you do, then you can go check out. Uh, we uploaded a five part series about the Comics Code Authority this week, and that's on chrisandreggie.podbean.com, or you can find us wherever you know you find podcasts. Just look up Cosmic Treadmill or Chris and Reggie. You'll probably see our beautiful logo there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, uh, regardless, we're going to talk about 1954, and of course, like we do, we're going to talk about the world outside of comics in that, in that year. Uh, in April, Bill Haley and his comics recorded Rock Around the Clock, thus starting the rock and roll craze. April 22nd, Senator Joseph McCarthy begins hearings investigating the United States Army for being soft on communism. And on July 4th, food rationing in Great Britain ends 14 years after it began. This is the end of the World War II food rationing. Crazy, right? In, in Great Britain. That's how long, you know what I mean? They had they had to ration. I mean, the Korean War is, is almost over here. It's about to end, sure. you know, and, and they're still rationing. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, and speaking of World War II, we have uh, on November 3rd, the first Godzilla film premieres in Tokyo, which uh, a lot of folks are, I think it's fairly known that it was a reaction to uh, the bombing. Definitely, yeah. Um, on December 2nd, the United States Senate votes 67 to 22 to condemn uh, that man we talked about earlier, Joseph yeah. McCarthy, for <laughs> conduct that tends to bring the Senate into dishonor and disrepute. Look at that, from April and, to December, talk about a falling star right there. Yep, and and you know what? Since December of 1954, Senate's been great. That's right. Ever since then, there's no more no more disrepute anymore. No dishonor brought to the to the great house or Senate. Uh, now on December 4th, the first Boiga King opens in Miami, Florida. 
And uh, also this year, the Boy Scouts of America desegregate on the basis of race. Yeah, well, I thought that was interesting because this is really sure. the very beginnings of the civil rights era. Uh, Absolutely. I, I think in in the next year or two is when the you know the lunch counter thing will happen. Rosa Parks is 56, I believe. I think uh, so. So yeah, it's but here's Boy Scouts of America kind of uh, leading that part of the charge uh, at mm-hmm. least. Some notable births in the year of 1954. In on January 29th, Oprah Winfrey was born. April 29th, Jerry Seinfeld, and October 10th, our hero David Lee Roth was born. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> now uh, we uh, always try to depress ourselves and everyone else by yeah. saying how inexpensive a lot of stuff was back in a, a given year. Uh, one comic book magazine, <laughs> ten cents. Yikes. A movie ticket. A movie ticket's actually quite expensive. <laughs> Seventy I, cents <laughs> compared to right. I thought the same thing. You know, at this time too. But you know, a movie ticket still got you probably a double feature, a newsreel, two cartoons. cartoons you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you really, you really spent the whole day there. You have the whole Saturday. Yeah. But you really got to think of so just just real quickly. You know, a comic book is one seventh the cost yep. of a day at the movies, and you can reread it. And in a lot of ways, these special effects depicted in the comic are going to be better than what you saw on the screen. Plus, it's going to be in color. Nowadays, and you can trade it and all that good stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it becomes a currency of itself in itself. Uh, nowadays, though, the average comic book is about one third the price of a movie. <laughs> right? Am I right? Because because yeah. like a movie I, out here in New York, What's a movie like twelve bucks. Yeah, well, a movie here is like fourteen bucks, and I you okay. know elsewhere in the country be about ten to twelve. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's like like a third to almost half the co- the cost of a movie in some places <laughs> and you're like is it really providing half of what a movie can give you a lot of times that's that's the question i want you to ask yourselves and we won't answer that right here <laughs> i was going to give the spoiler alert but i'll, 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 I'll i won't <laughs> um now a ga- gallon of gasoline 22 cents that's sad uh a new, yeah a new house was uh twenty thousand dollars a new car was two thousand dollars Postage stamp was three cents, but it's it's important to note that average salary then was four thousand dollars a year. So mm. that does put a lot of things in perspective. Adjusted for inflation, that's thirty-five thousand dollars a year today. A respectable amount of money, but you know, not exactly rolling in dough. So uh yeah, it was Well it's five thousand over being a millionaire, right? <laughs> Pretty much. I know, yeah, I know we have a lot of thirty thousand dollar millionaires out there. Yeah, oh yeah, according to the <laughs> uh scuttlebutt on the internet. But this also besides all of this uh uh, money talk. It was an, a, a very interesting year for comics, and uh, Chris is going to tell us all about it. It was um, Seduction of the Innocent by Dr. Frederick Wortham, is published by Reinhardt and Company. Uh, a little bit about the doctor here. He was born uh, March twentieth, eighteen ninety-five, in Munich, and here we go again. His uh, his birth name, Frederick Friedrich Ignaz Wurzheimer. Very good. Uh, he founded the uh, Lafarge Clinic in the basement of St. Philip's Church in Harlem, New York, where he worked with juveniles, and he formulated the hypothesis shown in uh, that same book, Seduction of the Innocent. Yeah, you know. Now, one thing Chris and I, when we went through talking about Wortham, uh, you know, we were we were careful to say as many facts as we could, but to mm-hmm. show that this guy he he was not a huckster. He did not walk up off the street and decide to decry comics. He had yeah. worked in psychology for a long time and had helped a lot of people. And this this story of the Lafarge Clinic, which we do go into on our podcast, uh, is pretty interesting in and of itself. But we're not going to go. Uh, too deep into it. it. In the seduction of the innocent, the Wortham list of the bad effects from crime comics included: the comic book format is an invitation to illiteracy. 
He said that it creates an atmosphere of cruelty and deceit. It creates a readiness for temptation, stimulates unwholesome fantasies, suggests criminal or sexually abnormal ideas, furnishes the rationalization for them, suggests the forms a delinquent impulse may take and supply details of technique, which was a big deal, the fact that they felt mm-hmm. you could look, watch these crimes being done and then copy them, and uh, they may tip scales toward maladjustment or delinquency. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just the crime comics that uh, the Doc had a problem with. He yeah. uh, he also was uh, going after our some of our favorite superheroes. Uh, he referred to Batman as homoerotic. Yeah. He uh, he called Superman a violent narcissist. And uh, to to uh, go over the end of the tw- uh, Trinity here, we got Wonder Woman as a lesbian sadomasochist. Yikes. Yes. He would elaborate, saying Batman is like like a wish dream of two homosexuals living together. Um, he said that uh, the relationship between Batman and Robin was pedophilic, but initiated by Robin. Um, now, he never went out of his way to say that Batman was gay, uh-huh. but he did say that he felt the relationship between Batman and Robin helped facilitate and embolden gay feelings. So if you were if you had, you know, a proclivity toward that, this would uh, you would see what you wanted to see in it. Basically. Yeah, there's a lot. A lot of people have said that Wortham thought that Batman and Robin were turning people gay. He He never said that. He never said that. You know, no. he said you would have to have this, uh, you know, like Chris said, a proclivity within, uh, which I think is an important distinction to make because it's not, it's not crazy. It's not talk. black. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and like you know, there is a lot of reading into this required because you know we see all the funny, wacky Silver Age pictures of Batman mm. in the rainbow costume, sure. and Batman and Robin sleeping in the same room and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of these things are different <laughs> through the prism of 2017 eyes because. If if we're not mistaken, the uh, the rainbow wasn't, or at least wasn't widely used as oh, a uh, definitely a it wasn't at all. It, yeah, no. it totally wasn't. Uh, I mean, homosexuality was an absolute total subculture in many places, if not everywhere. I know for a fact it was in New York City. Sure. I'm sure elsewhere it was illegal. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, it was a mental illness. It was considered a mental illness yep. for a long time in uh, in America, but through the I forgot that was the. The DRM. The DRM, right? The, uh, yeah, so. Diagnostic uh, manual, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, it was, uh, to say that this was, you know, could lead to, you know, or, or was fomenting homoeroticism, what he was basically saying was it was fomenting something illegal, you know, whether it was his personal feelings about it, we don't know, but, you know, uh, if you're. <laughs> Talking about the law, the law is the law is the law, I guess, but anyway. <laughs> and it was actually the DSM, I'm sorry, it was the Diagnostic okay. and Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, so the okay. DSM. <laughs> it was on there up until like the 70s, right, or something like that? I think even later than that. Even later, my goodness. So, exactly. you know, and, and in England until very recently, that was still a crime was to be homosexual, mm-hmm. which, you know... Anyway, that that's a whole other podcast, I'm sure. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, there's still places around the world where it is. So. Uh, absolutely, yeah, was, very much so. So, uh, it's, yep, nutty. Yeah, so you know, looking through the lens of today, a lot of this stuff seems homoerotic, but I, that wasn't, I don't think, the supposition then. I think it was seen as like, uh, you know, normal horseplay between dudes or whatever. But anyway, I don't want to look too deeply into the minds of, <laughs> of the people making those comics at the time. 
Uh, about Superman, one of them said that he had a disregard for democratic processes combined with idealization of vigilantism. Compared him at the time most often to the Nazi Ubermensch. Uh, this was, I'd also mentioned by uh, Nietzsche, the uh, philosopher. He said, uh, when you go to women, you don't forget the whip. He was the one that came <laughs> up with the term Ubermensch. I thought this was interesting because talk about him. He's a disregard for democratic processes. Meanwhile, what's more American than Superman? You know what I mean? Like, right? <laughs> and even the way he's depicted now is like a total, often as an American stooge, you know, like he would never, he, you know. But uh, anyway, you could also put it this way that he was kind of clobbering people pretty uh, handily. Yeah, they, uh, he didn't read him any Miranda rights. And, you know, early, as people have, you know, know about now, early in his uh, golden age career, he was pretty rough on criminals, you know. He's like throwing mm-hmm. child molesters out of windows oh, and windows, beating the yeah. hell out of, you know, uh, rum runners or wife whatever. Beaters, so, yeah. yeah, wife beaters. So, uh, yeah, he was a pretty tough dude. Uh, there's a Wortham quote, he says, with a big S on his uniform, we should, I suppose... Be thankful it is not an SS. And that's God winning before it was cool. And it was, Indeed. It was not an SS. <laughs> Were them God? <laughs> yes, son of a woman. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Wonder Woman, uh, he says to boys, they see Wonder Woman as a frightening image, and girls would see her as a morbid ideal. His quote was physically very fou- powerful, tortures men, has her own female following, and refers to her as the cruel phallic woman. Wow. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> now, the creator. I, I, it's William Moulton Marston, right? That's right, yep. Because I know that uh, that I, I left that out when we first did that. Oh. I stumbled over it a few times. Um, this was uh, William Moulton Marston. He lived with two women. Uh, he had a polyamorous relationship with the two of them, including having children with both. It said that he based different aspects of Wonder Woman on on each of his lovers. Uh, one of them was, uh, was more mature and one was younger, if, uh, mm. if I'm remembering. Yes, right? exactly right, yeah. And uh, Wonder Woman would hang out with uh, a group called the Holiday Girls in the comic. Uh, back in the 1930s, holiday boys or girls were slang terms for gay and lesbian uh, folks. If, if you say so. In fact, I believe, <laughs> I believe the woman he was legally married to was also a psychologist or a doctor of some kind. Really? Uh, and then they, they sort of, well, you know, it's they had a relationship, you know, that also included a younger woman also. I don't know how you would... Put the hierarchy. I, you know, I wasn't there. Oh, we, don't, we don't really know exactly, but basically they were all together in a, in a relationship, and it seemed to work out with them for a while until the two ladies went off and did their own thing, which uh, <laughs> it seems seems to be a common result. When, when, when women find out they don't need men, they tend to ditch them pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, we're just baggage. Yeah, they were like, oh, wait, I don't even want to even need that guy. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> all, all, all those noises in that head, get out of here. I know, forget it. He's farting all the time. Got to get him out of here. Uh, anyway, but, you know, there's been a lot of talk more recently about Wonder Woman and casting her as a, a feminist icon and pointing to William Marston's talk about a feminist paradise and things and i think that was included also in her you know her created her dna being created but it's also important to say like she also did get shackled and whipped a lot you know what i mean whether you part of it yeah i mean you know whether you think that's symbolic of feminism or not it's definitely titillating to people that like that kind of thing so it didn't uh, you know, it definitely helped sell the comics. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people people weren't people weren't necessarily buying the comics for the feminist manifesto. That's all. That's all I'm getting at. Um, anyway, so you know, this book directly, along with a bunch of other events that we do talk about in our podcast series, uh, led to the uh, United States Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency Hearings 
on the comic book industry. These took place April 21st and 22nd, and then again, there was another one on June 4th. Uh, these were all in New York, right? I thought one was in yeah. D.C., but look. I think back, one was in D.C., but uh, I know I know at least two of them were in New York. The first the, the first days were definitely in New York. Yeah. Uh, these were led by Senator Estes Kefauver. He was Democrat from Tennessee, born July 26, 1903, in Madisonville, Tennessee. Uh, the public hearings, like we said, were April 21, 22nd, and June 4th, and they were kind of, uh, you know. Basically, they brought in everyone from the industry. Uh, yeah. One of the most famous uh, witnesses, or I guess, people that was subpoenaed, or actually, he actually wanted to be there, was William Gaines, who, who mm-hmm. ran EC Comics at the time, and these were the guys that did Vault of Horror, and a lot of the comics that were specifically targeted by Wortham for being, you know, the most diabolical. Uh, we have a little snippet on the podcast where we you hear his testimony, but uh, it's one of the more uncomfortable things you ever had to hear in your life for, for a variety of reasons. <laughs> Very awkward. Yeah, it doesn't come off. It doesn't come off right. You know, it's funny too. That's another one where you look at it with today's lens, and what he's saying is not wrong. You know, what he's no. saying is basically these images are okay for a horror comic. Absolutely. And he's kind of saying like that doesn't mean you know the kids need little that it's for a seven year old, but I think the people at the time, they were like, a comic is a thing automatically for a seven-year-old. For a so what, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about? Um, and, you know, remember the whole thing about the um, the distributors talking about mm-hmm. how they, they would get leaned on to carry uh, crime comics in, in order to maintain their distribution. There was a whole, like, mafia angle to it that got really interesting. Yeah, uh, if you didn't if you didn't carry the crime comics, they wouldn't give you your TV guide. That was exactly one of the deals. That's right. Yep. Yeah, that was that was it. Uh, it really got it really got very deep and and uh, it was just fascinating. Uh, Chris went heavily into it and pretty much had us go through every day of the hearings, which I yep <laughs> every every testimony every uh, line. Yep. Which I I gotta say that was the first time I had done it and it really cast the thing in a whole different light. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. As as wrong headed as you might think these politicians might be, they do appear to be earnestly yeah trying to get to the Advocating, bottom of something yeah. yeah you know what i mean uh which anyway without getting into politics <laughs> uh, it was interesting to to read those transcripts and i i do encourage everyone i believe that's the third episode that's of the episode week. 3 yeah uh i encourage everyone to check that one out because i'd known about this these hearings for you know practically my whole life but i'd never gone as in depth and when i did it gave me a different appreciation for them Certainly. Now, an interim report from this committee would come in 1955, but even before that happened, there was another important thing. (laughs) The uh, Comics Magazine Association of America, the CMAA, they were formed in September of this year, 1954. Uh, Now, this was suggested by EC publisher Bill Gaines. Um, It would include Harry Donenfeld, who was from D.C., which was national at the time, Uh, John Goldwater from Archie. Martin Goodman, which who's from Marvel, but it was then Timely, mm-hmm. and uh, Alfred Harvey from Harvey, <laughs> among others. A couple other. Uh, these were the big guns of the time, yeah. Yeah, these were the heavy hitters on the shelves. Uh, now Dell and Gold Key come, or uh, Dell and Gold Key were the same. Uh, yeah. Sort of the two two of the same thing there. They declined the join the to join because they uh 
their own internal code was stricter. Yeah. So they, uh, this this code would have actually been lax in comparison to what they were doing in house, and also they didn't want to be uh, <laughs> they didn't want to be lumped in with these other publishers. That's right. They so, they uh, saw them as being a bunch of dirty guys. They they yep. uh, alluded to them kind of being involved in some nefarious, you know, under the table type. Salacious. Yeah. I mean, but Dell and Goldkey, they were the ones putting out the Disney comics. Donald and they Duck also and so they didn't have to. I think they were good with what they were doing. Yeah, they were even censoring their advertisers. Oh yeah. So I mean, they the, every page of that book, you know, the, there was a the little saying there was Dell Comics is good comics is or good. Dell Comics are good comics. I think, something like I that. think it but, was uh, is, which is kind is, of like yeah. kind of ironic, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they were they were very very strict. Um, yeah. Now almost immediately, the wording of the code put most of EC's line, uh, which was more than half of the comics publishers, uh, they put them out of business yeah. or at least killed their more uh, financial financially viable lines uh you know like certain words couldn't be in titles it was just words like weird was was weird and which was weird as we say but clearly targeted (laughs) towards because because ec had like three or four titles with weird in the title you know and like there are other ones there was a comic just called weird as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. uh it's funny because when I hear other people, and I just I heard I listened I must listen to a podcast where they were talking about this or, or saw something on the internet. They were talking about the code. Oh, you know what it was? It was the book I read, the Frank Miller Will Eisner book, and they're talking about the okay. code. And I've seen this before. Will Eisner says he doesn't believe the code, the original code, was worded to eliminate these other publishers and these other comics. But hmm. I, I can't see how you could feel any other way about it. I, it's so targeted. No zombies, no werewolves, no mummy. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, you're basically, the bread and butter of all, what can we have? We can have, like, giant Kirby monsters that emerge from the under the, uh, you know, crust of the earth or romance comics. That was really all mm-hmm. they left you with. And even those were heavily curtailed. Even romance was being targeted. Yeah. Very much, yeah. Uh, that's another thing. Again, you know, this is a cross-promotional episode, folks. We go into <laughs> great detail about every iteration of the code in episode four of that podcast. Four. And, and uh, that was huge for me also when we were doing the research on that to really get a grasp on how it, it affected the industry. And it affected the industry tremendously because mm-hmm. so so... The last the last hearing from this committee was in June. You got to think about how rapidly this is happening. Seduction, sure. of the, Seduction of the Innocent comes out, I think, in January. The hearings start in April and in June. Three months later, by September, they've got the comics code. And mm-hmm. then before the year is out, before 1954 is finished, in November, The Haunt of Fear, with issue 28, that was a November-December cover date, that was from EC Comics, is canceled. This is one of the biggest, this is a comic that was selling hundreds of thousands of copies per month before this, and it was canceled outright by then. Mm-hmm. Then the following month in December, the Vault of Horror was canceled by EC with issue number 40, uh, cover dated December 54, January 55, bi-monthly book. But there's another one, just you know, yeah, two right months up. and two of their biggest books, yeah. gone, axed. And huge books, too. Again, like I, I, mm-hmm. you know, these were huge sellers. Another one, this was also a pretty big seller, although not nearly as big as EC, but Chamber of Tills with issue 26. This was canceled by Harvey Comics before the year is out. And these publishers went out of business. All-American Comics, Comic Media, Fiction House, Star Publications, and Youthful all go out of business before the end of the year. And as you go into the 55 and then 56, uh, way more than half the industry vanishes. It's it's unbelievable how how much of an effect that this had on uh, comic books. But 
we go into great detail on our podcast. And I, for the last time, I invite you to come check us out on Podbean at chrisandreggie.podbean.com or look up Cosmic Treadmill on iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, what's Google, Google Play? Play? Yeah, we're on Google yeah. Play now. That was uh, a great coup. And, uh, you know, you'll find us. You can always go to Chris's website, Chris's Infinite Earths. He's got a lot of uh, information over there. But I think that'll wrap us up for 1954. Mm-hmm. So let's head over back into 2017. What do you say, Chris? Let's see here. Let's see if we can <laughs> weed, weave through the, uh, the, the underbrush here. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I could have sworn I saw Doom Patrol on the horizon, but it's not there anymore. Ooh, yeah, uh, it's, it's looming a lot further away all oh, of a sudden. Oh, Lordy, you know? I, need to, I need some new glasses here. Uh, <laughs> the rumor hit uh, the, the social media that Doom Patrol was canceled. Um, we have uh, some words here from Newsarama. They say, DC Comics has informed retailers that the solicited Doom Patrol issues 7 through 9 have been canceled. And here's the uh, important part, and will be resolicited at a future date. Okay. Uh, series writer Gerard Way has posted on Instagram a clarification saying the series is, quote, alive and well, and that, quote, many more issues are planned. Uh, he also says, I've heard some chatter, but don't worry, Doom Readers. The series is alive and well. Uh, he continues, I'll be talking about Doom Patrol and the rest of the young of Young Animal all weekend at WonderCon, which is going on as we speak, I believe, right? Yeah, right now, yeah. Yeah, he says, uh, we are going to take the time and tell the best stories, and there are absolutely many more stories to come, as Nick and I have lots of plans, hashtag Doom Patrol. Oh, I was I was really hoping you would say that part. That was my, that's why I made that, um, I was like, I'm going to make Chris say hashtag Doom Patrol. Yes, I, know. I win. <laughs> uh, there was a little more chatter, I didn't put it in here, but there was some talks about how Gerard Way said that because he is, he oversees every title for Young Animal, apparently they all pass by his desk or whatever he uses as a tabletop uh mm-hmm. as well as he was co-writing cave carson for but now he's just the now he's just, i think i think now he just gave the story and everything else is you know i think the he was the idea guy and all the day-to-day yeah. is by uh the uh, the rest of the creative team yeah but uh it does Rivera. seem to that's right uh and it's it seems to corroborate our feeling that Gerard Way was the holdup. That's all I want to say. <laughs> you know, he doesn't blame himself, really, but, you know, it does seem like the guy, but, um, yeah, that just, I'm just, I'm just saying, we had a feeling, and it seems he, he corroborated that over the weekend. Uh, so anyway, and on Friday, do you think he'll be, uh, do you think he'll be, do you think, do you think it'll be coming back in any, any recognizable form, or do you think it's going to be sporadic at best? I wish I could answer that. You know what I mean? Well, you know, what I would like to see is if they adopted an image style. Uh, I'd be okay if they had an image style, you know, a publication rate where they do five or six issues regularly, and then there's a, a few months off. I could live That's with what that. what they do with Caper Girls and uh, a lot of things. In almost, image, yeah, yeah almost all those. Image Saga does that, too. Uh, I, I believe other series are now following suit at other independent publishers. And, you know, I wouldn't want to see that, obviously, for, you know, Superman or Green Lantern no. or whatever. But for a book like this, I could handle that. However, sure. if, if it's going to be two books on time, a book three months late, another book, and then the book after on time, then, you know what I mean? Like, it, it just gets annoying. And then you 
you feel like what I what I have been saying now ever since I think issue four or whatever. You just wait wanna, for the trade. Just wait for the trade. There's no, you know, <laughs> unless you have, you know, collecting sickness like uh, Chris. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, although Chris has a trick that he collects with such frequency, he won't get to the comics till later anyway. So by the time yeah. you get to them, they will already, they'll, you'll have them all. It'll be the same reading experience. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's a tenuous situation. And frankly, you know, there were other dates. I'm going to talk about some other dates here that gave me pause to say. You know, maybe they, you know, maybe this imprint's not going to be as robust. We saw some numbers, some shipping numbers yeah, that weren't well, those very were, I wish we didn't see those. I know. It wasn't It wasn't really giving me a lot of uh, hope for this, but... So what are your knows? thoughts on uh, on a fill-in? Would you, would you be cool with them putting fill-ins in, in Doom Patrol? What do you mean? Like, oh, you mean like doing more one-offs and stuff? Like, I mean, I'm sure Keith Giffen's hanging around the DC offices somewhere. Uh, you know, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, actually, the next issue, well, the it, issue number seven. Because uh, oh, we have All Red on six, right? That's what it is. That's what I meant. Yeah, the next one is All Red. He's doing that whole thing. Sounds great to me. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, I think Doom Patrol. No, I actually think All Red is on seven. I think that's how it is. And, well, but seven, seven, seven is, is unsolicited. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think there's stuff done for a lot of these comics. They just aren't gonna make it on the dates that they said they would you know what i mean um yeah i I wouldn't mind that either you know what i mean i wouldn't want to see that all the time sure but you know if you want to if you want to do i mean you know i'm a fan of the short story arcs anyway i hate i hate these bloated six issue arcs every time yeah you know so if doom patrol had whatever let's say a three-parter and then a two-parter and a one-off all by different artists that's great I'd, I'd, i'd be thrilled with that Sure. Um, you know, I'd like some cohesiveness, but give it a shot if it could get the books out on time. <laughs> uh, but like I say, apparently the problem isn't the art; it's the no. <laughs> <laughs> the writer. And I doubt he's gonna. I doubt he's gonna give it up. Uh, That's unfortunate. Yeah. So yeah, he said that in, in March 31st uh, on this just yesterday, as we were recording this at WonderCon, Gerard Way said that issue seven of Doom Patrol would be coming in July of this year. So. That's uh, that's his promise, folks. You're going to be there. Uh, Doom Patrol 5 came out two weeks ago, and the wonderful director's cut number one was released this past week. I did take a look at it in the comic shop. Nothing to talk about here, f- frankly. It was sketches and script. Uh, pretty much what we expected. What we expected. If, if, that, if, if the nuts and bolts of comic creation, it looked pretty comprehensive from looking at it in the store. And I did think about getting it, and I was like, what? I'm never going to look at this. Because I never, I, I'm, uh, but I'm the kind of person I don't really care that much. You know what I mean? Hmm. Sometimes the pencils can be a lot. But sure. I really, I could never, I don't, don't care about people's scripts. I'm just, you know, I'm sorry. That's no. not, I don't think that's a thing. Uh, but, you know, if that's your, if that's your bag and you really want to see the, the behind the scenes stuff, that comic was chock full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, issue number six, Doom Patrol, which Way says with the easiest to write, will be released on April 19th. And then wow. that's, that's what he said. Yeah. So it's, it's coming soon, a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll see, and apparently we won't see another one until July. Uh, Doom Patrol underwent a restructuring of the schedule. It said they didn't want to have a, a mishmash and wanted to keep the overall quality. The team wants to be able to guarantee dates for release. That's nice of them. Sure. Uh, so there will be a special guest, Mike Allred, penciling issue number seven in July. And the first trade comes out in June with tons of extras. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> and the other canceled titles will be resolicited shortly. 
Um, yeah, and he did. They went into it saying that Jamie and Molly run the imprint on a day-to-day basis with Gerard overseeing everything. It does get in the way of scripting, but he looks at everything that comes in for Young Animal, mm-hmm. and I think that just takes time. There's no flat out. There's no other way to put it. Not to mention his many other world obligations. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh- it's tough. I hope he's not looking at Mother Panic. <laughs> uh, well, that might be the one he's looking at the least. Who knows? <laughs> now we have some other news here. We have uh, Bug Adventures of a Forager number one. That will that'll debut next month, May tenth. Nice. And this is the one all 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 red. Yep. All all red all over. Um, and also we have Cave Carson as a cybernetic eye number seven will be on sale in July. So that's also getting a pause. It does seem like that. You notice yes. that, you know what I mean? Like no one's really going nuts for that, but yeah, that's another one. And an arc did just end, so this is the time to take a little break. But uh, it's Absolutely. it's funny this was not a news item anywhere. No, no, I'm, I I I've uh, <laughs> I've still uh, been buying them from my uh, my my online retailer here. So yeah. I I think I've actually ordered up to Doom Patrol number nine. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. Just make sure you have money in your account in 2014 right, right? <laughs> or 2024, you know? When, yeah, when, when number seven comes out. Yeah. Um, now, Cave will have a uh, new backup story. You know how we love those. <laughs> this is the, uh, the Secret Life of Rocks, written by Mark Russell and with art by Benjamin Dewey. I'm not familiar with either name. Mark Russell is currently writing Flintstones uh, for DC. Did you do Prez? I believe he did. You're right. Yes, he okay. did. He did do Prez. Uh, Benjamin Dewey, I'd never heard of him either. Apparently, he's done some work for Marvel, but they had a promotional image. And frankly, it was kind of in the same style, the same wheelhouse as Ominger's art. Uh, not exactly the same, though. But yeah, it looked like it might be, you know, they're sim- simpatico or whatever. Won't be jarring. So, uh, you know, that, I'm cool with that. If there's going to be a cohesive backup I want to read, that would be nice. Yes. <laughs> we'll see, though. <laughs> Interesting bit on Mother Panic that was mentioned was that Steven, Steve Orlando wanted to use Ratcatcher in his Vixen one-shot, but she he was already being used in Mother Panic. So that guy is Ratcatcher. Spoiler alert. Look at yeah. that. But yeah, I know. That's, <laughs> that actually hasn't been revealed, but we, we've been kind of half-joking about that all along. But yeah, it is him. Uh, Gerard Way said, sometimes Steve and I get the same fixation on old weird characters, uh, which is nice. And also, this is something I know that uh, Chris is going to dust off his phonograph for. A Young Animal mm. mixtape is coming. Songs by and with Gerard Way will include a poster version of the cover and a 12-inch record with the Cave Carson songs with a new three-page story. So, cool. How about we get back to writing Doom Patrol that's, there, buddy? That's what I'm saying. It's like, as long as you're not fucking up the comics, you, can, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> Let's get some Doom Patrol out there. I don't, want, I don't want to hear how Doom Patrol's got to be re-solicited in Cave Cars <laughs> not coming out in July, but we're going to get a 12-inch record with a new, you know, get out of it anyway. I wonder how long that'll take to hit the quarter, Ben. Oh, um, <laughs> now, uh, there was also hints of, uh, we, we mentioned, uh, I think either, either last week or the week before, that there was going to be sort of a crossover, or at yeah. least they were going to be more cohesive. Um, and the hints are that it's going to happen in in the, uh, the fall or the winter. Uh, the details are... <laughs> Quite nebulous. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, we really don't we really can't say a whole lot about it. Basically, at this point. what they were saying was those shards of I forget what the name of the mineral, but they talked about those like god shards in the mm-hmm. in Cave Carson that sort of like power Shamaldrug. Yeah. There's going to be something like that in Bug, but different. 
That was basically, that was the information. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. That really wets my whistle. That clears it up. Yeah, so something may or may not happen, everybody, in fall or winter with you. We promise you, something may or may not happen. (laughs) That we can guarantee. But uh, that was pretty much all the big news for Young Animal from... the uh, WonderCon that I that we got, and that's some stuff. Some stuff. I'm definitely, as we get closer, I'm getting more and more excited for Bug, uh, yeah. And you know, and to see what's going to happen with uh, issue six of Doom Patrol that apparently is coming sooner than we think. Two but, and a half weeks. Yeah. Uh, next week we do have Shade the Changing Girl number seven, which is a one-off special with writer Cecil Castellucci and artist Marguerite Savage. Marguerite, mm-hmm. Marguerite Savage, Savage. Sure. One of those. She'd she, she, she do the artwork. Uh, yeah, so that sounds cool, I guess. this is the, Again, we finish an arc. This is a great time for a uh, one-off. And, a little you know, break, yeah, a little breather. I, I encourage it. And the following week, at least for now, from what I could see, there was no young animal book, so we will have to come up with something else entertaining to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think that wraps us up for this week, Chris. You got anything else for him? No, I think uh, I think that'll do us. Uh, you've already promoted the uh, <laughs> over promoted show. Yeah, Chris oh. Chris Is that the one you meant? Cosmic Treadmill. Oh, that yeah. one. Yes, that whole seven and a half hour uh, uh, yeah. podumentary on uh, the Comics Code Authority. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely go check that out if you uh, are so inclined to know about it. We we worked hard on it, and I gotta say, I listened to it a, a lot of it again this week as it got uploaded, thinking I was gonna be cringing the whole time it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad i gotta say yeah there are things i would definitely change but i was like this had this was what we wanted to do and to give all that information it's all there and you know you can let us know what you thought of it and uh hope you enjoy it but until next time i want everyone to keep it young and animalistic oops scooby dooby lena go gal go papa lena papa lena she my gal oh papa lena she my gal, and I love her so. Oops, Scooby Dooby, Lena, go gal, go. Well, as soon bells are ringing, everybody running out. Going through the shack. It is the best podcast of the week. Even though Jim is such a freak, I wanna hear all the reviews. Don't you smell what they're in? And I've got such a long way to go. Too. We're always joking about how when Mike does the Eric song, like yeah. that, he doesn't seem him as enthusiastic. Listening to it this time, it doesn't seem like Michael McDonald in the background is enthusiastic <laughs> either. <laughs> it's like, he's got such a long way to go. Such yeah, yeah, a such a long way, way to go. To, go <laughs> to make it to the end of the episode. Yeah, whatever. Who's got a sandwich? I'm hey, I just imagine he's fucking checking his goddamn watch. He's tapping it. <laughs> hey, that's a mic. We got to get moving here. We got a show in Cleveland tonight. Uh, but yes, this is mail section number five, the final mail section of the night. And it is begun with 
Brett. And Brett says, oh. what's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew? There's only There's one still- thing I have to say. I think by oh now God. he should really keep a tally, though he doesn't know when I'm going to put these. But I think this is the seventh time that he wants to say, and I'm not going to go with it, Eric. I'm going to have a oh. dealer's choice of what I want to have the sound effect being, and it is going to be a two-parter. There you go. Jim, in response to your fluffernutter answer two weeks ago, hell yes, that's how you make any peanut butter sandwich, whether with bananas, jelly, or fluff. You remember why? How I make mine? Uh, peanut butter on both sides, both. and then you the smother in the, the fucker on both sides. The peanut butter acts as a coating to protect the bread and makes it easier to spread. Now, a caveat to that: I hate peanut butter. I fucking hate any sandwiches with peanut butter. Uh, I just wanted to let people know that if I did have to eat a fluffernutter sandwich, that's how I go about it. I thought this was common knowledge. Am I wrong? Do people not cover both sides with peanut butter? Jim, who raised them, and I, I don't think like peanut butter and jelly. I think that a lot of people. One side of peanut butter, then you put the jelly on top of that, and then you put the other bread. I don't actually spread the jelly. I put the jelly on the peanut butter of that side. I spread the jelly on the other piece of bread. Yeah, you're you're insane. But even so, I don't – if I'm making peanut butter and jelly, I would not have – that would throw off the ratio of peanut butter and jelly if you put two sides of peanut butter, right? Uh, In my mind, yes. Yes, that would throw it off. Do they want moist bread? Do they want to rip holes through the bread and have delicious jellies and jams seep all over every nook and cranny? What the hell are you doing with this goddamn knife and spread? I'll tell you as well. I know that a lot of people do like a peanut butter banana sandwich. Uh, It gets a little kind of, I don't know, weirds me out a little. Weirds me out a little when you bite into that fucking banana. Eh. I've also heard of people making fluffer nutters with, hold your breath on this one, real marshmallows. That's, That's nonsense. That's nonsense. What the fucking hell is that? They put actual marshmallows marshmallow, instead of fluff? I want fluff. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I could sit there and eat the fluff out of that container. <laughs> what the fucking hell is that? They actually put marshmallows instead of fluff in the sandwich. No dice. People ever, uh, please, ever loving God, Jim, tell me you disagree with this. Yeah, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. I've heard and witnessed at least two people make their fluffer notice with actual marshmallows and Did makes me want to uh, back rake them for that's uh, what I want to do. Old school WWF back rake. A good fucking back rake, Eric. And the other thing is, Never thought. Did you ever make a uh, a s'more with fluffernutter with the uh, with the fluff? I think no, that would work that's out a, for. Kind of good. <laughs> yeah, I think that might work out for you. I don't. I wouldn't like it, but. If you are in the crew right now and you make your fluffernutter with actual marshmallows and I physically meet you, the first thing I would do is introduce myself. <laughs> I'd be so damn happy to meet you because everyone in the crew is fucking badass. But then I'd fucking give you a back rake. I'm sorry, but I would. It's the only way they will ever learn. Never use actual marshmallows in a fluffernutter. And then someone would mention Crave, Eric. I, I <laughs> and send me in an emotional roller coaster of emotions filled with rage, less greed, sexual Brett, tension, more Brett, Even if the crave didn't happen like this, nobody's eating something called Marzak munchies. No, no, nobody would want Marzak munchies. It sounds like something that would involve tree bark and poison ivy. That's what I think, and I don't want to eat that. I may just follow the back rake with an eye poke if need be an atomic leg drop, Hulk Hogan style. I gave my kid one time the full-out atomic leg drop. I actually at one point almost had him. We may eventually on the Pop Culture Podcast have top five wrestling moves, finishing moves, also top five worst 
Atomic leg drop might be the worst. It, it really might be. That or the uh, the great Kali's hand slap. That's yeah, fucking nonsense. That also, I'm telling you, you have uh, Mark Henry has the uh, world's greatest slam or something. World's it's strongest just, slam, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, it's just a slam. There's yeah. nothing – there's no difference. You can't say that something – it's like a fucking what's-his-name uh, – I can't remember the guy, the fucking big guy who was in that Knuckleheads movie. Sparkplug Spark Bob Holly? No, no. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the giant. Yeah, what, what's the his name show. though? Yeah, the Big Show. The Big Show has like a punch, but then all of a sudden he has the punch. It's the same thing. You're not gonna do anything more. It's just the announcer yelling it. Oh my God, he's gonna do the punch. I forget spark what it's called. Bob Holly? The, not spark plug Bob Holly, and, <laughs> and not Coco Beware. Uh, that's honesty, and that's how I roll with dinner. If you know what I'm saying. Also, Jim, remember two weeks ago I wrote in the show and talked about Nightwing. Do you remember? Well, this is how I know that uh, you're the shit, Jim. After the third or fourth time that I made some type of reference to Damien and Dick, like I love the moment that Damien ha- has with Dick, or Damien really does care for Dick, and Damien truly feels for Dick, and I want a Damien and Dick book. You picked up on it right away. It seems like it was right in your face. Excellent job. I think everybody picked up on that dick right in your face. I can hear you chuckle a bit while reading it. It didn't seem like America's Sweetheart got it right away. No, he checked out. The minute that the mail goes – I think there's a timer in your head. The minute a mail goes over the five-minute mark, the the mic goes off and you start eating pizza. Right? (laughs) And the weird thing is about it is – a piece of pizza or a full pizza suddenly materializes <laughs> when we hit that five-minute mark. It that just five-minute mark, I either get a pizza or my mind checks off. I'm like, ooh, He-Man action figures. Yeah, you t- again, you turn off the mic and start looking, either playing with He-Man action figures or looking them up. You probably ordered probably seven He-Man that last Brett's last mail is oh, what yeah, happened, and, uh, right? About that, Jim. I'm going to have problems paying my rent this month. Uh, can you help me out? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. People, you got to watch these lengths of mails because it's going to make Eric be homeless. Okay, boys. <laughs> Last but not least, let me give you some really hard food for thought. Maybe one of the hardest questions you'll ever be asked. This is an F. Mary Kill. Uh, it is Reggie, Dancing Mike, or Toby. There you go. It's Reggie, Dancing Mike. First off, I like Reggie's uh, Reggie's voice. I would probably marry Reggie. Reggie seems like a guy. And I, I behind the scenes, Reggie tells me a couple times his wife has some problems, and he's always very attentive to that. Yeah. And he goes, so I think that he would be nice. Um, I'd like to say that I'd fuck Toby, but I, I just I wonder what I'd get from that. Exactly. And I, I don't mean a good time, Eric. Toby no. is involved in some crazy shit. But Dancing Mike, he, he's up, and again, I'm an older man, so I don't even think he'd be attracted to me. He likes the younger ones, Eric. But sure uh, So maybe I could, I don't know, I could marry Reggie. Yeah, fuck Toby. I'm going to kill you, Dancing Mike, even though you, you love to sing my praises. I, uh, I don't think that you would go for me. I think Toby would be into me, and maybe we could set up, you know, a weekly gangbang. But uh, what See, would it's you not go? about In my mind, it's not about them being into me. I'm fucking them, and that's, that's all that no, has to be No, I want them to enjoy themselves, too. Now, I'm a caring lover. I'm fucking Reggie because he's got that deep, smooth voice, for one thing. Right there, bam, really? I'm getting right in the sheets with that You're not going to marry him? Are you marrying I Dancing Mike? I'm marrying Dancing Mike because at least I know I'm going to go to hockey games all the time. That is true. Now you're saying that. Right when you were going that, I knew you were going to go that route. At least you are going to see the Ice Bears. 
And, and really, he's taking me out and showing me a good time. Hey, that's true. And as long as you go to the refrigerator before 7.30 a.m., there might be beer there. And After you know 7.30 a.m., he goes and it's gone. Every right? week, I, I, at least I know we're going to sit down and fucking shame people who are lame. And that sounds like a fun time. Yeah, but he's shaming you. That's no, the thing now. now. That's the thing. Dog. All of a sudden now, if you marry Dancing Mike, the whole universe implodes on itself. Because now he is shaming He's shaming Eric Shea to his wife, who is Eric Shea. Uh, It doesn't work in my mind. You are crossing the streams now. So you're going to kill Toby. What is Toby going to do? Toby doesn't want to hear that. He's not going to give me some kind of STD. That's not happening. (laughs) All I know is I see these dates that Toby hooks up. I mean, sometimes they they bail on him or whatever. He, He goes all out. He goes fancy. So that's yeah. fine. He's he's got a British accent. You can, he can rap to you. He can rap <laughs> to you uh, to go to sleep. Uh, then he says, even harder round two, wrong turn, Richard Richardson, or a burn victim in Dancing Mike's song. You piece of shit. Well, what would it be? Well, first off, you're gonna kill the burn victim, right? I'm gonna yeah. kill the burn victim as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm I, not gonna. No, again, yeah. actually, no. I'm gonna go. My I have stuck with my plan all along. I marry the burn victim, so people think that I'm a good guy. I get yeah, a yeah. lot of bonus points. Yeah, well, like we said, the, for the most part, because this is set up, it's usually a sexless marriage, like all are, Eric. Yes. And uh, so the burn victim. I'm just that. I got that burn victim under my arm. Plus, boy, I walk into a party. You see this fucking monstrosity next to me. It's only gonna make me look better. So there, I'm, a, I'm, I'm gonna marry the burn gonna victim. I'm gonna walk over and ask who invited Jim and his monster. Oh, wait. Now you, hey, who invited this monster? And what's going on with this burn victim? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'd marry the burn victim for points. I am going to kill Richard Richardson just because he's so goddamn annoying. And wrong turn, eh, what the hell? He he gives me a laugh now and again. And plus, you're saying, you know, you got to F him or fuck him. I'm trying to keep it dull. We're in the middle of the day. My kids are around, but... I don't know that Wrong Turn knows exactly what that is. I could probably go up to him and convince him that me putting my finger in his ear is fucking him, and I get out scot free. I never have to do anything, right? I just say, we, we know we just truth, did. Though, and you have to fulfill. No, no, you wouldn't know because all you can do is ask him. Hey, did We're you guys fuck? Yeah, we fucked. I didn't have that experience, and there you go. You're in. Yeah, he paid attention. <laughs> now, all right, here you go. I'm I gonna announce ever- that. I am marrying wrong term because that way I can control whatever the fuck you're going to take his money no matter what. Are you going to take his money? I'll fucking have him be my goddamn Aaron. He might get that government money too. You're in. Exactly. Fucking smoke working iron. I am fucking Richard Richardson and I'm doing it hard with the hope hope in my mind that I could have the ability of my. Are you telling him to bite the pillow? Oh, yeah, Are you de- saying definitely. no no tears, Poppy? Is that what you're saying, Noam, as you're doing it? And uh, honestly, too, you know he's a screamer. So right oh, there, yeah, and fucking yeah. Richard Richardson. And oh, I am killing Eric! Richard Richardson here! Oh, yeah, no! And start thrusting harder and harder. What are you doing, Eric Shea? That's all you'll hear. It'll be terrible. It'll be so bad. Be I, bad. I don't only got to do it once, though. So you don't like my idea of the perm victim being under your arm makes you oh, look better? Because you need something nowadays. Not... You are getting old. You, you really need something, too. You. you are not the bell of the ball anymore. Hopefully, uh, that would get you back on uh, people's graces. Like Number one, I thought Eric was a shallow piece of shit. But, of boy, he he's looking past that burn victim deal. Nope. And it, it's also it. funny is – Again, I I just want to point out when I'm thinking this in my head, this burn victim's a dude. There's no woman involved here. No. It's a it's a dude. And really, like half patch. It's almost like 
one of the side, it's a little bit of like Two-Face, but it's the hair. Like one of the sides, the hair is all burned off, but there's a little patch of hair on the other side. No, in my mind, my mind, the face is all fucked up. It's the all, hair is all gone and it's it wears like, a wig. Now a it's, like, it's like fucking uh, Deadpool. This is what you think when he no, takes no, out the you, Doom. It's got one of those creepy masks that the freaking burn victims wear that looks so wrong and scares the shit out of I me. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I would go all natural if I was a burn victim. I'd Ugh. be proud. Because really, if I'm going to be a burn victim, it's I'd lie and say it's because I went in and saved six kids at an orphanage that was on fire. I wouldn't say that Eric Shea was sleeping in bed with me after we had some uh, fuck session and he fell asleep smoking. I would not tell them that, though that would be the truth there. I know. It's, it's orphans, orphanage, I am a hero now. That's just <laughs> if I'm the burn victim. I will. I, we know a guy who was talking and his one brother is actually a burn victim and uh, his other brother put out the fire by peeing on him eric that is a true story but yeah that is the end of brett's mails for the night he says peace out cub scouts kill it be out and we have one last mail for the night and that is from jeremy jeremy across the pond says dear jim eric reggie and the wonderful group of human beings who together oh, constitute the force for good and nonsense that is the get fresh crew whoop, whoop. i'm catching up that's good isn't it I'm currently on episode 113, having finished 112 a couple of days ago, an episode that features, amongst other things, a conversation between Jim and Eric about the practical problems arising from the use of condoms in sexual intercourse. I don't remember this at all. I had to pull the car over at one point. That slightly uncomfortable feeling that I was laughing uncontrollably at something I probably shouldn't even be hearing, much less finding amusing. I thought he had to pull over to throw up was just too much. It was a unique listening experience. That can go on the CD cover if you ever decide to release that Best Bits compilation that all your fans are clamoring for. Well, I'm clamoring for it, and I can't believe I'm the only one. The thing is, it got me remembering. Again, he's talking about this. He doesn't say, like, boy, I had to pull over because the Knowledge bombs you were dropping for the no. Superman Reborn story just had my mind to swimming. It's always the nonsense, isn't it? The fucking terrible nonsense. Thing is, it got me remembering one of the most uncomfortable conversations I ever had with my mother when the night before my wedding, she offered me a packet of my dad's condoms. I guess you'd, I'd say right away, these didn't work, Mom. I'm no. here. I guess you'd uh, have to know my mother to understand just how horribly embarrassing this was. The fact that I was pretty sure my dad had no idea whatsoever that my mom was making this incredibly generous offer on his behalf just made it worse. The thing is, she didn't just offer them. She also launched on a lengthy monologue. I was too stunned to interrupt about how long she and my dad had been using them, how convenient oh, they Christ. were for reducing mess quote-unquote mess oh, oh. the thing is jeremy's dad he has a heavy load he can't help it Eric. they he call him buckets it. yes and how certain brands were better than others this sounds like they do a lot of fucking right seriously they are experts they're sexperts needless to say i firmly but politely refused her kind offer probably saying you know what i'm married now this is why i'm getting married so exactly. i don't have to use these things pointing out that if i was old enough to get married i was probably old enough to sort out my own family planning she looked a bit disappointed probably because they ended up buying a goddamn you know a crazy carton of of condoms and they're just getting a little too old they only fuck seven times a day now Eric. That's right. uh, but what could you do so thanks for reminding me. Great times. I suppose I'd better talk about comics, but I'm struggling because I've not read many lately. Although I've just received a delivery that includes the Booster Gold Flintstones and Green Lantern Space Ghost. That Ariel Olivetti, Olivetti art looks very tasty. I didn't like that art as much. I'm just going to annoyingly buzz everything. I know. Issue 2 of Wildstorm. Beep. 
was pretty good, though. The slow burn continues, but I like it. I think you summed it up best, Jim, when you said it was a really mature take on the Wildstorm universe, and Ellis's dialogue is, quote-unquote, spot on. That – who wrote that fucking bit of verbiage there? Spot on, Eric. You ever hear anybody say that? that I've is, heard spotlight on. Ah. <sighs> This does not necessarily mean you're a better reviewer than Eric, Jim. No, that does. You're both awesome <laughs> in your own way, and I love you both dearly. I'm glad you like Commodity Challenge Issue 2. 1 and 3 are both in that aforementioned delivery. Beep! Don't ask what happened to Issue 2. The answer is Diamond. <laughs> they right. fucking lost now. I'm looking forward to cracking open Issue 1 soon and getting stuck in the series. And, and we're at Issue 3, obviously. And I really, really liked Issue 1 now that I look back at it. Yeah, it's like, boy, that was really good. It's going like a little a down. Yeah, have I mentioned that I like Green Lantern Planet of the Apes? Because I really do. It's an intriguing premise with the creative team is taking seriously. And I love the fact that they're using the underground mutants from the second movie. The artwork's pretty good, too. I will say, do you think you're ever going to review that Seriously, I'm not I, throwing I, shade. At this point, no, I really no, don't. I, 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 I'm I, telling I, I you. I pull out plans of reading and reviewing. Yes. I haven't even cracked open the first issue yet. I'm telling you. I, I'm only asking because, Jeremy, it's on your docket now. I expect a <laughs> review of all the issues by next week. Right? I'm off. Two things before I go, though. Firstly, because actually Jeremy does a lot of reviews now on the on the yeah. website. Firstly, this podcast is affected, infected, in, infamous, my mind <laughs> in a number of ways. Here in the UK, we're in the process of changing GCSE grades over from letters to numbers, with the scale running from one at the bottom to nine at the top. A five is being touted as a good pass. So that's like with the women. When you see them, yeah. ah, I'll give you a good pass. The problem is that I cannot think of the number five now without the words fuck you in front of it. I like the fuck me four that fuck we learned today. The fuck me four is great, which is going to make the forthcoming year uh, 10 parents evening potentially very interesting indeed. Yeah. I like it too because it is a good pass, but it's down on the scale. So when they're like, oh, my my kid got a, a what? It's a fuck you five. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, oh girls. Then there's the fact that the vernacular of one James Warner is slowly but surely colonizing my own. I've been responding to various situations with ah, yes, for a while now but last week i found myself in conversation with a couple of colleagues about a particularly unpleasant year a pupil and promptly declared that he was a real piece of shit <laughs> that's actually i'm telling you that's actually more of a phrase of yours i may say yeah. it a lot on the podcast but in normal every day you will say that more than me the RE teacher I was speaking to at the time looked horrified. I shall have to try to avoid doing that again. Secondly, cereal. God, I feel so deprived. I grew up in England in the 70s. Breakfast time was a vast gray wilderness populated by Eric Weedabix. At one oh. point, they used to have a Doctor Who board game printed on the back and collectible cards That's cool. to use with them inside the boxes. Sugar puffs, which are bloody awful. The only gift I can remember them having was small plastic busts of dead composers to collect. What the hell were they That's thinking? terrible. Kellogg's cornflakes, Rice Krispies, and Frosties. I was a cornflakes boy with a bit of Weetabix thrown in for variety. When my, I'll tell you, I, I throw a lot of shade at the Weetabix. I, I ate a lot of Weetabix as a kid. Uh, and I just wondered why. I'm like, why are we eating particle board, mother? <laughs> mother! When my own kids were young, there was a bit more variety. Cocoa Crisp was a thing and stuff like Golden Nuggets. That's like Corn Pops, Eric, I would say. Crunchy Nut Corn Flakes and Cheerios. There are any of those Marzoc Munchies there in the UK? Yeah. 
Why didn't he take that to the UK? That, that was at one point, especially in the 70s, if you were alive then, you really could have cornered the market on anything that tasted good in the UK on uh, breakfast cereals. Uh, Cheerios were more widely available or anything in general. I said, that is the shortest book ever made. Great chefs of England. Things that even now you'd be hard-pressed to find in a British cereal include cinnamon, apple flavoring, and marshmallows. I'm with Brett, though. Crave is utter nonsense. It is overpriced, overhyped garbage, and of course my kids used to be desperate for it. I, I've never met anybody that liked that cereal. I, I just, I would just avoid it like the plague. The box had, until Brett gets so mad, I've, I've had seven boxes of Crave in the last two days. I love he, this he stuff. He craves nothing but Crave. I crave nothing but Crave, and I know that it's good because they spell it with a K. Oh man, that's badass. That K is I, – I know I was going to make something, but <laughs> – by the way, Eric, I've not seen any reviews from Siskel and Ebert on Crave. I'm waiting for really? the box. Really? The box was two-thirds the size of the average cereal box and a third more expensive. It probably worked out at about 5P a nugget. Nonsense. Wow. 5P. Anyway, I best leave you to it. My current top five review scores are number five, a 6.0. That should be higher on the list, Eric, because 6.0, that is a really good score because you're getting away from the fuck you five, but you're getting towards a better score, right? Number four, 7.3. I think I huh. gave a 7.3 this week, so I, I do enjoy that one. Number three, an 8.8. It's a pretty good score. I'd probably, yeah. at number three, probably go 8.9. Uh, that's, you know, it's not quite a nine. It's I don't want to go that high. You don't want to, 8.8. Number two, a 9.0. That is a good score. Right. That's a solid that score. score. Number one is a 4.2. It's an odd one. I, I don't like yeah. seeing that. I don't like seeing two even numbers together like that. I would say my number one would be a 3.6. I would explain why, but I honestly can't be bothered. Take care. Stay majestically, gloriously, I, and spectacularly I can't explain either. What I've been using a lot verbose. lately is a 6.4. Yeah, you have been. I don't know. I just said that. You're You're a yeah. 6.5 guy. You are Eric Shea, Mr. 6.5, I like to say. Uh, much love. Look at my aggregate score, Jeremy. though. I'm Eric Shea 7.0. Yeah, you are. I think I don't know what I am anymore. I think I'm still at a 7.4 or 7.5. I am. A, everybody loves to hear me scream and yell. Most positive one on this goddamn podcast. No. Reggie is the most positive one. Is, no, I, I, on the podcast, but I think his score yeah. is actually a little lower than mine. I think he's a 7.3. He really is when he reviews him, though. I will tell you, Reggie is uh, definitely the – I'm tagging him as the, well, I kind of reviewed this a little high on yeah. the site. But I like that. You know why I like that? Because he's very enthusiastic when Tuesday comes, <laughs> when we're doing those right before Wednesday, and he really is. He's a positive guy. He wants to love comics. Uh, by the time we get to the podcast, he's read them again. He's calmed down. He's gotten his ass down from that high horse he's on air. I don't know why I said that, but he, he ends up saying that. And I also think that he doesn't want to look because we're talking about books, and we will rip them apart. And I know he gave this an eight, and we're like, this sucks, this art. And I think he ends up like he wants to get involved with us, and we really do ruin his party. Because I think if he was just talking about it, he'd be like, yeah, I gave it an eight, and I like because he is. I, I do – the aggregate score doesn't show it. He's definitely the most positive of uh, – I'm saying, though, Jim, you are up to a 7.5 now. Yeah, I have like, been. I think or... I have been a 7.5 for a while. I remember when I did jump up. I believe Reggie will be like a 7.3, maybe a 7.4. I'm looking that up right now. It's going to be close. You go. Going to be close. 
Keep on talking. It's going to take uh, a little while to get That is the last bit of mail from Jeremy. Keep going. <laughs> Jeremy's last name is Daw, Eric. For some reason, I thought it was Dawes. Uh, for the longest so I. time, I did. I did. I, why is that? Why would we think know. that? Maybe it's how you see it. Uh, he actually did a review, and I credit him as the reviewer. And I wrote Dawes, and he threw shade. He didn't throw. Reggie's shade. at a seven point one. Yeah, uh, like I said, I'm the most positive by far. See, Jeremy. But that is the end of the mail. We're gonna go off now to listen to a review of. Uh, Josh, Josh Vermillion sent in a review of an image book, then we're going to go and listen to that, and then we'll be back with one last book. I feel it deep within, it's just beneath the skin, I must confess that I feel like a monster, I hate what I've become, the nightmare's just begun, I must confess that I feel like a monster, I, I feel like a monster, What's up, Jim, Eric, and all the members of the Get Fresh crew? Whoop, whoop. Uh, so this is Josh Vermillion coming to you guys uh, with the debut of Vermillion's Visions. It's a new segment here on the show. I'm going to be going through a uh, trade paperback from a different company, not just DC and Marvel. A lot of these are probably going to be image titles, just uh, what image I've read so far. I found a lot of different stuff that I'm interested in, but I'll try to throw in some other companies, some Dark Horse, some Valiant, some Vertigo, really just whatever whatever catches my fancy. Uh, so I'm going to try to keep these down a little bit in time. I mean, this is already a 10, 12-hour podcast. You guys don't need an hour of me rambling on about a book that isn't DC-related. Uh, but I'm really just going to be going through a trade, talking about some of the main plot points, and just reviewing it as a whole. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of background info, I started reading comics around uh, the super heavy arc of the Batman New 52, uh, but then I went back and read the entire Scott Snyder run, um, Really, but I really jumped in with Rebirth. I've been wanting to expand you know, my comic horizons a little bit more beyond just DC and a few Marvel books. I have a bunch of trades just sitting around in my room that I haven't gotten around to yet, uh, so this is going to give me a good reason to check out some books from some of the other companies. Uh, so I guess enough of, of this little intro. I'm just going to jump right in, see how this first episode goes, and see how you like it. Uh, so for this first week, I'm going to be reviewing Monstrous Volume 1. Uh, it's an image comic, collects uh, issues 1 through 6. It's written by Marjorie Liu and art by Sana Takeda. Um, so this is a pretty complicated trade, so before I jump into the whole story and what's going on in it, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of the background of what's going on. Uh, so this takes place in a, on a different world. It's a land divided between uh, the humans and a race called the Arcanics. Uh, so humans in this aren't born with magical abilities, but some of the women here have telepathic powers. They can predict the future, control people's minds, read people's minds, different powers like that. Uh, these women form a, a section of the Federation of Humans called the Cumea. Um, and then there are the Arcanics that are actually hybrids. Uh, they're born of humans and the Ancients. Ancients are immortal. They're magical. They're, uh, they look like animals. And after thousands of years of you know being immortal and kind of just messing around, they decided to start mating with humans. And they created a new race called the Arcanics. 
Um, so there was a war between the Federation of Humans and the Arcanics, but after a bloody battle at, at the city of Constantine, a treaty has been called and the Arcanics have been moved behind a wall uh, that separates the land. Uh, still, the humans take Arcanic children as slaves. Uh, they either do their bidding or uh, they kill these Arcanics and they harvest their Lilium. Uh, Lilium is this substance that seeps from the bones of Arcanics after they die. Uh, Lilium it enhances and heals humans. Um, it's kind of like the Lazarus Pit, as in like it can bring people back from the dead, it can heal their wounds. Uh, but if it does bring somebody back from the dead, there's a brief period when they come back where they go insane and start trying to eat people's throats and shit. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty powerful substance, but although it's in the Arcanic's bones, if uh, a living Arcanic is exposed to this Lilium, it weakens and hurts them, and they can't take it, almost like like a kryptonite for Superman. Um, so that's kind of the background of it. Uh, along with the races of ancients, humans, uh, and Arcanics, there's also the cat race, where all these cats can talk. And they all have more than one tail. I don't know, they're pretty cool. They're kind of just there for exposition and to give you and to give like some of the background of the story, but you know, they're they're a good tool for that. And then there's also the old gods who are powerful beings they've thought to have been uh, vanquished, but apparently there's a couple still floating around out there that are just in deep slumbers. So yeah, I know that sounds pretty complicated, and it gets a little bit more complicated when we get into the story. Um, so just I'll just jump right into it. Uh, our protagonist, Maika Halfwolf, uh, she starts out as, as a slave in this book. Oh, and just so you know, she has a stump of an arm. It's cut off at about the elbow, um, but she's a slave. She's an arcanic. Um, she wants to be a slave. Uh, she goes into this compound on purpose uh, so that she can confront uh, Yvette, who uh, she's someone from... Micah's past, you don't really learn much about Yvette until later on in the trade, um, but she escapes, uh, kills a lot of people, and steals Yvette's uh, portion of this mask. It's an extremely powerful mask. Um, you know, it's sought after by humans, by Arcanics, by all the races. This mask uh, has a lot of power to do different things in the world, uh, but she escapes and brings a little half-fox named Kippa along with her. Um, Micah is revealed to have something that she calls the hunger. Um, when the hunger happens, she blacks out. She doesn't really remember what she does, uh, but she just knows that when she wakes up, she's killed and eaten creatures, um, but she doesn't know what happened. Um, but it's this hunger is like talking to her whenever it's about to wake up. It'll speak to her and say that it's hungry, and then it takes over, and she doesn't remember what she does. Uh, but after she escapes, she's cornered by uh, it's a lady called an Inquisitrix. This is a highly trained fighter in that Cumea sect of the humans. Um, she's been sent by the leader of the Federation, called the Mother Superior, to hunt Maika down. Uh, but when fighting the Inquisitrix, the hunger comes out. Uh, Maika is able to stay awake and communicate with it this time, though. Uh, and she actually gain, uh, keeps it in check a little bit. Uh, the hunger doesn't kill the Inquisitrix, but it does take off one of her arms as well. Uh, but Maika holds it back and finds out, and finds another creature for it to eat. Um, so as Maika learns more about this monster that's inside of her, uh, she learns to control a little bit better. Um, she keeps it from eating Kippa and other things, um, but everybody everybody in the world is searching out Maika because they want to 
either kill her, capture her, somehow control the power that's inside of her after they learn what she has um, and how powerful she really is, and they want to get the mask back. So Maika Kippa, and they're traveling with a two-tailed cat uh, named Ren. Uh, Ren has been following Maika around uh, along with Maika's old lady friend, Tuya. Um, but Mike, or sorry, Ren shows up when Micah escapes and has been traveling with her for a little bit. Um, but they're captured and confronted by a member of the Dust Court. Um, a group, uh, the Dust Court, it's a group of extremely powerful Arcanics. There's the Dust Court and the Dawn Court. They are completely separate from each other. They have different views. The Dust Court has actually been silent ever since the war ended. They don't really want anything to do with the rest of the world. Uh, but this member of the Dust Court, he offers protection to the Federation and offers to take them to the rest of the Dust Court. Uh, but when they show up, it turns out that they were actually being set up by Ren the Cat, who was allegedly their friend. Um, Micah is put into a deep sleep inside of a magical coffin. Uh, this coffin is supposed to make it so that she never awakes again unless the people outside let her wake up or they can use the coffin to kill her. Uh, but while she's asleep, somehow inside like the deepest reaches of her mind, uh, she is a little bit conscious and she's talking to this hunger. Um, she confronts the monster and they start going back through her deep repressed memories, whether it was when the hunger was awake and she couldn't remember or just things from her childhood. Um, she goes back to the day that her mother died. Um, she learns the monster's name, and then she can use that name to control it and break free of her coffin. So after she breaks out of her coffin, uh, she takes on the mother superior, and it's a pretty awesome battle, but that's getting towards the end of the trade, and I don't really want to spoil the ending of the trade for anyone out there who might want to read it, uh, because the reveals that come towards the end are pretty awesome. Uh, they're pretty big reviews that, or reveals in issue 6. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what happens in the trade. I didn't want to, I don't want to go panel by panel because I don't want to be talking about this trade for, you know, an hour or two, not quite as in depth as Jim and Erica when they do their reviews. Um, but just a few of the major plot points, kind of leaving it open for you guys to check out the rest if you see fit. Um, but when it comes down to it, I, I loved this book. I thought it was great. Um, I know they say never judge a book by its cover, but the entire reason I decided to pick this up, one of the first times I went to my uh, local comic book store and was just looking through the racks, they had an image wall, and he had a couple copies of Monstrous Number 4 left on the rack, and the cover just looked cool, the entire composition of it, um, just great artwork, so that kind of got me interested in it, and then I started doing a little bit of research on it, saw how great it was received everybody was loving it uh it was nominated for an award for an eisner um so you know obviously it was a pretty good high quality book so then i decided to buy the trade i've actually had the trade sitting around my house for a long time and just got around to reading it uh but it, it's really great uh sana takeda she's fantastic artist and the way marjorie Liu writes the book it really lets takeda shine um a lot of the story is told through uh, through talking and through you know dialogue and at the end of every issue there's uh, this little one page thing where uh, it's this it's one of the cats it's uh, teaching 
its class about like the world and that gives that gives the reader a lot more background that you don't necessarily get in the regular story uh, so instead of a bunch of exposition dropped in the story you can kind of move the story forward and ju then just have that page at the end of the comic which is pretty great um, it's kind of a different take on the whole Marvel having their info page at the very beginning of the issue kind of a different take on that uh, but the way Marjorie Liu writes this book. It's kind of it's a big it's a mixture of you know traditional like uh, Western storytelling through comics, but it also has manga elements to it, and it's kind of paced more like a novel uh, with the way the reveals are set up and how just how she writes the book. The first issue was actually triple sized, uh, so this the the volume takes a little bit longer to read, it's a little bit thicker, but you know it's still still a pretty good price from Image. Um, the image is now, I think they just released the 10th issue of this and it's still getting great reviews. I don't keep up with many image or, uh, books from other companies in single issues, but I like to pick them up and trade when they're collected. Uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of big, great splash pages. Um, and one thing that I really love about this book is I read through it. Uh, quite a few times, three or four times, uh, before I got around to recording this. Uh, it takes a couple of read-throughs to really grasp everything that's going on, uh, but each time I was reading through it, I picked out something else subtle in the art uh, that would show up later on in the story. It kind of set up those reveals in the art, but you don't really, you wouldn't really notice them on a first read-through, which is something that I thought was really cool, and uh, it was good that Marjorie Liu, uh, you know, let Takeda tell the story that way. Um, so the only reason I'm not going to give this book an even higher score than I'm going to uh, is because it's a little bit confusing in the first couple of issues. Uh, but once you get a grasp on the backstory and the world that it's taking place in, it's really, really great. Um, I think it's funny, on the back of the trade, they actually have a review from Cosmopolitan listed on the trade, which I didn't really know Cosmo was up on their comics. But, you know, if they're doing reviews of it and getting it out there to the more general public, then... All right, sounds good to me. Uh, so yeah, the, uh, I'm going to probably have to give this book a 9 out of 10. Like I said, it would be even higher, closer to a 9.5, 10 range, uh, if it wasn't for just the confusing aspect in the first couple of, in the first couple of issues of the trade. Uh, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the first episode of Vermilion's Visions. Um, I'd love to hear your guys' feedback. You can find me in the get fresh to do doop uh slack chat um you know i haven't been as involved in the slack chat as some of the other members but i'm working on getting more involved in there you can also uh find me on twitter at vermillionaire3 um i'd love to hear feedback on this did you love it what did i suck at Do you never want to hear my voice on this podcast again either way if you have tips uh you know, reading trade recommendations that I can do for a future episode, uh, just let me know on there. Uh, but that brings us to then. I'm going to send it back to Jim and Eric. He's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric, 
he's talking all about DC. Eric Shea will throw it down. His reviews are strong and sound. His scores are much better than gems you'll see. He will tell us all about DC. So tell us all about DC. Eric Shea. Hello, Weird Science. Ah, yes. <laughs> We're back. Oh, all so, about so Eric Shea. Eric's got this one. It's all oh, about. Shit. He doesn't awesome. want to hear. Mike doesn't want to hear anything about me. It's all about Eric Shea. Uh, but we're going to end the podcast with one book, one book, and one book only. And that is a book that when another one, when it comes out, even when you hear, you hear whispers that it may yeah. be coming out the next week, and I never believe it. I never believe it to until we actually him. get it. Dark it's still, still out there. there. It's still out there. <laughs> and the funny thing, the, the funniest thing that I, I have heard in a long, long time is that Aaron has gone back and listened to old podcasts. He's trying to listen to everyone. He's catching up. And I believe he said on episode 58, we were talking about this book being delayed. It was already out, and we were talking about it being delayed that week. Episode 58. That is fucking nonsense. This book is going to be go- – I, I, somebody said – What, it, what in it debuted the, to, in 2015, didn't it? Yeah, that was first yeah. came out in November 2015. Yeah. It's nonsense, and, yeah. and it, it just became delayed immediately. I laughed because I forget who it was uh, said, hey, uh, it's probably going to end around Christmas. Uh, what year? You know what I mean? You could say Christmas. It might be 2020 because even though it got delayed, they added more issues and all this nonsense. Mel is talking about writing his own Dark Knight 4 now because it's nonsense. Yeah, they better get going. He because he was in bad shape. I I don't know what's going on. The the issue is yeah, I though. Uh, he, I don't think he has another you know ten years. No. To do this, <laughs> uh, the thing about it is I couldn't. I can't tell you why it's delayed. Is it Frank Miller? Is it you know? I I don't know. It doesn't seem like it should be delayed like it is. Every time it comes out. It's one of the best sellers of that month. I guarantee you this will be one of the best sellers. And you could say they do have a lot of variant covers and things like that that do up the numbers a bit. Uh, but I'll have to tell you the last two issues, uh, though, when I read this, I couldn't remember what the fuck happened no, to the in the I last no one. Uh, I like it when I read it. I really do. Yeah. I, I yeah. enjoy reading it. And this one is a very, very quick read. Uh, it, it's very quick, but it's not a bad read. But I, I can't even tell you what happened the last issue anyway, except I remember Batman kind of dying. And yep. this one starts that's off. That's all but, you need to know, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, that's all you need to know. I And even doing due diligence, I didn't go back and read the last issue. I, I kind of remembered a little, and I'm like, I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, who does have time <laughs> Nobody for it? Got well, it's, it's so old. You know, we get these as digital comps, and we, I, you know, yeah. we've talked about this. We have to shuffle them around sometimes, yeah. delete some yeah. here and there. So oh, I, I delete all of them. I usually only I only usually let things last in, on my hard drive for maybe that month. I I don't. I, keep, I only do it for a week. Yeah, I actually keep some things because sometimes I go I do go back to the next issue. But once a month's gone, that's the problem with this being yeah, delayed. That's the thing. I yeah, don't. Months later, it's not. Yeah, there. yeah, I'm I not going to have that the around. Last issue of this came out. I actually I might it was even last have November. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Mobile in fucking 1972. <laughs> uh, I actually have, I believe, the print 
uh, edition of the last issue. But even then, I'd have to go fucking dig through this fucking bin I have. If people actually saw the way I treat these comics that I get, oh, ooh, they'd be so pissed. Oh, oh yeah. my god. I have the Leaning Tower of Trades next to me uh, while I'm working, and it has fallen on me, and I, I almost couldn't get up. I, I needed to hit my metal alert bracelet. This thing is teetering on, on a disaster. Jim, uh, but, then, then change it. No, I don't have anywhere to put it. I have to buy a bookshelf or something. I don't know. My wife's yelling and screaming at me about what them, too. I just person to tweet, weird science, weird science gets uh, free trade, huh? Yeah, really. Why? Whatever. I'm just saying, I'm just going to actually, just random people go by. They're going to be walking by. I'll hand them the Burnside Batgirl trade, and they won't even like that. This, hey, we, this Halloween, no, no candy from the That would house. be great. Fucking co- you know. They, they, they don't want it. They just leave. No, thank you. There, there's like, either. What'd you get? I got a Batgirl of Burnside. I got oh. Robin, Son of Batman, Volume 2. Year of the rock. blood. Want to trade? <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. You have a choice, kids. You either have un- uh, uh, open candy, uh, some cookies that I baked, or a trade paperback. They, they don't get anything. And then they throw rocks at my house. This is <laughs> Dark Knight 3 Master Race number 8, written by Frank Miller and Brian Azzarello, art by Andy Kubert, Klaus Johnson, or Jansen, and Brad Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Dark Knight continues with Bruce Wayne fresh from Lazarus Pit and the Amazon the Amazonians and the Kryptonians in full out battle mode. There's a lot of blood in this issue, but not much else. Though it is a fun read, very quick. See you in seven months when it all continues. There's my blurb. But yeah, I actually it's one of my favorite issues of this shit show of a week. Uh, but there's not that much to it, really. Uh, there's no. not a lot of substance to it. It's like this is the problem with a book that's delayed this much. When you get an issue to me that is kind of a filler issue, not a filler issue, but a setup issue, it, it, it kind of slaps you in the face because you don't know when you're going to get everything that this is leading up to. It could be six months from now. So we'll that see. That will be the last issue, though, right? That's yeah, yeah. This is the. the last I believe this is the penultimate issue, and this is this is a normal thing that we usually get. You get the you know setup for the big bang of this final issue. Just I hope that it's within the next three months because. But you do have Bruce Wayne coming back. He looks young. He's fresh out of the Lazarus Pit that we learned that Clark has done. Uh, and it just gets right to it, really. It's, it's kind of fucked up because it's kind of a progression where, you know, Carrie uh, Kelly is watching the death of Batman over and yeah. over again. And while seems Flash to love it. it. And, like, you know, it's like, but we never get to see freaking Superman go. Like, it no. almost seems, even though they added an issue, we're missing an issue somewhere where all this goes down. Because Bruce just walks in all young as shit and healed, like... Hey, what's going on, guys? We got some work to do. I'm like, yeah, happened? yeah, and it really glosses over. You know, we we kind of know the whole deal of what happens with the Lazarus Pit and stuff like yeah. that when you come back, and you, you don't get that. Uh, the weird thing is, is there's Carrie Kelly. She's watching it with Flash, and she's like, "Oh man, it's hard to watch." And he's like, "Oh, I know. You know, he might not be dead." And she's like, "No, no, I mean the footage. It's shaky." Like, what are you getting at here? It's almost like she doesn't mind. But, yeah, they're going, and in, and he walks. He walks and almost gets a little sexy at one point because he walks in. He's half nude with the, the cape around him, and she's like, yeah. oh, man, you look younger. And it's like she's fucking rubbing him, and, and he's like, I'm busy back girl and he's looking That's down what I'm talking I th- about Let's I get think busy he, yeah. yeah i think he might be looking at his wiener his wiener i said 
that, that image it's, of him of him also kind of took I felt that was a throwback to the first Dark Knight Returns when you get that guy. Remember he commits suicide by he wraps himself in a flag. Okay, yeah, remember yeah. Remember this yeah. at yeah. all? Uh, no, he was like he, no, he, no. He, he was like a general who was disgraced because he had sold weapons to the mutants. Oh right, and he, wow. and he, oh, and he commits out. suicide, and his last image is like him on a uh, ledge, basically like wrapped in a flag in a similar way. I thought that was kind of a callback okay. to that. Yeah, uh, even if it, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's good though. I, I and you go off the Amazon, the Amazonians there are gonna fight the Kryptonians. They're there to get the baby, and uh, Wonder Woman wants no part of it, and they're gonna go. But there's not much to this. There's not I'm much substance you, to the, all the that. The Kryptonians go to get to Amazonia to get the baby, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know what I missed. Like, you know, with all this freaking delay, because the last thing I remember is Lara, Wonder Woman's daughter, yeah, being Lara. with the Kryptonians. I'm like. What, why is she fighting with the Amazonians now? Like, is, is she a fucking double agent? I cannot remember for the life of me. She had yeah. kind of, she had kind of gotten pissed off at what the hell's that guy's name running the, the Kryptonians? Quark? Uh, Quark. 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 That's what it is. Quark. She had kind of, you know. She, I remember she them having that backup where they duked it out, but I'm like, you know, it almost yeah. seemed like that was outside of the story we we're doing <laughs> because of how terrible it was, and like yeah. uh, nothing really. It made was sense. even it was a little bit in the issue. It, it was a little okay. bit in the issue, even where he was like, you know, we need to get revenge, and she and she was like, no, no, we're not about revenge. We're doing this for Kryptonian yeah. justice, and he's like, you know. so they they there was kind of a split forming okay. there at the end. Of, I mean, really, as narratively, if you want to read this as a narrative story, if you're not waiting for the trade. Then I feel very sorry yeah, for you. Yeah, this no would, this should be read in trade. And if you're collecting it, issues because you collect the issues, just collect them and read them. And then when you read get them all at once. <laughs> yeah, read it like a trade because this, yeah, this, this three per year is is nonsense. Yeah, four four issues per year is just bullshit. But then also you have Laura there, and she's kind of there protecting her brother as well. She's there with the baby, and then Wonder Woman takes the baby, and they're gonna fight. She has the baby. It's badass. Uh, she oh, yeah. basically says, if you're gonna, if the Kryptonians, you come to fight. Uh, I'll fight, and we're ready. The Amazonians are going to go, and we're going to kill every goddamn one of you. And a battle breaks out. In the meantime, you have Batman and Superman, and they find out. They even go, there's a cool look with the Batmobile because his oh, yeah. car was destroyed. You have yeah. all the Batmobiles in the background. It's pretty cool. But then Bat or Superman finds out that the Kryptonians are fighting the Amazonians, and he zips off. He zips off yep. to go join in. And it's weird because Batman says to Carrie Kelly, hey, you know what? We're going to fly there. Superman ain't going to get there in time. I'm like, then you're not either. You know what yeah, I mean? I didn't really get that. To be no, I didn't, I didn't either. It, it was weird. He's like, he's not going to get there in time. Let's go. We're going to fly there. I'm like, yeah, you're not going to get there either. And there's a cool thing where the Kryptonians are about to attack. They use their heat vision, and the Amazonians just put the shields up. They block it, yeah. and then shit goes down, and they are fighting. Wonder Woman has like that. I mean, it's badass to fight with a baby on your back. It really is. I'm telling and, you, this whole scene where the, the Kryptonians show up who think they're the biggest, baddest motherfuckers yeah. in the universe to find out that the Amazons are freaking, you know, armed with magic and yeah. then realize yeah. they're vulnerable. I'm like, that's yeah. awesome. I actually yeah, it is. Really it's like really cool. Yeah, it was, good, it was it, cool to see them get that comeuppance, too, you yeah. know, because they're yep. such fucking assholes all yeah, the time. Yeah, they have been assholes the whole time. And, yeah, you're fighting, and, and Wonder Woman's just going to town. She's ripping people apart. Slaughtering motherfuckers left yeah, and right. Yeah, just slaughtering them left and right. You have Laura there. She's involved, and there's the whole thing, you know, oh, you're a traitor and things like that. But she's there with her family. And I don't know. There's not that much else to say about it, right? Uh, what no, else? The only thing is, is that when Superman finally shows up and sees all the death and destruction yeah, the yeah. Amazonians cause... He is called back by the 
flash because the other Kryptonians, the children of Quar, who's which I don't remember this part at all, who apparently swallowed nuclear fucking bombs. Yeah, he said they swallowed in a location bombs. And the yep. countdown is on, so Superman has to take off to go deal with this. Yeah, problem. so he and it's funny because he gets there, he starts making out with a bloody Wonder Woman, and he, he the baby's As there, he's holding wants. the baby. Yeah, and he's <laughs> like, you know what? I'm really turned on here, uh, and immediately like he has flown all the way there. Missed the battle and then gets called by Flash that, hey, you forgot. It's DEFCON 1 at Ground Zero. You better get back here. And he's like, oh, yeah. And he's got to go and he leaves. And that's the issue. It's very quick. And that's the other thing that I think might throw people off. You wait for months to have an issue that really, oh, yeah. I, I liked it. I did that like it. It cost $7. Like it, like and and it's so just I'm such. I'm a money guy here, but that's a lot of fucking it's, dope Yeah, for and it's such a quick read. And we read the stuff digitally. And I said to you, the one problem that I have also is you get done the issue. Now, if you are reading it digitally and you know what's going on, you know there's a backup. But they put the backup so far out. You have this concept art that goes on forever. And and you go through, you go through, and then you get to the backup. And I actually like the backup as well. And I talked to Eric a little bit about it. This is probably the best backup in my my mind. Yeah, and it's uh, the backup says Dark Knight Universe Presents Detective Comics number one. And I do like it. I, I actually like it. And Eric, you talk about it uh, since you're sitting there not oh, talking. Oh, okay. No, you I, son I just got of them a talking bitch. about the Amazonian war. What the hell are you talking <laughs> about? But Commissioner Yindel is being like led by a bunch of police officers to this victim. Like, you know, this victim of something apparently got away. And they've, like, you know, the police have, like, been tracking this person down. You know, they are brought back to where they're being held. And we find out that Bruno is still alive and i'm like you know yeah. what this is kind of cool because we have not seen bruno since the freaking i i can't remember fucking uh dark knight Stri- strikes, strikes again. back i don't think so but would, would bruno don't, in that maybe yeah, i don't think bruno was in that i'm like in my mind it was at the end of freaking you know dark knight returns which i'm like yeah. as a young kid reading that i'm like she's got big old titties and the swastikas mm-hmm. on her nipples I'm like you know what mm-hmm. i'll look at this i'll feel bad about Eric's it like both and turn them on that's why swastikas and tits to- I was able to jerk off to Hitler when I was. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Really, that's uh, Eric was turned on first when he saw the swastika, then he realized it was on tits, and he really got excited, right? <laughs> <laughs> but now, like now that Bruce Wayne is you know young again, he's back in action. For some reason, he has to take on Bruno though here, even though we have you know bigger things going on in my mind. I, I have to imagine this is taking place at the same time as everything else, but Bruno has herself a bunch of Joker boys under her freaking command, and she has uh, Commissioner Yindel there, and they're going to kill her when Batman shows up and freaking, you know, takes everybody fucking down. But <laughs> Yindel goes and takes a goddamn Uzi fucking bullets to the chest and yeah. decides, you know what, I am not going down without anybody else. So she fucking kills Bruno right there, and she dies with the uh, freaking Bruno on top of her. Yeah, yeah, just dies with her on top. And uh, I know... Frank Miller does the art and the backups. Is that possible that the delays are to get these backups done? You know what I'm saying? Because he's, he has been having problems and, and that it's the first time ever that a book is delayed because of backups. Because I can't see how the original, the main part of the story would cause any sort of delays. And you get here. Well, and I'll tell true. you, I like the backup. I do. The art is very inconsistent throughout. I mean, there are oh, points yeah. where it really takes a dive. And, but I like it when it's good. I do like it. I when like the happens, Frank Miller look. It becomes very Frank Miller. Yeah, well, he does the whole backup, so he's know, doing the whole point, art. Though, it doesn't seem like Frank Miller art to me. And I'm then telling all of a you, yeah. Really at one does. point, though, you have like where you have uh, 
the commissioner and going. But when Batman shows up, the art to me takes a fucking nosedive oh, yeah. really bad. Like that one where Batman, Batman, when Batman and Carrie Kelly show up, that's it's awful. It's downright oh, awful. It. And uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because of these these backups that's causing the delay. And if that's the case, it's a shame because yeah. hey, the backups haven't been the greatest. I do like this. Looking, uh, at, looking at this ending now, though, I'm gonna wonder when this actually is taking place because yeah. there they have the uh, the Batmobile that was destroyed that they had to go get another yeah. Batmobile because of. So, yeah, so I don't know when this is actually taking place yeah. in our timeline. But I, but I did like it. I did like uh, seeing that, but yeah, you're right. It is the other Batmobile, so I don't know. We'll have to see. But uh, what would you give it? What would you give it, Reggie? Uh, I re- I've been enjoying this series when we get yeah. it. Um, I'm sure when it becomes a trade, it'll be a pretty readable, fun story. It kind of has I redeemed so. Dark Knight Strikes Back in my mind. Uh, a lot of the shit that came out of that that I was annoyed at has like found a place here, like the you know, uh, Kara Flash's or whatever. That it's yeah. still annoying, but they've kind of redeemed his character by like yeah. involving him more, you know. And Azarello's doing a great—he's doing a better job at Frank Miller in the '80s than Frank Miller is doing of Frank Miller himself. Right. Uh, I think I would give this a seven point five out of ten. Okay. I actually think that I would go the same with you. I'll give it a seven point five out of ten as well. What about you, Eric? Down here, the freaking main story—it's enjoyable as hell, but it's fast—a fucking fast read. Yeah, Once you get to the so backup, though. If you're reading it digitally and get past all the goddamn concept yeah, art and the pencils, so I was wondering if this had a backup or not. Once you get past that and read it, I found the backup freaking enjoyable as hell. I yeah. love the freaking see Bruno again. And even, you know, it sucks that Commissioner Yindel dies, but I really found myself caring about this part of the story more than I thought I ever would. And because of that, though, the art's, art's not great at times, but because of all this, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. Now, uh, Reggie, you want to stick with us for the end? See what we're going to have next week and all that sort of nonsense? Sure, all right. Well, uh, what would you give your book of the week then, Eric? Oh, my book of the week is Titans Annual Number 1. Ooh-wee! Titans Annual. I am going to go. I'm trying to think of what else we talked about this week, but I actually think that overall, I think that Dark Knight 3 is my book of the week. I, I actually think that I gave that the highest score. You if did. Not, you, gave, you gave Titans Annual a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I couldn't remember what five. I gave Commandy, though. I think I oh, went a little I forget, lower. I forgot. Yeah, I think I might have went already. 7 or 6, 5, something like that. But Reggie, uh, what was your favorite book of the week? I guess of all the books I read for the week, it would have to be uh, Harley's Little Black Book with Lobo. Okay. I did, I did yeah. enjoy it, and, I, and I, I forgot to mention, I also love Lobo. I, you know, I don't yeah, know. I don't, do. I don't need to like feel Lobo ashamed too. about that. I've always liked Lobo. I think he's funny and cool. Yeah, cool. I don't mind Lobo as well. But this is what we're going to talk about next week. We don't have a, a huge week again next week, but at least we have the regular books. Uh, and Reggie, I think you of the main books, I think you only have two. So you can kick your feet back and have a smoothie. But here we go. Aquaman number 20, which is one of yours. Uh, Batman number 20, which ends the I Am Suicide arc. Uh, we're going to, after that, of course, we go to the button. Uh, Are we Cyborg. In the I Am Bane arc? What's yeah, one? that'll end the I Am Bane arc, that number oh, okay. 20. Uh, cyborg number 11. Uh, thank God for you, Eric. You get your Cyborg. You get your cyborg fix. We have Deathstroke number 16 as Deathstroke heads towards being a monthly book. Uh, Green Arrow number 20. Green Lanterns number 20. Reggie, your other one. Harley Quinn number 17. Mm. Uh, 
We have Justice League number 18. This is going to come... Oh, uh, this should be the beginning of a new arc, right? Yeah, it the, should. Uh, uh, yeah. Justice League number 18 actually just continues the timeless story that I'm dealing with. It's not the ending of that. Uh, Nightwing number 18 for Eric. Superman number 20. And the fall and rise of Captain Adam number 4. Uh, not many. I'm going to, as we talk about that, I'm going to go over to your other's neck of the woods, Reggie. The Vertigo stuff, it looks like you have... Shade the Changing Girl. And well, that's all do. that's it's listed great. on my deal. A, a uh, one-off drawn by a Marguerite Solvage. Oh, really? I don't know who that is. Me, <laughs> She's not the regular artist. Okay. I just thought maybe that was somebody that was, I was supposed to be impressed with. No, I no. do not so, know. She, uh, throws, but she yes. throws some other stuff for she Actually, she oh. draws, uh, I think, bombshells sometimes. Uh, well, that that is the end of annuals week. Uh, I hope that we weren't so negative that you think we're assholes uh i just i didn't enjoy these books at all this is probably the worst week of books that we have dealt with since we started the podcast i really do think i really do think that this is the worst bunch of books to deal with for a podcast uh but yeah you agree reggie you like them enough or uh i don't know i really have to look over other books but i think i was a little more positive than uh, yeah you you were but it was pretty shitty. I'm what do you think that. of when we have those Looney Tunes crossovers? Are you excited about those? Oh, for sure. Well, you know, we don't it's... have to talk about those, right? <laughs> I know. Here's no, the thing: it's is funny. It's funny you mention that, Jim, because on this week's Cosmic Treadmill, Chris and I are actually doing a sort of Looney Tunes crossover that really? you requested. Oh yes, Animal, Man, number Animal Man. Yes, I did request that. Yeah, that's pretty kind of cool. A, kind of has to take off on a it's Wiley a meta. Coyote, so. It's yeah, a meta right. Wiley Coyote deal, but yeah. that is awesome. So I'm going to listen to that. Uh, the other thing, though, is what I was going to say is these Looney Tunes books coming up. I'm I'm telling you, it shouldn't. But this Hanna Barbera annual shit really threw me off for those. I I mean, I am looking less forward <laughs> to those books, even though they're not related. But I'm telling you, who knows. I mean, maybe we'll, now we're finding out, you know, if the Hanna-Barbera universe is now involved in DCU, maybe they're also yeah. seamlessly blending in with the Looney Tunes, maybe. everybody. Maybe. Let's bring Betty Boop in. Maybe. Where's Coco the Clown? Don't even go there. Where's Fritz the Cat? Throw that in. Hello? Now you depressed me. Now you, well, tell everybody where to find you on the Cosmic Treadmill too, Reggie, so they can go oh, and well, listen. Oh, if you want to go over, we are at com. And yes. you can also look us up on the usual places you find this podcast, except you do a search for Cosmic Treadmill. Cosmic Treadmill. That name. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that's about it for the week. Uh, I know that uh, we'll pro- we probably would have. This is the thing. We're, we're recording this way out. Uh, Reggie, any comments on our failure to win the Pottered Madness contest? Anything oh, that, at all? It was absolute fucking bullshit. I actually gave a shout-out. Bobby did, you know, that she does Fuck You Fridays on uh, Mixler.com slash yeah. Weird Science DC. And you can call in uh, and leave shout-outs and stuff. And I gave a nice – actually – they request fuck yous, and I gave a nice Ooh. fuck you to mom. I'm sorry. Uh, nice. That was some, you know, that was some last minute cheating for sure. And, and admittedly, you know, I, you know, I maybe maybe we should admit this on the podcast. No, but, I already yeah, said there was cheating was everywhere cheating throughout the whole. Everybody, yeah, was there was cheating the completely. Here's the thing uh, behind the scenes. Uh, in the middle of this week, with all this nonsense going on, uh, I basically told him, just just stop this fucking shenanigans. Just stop and just say, let everybody who was in the tournament fucking get 
part of the prize. The prize is only to be Where's pushed the on the – the prize is to be pushed on the Twitter page of the huh. Potter family. And the Potter family group is great. They're very supportive with everybody. We've met a bunch of people from that who are friends, 365 uh, Flicks with Kev and mm-hmm. uh, Basement Conditions, part of that. There's a lot of guys that we have met and become friends with through this Potter family group. The problem is you have a group of people who are – you know, a thin word, the family, and it yeah. showed that once competition hits, it's fucking, you know, everybody for themselves. Oh, yeah. and it really isn't the, you know, the whole concept of this group to have people going at each other's throats like this. And I got caught up in it because I really, I saw what was going on behind the scenes and just... The cheating that was involved was fucking ridiculous. So at one point, I just said, fuck it. I said, burn it the fuck down. Make it so good. <laughs> if, the, if there's going to be cheating, make it goddamn ridiculous. And then it became that. And then it became another thing. And then it just, everything was nonsense. So, But at the end, I basically sent a note to the guys from Mom, I'm Sorry and said, listen, if you want to go and pretend you're winning this, uh, go and do it. But if you want to be, you know, real fucking men, uh, just give it to everybody else. I didn't want them to give it to us. I didn't yeah. even want to be involved. That that's what ended up happening. I mean, uh, the whole the whole tournament was tainted. Yeah, you know and what, I mean? what, what happened is yes. Time. And what happened at the end, I did I think they misunderstood what I was saying. I wasn't <laughs> saying, Hey, you know what? This is bullshit. We deserve to win as much as you. What I said that if we won, if if Weird Science would have won, I had already told the people who were running this tournament, everybody who was in the final four, maybe final eight just split up the prize between all of them, not us, not these two that ended up who cheated like a goddamn son of a bitches, including us. Uh, but I said, just let these other people have the benefit of this. I just, I didn't even care about the prize. The prize meant nothing. I just hate to lose. So I, I got thought it was funny the way you were talking about breaking no. it up. I was no, like, Wait, no, no. It's I it's mean- like advertising. So if we come up with a if we have an episode, they will push it extra hard on the Twitter page. That's that's really all it was. And that, that's, you know, that's fine and dandy. It's not anything that we're, you know, fucking going to town and, and need to win. I just hate losing. And then these guys just rubbed me the wrong way. And then the fucking things got ridiculous. But then I talked to the main guy who runs the podcast. Seems like a decent guy. It's just that other fucking asshole with him. That really <laughs> rubbed me the wrong way. And uh, the best part is uh, they have asked us to come on a podcast. Not not Mom, I'm Sorry, but the actual Potter family with Mom, I'm Sorry. They want to do like a group podcast to oh. talk about all this. And I don't know what we're going to do or whatever. But if I, go, if, if I go on, if you come with me, Reggie, if all three of us go on, I'll probably be civil about it and whatever. We'll see how it goes. If, if these every, guys... every, time, every time we've been on a podcast, we end up saying, being the worst yeah. uh, guests anyway. Yeah. I mean, just oh, saying the worst. most wrong shit immediately. Well, we say wrong stuff, and we never <laughs> let anybody get a word in edgewise. Okay, yeah, and that's probably what will happen. On. I mean, we, I we, could we, just we talk and these, talk. We yeah. take these general audience podcasts and turn them into X-rated in about three yeah. seconds. Oh, yeah. And that's the <laughs> other thing. If they say, like, oh, you can't curse, I, I, I can't say that that's going to happen. Can't help. And uh, I, like I said, I would go in completely civil, be very nice, uh, you know, go with the flow. Uh, if they start throwing shade, uh, they're done. 
I, I'll tell you, they'll be done because I saw their what they would call wit on the on the fucking what's it called on Twitter, and it was far from that. So uh, we'll see. Now I'm throwing shade. I'm, I'm see what I'm doing is setting them up to get mad at me yeah, so that they will get mad. It, you know, yeah, that's appreciate appreciate. <laughs> but yeah, Eric is just sitting there. He doesn't want any parts of any of this. Not shit. at all. No, uh, through the whole day, and I'll tell you, number one, I will completely say legitimately and honestly, uh, I and I'll, I'll even swear on my mother's grave, Reggie, <laughs> that uh, I didn't cheat. I didn't cheat at all, and it took me a lot not to. When I saw shit going on, uh, I really wanted to personally do it. I did not, though I was aware of other people doing things, but hey, I can't rule people's, you know, run people's yep. lives. Sure. It's not up to me. But yeah, personally, I did not cheat. I, I didn't even vote this last round. I didn't even I vote for, uh, at all. So, uh, but yeah, I'll say I shame. didn't cheat much. I didn't. Okay. I, there were some. There were some other people doing some very professional things that I <laughs> oh, did yeah. not, could not get into. But I may have voted more than once a couple. Okay. Of, yeah. Couple well, of times. here's the thing: the the voting on separate computers and things. I think that is what you you know I think everyone expect it. Do that, that and yeah, bit. like I said. I don't mind cheating. I really don't. But when you cheat and you break the game, that that's when shit it falls apart then. You have to do it subtly and make it so they can't figure it out. You know what I mean? That, yeah. But at the point the game was broken and then our guys completely broke it and it made me laugh. It actually – I was actually pretty proud of some people <laughs> of what they did because basically it just pointed out, okay, you want to get ridiculous? We're fucking going to show you ridiculous. You think yep. you are doing it ridiculous? No. We are going to destroy. <laughs> and I can did. only imagine you sending a gif to them of Michael Keaton, let's get nuts from the 89 oh Batman. Oh, my God. Go. It got nuts. nuts. Like I'm saying, that that was the point where I believe that in my mind we won <laughs> because it was just you want to cheat to be oh, yeah. you know stupid. We're going to make this real stupid. And, yeah, I, I laugh. Oh, my God, I'd laugh. But, yeah, that was it. And it's done, and I'm glad. That whole thing just it, in, it put in me on edge. of who has the better fan base, I think this hands-down yeah. weird side one. Well, yeah. Because we, everyone showed up for that one. Everyone yep. was willing to cheat. It was great. Oh, yeah. It was great. And the thing is, you, you had it where even when there was back and forth with people on Twitter, I never saw anybody else join in on their side except people that were involved in their podcast and in their the podcast. little group of podcasts that's all that was involved we had people coming out of the fucking woodwork you know get, getting all pissed off some people were mad that they missed it i i got messages like <laughs> god damn it i missed this flame war going on and again here's the thing it, just like when i play hockey and and sports or whatever i do have a problem where i will go all out i'll, I'll fucking yell and scream and say the worst things I, if i find out that you're mom killed herself i'll bring that up but then when Jesus when the game's Christ. over i will but when the game's over it's over to me uh, it's probably yeah. goes in in with the line of i really don't have a lot of emotions i even said it to the get fresh crew i so my anger is intense and then it goes away so yeah. these guys when it Replaced got finished or, or having yeah if, yeah <laughs> having a shit uh, but yeah, when it's done, I'm fine. And again, this mom, I'm sorry, it's fine. You know, when it's over, I just want to go my way and get back to normal. You know what I mean? I, I checked out their podcast. They said they checked out ours. And uh, fine. We go our separate ways. It's fine to me. Uh, but these guys just, I don't know. They, they seemed a little too excited 
to laugh at us afterwards when the whole thing was fucking bogus. It really was. Uh, but they ended up cheating more, I guess. So they they could be proud. They can be proud of themselves, though. At the yeah. end of the day, like I said, I told him, "You want to compare fucking real stats, not these fucking bogus ones. We'll we'll compare some real stats, and then we'll see who's winning." Right? Ooh, girl. Ooh, That's ooh, right. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh-uh. Don't you but go I, there, I, I, girlfriend. I'd like to point out that the last time you played hockey, Jim, Eric probably had a functional pair of glasses. So And, his, and his dad was like alive. When did your dad die, week? Eric? 2002? Yeah. I oh, played, long I played then, a little man. after that. I played a little after that. But yeah, I couldn't play now. I actually we're got not, a... We're not counting uh, NHL 94. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> NHL 2002 with Mario Lemieux on it. Yeah. I uh, I ended up, uh, I think recently, like within the past couple months, a couple guys got a hold of me and they're like, hey, you want to, you know, play some hockey? We have the thing. No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't think I can do that. Plus my wife, she actually made me stop playing because of how fired up I'd get. I'd come back bloody, <laughs> all fucking just shit we. We would play. This was especially at the end of my deal. It was just street hockey, but on a court. It was like deck hockey, but outside on macadam and stuff. And I would go in shorts, and I would slide and fucking blood all over. I'd have fucking rashes and burns. And, oh, it was the worst. It was fucking savage. just broken bones. Eh, whatever. But that's it. That's the podcast. We're, we're done, right? We're we done. Oh, boy. The party's We're over. Done. The party's over. What do we say at the end, Eric? Everybody have a great week. Great week. Keep it weird. Yeah. We'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Here go a quick little shout out to some cheating bastards Like the fabricated audience, no class or standards Checked you out the other night, a bunch of hicks on the mic Pissed as hell, I took the time to download a single megabyte Who gives a flying fuck about your acting fearless Y'all need a coat hanger, whipping from mommy dearest But the bitch ain't got no time for that, I'm sorry drama Cause me and Dancy might be running trains on your mama Hello, mother That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. No votes to retweet, whole campaign was a flop. So your only course of action was to cheat to the top. Should've saved your money spent on them extra vote clicks and took it to a hooker for your first pair of tits. Your thoughts can't fuck with the weird science empire. Victory is empty like a flabby flat tire, and your pod don't mean shit to nobody but you. Secretly wishing you were down with the Get Fresh crew. What?